been a while since I've left every book in a week. It's been a while since I liked the story. And it's been a while since I have given a book a ten out of ten. And it's been a while since Eric gave a seven. And I wish I could just remember when I liked everything he Sometimes I wanna be a pretender Say these comments make me happy It's been a while since I could say I look forward to Wednesday and It's been a while since I could say I've loved Batman as well It's been a while since DC didn't delay an event like they always do It's been a while since I even cared when it came out as well And I wish I could just remember When I liked everything to see Sometimes I wanna be a pretender Say these comics still make me happy everybody or sit down whatever i'm not your boss but i hope you're ready for the next bunch of hours of your life to be filled with comic book goodness i'm america's sweetheart eric shea and i am jim warner and you're listening to the weird science dc comics podcast episode number 171 171 hello welcome to the weird science dc comics podcast the official unofficial podcast of weird science dc comics.com i am a robot for the week of april 14th 2018, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Proud. Facebook on at Weird Science DC Comics. I'm just getting right to it here because I'm robotic in my delivery. You told me that the other day and I slapped I did not. you. How up. dare you? Eh, it's just something I was making up, Eric, in my mind to get me <laughs> fired up. I need things I to need get mad I need a reason at. to hate your I'm jerk like, off huh, face. I don't like Eric right now. We're starting to get along again. I better think of something I'm mad at. I think it was what that robotic delivery comment. Uh, uh, right away, I could go with short jokes. No, it's the robotic 
delivery. We're also on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. On Twitter at Weird Science DC. And we have an award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. We also have a Patreon account. Eric, it's Patreon.com. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where we have a bunch of shows. This morning, I put up my news show, a comic news show, talked all about stuff, and even included the Eric Shea laughter of the soundboard while announcing Somebody had died, Eric. One of my favorite things to do of all time. Yeah. Uh, but if you Why go over there, you you do. But if you oh. go over to that Patreon yeah. and subscribe, you get to listen to each week the badasses pick a Patreon only spotlight. They pick two books that we talk about, and this week they pick the Immortal Men number one and Justice League of America number twenty eight. Thanks to Ruben. And with that, Ruben. one of those one of those is Eric's favorite book of the week. Oh my goodness! I wonder if it's Justice League of America. I just huh. wonder. We also have a regular spotlight on the regular feed that you get this podcast on as well. And that we that we had the Wonder Woman number 44 and Trinity number 21 as the spotlight on that one. And so you won't hear those here tonight as well. You'll you can go and listen to those separately. It's about 45 minutes or so. You know, we're in and out really quick, like Eric Shea on a Friday right. night. Uh, but speaking of the Patreon, the badasses of the Patreon account do get to pick and choose everything that we do. And with that, we like to give a little shout out, a little roll call, what we call the badass roll call. Light it up. All right. Light it up, Eric, because here they go. We have Kenny Vengeance. Welcome aboard, Kenny, and T-Funk. Welcome aboard, T-Funk. And we also have Larry Sick, Josh, Abuse Mom and the Rizinal, Algin Stoja, All New Dave, D-Man, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, Manship, Brandon, Bobby, Reginald, Andrew from Belfast, Cellar Dweller, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses Jones, T, Hakeem, Double A Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian Job, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, Ruben, Ruben's here, he is here, and the OG. Christopher Hyden, thanks all of you for being thanks, the bad asses that you are. I'm still a little mad they picked JLA as the spotlight, but hey, I'll go with that. That's fine. Uh, no, but yeah, they picked Dead Man before. They're all they monsters. They did, yes. Well, they wanted to see me go nuts, it seemed, this week, and I said that they were wrong in the book that they picked of Steve Orlando's because I was more mad about Supergirl, but that's fine. They didn't know that ahead of time. But yeah, thanks to them and everybody that supports us over on the Patreon account. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. I hope you're getting your money's worth. I think you might get it tonight, Eric. It might be a long one that we're in for, but every time I say that it's not, it's but like then a when jinx, I say you just it's keep not, going at it. Well, there you go. I mean, what better jinx to have than if we get in and out ourselves quickly? I mean, is that a jinx? Is it? Is that really? But that is it for the intro. We're going to go right off now to some books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we
All right, and here we are, Eric. It's time for the meat and cheese, which are the books. And boy, what the sweet chess. What books we have ahead of us. Uh, we have been a little down on the books recently. <laughs> recently. Uh, I think, uh, even though I, I'm not big on my books this week, I think that I'm going to be a little more positive this week from here okay, on no. out. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to accentuate the positive over the negative, Eric, because that's what I usually do, right? I'm always a guy who looks on the bright side of life. Uh, and I'm I don't know. Continue I heard to... that spotlight this week on the Patreon. I don't think you were you looking on the bright side there. You shut your mouth oh. there, Eric. That is not to be told. A negative Jim is, has come and gone. He he's Thursday night, Jim. Right oh. now, Friday night, Jim. He's all about the weekend. He's, he's been working for that. the weekend. He's been working for the weekend all week, and now he is positive, positive that he'll probably lose his mind at some time in this podcast. But <laughs> if you want to go and read the written reviews for all of the books that we're going to talk about and many many more, go over to the award-winning website WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And yeah, we even have Andrew and Belfast does a lot of indie, and I say sure indie. Does. I feel weird saying indie for any book that is a major company non-big two how about that non-big two books uh a lot of image stuff and things like that but check that out also i just want to throw out there that andrew also does a bunch of marvel reviews for the marvel monday segment deal on our podcast the daily things with marvel things and with the fresh start coming up from marvel it's a little marvel talk Aaron. Oh. uh we will uh be starting to do a lot more of that as well so if you're interested in that on the site check out on mondays and as the weeks and the months go by we're gonna have more and more marvel stuff we're not here to talk about marvel stuff Eric. Sure. we're here to talk about dc comics and are you in a good mood right now? Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Are you ready? Oh, oh, God damn! Are you ready to rock, my friend? Because this usually picks you up. Here you go. Look at all those chickens. Oh, look at all those chickens, Eric. Did that, what did the that hell pump just you happened? up? Did that pump you up there? That is my, it's the new robotic weird science. We have male robot that we're going to hear some tonight, but I also have the hype man robot, uh, that does a lot of, huh? Look at like all hype, those chickens. Oh, look at all those chickens. Woman robot. Look at all those chickens. How about, does this get you happier? Pistol shrimp. Pistol shrimp. There you go. <laughs> did you like that? Did, did that get you happy? Or one last one, I Eric. I feel confused. One last, we always do. Uh, one last bit before we get to the first book, Eric. Do you like this one? Must be. Eric Shea Reborn. Oh, my goodness. What? Fuck you, robot. <laughs> Where do you get off? <laughs> do you hear that? Right? What emotions? That that robot has. That is male robot right there. Must be Eric Shea Reborn. I know. It must be male robot. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Uh, anything you have to say as you leave, uh, male robot? Pistol shrimp. Yeah, he doesn't say much right now. No, okay. No, no. <laughs> he doesn't say much, that guy. Uh, but we're going to start with the books. And we're going to start with... a lot of wrong turn quotes. He, he does. It's very odd. It's a wrong uh, turn robot. It's weird, too, because we have wrong turn robot. And I'll guarantee you... That the wrong turn robot will be using tools way before wrong turn will. There you go. And, and the best thing is the wrong turn robot not only will use tools, Eric, he may actually put them away. And boy, oh wouldn't, God. wouldn't that be crazy? That, that, that day would be the craziest day on earth. But we're going to start with Detective Comics and it's Detective Comics number 978 written by James Tyne IV, art by Javier Fernandez, John Cleese, and Sal Cipriano, Eric. Hey, of hey it's the Sal. I, I actually got, hey, Sal Cipriano, what are you eating? this week pistol shrimp oh 
He sounds like a robot, that guy. You know why I say that, Aaron? Because he works like one. Tireless he is with that lettering. Ulysses puts his plan into effect, and it's all about Brother Eye and a bunch of one-man armies. I guess I'll just go with Omax. While this issue is pretty much all set up, I like the basic story. But the art, some weird jumps in logic, and some shady dialogue kept me from giving it high marks I saw being thrown about as usual. Of course, the cliffhanger was just crazy, and that actually has me excited for the next issue. And with that, I will just say, I I ended up reviewing this on the site, and I thought, boy – I'm going to be positive, Jim. I, I did think so. So really so – Tuesday when, Night Jim is a lot more positive than Thursday Night Jim is yeah, what you're telling th- me. Thursday Night Jim had some problems, Eric. There, oh. there, there might have been some personal issues going on with Thursday Night Jim that may have skewed some <laughs> of his reviews. Also, I, I will tell you because I know that Thursday Night Jim doesn't really like me to talk about him behind his back. But who cares about it? I'll deal with Fuck that. Him. That's future Jim problems. That's right. Uh, Thursday past. Night Thursday Night Jim ended up talking to Thursday Night Eric and didn't like Thursday Night Eric's positivity. And that you know Thursday Night Jim, that, that's a trigger for him if Thursday Night Eric says – if Thursday Night Eric thinks that he – it, you know, it's a little more positive than him, than, than Thursday oh, sure, Night Jim. Thursday Night Jim then has to even – I'm like – Thursday Night Jim has to balance the force, Eric. That is what he is. He's the <laughs> Anakin of reviewers. So you got to deal with what's going on, kind of see the, the writing on the wall and then react accordingly. And that's Thursday Night Jim though, Eric, but that's not tonight. Uh, yeah. So this issue when I did review it, I'm reading it. It was actually the first one I believe that I reviewed. Uh, so I'm reviewing it. I'm, I'm having a, a dandy old time. May have taken an extra Adderall, Eric. Who knows? You know, who knows what Tuesday Night Jim's up to? That guy's crazy. But as I'm re- reading it, uh, you say it as well, and we say it a lot during the podcast, and we say stuff while we're – mainly also when we're talking to each other about a review where you have this whole idea of like, well, I was between a 6.5 and a 7. And, and really when we say that, you know, we could justify each way. Yeah. But sometimes when I'm like, you know what, I'm a little more positive, then you go you go with the upper deal. So I actually went with the upper you know, part of what I kind of had as this gut feeling, thinking that, boy – I, I wonder if I'm going to be like one of the highest. Now, I, I know that that's nonsense because I know what I gave it. But <laughs> I just thought to myself, like, I, I hope that that little bit of positivity does not, like, throw me and throw things out of whack or something like that. And then I go to the roundup, you know, a day or two afterwards. And then I realize, boy, I, I'm the lowest score still. And yeah. it gets me depressed. This is what I, the whole deal of this is to say, like, it gets me depressed that when I think that I'm actually being more positive, where I could have went lower, and then I look and I'm like, you ain't seen positivity yeah. until you've seen other comic book reviewers. And that's what Jim. I'm saying. And, and it really, like, really, like, uh, why was I struggling with this when I thought because anybody who looks at this rundown thinks that I'm a negative Nancy anyway? I'm so why? Saying, unless I, you did, unless you gave this a twelve out of ten. You're going to be a negative Nancy no matter what. Spoiler alert, Eric. Why are you letting my scores out before they're they're (laughs) actually 11.92? See, I added that extra decimal tip. Now, so uh, I like – I'll tell you before we start that you know the whole deal. I like – actually, I like what we're getting here for this last bit 
of the Detective Comics. Now, if you've been well, listening, and if you've been listening the last bunch of deals with this, uh, I told everybody you said it. You know, it's not a surprise, but we did say that pretty much this is going to have to be a story that number one, you're going to have to split up the team. You know, you're not going. Yeah. It doesn't look like they're going to go forward with a team, but I did not think that there was any way that they could leave this book with Kate and Batman on the outs. You have to have some way that they at least go their separate ways by shaking hands, hugging maybe, and saying, you know what, I, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I see that if you do it the right way, there, you know, it's viable. And this, and, and it's what's happening. I mean, Ulysses has been hanging around, so I'll oh, give yeah, I'm saying James, James Tynan has had yes. Ulysses in his back pocket waiting yes. to throw him out this entire run, which is actually a really smart move. Yes, and with that being in his back pocket, it's a great move because, number one, it's the guy who pretty much tried to kill Tim. Yeah. Uh, so you have that, but was also part of Colony. So in the end, even when they're like, oh, no, it's Ulysses, we have to team up and get him, Batman still has that in his back pocket, too, of like, this still was a Colony guy and proves that Colony won't work. And then Kate's like, no, 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 it proves Colony does work because we kind of got rid of him. So they can kind of agree to disagree and leave on good terms, which I think you have to do. You can't have a Batwoman leave with a solo book, even with that with Julia Pennyworth. You can't have her leave as like, oh, yeah, she you know, Bat- a solo book. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And you can't ever leave as Bat enemy number one. So I think that this is what we thought was going to happen where Ulysses is a deal and you have where Kate is trying to beg Batman to see it her way. Like, listen, we don't do this, but yet you just killed Clayface, so why do I, you know, why should I believe you? So I do like that. And I like Ulysses. He's a nut. Uh, I liked him even before. Some people I see reviews, they don't realize that he was in this book before because obviously they haven't been reading or reviewing it yeah. for that long and things like that. So it does make sense. Now, with that, we only have a couple more issues left before James Tynan leaves. And I really was thinking we were going to find is what's going to happen at the end that we're going to get done. Ulysses is going to be put in Arkham. You know, he he is insane. He's criminally insane. Well, we still he, have three more issues after this. Yeah. So I'm saying at the end, that third issue, is he going to be taken off to Arkham? And then Batman's going to press a button like, oh, that's who the first victim was. And then it'll just be on the screen. And there it is. The first victim is you, it says, and it points to you. I don't you know, for where. some reason, I don't expect to ever find out the identity. I don't of either. Victim. I'm just saying this is one of the other things hanging out there that kind of does bother me of we're ending and I really like this, but he has some other things out there that I don't think will ever be resolved then, and, and that's a shame because a lot of people do like this whole run and want answers like that, but I like that we're getting a Ulysses story rather than a you know uh, first victim and the victim syndicate story. I was right. done with them anyway. Uh, but this starts out this issue with Tim and Batman in the Batcave. Obviously, the last issue ended where Batman and Tim kind of were buddy-buddy on that rooftop about to go get those gangsters uh, at the uh, port, the docks at the port. Yeah. And uh, right before they did those colony soldiers, who we knew, those two guys, went in. Controlled by and, Brother Eye. Yeah, controlled by Brother Eye and Ulysses went in and pretty much killed all the all of them. So we see the progression here. From then to here, they have taken down those guys, and they have them in the Batcave. And you start out with basically Tim, like, 18 mobsters dead. Batman's like, yeah, yeah, I know the stats. And he's, he, why are we having – they brought these colony guys back to the cave. Now – when you see them at first, I'm like, they're dead. Like, there's no way they're alive. But they end up turning around that they actually just knocked out. But that guy, his eyes are open. Everything. I'm telling you, I don't care about any of these people. I just want to know why Tim's on fucking crutches. Yeah, and that's my bit. Tim's on crutches. There he is. He's on crutches. 
So you're like, oh man, that fight didn't go well. Like, okay. The problem is you go back to a flashback to show what led to this and showed them then taking down these colony guys. And it looks like number one, Tim is on the, you know, he's got the upper hand on everybody in he's this. He's putting people in crutches. Yeah, yeah. And why is, why then is, and this is the people can be, oh, well, he must have gotten hurt, whatever. The problem being is as you go, those crutches disappear. Oh. And the weird thing about it is like, it almost seems like he's trying to pretend something or playing something with Batman, but it doesn't work out. But you get this thing where Tim wants to solve why these who these colony agents are why they did what they did he thinks that him and batman should look into this and solve it themselves in the meantime batman has you know there's going to be a face-to-face meeting with jacob and kate and and the thing is jacob and kate wanted you know the the meeting he's going to go to figure out what's going on and then that's where the all that great stuff that batman was on the rooftop tim had had that saw that vision of the future where batman the no man's land too and he got killed by kate and all that from the future tim's files and was all upset and went to hang out with batman and batman you know what i'm glad you're here tim and that, it was so good and we like yeah, it was that. a great ending to that last yeah, issue yeah. until you know the colony showed up and started killing everybody yeah, but that was a great everybody. little makeup thing that we yeah, it was. like you know because we had that beautiful mind moment before yep. like, you know what tim Maybe you should get some therapy or something like that. This is not the, the Batman-Tim relationship we wanted. So when we got yeah. that last issue, it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it was. So here you have where Tim is saying to Bruce, like, why we shouldn't have brought these guys back here. Really, it, he's worried, in my mind, that Colony's going to be like, you have our men. We're going to storm here. We're going to grab it. Also thinking about that No Man's Land 2 of the Colony coming yeah. to the Batcave. So I think that's on his mind as well. And then Bruce just leans down, looks at these bodies, and goes, "You're rumored to be a detective, Tim. Rumored. Oh, I'm like we're, that we're is back some shit talking relationship. Yeah, shit talking Batman again. He could care less. He, he listen. I don't like anybody on crutches. <laughs> you pansy. But you, Why you are you always that. nicer to me when no one's around? Yeah, really. And he's there. And like, don't let your emotions blind you at the mystery at your feet. And Batman does see, and it's a pretty cool detective thing that he sees where he's looking and these agents, these colony guys, they end up having fractures where they were fighting against the against suit. The suit yeah. And I think that that's really neat. And Batman actually says, there's independent programming. We knew this. That's why they could mimic my fighting. I actually thought that we That's saw cool them training. Out. I actually saw that they were tr- kind of training, but I can go back and say that they were actually training to work with the suits With the there. suits, yeah. Yeah, so you have that. And Batman's like, I'm going to go. Tim does not like it. Batman says he doesn't either, but he goes off in the Batmobile to visit uh, Jacob and Kate. Now, in the meantime, Remember you then Kane go, Man. yeah, and Kate Manor. In the meantime, you go see Ulysses, and he's eating some food. He's got, it looks like he's got some ramen there or whatever, and, uh, and or rice. It actually looks like more. And he has a brother ideal where he can see whenever the Batmobile's on the move, he gets word of it, he can track it. He's got all of his screens, and I, I think it's a pretty good thing here because he even says, you know, Looney Tunes like the Joker make this look a whole lot harder than it really is, and really, he's there. It's such a well done scene in my mind he's eating rice in his underwear and just like like, he's in batman pajamas it seems like i really wanted him to have a bowl of cereal here just watching this as it goes down and so basically everything that any villain of batman has done he's doing it better having a snack in his underwear immediately yeah he's doing it better and i really like that and in the meantime, me and you, when Ulysses came out in the deal uh, originally, we actually liked him right away. And well, yeah, I I'm saying him. that was a great bit because we had, you know, Red Robin brought onto the Gotham Knights team. We had yeah. Ulysses, who was a, you know, 
90s Robin villain who actually yeah. became anarchy in the late like, 2000s. And actually, I was thinking about it, too. For the reveal we have here where he goes by the general later on, yeah. we almost have like a reverse kind of thing where we've gone through all the motions. We did have anarchy in this book. It wasn't Ulysses, but yes. where he had the Robin suit because at one point, you know, Ulysses actually had a Robin costume he was wearing yep. for a bit. Then he became anarchy, but like he was originally the general. So we have this kind of reverse going on. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of a cool aspect where you're going through all the motions. But even though we had this thing before where, you know, Ulysses reached out to Tim because he saw the future files yeah. from Brother yep. Eye and said, Oh, I become this, you know, this like, you know, we fought. I become a villain. We fought I'm a few times, and then I just anarchy exactly, and, I and then I go into like uh, obscurity. Yeah. But he never said anarchy, so I'm like thinking to myself, is he in, in my mind? In the future, he was going to become anarchy. He's like, no, yeah, not that's now. Why I I'm like, like the future to the present. That's exactly now what I general. thought. Yeah. Oh, I thought right away that when he looked, he thought, okay, there I am. I'm anarchy. All right. I've been thinking of that. I've been, you know, that's, oh, I just obscure. Fuck this anarchy nonsense. I'm yeah. bigger than this. And this is what I'm going to do instead of and that. It's that's kind exactly of funny. He just what goes I thought. back to the original concept that Chuck Dixon had for him where he is just the general now, yeah, the, the original general. concept of USC's yep. Armstrong. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like yeah, that. I like it too. And he's there watching and he, you know, he has all the info he's tapped into everything here with brother eye and he looks like he's tapped into a colony and things like that as well because he uses his bio scanners and sees that as batman's pulling up that he is there to see kate and jacob he sees the heat signatures for some reason in these pictures kate has blonde hair so i don't know what's going on with the art goddamn issue and the art i'm telling you ulysses looks crazy and he is but he looks so crazy uh, but the, the only issue at this whole, like at this point, I'm really having a good time. I think that it's really well done. Uh, at the point where then he goes a little too far, James Tynan, I'm saying where he's like, okay, give me infrared. And you see that the, uh, colony, colony airship, airship is above. Top, and he yeah. says, little does the dark night detective suspect his doom awaits 1000 feet above to me. There is no way he doesn't know that that is there. There is that. All he did was use infrared to find it. There was nothing crazy about it. There is no way that Batman is going to meet Kate and Jacob in Kane Manor and has not scoped out this with the Batmobile and the Batcomputer before this as he's going. I think that's nonsense. So it, it doesn't really matter. No, really. it doesn't. And the maybe only- Batman doesn't care. No, and, and really, he may not. But it's just a weird thing for Ulysses to say, though – wrapping around i think that it's a little played not played well because i think that what he's saying is when they're in that manner and that's above i'm gonna turn those bitches into omax and drop (laughs) them there that's what i think he's saying it's just weird that it goes with this infrared deal just to show it there i I would have wished that he would have said something more along the plans because what he does do is it's in position he uses that to turn the you know colony guys into omax and send them down into there so i think he's saying that it just kind of comes off uh a little weird at that point uh especially where you have a lot of books where a lot of people complain that batman isn't that great a detective anymore though in this one he was already at the beginning so i like that uh you go in and i think the art is a little off here too you said already with that blonde hair and stuff like that what i get though is that they go in and jacob's there and kate's there and it's going to be about jacob is going to play the family card like he always does he does it with Kate all the time. He does it with Bruce. So he's doing – he's really laying heavy on the Martha deal. And, you know, he goes in, did you – you didn't know that your grandfather, did you? You know, he had that uh, saying, Stamus Simul, which means that – but why didn't we see that anywhere in the house? 
Like this should have been something that by the time with the art, by the time Batman gets to them, we should have seen that on the walls at some oh, yeah. point, on something, uh, on a, a you know an archway that he goes through into a doorway. Anything we don't see it ever, and I thought it was really weird because like oh that's why he put it all over the house. Your mother hated it, and you know it, it means the whole deal of. Uh, family. What what is the motto? Uh, we it's, he says it. It's stemasimul as our family motto, but we did plaster it all over the house. I, now I can't even find what it meant, but it means that you you all should get along or whatever. And they say Kate's I'm like trying to find it. Yeah, I'm telling you, I had it the whole deal, and now I can't even goddamn find it. But uh, when you go to find it, but basically Kate says, you know what, that has to be earned. That's what uh, Bruce's mom said. So you had that whole deal. And that's kind of the whole thing about them being together and kind of getting back together. We don't really get that far in these negotiations anyway, because no, when they go, it's kind of like you know, just talking about family and how family has to be earned. It's not yeah. there. I'm like, well, haven't we just talk a little bit more about what's going on in Colony? We do get there eventually, but why do we have to have this goddamn family standoff that we have every time that Batman interacts with freaking yeah. you know Jacob, and now also Batwoman's going along with her father saying like, come on, Bat Bruce, you know, family has to be earned. Come on, we, we got to work together here. I found what it's we stand together. I'm telling you, it's in a weird, it's in a weird deal on the side because you have where you have a, a picture that Bruce looks at and then that's when he says, we stand together. That was the, you know, the whole motto, stemisimul, but you never saw it. So I thought that was a little off. Like it would have been cool to see it like seven times as he goes in, like, what the hell does that mean? And then it hits harder about what was pushed. Uh, and really, it kind of, you know, goes with the whole deal of Jacob and his daughter as well. They haven't been, you know, the best of friends either. So you have all this. There's this weird deal, though, that when Batman and Kate, they talk, it's basically like, hey, we didn't do it. You know, oh, you think this and that. And there's some repeated dialogue. Like, there really isn't much for them to talk about in this whole deal. So it kind of just drags on that whole. Yeah. Deal essentially it is like, we didn't do this. We're going to find out who did do it. The end. Yeah. And at the here, what, when Kate says, Hey, we're not, I'm not taking the bait, bro. She says it twice. She says it later too. And I'm like, really, there's not much, but the big thing is supposed to be going back at the back cave where Tim is checking out these colony and also, guys. It doesn't help either though, too, because we do have this mystery about who took over colony soldiers yeah. and stuff like that. And you know, I don't want to point fingers, Batman. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They like, keep you know, saying against that. us. Yeah, and we're like, ah, eh, you know, it'd be weird to. Well, they we kind of fought them. Why would we do that against and us? It, and, and if the freaking if colony soldiers turn into Omax, don't descend upon them, and we go back to the Batcave, and there's just Tim as an Omax. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah I don't oh, know, yeah. like how far Ulysses can take it. Like he just t- starts talking. To this was my plan all along. Yeah, ha, yeah. Ha, ha, ha 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 ha. But even with that, it's a kind of a cool deal where you are going to have Colony's side thinking Tim did. And then when if it's revealed, you know, well, Tim knows, but now he's an OMAC at the end. Spoiler. Uh, but eventually when Batman finds out Ulysses, then he's going to think it's Colony. You know, you have that going back and forth that they're going to think. And they were kind of set up. He, Ulysses is setting them up to do this. Uh, but, yeah, Tim is there and he's checking out these colony guys. And even Bruce said when they left, like, you know, make sure they, they stay unconscious or whatever. That means Tim should hook them up to this fucking torture device, it looks like. But they're there for some reason. Also, their helmets right with them. I, I don't understand why all that's there as well, except that he is testing them. But he's looking yeah. at it and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Like, what made them turn? Was it something that the suit did to them and all that? Well, then Cash just shows up out of nowhere. 
And Tim's like, you know what? You're not supposed to be here. Oh my God. I locked the door. Why did you come in? And then Cass, Cass just is like, terrible. I know she does. And Cass is just like, Oh, everything we do, is it good? And then Tim's like, uh, yeah, you know, we, we make mistakes. We're not perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Like clay face. I'm like, Oh, here we go. And then and that's Tim, the, that's the worst part because this whole thing is like, we need somebody in the back cave when, like, you know, Tim has turned into an OMAC. This yeah. is the only reason she's here. This whole thing reiterating, like, Clayface, oh, uh, do you want to, like, run some lines together like you and Clayface yeah. used to do? I'm like, there's no reason for no, Cass there's to no be reason. here and, and having even, it. Especially she, since yeah. Tim said he locked all the goddamn yeah, doors yeah. to the back cave. It's just to be there, like you said, because they need somebody else, especially a kick-ass, you know, fighter like her. But when she says, like, Clayface, right away, like, Tim is already in duress. And I see that people say like they people who like Javier Fernandez. I do not one bit. No. They like him because they're like he's such an expressive artist. No, no, people go batshit crazy every time yeah. he shows up because Tim's there and he looks a little upset. He's like, you know, I've been meaning to ask. Do you want to do new scenes with me? You want me to be a scene partner like you did? And again, that's kind of a nice little touch. It, it, it doesn't nice, seem like not Tim. What we're dealing with no, right and it doesn't now. seem like Tim. And then he says, I know you and Basil were working on the Tempest, but Midsummer Night's Dreams, my jam. And then he's like, maybe we could start. And the problem is, is the way this progression goes, it's almost like the progression you're supposed to think that him thinking of Midsummer Night's Dream. I'm telling you, this progression makes me think that something that he said jogged his memory. What happens is you realize that he's not even paying attention to what he's saying to Cass because in the back of his mind, he's still thinking about what caused the problems with these colony agents. And he goes, that's it. The transformation, that's what didn't make sense. And the weird thing is kind of going from that into that, it's such an odd progression. He runs over, starts typing things in the back computer, and goes nuts. Goes completely bonkers and yells, computer, rerun blood toxicity, look for traces of nanotech. And we said before, <laughs> in Batman and Robin Eternal, anytime Tim was involved. Batman Eternal. Yeah, yeah, Batman Eternal. Yeah, anytime Tim's involved, nanotech, nanobite. Yeah. It's always the same. And they're there. And that's when Tim's like, it almost seems the like Batman's right. The whole deal of you're rumored to be a detective because here – it's like he had forgotten all about Ulysses. When shit started going wrong, when they took those guys in, the, he, the colony guys, right away, Tim should have said something to Batman. Hey, I think it's this Ulysses, uh, you know, and work the angle even of maybe he's embarrassed that he went to Ulysses and he shouldn't maybe. have, you know, that sort of thing. But all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it seems like he realizes what's going on just to know. And you see that these, you know, there are the uh, nanotech in these guys. And then he's just yelling, he's going to kill them. I'm like, what? Like, why do you think that now? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where he just yells it. But as this goes on, you have Ulysses in his little lair. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's so sad there, Tim. You could have been part of this. It should have been you or whatever. Uh, it's talking to Brother Eye, but it should have been him. And Brother Eye's, he will turn with the others. And it's so funny because he's standing there. And you realize in a little bit that he's got some clippers 
to cut his hair. I had no I, I thought that might have been a taser. I had no idea what that was. I had no idea at all. Like, oh, all right, Look, I don't like on. Javier Fernandez's art. I you know, like these are obviously clippers. You have I, I'm you telling get, you. You get your hair cut by clippers all the goddamn yeah, time. I'm telling you, I, you. why would he have clippers at this point? There's no setup and he's, he's looking at general. it. Yeah, but no, he's just looking at it and saying it should be him and you have him with a device and he is a guy who we have already pushed has has a basement of the biggest weapons and things like that. I'm telling you, it looks like he has something that he it's some crazy weapon he made that's going to kill Tim. No, it's just clippers. He's going to clip his hair. And uh, that's when you go and you he's gonna see. He's going to be the general. He's got to look the part. Yeah, well, then you're going to have to see. And really, he only ends up looking exactly like a young Jacob Kane. Uh, he looks like a little Jacob Kane. That's yeah, all I and, uh, yeah. So you have this whole deal there where you go to the colony airship above the manor. You have oh, Luke yeah, and Asriel. Oh, yeah, we need something for Batwing and Asriel yeah. to do. And basically, just it's just. This place is in. Impressive. Yep. Yeah, yeah this is impressive. I can rewind the show. This place is so impressive. Everything is down to the T for how yeah. it should be an efficiency. And, and the best is it, he's only there so that when shit goes wrong and everybody in this airship goes wrong, that he has spelled out that everything is wired together for perfect efficiency. So if yep. you take it over, you're going to take it over with perfect efficiency. And he's say, hey, you know, Asriel, it's fine. Oh, no. That's when all of a sudden <laughs> – yeah, freaking Ulysses is completely bonkers now. He's there activate full systems. I don't know what he's doing. He has his hands in his face and they start doing it. And all these guys get taken over. They become basically Omax. At this point, uh, somehow the Kane Manor is now a full setup with uh, full out technology and, and uh, a goddamn back computer, it seems. I didn't see that before. And they get an alert that really shit's dark. going on. Yeah, they're getting a sh- thing that shit's going on. And now at this point, Everybody in Colony that has a suit or whatever is being turned into an OMAC at the same point that Ulysses with a shaved head comes on the screens and basically tells Tim, you know, you had your chance. You know, we could have done this. We could have done it. But, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. And here we go. I just and- wish I'm telling you, when, when we have this whole thing where Ulysses is going, like, you know, slowly going insane with the Clippers because he has to cut his hair to become the general. Yeah. I wish he's like, oh, shit, I didn't really like plan on. I got to change my clothes really fast. I got to put on a yeah. tie. Yeah. I got I, I to I, be on video soon. Yeah, I'm going to be on video. Don't get me from behind because I don't really know if I got that. I'm a little itchy <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> it would be funny. He's like, yeah, I messed up. You've seen me when I come in. I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, I shaved like my head. Yeah, I got shit all over. It looks like they've been plugging in fucking things wires into my head uh, but he's there and everybody's turning into omax when everybody's freaking out and those omax come down from the airship being the, say that it, it, the art progression is terrible for that they seem to just i don't know come from the roof or what it's yeah. really bad when that happens and the omax the guys the colony in the back cave they become omax thank god eric their helmets are right there for them and that's where uh tim's like this is insane you can't do this and Ulysses is like, you know what? You're small-minded. I have a role for you as well, though. Before he was saying that he was worried that there wasn't, but here you go, and you see that Tim is turning into an OMAC, and he says, you know, tonight is the beginning of a bold new era of Batman, and I'm honored for you to be a part of it. And he's turning into an OMAC. Cass is all upset, and it's a pretty cool ending. I mean, it's weird. And I even said in my review, it's really odd that you're getting a full-out brother-eye 
you know, kind of attack here, uh, really because of what the future ends up and what you have or what you, know, what you have or don't thing. have. Right now, though, this changes the future completely yeah. oh, I know. Uh, as we know because we cannot progress the way that all of these files – right now, all these files should be done because yes. everything now that they have done is going to mess up the future completely yeah, for the events that the general the has taken, uh, put forward here. And even if – like say something happened where they – you know, Tynan has a weird way to wrap it around that it doesn't but still – You'd have to mind wipe everyone because now Batman and Tim, they're not going to deal with it. Like, why would you create this now when you, you know what I mean? There's all these yeah. paradox and things like that. So it is weird. I want to see how it works its way out. The problem is all I can keep thinking of is that hyper time is going to jump in because this kind of is kind of more than what even the future Tim was doing and the hypertime was affecting him, though I don't know how hypertime affects a AI. Hypertime does what hypertime wants to do. Yeah, that you is can't true. fucking count on hypertime to do anything. That is say that you're you're right. It's almost like Thursday night Jim. Eric, he doesn't go with that. And yes. I got no time with a hyper time. Yeah, and wrong turn. He doesn't have no time for the hyper time. So he I'm does. wondering, I really am at this point, I'm, I'm enjoying this enough. We were talking, I have some issues, but. I'm saying, uh, yeah, we're, while we're dealing with Colony still, this is a great, yeah. you know, like, wrap around of everything we've dealt with besides for, you know, the monster men and the victim syndicate, obviously, but everything yeah. we have dealt with from the beginning is coming together in this whole thing, and it really kind of feels yeah. important for what we've yeah, been doing I like lately. It. I just. At the back of my, in the back of my mind, I just keep thinking like, how is he going to wrap this up in three more issues in a way that the future, uh, you know, the future actually works out and he resets. You mean so the alternate future? Yeah, the alternate future. What will be now the red? You know, it, it ruins or it kind of goes it back and forth of what I think would happen. That alternate future, but also the actual legitimate future. The you know, so there's since some we brought hyperTime back in the yeah, DC and all continuity, bets are off, right? I'm like, you can do anything you want and. I, I really hate time travel for and all that stuff since DC's been doing it so much because like, yeah. nothing ever pans out the way it should. And yeah. you just kind of have to go for the ride because there's no way of saying I know what you go will for happen. The ride. What, yeah. be, I'll tell you, I like a continuity. I know that Batman Beyond for what we have in the main continuity is supposed to be 35 years in the future of now. It can't be for what we've been yeah. dealing with over the past yeah. two years of Rebirth. So I, that's just thrown right out. So I'll tell you. I can't make sense of it so anymore. So the continuity no kid is just go, you're just going with it, Eric. Is that what you're? Holy no, I'm not going moly. with it. I'm giving up. Okay, must be Eric Shea yeah, reborn. It must be. Uh, I'll tell it you must that. Must be Eric Shea completely <laughs> defeated. It must be Eric Shea giving up on life. I I actually go with you. I have a weird deal. Like I don't even know that this makes sense. I don't mind time travel. Don't like timelines. I don't like like. I like, I like the – I, I actually like the going back – like, yeah, Booster Gold goes back in time. Yeah, you do yeah. some things or whatever. Yeah, maybe one little thing gets uh, screwed up. I hate when we deal with alternate timelines and what would lead to this and what would lead to that, and this is what this is. That's what worries me because the time travel, they'll always work it out somehow. But when you start screwing with timelines, you know, there's always going to be something there that isn't resolved and then, you know, throws everybody off the, the deal and they lose their mind. But uh, with that, I gave this a seven. And I, I, like I said, I, I was going to go six, five. I went seven. I thought I was going to go positive, And then I saw tens being thrown about. So uh, what would you give it? I'm going to go positive as well and go with a 6.5 out of 10. Ooh, that was my original Because that's deal. the only thing I can be positive about because I do really enjoy the story. I'm interested in where we're going. I really hate the art, though. I'm telling you, it takes yeah, me back to when he was doing me. Nightwing, and I just 
I've never liked Javier's no. art, and I continue not to like it. Uh, here, yeah, but I, I don't like it either. I'm really enjoying where we're going, besides for a few bits of clunky dialogue and just like, you know, the Canes and Batman just hanging out, saying the same yeah. conversation over and over yeah. again. I'm still enjoying the story, though, and, and that, I look forward to, it, like, you know, James Tynan and the rest of his run. That stupid phrase that, that threw a, a wrench in our, our talk, Eric. I, I got to regroup from that. <laughs> I, I thought that I remembered what it was, and then I'm trying to find it, thinking that it's in like a real big word bubble. I can't find it. It really threw me off. But yeah, uh, I'll tell you when uh, I review and read a lot of these books, we read and review all the books each week. So by the time I get to something like this and I like the story, I'll tell you, I actually try to just not even care about the art. I try to look beyond the art. Tim was and just on go. crutches for He no was reason. on crutches. And then I was going to mention at that one point, Cass when Cass shows Rose up, Pico. Cass, yeah, really, she did. I even said that too. Cass comes in to the Batcave and there's no crutches anymore. The minute that Batman left, it seemed like he threw those crutches. He was really going for the sympathy. And <laughs> Batman was not giving it to him. He was throwing shade at him. He's like, really? You know, crutches, the crutches, crutches didn't work. What else can I do? You know, what Old am I going to do? Asian lady in the shadows. Come yeah. down here. Let's yeah. talk about Shakespeare. Get out of here. Come over here. Yeah, Asian lady in the shadows. Mm. Oh, she know, looked terrible. That's, that's, yeah, she did. And Ulysses has just the weirdest idea, you know, weirdest look and stuff. So, yeah, I've just kind of gone off of Javi's art. I call him Javi, Eric. But we're going to go to the next book. And the next book is... Flash number 44, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmen D.G. DeMonico, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. And I'll tell you, this is the exact opposite of Detective because I do like this art and other problems. Is the Flash War here yet, Eric? Is it, no. has it arrived? This it's week never we get, get here. this week we get another issue that seems to think it's okay to sweep six issues of setup under the rug by having Grodd make a quick exit and the problem of the negative speed force storm resolved once again by running around it. That's all you do in this book is run around your problems. I used it to make, make the joke. Sense to I me. used to make the joke that like, oh well, how'd Superman end that, Eric? Did he throw him into the sun or run around the fucking earth backwards and fly? <laughs> and that this is what this has become. It's all good though because Barry tells the reader how much Iris and the Speedsters mean to him, Eric. Why has this become a thing in almost every book? That, the, that's it, the only – I'm telling you, you tell a mediocre story and as long as you wrap everything up with showing yes. the hero being a hero and loving everybody else – Oh my God! Yeah. Best issue ever. And, and I here's, cried. And here's uh, I will give you a perfect, uh, not a perfect example. I'm not going to be that pretentious, Eric. But here's yeah. my example for people who would know and be a little older to get this reference. I'm Andrew Dice Clay, Eric. I, I think that I got a lot of good material. I've been working yeah. on a lot of material. I go out on stage and I'm like, Hey, you know what's with the president nowadays? Pretty crazy, hey? And then they boo, boo. Oh, oh no! Shit. Hickory dickory dock, and yeah. everybody goes nuts. That that's what this is. Every Give us what we want. Every book ends with a hickory dickory dock. This chick was, you know, doing stuff to me because <laughs> this is nonsense. I'm trying to keep it clean. I don't that work blue. That's the lazy man's <laughs> comedy. Uh, with that though, it's like almost like I sit there and I I envision the writer and he's like, okay, I'm gonna finish. And not even just Joshua Williamson. This is in general, like, that's all right, lot. I do this. This doesn't make sense, but I want to just, you know, skirt the issue there. But oh it no, doesn't matter. what am I gonna do? How am I gonna fool these people? Wait a minute i know i'll have two pages of the hero saying that he knows why he is a hero and that he loves everyone boom and then they go and i i get the idea now they're ralphie being carried away they're you know doing their salute and their you know their celebration 
And why is this working? Why is this working? Why do I go and see this happens here? It happens in the last uh, Ben Percy's ending of Green Arrow. It happens in Supergirl at the end of this issue. It keeps happening over and over again. And I look at these reviews. Everybody's fooled. Everybody's like, you know, this doesn't really tie things up neatly, but it reminds you why we all love The Flash. It reminds you why we love love The the Green Arrow. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't need it. This is the problem. Is the show problem me why that I have? Is great. Yeah, don't show have me. Write a goddamn and letter. My I can biggest, write a letter. Yeah. It's all gonna be lies. I'll and my tell biggest, why, yeah, how great yeah, I am. Really? Oh Jesus Christ! I'll, I'll write a letter to Tanya right now. You'll think that I'm the greatest person ever. <laughs> uh, I'll even mention that I, I clean up around the house and do the dishes. We all know that's a goddamn lie. Uh, with that though, you have this, and the only reason this is where it, it switches around and why it angers me so much. The only reason you have to do this is because you yourself writing the book has not shown us enough of that. So if you have to sit there in an issue and have Green Arrow say, you know what? I might be a social justice warrior, but the heck with it. I'll wear that on my sleeve proudly. And well, then you must not, yeah, you must not have shown us this enough that you think that you have to force it in and tell us. You know, I we have a problem of filling in the blanks. This is a thing that we go on and on about. I just spilled my coffee here. We have this problem with this whole deal. And uh, you don't – there's a, a filling in the blanks, and then there's like these guys don't have a brain cell, and I have to tell them everything. And it's becoming this. And in these books that we're getting twice a month, we don't have to have this every issue where we're reminded why we like Flash. You have bought the book. You said you know why you like Flash. You yeah. do. But Barry's been a dick in this book. So all of a sudden, you have to keep reiterating why well, not only we're that, supposed but we to like. We also have that wraparound where not only do we have this letter that is thrown out as like narration yeah. throughout about how much he loves Iris West and his Flash family. Out of nowhere, the reason he was acting like a dick the whole time is because he was controlled by Grodd. Grodd yeah. made him feel these angry yep. feelings. Yeah, yeah. Before, he, he's a blamer. He really is. Before it was the negative speed force. Before that, he's just a jerk. And before that, he was a sad sack. I mean, yeah. really, we have not gotten, we keep getting one or two pages or panels of the Barry that I like. He's my flash. I'm starting to change my idea. Wally and West maybe, is where it's at. No, no, Avery. You know it's Avery. Uh, but yeah, with this, you, you have, we don't know what the wand is, right? We never knew what the, what the, 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 the rod, the wand. We really never have been told exactly what the negative speed force was. Uh, Barry had it. That was the perfect opportunity for Joshua Williamson to really spell out what it is because our main character, our point of view character, was affected by it. And, and basically what you got was Barry saying, boy, I don't know what happened. And then when the speed, the negative speed force got taken away from him by Mina, he said, boy, I was pretty angry when I had that negative speed force, but who knows if it was that? And like, hey, you know, let's let's head off. And with this, you have this whole deal with Grodd, and you do have a letter. It's a nice letter. It, it is. It's a nice letter about how – and he's writing it to Iris because he thinks that this is going to be the end of him. He thinks that this whole thing with Grodd, he will die. Uh, he's really thinking ahead, but he wrote this to give and, and tell Wally, hey – Please tell Iris who you are and give her this letter, and pretty much I'm going to steal your thunder and, and give much. it up in there. But please, because I love her, and I'm going to do this and all that. So he's there. He goes, and he's fighting Grodd. And in this, there's the craziest stuff because Grodd's yelling, you know, you lost your city. Ha ha. You're, you're done. While Wally goes around, not Kid Flash, but Wally goes around to find Iris. He's going. It's, it's like Barry is stalling, whatnot. 
And does and while the he's old... fighting Iris, he is pulling everybody out of yeah. the freaking, you know, the temporal goddamn bubble that is around Central City, pulling yeah. them out of that so they could be moving again and shit like that, be affected yeah. by the Which fucking rod and the goddamn negative speed force. We pretty storm. much were told that all of them were safe last issue, really and, I, thought, and that's before, the promise. Like, why are we looking for Iris? Because I'm telling you, I really thought we had already dealt with this previously yeah. because we had, well, I guess. He might have got interrupted. Here's then the problem. It's he did get interrupted. He got interrupted. If you remember, he went to get Iris, and I didn't remember if there was a lot of people around him, but he did get interrupted because Iris was kind of there as the you know the carrot on the on the stick. Where yeah. when he showed up, they grabbed Wally and said, "Oh, you're not the regular Flash." But then he seemed to fight people off and whatever. Yeah. But then he got turned. So I'll say that's fine. But it seemed like they said that most people were already safe outside the city but we're gonna go with it like you said they're in this temporal deal and grod is pissed and this is where it's just it's so wonky what happens here because first off barry seems to use the lickety split like uh you know the the crisscross applesauce to get behind but then makes him say oh i knew you were in my mind so there you have that spell out that he still does have the telepathy where me and you were wondering if he did because pretty much it seemed like he's gonna have no powers and barry said go back to central city you're still smart you know go well he still has the telepathy but now barry says uh I tricked you. I punked you because I knew that you were in my mind. So I projected the image of you killing me so that you saw that and thought it was Uh, real. And then I uh, snuck up on you. This became the uh, last issue of JLA where freaking, you know, Kronos like was he was being affected by the faceless champions telepathy. And while she was affecting him. He used that. Yeah, when did this telepathy to see thing, in her head? When did telepathy become this like two way street and, and with is, somebody it's, it's who doesn't have control. that power? It's, fucking, it's goddamn grod, and this whole thing is ridiculous yeah. because he shouldn't be able to affect the Flash with his goddamn no. mind control anyway. And, and, yes, he yeah. might have done it before when he had the like you know no powers. Now yeah, he he's been talking to Flash. But this idea that Flash can now use the telepathy <laughs> so against funny. him. And, is and like, here's I the thing. I projected well, you yes. beating the shit out of and, me. And here's where the, I think that if somebody's going to argue with us, they're going to they're gonna have an argument. But I'm going to explain it to you of why it's nonsense. They're going to say, no, no, no. He wasn't using the telepathy back at Grodd. What he was doing is thinking in his mind – that Grodd was killing Flash, and that's what Grodd saw. That makes no sense. That would be like you punching me in the face and me thinking to you, like, yeah, you're killing me. Y- you still have eyes. Yeah. You still – this telepathy, all you're going to do is Grodd's going to be like, this is weird. I'm beating the shit out of Flash, and he is thinking of me killing him. Like, why isn't he – it doesn't make sense. That's what I think he's – like, hey, you know, I was projecting into your mind my ideas of this, and you thought they were real and whatever. No, he's still physically – Beating the shit out of Flash, but he wasn't. And Grant's also, and, and there's the other thing here is what's, you look and then you go and Grodd's hands are bloody because now you're supposed to believe that he was just punching rocks. And what, what, when does he think that that was the Flash? Like, you, you know, you, he still has eyes. He's not blood. On top of that being the, like, what I want to think is the worst part because it's the worst way to wrap this whole thing up. Then we have soldiers from Gorilla City yeah. come into the time sphere who aren't affected by the temporal thing because nope. they had to wait. Um, they had, they to, had to, wait. to wait until the rod was down. down. Rod's not down, though, because it's projecting the Speed Force yes. storm. And I think that there they're saying the Speed Force storm is its own entity at this point because then you have a – like the rest of them are like, oh, we went and tried – I think it was Godspeed and uh, Mean are like, yeah, we, we took down the tower. I'm like, what? Like now? You, what's going on with these – And not, not only that, it just seemed like they were talking like we went 12 rounds with the rod over there 
I think they actually made it worse is what yeah, they I, can't end up saying. I don't know. I, I actually uh, – I'll, I'll say it now too before we go on. I really like the art. When those flying monkeys showed up, look awesome. I really like that. Apes. But apes. I'm sorry. Dirty apes. But yeah, and I think even – doesn't be a Barry says damn apes. But with that though, this is – again, we, we mention it. It's basically the golden gun again from Batman Incorporated where all of this is set up, all of this stuff for six issues. We've dealt with things we don't know what's going on. We don't. So at this point, Barry is actually even like, listen, Grodd, I'm going to help you. Uh, you know, I'm going to get you out of here. You can do. And then these apes just show up to, to enact ape law and yell, you know, ape law is basically what they say and they're going to take them away. And then the best is, it's like, don't worry, you'll never have to worry about Grodd again. And then there's the editor's note, for us at least, yeah, we will, damage number five. <laughs> All right, great, you know, because the, the, ape law, Eric, and they ape take law. them off. They take them off. They have rocket packs, it seems, and uh, one that looks like it actually seems like it's speed force powered, but, and they take Grodd off in his fucking throne, and there they go. They're done. All of this setup is done by ape law. Jesus, I may be a small-town ape lawyer, Eric, but really, I mean, what ape law they worry about Grodd going nuts and somebody stealing bananas. That, that's all they work with. Here they are. And I'm like, really? This was a slap in the face to me that that's how this ended. And then, then you go and they're like, no, oh, no, well. no, no. See, it gets no, worse. It gets worse, but that's what I'm saying. Him. And that's the whole thing, too. We have, you know, like Mina and, you know, uh, August come back and say, we tried to take out the rod. It's – uh. The storm's just getting worse, though. It's expanding, and we have to do something about it or it's going to take over the entire world. And since it's a negative speed force storm, it's not imbuing people with speed force. It's destroying it's everything. Destroying. Why is it not imbuing people with negative speed yeah, force? Negative speed that apparently force. is a yeah, thing. Yeah, it doesn't make – and it, it doesn't matter because we never knew what it was anyway. So you're just like, whatever. The funniest thing, did you not think that they were going to get in an argument where it was like, listen, this is the negative speed force. That means we have to run – counterclockwise no no yeah uh, what are you gonna get at here but Even yeah like i'm tired of this whole idea of running and the idea that all right we're gonna we have to run around this thing in order to dissipate it but the, we might lose our our, our yeah. speedster powers because yeah. why why you know you would gain the negative speed, speed force, force again yeah. we've seen this and with that you also have mina who's a negative speedster still it seems so why can't she just run and get it which would and just kind of be her that, power anyway. Which we got to think of anyway. It's not only the negative speed force she has. She has the speed force yeah, and yeah, the negative yeah, the speed both, force. And so. that was what was hurting Barry and, before. And that's, yeah. And we did nothing. With it. Nothing. And, and with this, while you're... She's not you're, causing while wherever is, she fucking runs like Barry is, did. Yeah. Is this not one of those issues is as you're reading it, it seems as if... Joshua Williamson is writing in real time with somebody yelling, hey, uh, you know, what about that negative speed force? People are going to ask uh, why that isn't getting speed force powers to people. Oh, yeah, well, I'll put the – he's typing uh, in the negative speed force. That just rips people apart because it's negative. Okay, I got that. Uh, what are we going to do about Grodd? You know, we really don't know. Uh, uh, gorillas, they show up and, and grab them. The apes, they grab them and take them back to gorillas. It just – everything is just there to like – let, let's get this done, and now you've made a six-issue arc, which is, I mean, it's a full trade, this this story, and it's nonsense. It ends in nonsense. They all go, Barry says, listen, 
uh, I'm going to do this alone. I got to do it because I've learned my, he says this, he goes, he's a flip-flopper. I've learned that the speed force isn't that important to me. I don't know. This whole thing was set up. I'm just looking at this whole thing now. I was like, then there's only one choice race around the storm to let the speed force lock in with it and steal the speed from the storm. I'm like, you're stealing the yeah. negative speed from the storm. That should dissipate the storm. Yeah. This is the opposite of the speed force storm. That's why it's destroying the city instead of giving everyone yeah. powers. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. are you talking and, about? And why with is that, the opposite of giving powers destroying the city? Yeah, I don't know. And, and the whole thing of this is it's a weird deal because if you've been reading this whole series, this whole run since Rebirth started, Joshua Williamson had Godspeed, and he needed a way – that he had all these speedsters. The Speed Force Storm had, they had, you know, 50 speedsters, whatever the number was at that point. But he needed a way. That, well, he needed a way. Yeah, he needed a yeah. way for Godspeed August to rip the powers out of somebody. And it was just thrown in there willy nilly. Oh, you run around them. And then it comes. He has now used that as a crutch in almost every problem that has gone, including killing Reverse Flash or at least yep. taking his negative speed force. Then, you know, Mina's done it to Barry to get the negative speed force off of him. I mean, we just keep going with this same thing. And it's it's infuriating that you have a book where you used to uh, – People Look, would we argue. Did it with Doctor, we did it with the freaking Doctor of Black Hole. I can't remember yeah. his name right now. We did it to get rid of Dr. his Dr. Carver speed and stuff. Carver, you yeah. had this where – and really the big thing of people who would throw some shade at a Flash book uh, is kind of like the whole thing with even a cyborg book and things like why does Barry always have to deal with people who are involved in, in speedster stuff and whatever. Right. And that's why I like – even Grodd though. He shows up. He wants the speed force all the time. You do have the rogues. That's why I think I like them the most because they're kind of involved in their own deal. But – this book, it's not that. It's why is every problem solved by running around it? That's all it is. It, so that's what they do, and they run around it. Barry's going to do it on his own. They just decide Say because not on my watch. this is the family deal where they're like, no way. We're together. They all run around uh, you know, the deal, and it works. And then when they come out of it, <laughs> hey, where's August? Huh. He disappeared right when we were done. Now, right before he says that. Uh, no, 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 no. That's the thing. Right before he disappeared. Yeah. This, this line, I'm, I'm reading this goddamn book. It's like, Barry, if we don't make it out of this, there's something I need to tell you. You were right about me. I'm like, you're a murderer? Yeah. Uh, basically, it even uh, earlier in the issue, Barry was talking and writing the letter to Iris and basically says, I, you know, August is a piece of shit. I could have been like him if I wasn't in love with you, <laughs> basically. So, yeah, you were right about me. I am a piece of shit. And then what he disappeared. What about Patty? Yeah, like, you, yeah. you were with Patty before yeah. fucking Iris. What about I her? Know. I know. And, and Jessica Cruz, Eric. You don't forget that. They they had a lunch date. They, uh, they don't talk about Jessica Cruz. No, they don't. Really. With this, though, you have, you have Godspeed disappear. And I don't know if this is going to be where uh, eventually down the line we realize or we're told that – what really did happen was that he's the one who really saved the day and he took in the negative speed force and died. I don't know. No, for I some think he reason, ran away because he's still a murderer. You are right about me, It's just weird, though. It's just, folk. it's just weird. Like, if he doesn't you show up in the Flash War, I'm going to wonder what the hell. Like, we'll see. There's but no yeah. reason for him to be in Flash War. But that's what I'm saying. It seems like they have to get him out of the, the picture, so he just disappeared. And also, I like it, too. They're running around, and you have him. You have Avery, Kid Flash, Wally, uh, Barry, 
Godspeed and Mina. And it, through it all, the only one who has to bitch and moan is Kid Flash. It hurts. He's young. Oh, God. I'm waiting for him to, like, you know, buck up there, buckaroo. Yeah. You know, really. And then they get done and do the craziest team leaping around, <laughs> freaking jumping around. Mina's the only Go one. Mina's flash. just there. And then I like the thing, like, you have Avery's, like, real quick deal. And then Avery has to say, don't think you're leaving, Mina. Oh, here we go. But yeah, and then basically... Henry, why are you so pissed? You just know that she's still alive. Yeah, I know. And then basically uh, Barry goes off to be with Iris and hugs her. And, you know, you have that moment and you have the whole deal where the letter's ending there. And, you know, hey, my name's Barry Allen and I loved Iris West and all this stuff. Weird, real weird way to end a letter to Iris. But uh, And then yours, Barry. And then you look and basically this letter and the scene that we just saw even is uh, mortalized in the Flash Museum in the future. In the 25th and, century. Yeah, in the 20th the century and that's where we have hunter uh zolomon is there and he's like oh, and you i know like what? it this whole thing yeah. is it's i love hunter this solomon part. reading the letter throughout yeah. though like you know because it was like you know kept in the flash museum yeah. and like that was a cool wraparound to get us finally back to this goddamn hunter zolomon story now that yeah. the rod deal is over i'm like that was a cool wraparound i, yeah, I like that even though the story is bullshit and, and i also like it that joshua williamson is setting this up well because even you said already and probably would have said like if they didn't have this here in this little description that i was saying it's Second, when they get the Flash War and you have Hunter there dealing with a lot of Barry, you'd be like, how the fuck does he know about Barry? Seriously. Why does he know this much? Well, he's saying right here, like, ah, oh, Barry, I've been studying you. I've been studying you so much. You I were know never you more. Flash. Yeah, I know you more than Eobard even now. So I see where you have gone wrong. I see the cracks in your legacy and, you know, the cracks all lead to the end of your family and things like that. So I thought that it was a really good setup so it that was. we can have Hunter go and know everything about Barry. Maybe even more than he even remembers at this point, you know, maybe with Dr. Manhattan, whatever the changes. Well, I'm saying, I don't even know what the century. deal is if, like, you know, Wally and, like, if, like, Hunter Zalman obviously knows Wally. Does Wally remember Hunter Zalman? I don't know how this works with the whole yeah. time taken out and yeah, shit like that. Either. Or even, like, you know, at what point was Wally stuck in the Speed Force from when the time got shifted yeah, around? Yeah. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Hunter Zolomon is the reverse flash of Wally West, and I'm happy to have him back. Yeah, yeah. So it ends there. Uh, I'll go, because I, I was going to ask you what you would have given it first, but I'll tell you. I give it a 5.2 out of 10. I really like the art. I like that ending. I like the setup. We're going to have two one-shots before we get to Flash War, we have one is the uh, the next issue seems to be where Barry will go to Iris and tell him who he is and, you know, Wally. You remember me or Wally. I mean, yeah. And uh, then the next one is a prelude to the Flash War about Wally. Again, something going on with that. So uh, we have two more than the Flash War. This is definitely to me, they're like, oh, well, we, we got to tie this up before we get going. And maybe even at some point, these two issues, this next one with Wally and Iris, maybe that wasn't going to be a thing at one point. And this was going to be a couple more issues because all of a sudden shit just ends to end. That's the thing and is, to get it out I have of the way. to assume, though, that this was always the plan for that Flash annual we had that was a prelude yeah. to the Flash War months yeah. ago. Yeah, I just I don't know why this I know that it's six issues, so that fits a you know, a trade perfect, but this is an ending that's just in a in a flash book, it's weird to say, but it was too quick an ending, Aaron. And I think uh, yes, you say it's too quick of an ending. No, I think like well, the amount of nonsense. It could have been three issues. issues. It yeah. equaled out to the amount of nonsense we yeah. got throughout well, the Well, Here's the arc. thing though, you say that, but if you're gonna extend all that other you know, nonsense, you can't just end by going Hey, this is what April. Oh, run around. I, I expect nothing less anymore. Yeah, I well, really don't. I'm telling you, utterly defeated. Yeah, what do you what do you give it? 
At least, I'm telling you, you're at 5.2 because at least you enjoy the I artness. like the art. I've never been a huge fan yeah, of the like art the style. Art. That's uh, Diamond, uh, I can't even say the name. The Diamonico's art. The Diamonico. But uh, so because of that, I my biggest thing that I like, like the art's okay. It's not a thing that I'm yeah. really into. But the wraparound with Hunter Zalman, the, the letter of that being there, and like it's a nice thing. It really doesn't put me over the top because I don't need to be reminded why my heroes are awesome. They're my heroes right. for a reason. So I'm going to have to go with a 4.8 out of 10. Oh, wait. Well, we're going to move on to the next book uh, that we're going to start a lot of your books. Now, a lot of my books are done now, Eric, because we had uh, a heavy deal with spotlights and things like that where we have a lot of your books coming up. And this is where I said that suddenly I became a little more positive. But the problem is it may not be this book, but go on. Titans number 22, written by Dan Abnett, with R5 Paul Pelletier, Andrew Hennessy, Andriana Lucas, and Carlos M. Manuel. The Brain is becoming a god and has used his newfound power to go after the Justice League. Thankfully, Donna Troy went against Batman's orders and left the Watchtower before the villain took it over, and after a brief fight with Cheshire, it seems that Arsenal and Donna Troy are the only heroes that can save the world. Yeah. Yeah, uh... This is okay. There's a funny deal in this because I actually was thinking today and we were talking about Donna Troy. Uh, in the meantime, they announced the new Titans book and right. the, the deal and we were trying to figure out before then what they were going to do. And with Donna Troy on the watchtower and kind of in, you know, being sequestered there, she had right. to stay there. I thought, boy, it's crazy because in the Justice League book, you the know, watchtower the watchtowers fell. crashed. So it's destroyed. And going forward with that, it's not coming back. They're going with that, you know, Scott Snyder's going with the Hall of Justice. So I'm like, are they going to be that crazy that you never see Donna Troy leave the uh, the Watchtower and can assume There's maybe no that she's been killed? no way that anybody would ever let that happen Well, to it's Donna funny. They, this is the problem is I wasn't saying that they were going to mean to. I was going to say in this Titans book, which this is an issue, and then you have that special. But right. in that, you could have had the idea of her just there and them saying like, you know what, Donna? We're going to figure out what's going on now. In the meantime, why don't you watch a movie and we'll do – and without them even realizing it. it becomes fan speculation. That's what I'm that saying. Without them realizing the it, they, the last time you've seen her would have been on the Watchtower and it, you would have went nuts. You know, oh my god, and she couldn't leave at that point. So you can only assume she's dead. Uh, she leaves in this so i thought yeah. I, I don't even think that the, i think it's a, a a happy coincidence that she ends up leaving here anyway because it kind of works into the story anyway right. it just made me laugh i thought that it was going to be something that was just overlooked and it would have been funny to say it and i would have just kept telling you even when she shows up on like the new titans book or whatever i'd say like that's that's a clone eric that's that's not really oh. her and then somehow in the just league book you'd have red lion fighting for the scrapper rights uh the salvage rights of Donna Troy because Eric, she's not human. She's clay. That is a, it's scrap. So she, he could have done that, but, uh, that's not, it's not going to happen because no, obviously no. She, she does goes. get out of this here. In this though, it starts out and the Justice League are separated. You have the brain with his big, big brain. Uh, he is kind of in the background. He's not letting anybody track him. Uh, and he's causing weather problems. And all that's around the thing the is, as this is, as this goes through, it's a little bit too much for my liking because it actually bogs down the issue. And it really, yeah. this whole idea where Mala has engineered this drug called Bless. I'm just going to catch everybody up a little yeah. bit where 
everybody and this like disperses it about. This gives this drug away. So everybody who takes this drug becomes connected to the brain, yeah. allowing the brain to access their their mind itself and become almost like a um, a junkie cloud. Where yeah, he's yeah. then able to tap into their brain power, ex- exponentially increasing they, his own. It's a it's a human server room, is what exactly. you have. You have everybody being served, and be, of course, we said the last time we were joking that you had to have a lot of them because they're all junkies. They're yeah. too smart, but you, he's using them. But, but that's the thing is, in this issue though, we start out like you know, oh, brain, we've reached sixty five percent. This is already like the highest amount anybody could ever ex- yeah. like want. We, you know, we don't want to go any it's further. Like hyper this. It genius, yeah. hyper genius, and the thing is. In this issue, even though it's taken us this whole thing for him to get up to 65%, we go from 65 to like 95 yeah, yeah, or 90 it's, it's, some nonsense. And it just, at this point, it does, it goes exponentially, Eric. Didn't you know this? Didn't you know this? I didn't think it would, that you don't know. You, you don't, don't know, know how hyper genius works. Know, oh my goodness. The DC comics you the don't. Ooh, you said it. Cloud. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the but, funny but, thing but, is, before you go on, the funny thing, okay, go ahead. No, you go, you go. I did this. This whole idea, though, he's becoming a hyper genius and can control weather patterns. But it seems yeah. like, you know, we talked about before, he has, he has solved climate, like, you know, the climate problems or whatever it is in the last issue. But now, like, I didn't really, I thought it was more of a technological kind of thing, not the idea, man, my brain's so big, I can make the weather yeah, do whatever just makes the I weather want. Now. He's Even a god. cosmic energy. Yeah. It's funny later because you have the, and I can't remember what I was going to say, but we have the, uh, the deal you. where, uh, later, I thought you would like it because it basically becomes Twister, Eric. I thought that the the storms were gonna roar at, at the heroes because they become the. <laughs> I think I think the storms after me. The and storms I'm like, alive. It's I'm it's like that's good. Yeah, I'm like that's what Eric liked about Twister or hated about Twister. But I thought that was pretty funny. Twister's but really, fun. yeah. W- with this though, you're you're just getting pretty. You know, it's just the same story going on where the brain is getting too. You know, it's almost a smarty pants Bizarro, but in the yeah. brain deal. Where you do have Mala, the big concern is that Mala thinks that the brain, when he doesn't even need a body anymore because he's become, you know, he's gone beyond even that. Pure energy at a that, certain yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. He's going to end up not caring about Mala. And in this, it's kind of thrown in there like, no, no, no. I'll still need you. I need somebody to help me. What am I, your pet? And you have that. But it's a weird deal with that. It, this issue just kind of has, it, it's a setup issue. Anyway, for whatever, but it's we're getting near the end of this run oh, and yeah. things like there's, that. There's so, like we only have that special left, yeah, and which that's all we have. Next. And so this seems set up for that to just get everybody in place, well, and it's the, weird. That's the worst part because everything we're dealing with the brain, besides for becoming the hyper genius that he was, he's becoming. Yeah. Everything we deal with with Mala here is essentially the same thing we it's dealt with same. with Mala in the last yeah, issue. It's just where the same. Mala's getting kind of like you know. Yeah, I hope you don't forget about me when you become yeah. a big shot brain. You know, uh, you know, we're, I still love you. I still yeah. love you too, baby. Yeah, but we're still friends. Hyper genius over here. I mean, it's so funny. Best. That was you're the like, best when friends. he said that. No, I'm still going to be your friend. I went at Mahler just like, friends. And then goes off. He's in the friend zone now. She's like, oh, God, I'm a friend now. But it, it made me laugh. But yeah, really. All this is to set up is to get everybody separated. You have Mahler that continuously keeps saying like, oh, I'm, I'm undercover. They're not going to be able to track me. Then ends up taking control and, and going up to the watchtower with the, you know, these technical things that, you know, these robot deals that look a lot robot like, brain look a lot like brainiac yeah. things to me. So they show just, up to fight Batman. It just Batman. looks like the brain. That's the best yeah. too because the brain for all this time has tried to stay incognito by, you know, it's, he's creating yeah. an energy field that masks everything he's doing from the of Justice League because 
He wants to, you know, become this hyper genius. So he, he can't have the Just League get involved beforehand. But now that he's reached a certain pinnacle, all right, it's time to let everybody in. Like, I'm going to make these robot constructs because I've taken control of everything. Yeah. And they're going to look like me. Yep. So, hey, it's me, the brain. I am the super genius. And the Just League's going to fall at my feet. Yeah. And, and with that, you then have Donna Troy while all this is starting up. Uh, Donna Troy comes and is like, hey, you know what? This is what my buddy told me. It's weird because Batman's like, your friend. It, it seemed very you know, more formal than it should have, but uh, I think your friend's fine. He'll be okay. And she doesn't care. She goes and she gets on the, the transporter and transports out. So she's off there. Seems weird that she could do that, but she gets well, out of there right before she, Batman she does gets go and Batman tries to recall her. Right when the brain yeah. takes over the watchtower yeah, and it yeah. kind of locks him out it's of the system. It's weird that she can even just step on it and work the deal. You would have thought that the one person that they're trying to keep in there, they'd have some scam where she wouldn't be able to. She gets on and goes and goes down to help Roy, who's getting the shit kicked out well, of him. I, I think if she accidentally went and did that kind of thing and it locked her out and said, you can't go – I think that might piss off Donna Troy and make her realize, oh, my yeah, God, man. I am a prisoner. I'm going to kill mean, everyone. They basically told her she's a prisoner. She can't yeah. leave. So, I mean, really. Yeah, but she <laughs> goes and does guest. it. She's a guest. Yeah, she's not a guest. I mean, all these times where she's just looking out the window waiting for, uh, you know, Dick and Wally who never call and, and having the tear because Roy's the only one who talks to her. But she's there. She comes down, actually ends up saving Roy at the last second because Cheshire has Wait, her guys it, beating the it, shit it's, out of him. It's them. kind of disappointing, this whole thing, because Roy has been our main focus this entire yeah, arc, which and I now really enjoyed. All of a sudden, this is a Justice League issue, and it's really – it throws me off. Because well, not like only you said, that, but Roy is just getting the shit oh, kicked yeah, out. I'm like, you know, the these are like out. League of Assassin guys. You can say it really seems at time, like at the end though, these are just hired goons that the she goons, had, like Cheshire half has put of them together. Look like, like homeless guys to me, yeah, and they're just <laughs> and kicking, they're the, kicking shit the shit out of them. I'm like, that's yeah. disappointing as hell. Yeah, it is. Uh, like I said though, through the whole thing, this is more of a Justice League issue. We don't even get to real like just Titans together no. until. Three pages to the end, four pages to the end. It's all Just League stuff and getting them separated in the brain and all that. Well, you do go then and, and Donna Troy saves because Cheshire is basically like, yep, it ends here and it's going to stab uh, Roy and Donna shows up and then they just start fighting until Roy shoots a, you know, a knockout arrow, a sleep arrow, stun Which, arrow. Which I'm telling you, that her. was a really cool thing that they did here because, you know, Donna Troy and Cheshire are fighting. Roy's had the shit kicked at him. He's had yeah. to fight back real quick, but. At the end there, when he shoots a goddamn arrow in the Cheshire's chest, like right when yeah. like Donna Troy has subdued her, you're like, oh fuck, Roy, you yeah, just went you over just the killed line. Somebody and and he, I'm like, oh, yeah. it was a really cool moment. Then you see like, oh my god, Roy, what did you did do? You killed her. And then we look down, it's just a stun arrow that just has like a suction cup on the end of it. I'm and, like, yeah, that is and, an awesome. It's cool. And now we're we're gonna get to this point where. Now you are gonna, a hero, Roy. Yeah, you are. We love you, no matter, Roy. But, no matter that all your friends and colleagues think you're just a junkie and that's yeah. it, you are a hero, But with Roy. this, the whole tie-in here is that because he took Bliss and now fought it off, he can be – he was connected to the brain hey, and the now it's he can get to find him. Again. Yeah, it's again. Like, it's we, the same thing again. We're, we're and dealing it's very disappointing it. because yeah. I'm t- I'm, we should have something. Like Cheshire knows – where the brain is right yeah. now. We could have had a tire out. Yeah. The fact that we had one moment where before Roy woke up after he took the bliss, he saw the brain yeah. in his head where it said like 15%. Yeah. Because of that now moment, he knows like where two to or go. three issues ago, I know where to go after. I'm like, no, you don't. No, this you don't. And if you do, somehow if you are still got that connection or had that connection at one point, the brain, the brain is already smart when, when you start. 
now hyper genius, but even at the point where he's still trying to gain some intelligence, he still was undercover. He still was trying to, you know, you know, cover his tracks. There's no way that he he would know and be able to not have this happen, but it has to happen because yeah. at this point nobody knows where he is, and he's been so clever with not letting anybody know. Basically, just telling Mala continuously, "Hey." Nobody can track me. Nobody can track me. And then it's basically the deal. And I guess it's supposed to be the kind of the funny deal where nobody can track except Roy, who was a junkie and then got the drug. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, maybe I should be a junkie from now on. That saved the day. Now he's off. He's doing heroin. Oh, my word, Eric. He's doing heroin again. It'd be funny. Now from now on, every time you see – I know where the dragon is. I just can't catch you. Every time they're like, oh, no. Uh, I gotta call Roy. It's Green Arrow. Let, call Roy. I gotta find out where Count Vertigo is. Wait a minute. Let me tie my arm up. He starts injecting oh, heroin. I don't know where he is. And <laughs> he just passes out. Now he's dead. But yeah. Oh, uh, I'm telling you, we had a perfectly reasonable thing. I love the, like, the whole thing with Cheshire, how it looks like Roy yeah. killed and stuff like that. But we have a reasonable way for them to find out where the brain is, to throw this out of nowhere. It's been disappointing because yeah. we had a reasonable way to do it without yeah. this nonsense. And, and I mean, you could even go against script doctor deal. You could have even had why even make you could have made Cheshire more of a sympathetic character where when Roy is about like she sees because she has feelings for Roy, you yeah. know, and things that then she realizes that she's kind of gone too far on the wrong or way. Even and if, then we wanna, knows if we want to show our hand at this point, because, you know, Mala's going to come and try to say, yeah. help them out because the brain's gone over the top. Yeah, that's all. The, we know this them. is happening. Yeah. We know that that's going to happen where Mala will just show up and like, oh, no, please uh, save the world. But also please save the brain because he not know what he's doing. Aaron, that's Allison. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what did you give it? Donna, I really like the art in this, and I like the story still. I like the fact that, you know, we have this Titan story. It has been a really focus. We do have to deal with the Justice League because we have to get Donna back in the mix. Yeah. So it is cool to see, like, you know, we have the Titans to spend, and we have the brain taking control of the world. This is a Justice League, like, you know, type situation. Throwing that them out of the way but focusing on them, it, it makes sense. It yeah. does subtract a little bit of what we're dealing with. Because of all these things, though, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I actually – I could gonna, go a little bit – I could go I'm a little bit lower. I'm going 6-5. I'm going I, six I, I, five, I can so. go a little bit lower just because I wasn't even thinking until we started talking about how that wraparound like, – I was connected to the source. I yeah. know where he's at. My yeah, it's the same it. thing. Uh, but, the, the deal is for me it is a weird thing that you you have such a Just League-focused story in a book where it's ending. And you know yeah. this is the end of our Titan story until it comes back then in a couple months. But with that, you have it where – it just points that there was going to be a story, not even just this one, but eh, who cares? Let's just and not end only this that, I'm and telling you, go. How, like, I like that the Just League is involved because we need to have them involved for Donna Troy and what's going on with the world. But what happened to Dick and Wally? They got their asses kicked. Fuck know, Roy, yeah. we're out of here. Yeah, and the whole thing is it seemed like what the story was going to go towards would have been – because really the, the whole background of this – is that the Justice League shut down the Titans. They shut them yeah. down. They have Don up in the Watchtower. They have everybody there, uh, you know, spread out. And I thought, like, okay, we're going to get this where you're going to get Dick and Wally, and they're going to prove themselves by winning the day here, and that's how the book would continue. But because it's not continuing in that way, you kind of have a wonky deal where I think, oh, well, we'll just throw Roy out there. We'll do this and that and have a Mala in the brain story. Like you said, the ending, the hero, we're pretty sure, is going to be Mala. Yeah. Who goes and says, you know what, that he's gone overboard. He's, he's, you know, the power that he has now, this isn't I want him. my baby he, back. And basically he's going to say, like, please, uh, you know, don't hurt him. 
He doesn't mean it. And when we're done, you're going to arrest him. Please arrest me too and, and let yeah. us have a cell together. And then, then I'll have my old mom. And you'll have the brain like talking about how he had it all, Eric. Something like that, which is funny. I because had to just like on the ropes. It's the same. It's, it's the same thing also that, that we're getting in Red Hood that we're going to talk about in the next section with Smarty Pants Bizarro, where, you know, this is just a really amplified version of it with the brain. It really, you know, it accelerated and got out of hand very quickly. But yeah, with that, I still like the art a lot and I like the idea of it. But yeah, I'm just going positive, but I didn't mind it. But yeah, we're going to go off now to some mail and see how that that treats us, Eric. You know, the, the mail. Mail. Waiting for you to say something like, what the hell treats us? I tell you, I'm having some problems. But we're going to go off to the mail, and we'll be back with that in a second. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with you. Yes, it is mail with Jim, and this is mail section number one, uh, the first of the mail sections, Eric. That's what the oh, number one you. means when I say mail section number one. And if you want to get involved in the mail and become part of the show, the star of the show even, uh, it's easy to leapfrog over Eric. You only have to email oh. us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and we read each and every email, much to, again, Eric's chagrin. Is what goes on. And this week in the A lot of shit talking this week. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of shit talking indeed. Uh, you should have heard me when you're not around. Yeah, this week there was a lot of talk. Uh, because for some reason it came up about that time that, oh, I know why it came up because I mentioned it last episode about the oh. time that I read that hour long email and maybe lost a friend, Eric. Now I will tell and you. Your mind. That will, I will tell you that maybe this week that friend, friendo may have gotten a hold of me and, but that'd be a lie because he did Uh not. But, uh, so people went back to listen to that and then you had brought it up that, oh, we should bring male robot back. So if we have a long mail, what we would do is go on. Well, actually, I, I have to keep up the mirage and the charade. We would go to male robot. robot and we would insert the mail. And he would do the mail for us. He would read the mail. And so a lot of people said they missed Mail Robot and wanted him back. And Eric, we're men of the people. And yeah. so we have him End back. We have Mail Robot back. So I want to tell everybody, I want you to welcome Mail Robot back. Mail Robot, how have you been doing? I like the killing. But there he is, Mail Robot, Eric. He likes That's the fun. killing. Uh, what else uh, do you like there, uh, Mail Robot? What do you think of Eric? Fatty. There you go. It's Mail Robot. It's just this like, is not Mail Robot. It's like he never left, Eric. I can't believe it. Segregation Rishi. Yeah. All right, now, how robot. dare you sully the good name of Mel Robot? This is a wrong <laughs> well, turn robot if it's here, anything. Here's, here's what happened, though, Eric. During the week, uh, I tried to get Mel Robot. He, he asks for too much money. He, he'll come to the show. He doesn't come cheap. So I had to kind of go use our resources. I mean, you have a Patreon account for a reason. It's to make a wrong turn robot. That's Obviously. what my goal in life is, to make a wrong turn robot. So I got a hold of the authorities, uh, you know, some, yeah, some, specialists, some specialists, some 
specialist, and I had them make us a wrong turn robot. Though I think that we might I, – I have a little thing. We're going to test to see – if the wrong turn robot is real, Eric, and basically the only way that you can do that is to do a little quiz, right? You have to quiz the wrong turn robot right. to make sure that it is legit and is I guess kind of that sound. I don't know what we're talking is. about anymore. Are sure. you with me? Is that how you do it now? So I'm really going to set up. It has to be accurate because I don't think wrong turn robot would be good without accuracy, Eric. So we're going to have a little game. With a theme song, Eric, here we go. Hello, Weird Science. Hi, this is Brian. This is the World Comcast. Wrong turn, that ain't right. 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 Wrong turn. Yo, bitch, how you doing? Does this rhyme? Ah, uh, yes, Eric. The the classic theme because this is the wrong turn uh, robot. I, I would before we get started though, I would just like Matt to know that is not me. <laughs> What's that? What? What isn't you? Oh, yeah. Matt was asking if you were actually wrong turn. <laughs> he is. But yeah, I, I ended up when wrong turn came in the mail, he arrived in the mail. I needed to see if, in fact, he was an accurate wrong turn robot. So here's the quiz, Eric. We're going to play as we do usually. You have to give the answer that you think wrong turn would have given. And uh -huh. we'll see if wrong turn robot does the same and if, if he does then we're good then we keep wrong turn robot if he's bad then we're gonna have to send him back for a little repairs a little upgrade so here we go what is your favorite football team okay what will mail what will wrong turn robot say his favorite football team is if he's wrong turn uh the 49ers obviously okay let's see 49ers there it's, it's already it's already accurate Eric. okay here's the next what question. is your favorite band okay what is your favorite band now, obviously, if he's wrong turn, it, it, that is all up for grabs, It could correct? be anything. Well, let's see if what he answers I'm with. I'm going to answer, it, though, floor Georgia line. Okay, now I have to spell out this. Pretty, I, I really, I really want to make sure that everybody realizes, especially since th this bit is kind of, it might fall flat. Eric has no <laughs> idea what I was doing here. I did this all on my own, so he has no idea that I was even going to do this. And this is, this is, I just have to say that because here's the answer for Georgia line. <laughs> all right, for Georgia line. So there, it's pretty accurate so far. Here's what the, are you afraid of? What would wrong turn robot be afraid of? <laughs> what would he be afraid of, Eric? I, I would have to say a lion. You say a lion? I, I want to stress that Eric had no – can you can you tell them that is accurate? I mean we are not I faking the fun. No you had no idea we were going to do this. You what brought did, it up right before we started. Like, what, what did wrong doing? turn – yeah, I just said we were going to do it. What did wrong turn robot say, Eric? A lion. <laughs> A lion. So it's it's dead on so far. Here's the, the next. Wrong turn robot has to realize I know my wrong turn. You do. Well, so did the people who made wrong turn robot. The next question, Eric. True or false? Tuesday. True or false? Tuesday. Well, I, that's obviously true. True. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> who are your favorite horror movie characters? Who are your favorite horror movie characters? What would they okay, be? Okay, so this is a plural here, so it's gonna oh, be more than one. So it's gonna be it's gonna be the Wolfman and it's gonna be Letterface. Okay. Uh any more? You think he might oh, have more? God. I'm giving you a little hint, but uh, hey, it, oh, it's over. But you're you're still pretty good. Here we go. Freddy Cougar, Letterface, Jason, and 
The Wolfman. <laughs> the Wolfman. Okay, now, to end it, I mean, this is something like, obviously, we do know our wrong turn, Eric. So, to end it, uh, I had to ask him the, the, the kicker question here. Who is your favorite band? Okay, oh, something we already asked. Now, if, the, if it's wrong... He's definitely going to say for Georgia Line again, which you would think a normal robot would. What do you think he'll say? Poison. Uh, well, here we go. Kid Rock. Kid Rock, oh. Eric. It doesn't matter that you didn't get it. The, the basis of that was it had to be different. I think he passed, right? You think that the wrong term robot passed? Are you going to allow That robot him is rightfully retarded. He is rightfully retarded. Fatty there mm. see it works on so many levels because when i told them i also told them listen we have a lot of sound effects too is there any way you can set these sound Not effects only up? do we need a retarded robot but we yeah. need something that can i do need sound, sound effects effect. well, well basically what i'm saying is when when wrong term robots here i need them to be a jack of all trades yeah, so I, I told them like listen usually if we have something that goes right or we have a list we have this we have the ding right so i told them that and this is what we got i like it better Ding sound. Ding sound, Eric. See, he's very literal. The wrong turn robot. Uh, he also like say somebody like a uh, Lou Hollywood. He likes the Price is Right uh, horn, right? The Price is Right losing horn. There, the All Price right. is Right losing horn. It works in so many levels, Eric. And that is it. There's my there's my bit. I worked way too long on just to make you laugh, but I it worked. Uh, mission, mission accomplished. It is the mail. Uh, and like we like to give a shout out to all the Get Fresh crew. Shout Ooh. out. Poop. Poop. There you go. He's a little blow jaw. We're going to start off with J-Men from Half Moon Bay. Hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? It's been a long, way too long since I've emailed in. But looking at the reviews on the website, it looks like I'm not missing any potential Eisner-nominated content coming from D.C. No. Uh, unfortunately, you, you might, because who knows what they're going to nominate. Although I still collect a handful of DC ongoing series, I have little to no time to read comics. My sort of works from home making less than a tenth of what she would be making if she had a minimum wage job. But hey, she is raising our three-year-old son while I'm working my ass off for 50 to 60 hours a week. That oh, sounds Jesus. like he's complaining and throwing shade, Eric. The show, the new show Krypton is one of DC comic-related things I have been keeping up with. Have you it's guys good. watched the series? Yeah, I really have so far. You have. I haven't watched it yet. So you have, you're our expert. So far, I think it is pretty awesome take on the Superman mythos that we have yet to see in any DC entertainment. I just don't know why we it. have, like, Adam Strange instead of Booster Gold. Yeah, it must be some sort of rights or something. I Probably. don't know. Comic book or otherwise. This got me thinking. Dan Jurgens, he he doesn't come cheap either. Uh, this got me to thinking about some of my favorite DC stories and what made them so special. I love when creators elaborate on an already well-developed world, and especially when they successfully bring in new characters to the fold of the well-established DC characters. Kind of wish Tom King's Batman run would end with Bruce waking up in a shower and realizing that the entire King run, minus the I Am Gotham storyline, was simply a dream. Patrick a Duffy And yeah, Patrick Duffy coming out and like oh my god jr wasn't shot smokey <laughs> was the bandit eric or better yet the bruce wayne from batman white knight tells the king bruce that he is from a failed timeline the king molded uh batverse along with king bruce's or king's bruce are slowly fading away uh, oh no hyper back to the future now the real batverse in prime earth is the batman white knight reality we need some more stories in the ongoing dc series like batman white knight and the show krypton that's all for now keep up the good work and see you in the sevens j-man from you, Half Moon Bay, Eric. See you on the seven. See you on the seven. Thank you, wrong term robot. The next email is from Jeremy. Dear Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the wonderful Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Poop. Poop. 
Greetings from the UK where the weather is weird. It's, it flows so well with that robot, Eric. The oh, yeah. traffic is horrendous, but the chips are particularly fine. Now, you also have to realize, too, the other reason I had to get the uh, wrong-term robot is wrong-term was not talking to us this week. No. Or at least they were last Friday when my wife complained that I hadn't been spending enough time with her during the Easter holiday and told me that we were going out for lunch to the most expensive fish and chip place in town. Oh, my goodness. He got on his, his tails and top hat and went off to the fish and chip shop. Eric, who gets? Uh, so I did what all any self-respecting husband would do and went along, ordered the cod, and tucked in. Sounds like some some <laughs> sounds like some code, some code that goes I on. Know of. I'm telling you, that's code that goes on at the rest stop. The humble chip is a wonderful thing. I love French fries, but there's just something about a proper English chip: fat, hot. Golden brown. Uh, uh, my ears were burning Other a little. Stuff going on at the truck <laughs> tell you, stop. I'm telling you, my, my ears were burning for a little until the golden brown. Fat and hot, yeah. And gloriously tasty. And the cod was awesome, too. Boom. Batter <laughs> so light and crispy. Flakes of pure white fish. Damn. Do you know why I'm banging on about food in this email? Because I'm hungry. Why this am I hungry? This email is sexy as hell. Yes. Because the same wife had decided that we had to go to the most expensive fish and chip shop in Southport on Friday has now decided that we're on a health kick and that I should be eating rye bread and Philadelphia, the cheese spread, that is, not the American city, not a million miles away from you guys, nor the rather poignant Bruce Springsteen song of the same name and so corn chili. And it's so funny that I guess that in, in the deal, they've taken the Philadelphia cream cheese and just call it Philadelphia. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Because we and in my obviously mind, is, that, is that healthy, the Philly cream cheese? It's not, not particularly, I wouldn't say. Uh, but the, hey, you have to have something with your corn chili, Q U O R N, corn chili. And oh. there also, it's funny too. I wonder if Jeremy thinks because it, it would be something that I would think that since it's called Philadelphia cream cheese, he probably thinks that they made that up there. And like we have no, you know what I mean? It's like some fancy name there, but it's not really a product here or something, but it, it certainly is. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I, uh, I don't like enough. cream cheese. I'm not that big of a cream cheese fan, but I like it on some things. Anyway, comics. Comics are good, except when they're not. But I'm not going to talk about those kind of comics right now because I've just read Deathstroke issue 29. Bloody hell. As Christopher Priest, sorry, Priest, did you know, by the way, that there's a fairly famous British science fiction writer called Christopher Priest? Oh, I know of that uh, writer because when this – and this is a funny thing. When Christopher Priest was first announced on his first book at DC, I was all excited telling Eric that I had read all of his (laughs) sci-fi books and then realized that I was a dummy. I wonder yeah. if Priest knows that too. He asked to. I believe like one of the things was the prestige that he actually wrote. The George R. R. Martin of comics. Well, okay. He's more reliable than Martin, but he has the same knack of completely buggering up his characters' lives. First, there's poor Tanya, stuck in some weird interdimensional limbo with her namesake. Do you think that somehow he'll, he'll resolve that, or do you think that's come and gone? Do you think he's just I, forgotten we, about that? We have to come back to that. We really do, because yeah, not yeah. only do we have Power Girl at the stakes here, but we have the secondary Power Girl Yeah, but the, the weird thing here, is, like, is we've we, actually we seen the Power both. Girl. We, I know it's in Harley, but I think there was another book that Power Girl was actually in the background of. And she it, was I, in Green Lands. Yeah, you know what else she was in? I think that she was also somehow in the background at one point of possibly that Birds of Prey. When they, I, I forget, but she just no. offered to betray. I thought thought that she was one panel because it was all the ladies and she was just there but never mentioned or anything. And that's what I thought. But maybe that was the Green Lanterns when she was cleaning up there. We Weren't they just cleaning Supergirl, up? Power Girl. Yeah, it's nonsense. So she's in continuity. So maybe Tanya's never – 
uh, her Christian principles uh, with pulled the plug on her trans-dimensional travel machine because she he thought she'd killed herself. Then there's Rose finding out that while possessed by the spirit of an ancient assassin, she killed her half-brother's fiance. Then there's Tara becoming actual actually vulnerable and a bit human only to find out that Slade wanted to react that way so she'd be easier to take out later on, which she is. And finally, Slade finds out that the voice in his head has been speaking to him the last few issues is literally just a voice in his head. Hell of a comic. I wish Jericho would get off that roof, though. He's been up there for two issues now. He'll catch a cold if he's not careful. Speaking of catching things, I've been catching up on some Dark Knight's metal, but I'm not far enough in just Red Issue 2 to have much to say about it other than I don't like Capullo's Justice League. And I know he's a great artist. I really do. I just think they look a bit odd. And I might just might be beginning to see why Dancing Mike doesn't like Snyder. I get it that this is a Batman-centric book, but Batman is being extraordinarily pig-headed in this series so far, and he's really beginning to annoy the hell out of me. It keeps going. That said, I do like the main premise of the series and the designs of the dark alternate Batman are awesome. I shall be delving into the one shot shortly. Well, that's uh, me uh, done for now. so much to go. Yeah, I hope you guys are okay and that Eric's He-Man and Transformers collections continue to grow nicely, that Reggie well, never are. runs out of inspiration for his songs, and that Jim keeps doing what he's doing. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Much love, as always, Jeremy. And thank you, thank you Jeremy. Jeremy. And the next mail is from Ruben. And Ruben, Ruben. says, hey, hey, Jim and Eric, Priest Justice League continues to be a guilty pleasure, but I'm ready for no justice in the Justice League books that follow. Priest Justice League was never as good as his Deathstroke, but it made me laugh at least once an issue, and there was always something in it that I wanted to talk about. In issue 42, that something is Deathstroke shooting the fan. After reading Deathstroke 1 to 30, I think it's really out of character for Slade to shoot the fan in front of the Justice League, but maybe Slade thinks that in Red Lion's country, Red Lion's rules apply, and Red Lion isn't going to hold Slade responsible. If if Christopher Priest does what he's doing, it's going to be explained somehow, but the problem is he doesn't seem to be writing that way at Justice League so far. I know it's a small sample size, but it did seem very odd. But it might have been Christopher Priest's kind of funny way that he has, like, fuck you, you're, you're you know, shutting me down? Yeah, I'm going to resolve this and I'm just out. shoot him. Yeah. Giffen style. Yeah, it's very Giffen style. Still, it was strange that Priest showed Slade avoiding killing that drug kingpin who owned the aircraft carrier that he commandeered for Red Line in front of Superman and then had him off the fan in front of everyone. I hope Priest addresses this point in his final issue. I will say one thing. I know it's near the end of the issue, but not much of a reaction anyway. So I don't know what's going on. He, he, maybe, he was reading the room. Eric, he, he knew that they, they were at a conundrum of what to do with them. He solved their problem. You speculated that Red Lion pickpocketed the fan, but I think the wallet is the Red Lion's wallet. Slate has repeatedly said that he doesn't do much for free, and he's holding a fistful of bills in that panel where he shot the fan. Red Lion probably had the fan killed as some twisted favor for the league, providing the distraction needed to recapture the country. Problem is, Red Lion seems to be dealing mostly with just law, and you know, that whole thing. It would be odd that he's kind of helping them out. It'd be odd. And but it'd yeah. also be odd to be able to pull enough money out of one's wallet to pay for Slade to kill somebody. Well, he's going with the fact that earlier in the in the series, Red Lion would kill those guys, and he's like, okay, what do you got, a dollar? All right, we have a contract. Yeah. I think that – but Red Lion would be a guy who has a lot of money, though uh, I've heard that it's all in Bitcoin. 
Eric. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to issue 43 and then the future. Me and you both said we don't understand Bitcoin. I, I have no I idea. Seem, I seem to think that Bitcoin is involved in gold and World of Warcraft. That That's what I think of it as. Like if I, have bit, I have. if I have Bitcoin, I go to pay for something. I go and get my coffee. And when I pay in Bitcoin, I have to pull up an app that's a game. And in the game, I have to buy the coffee, kill seven trolls, and then I get my coffee. So we I don't all live in Ready Player One world? That's right. Or, you know, World of Warcraft. But, oh. Yeah, he says uh, – I then, saw Ready Player One. I never played World of Warcraft. Yeah. I hope Priest shows that uh, he had a point for Jessica kissing Batman. Simon and Clark finally get lunch. The fans accomplish is apprehended. The Trinity reconciles and that the League does something to prove Deathstroke's dystopian view that heroics are foolish is wrong. Uh, I also thought it's funny well, because every time, every time I hear or read Simon about that, but we're supposed to have lunch. It reminds me because there used to be a commercial that I'd hear on the radio that it was a dating site called Let's Do Lunch or Just Lunch, where it would be like the dating site for the professionals. And instead of eating lunch, you know, you go and do other things. And yeah. I just keep thinking like he is big on apps. I, I'm not sure. Like next, a farmer will just show up. He was on the Farmer's Love app or something something like he's big on those apps so uh but yeah i worry that's it going to be it's going to be rushed ending that doesn't resonate but at least we have no justice look forward to regards ruben he says p.s shout out to the badasses who voted for jla for the patreon spotlight pps <laughs> shout out to jim for reviewing isola number one on jim's other comic book review podcast that book never would have been on my radar and it's a book that appeals to my sensibilities i nice. hope you'll review issue number two next month he's trying to live my life now eric and that books it deserves all the attention it can get and yeah i'm telling anybody who even had a like if you were a fan of the gotham academy book and like carl kershaw's art you should get this iceland number one and if you like any sort of mizaki Miyazaki, that uh ghibli studio ghibli is that how you pronounce it I anything so. from them uh yeah you should go check it so out so this is not a book for eric shea is what you're no it me. isn't i i said it on the thing this is a gym book I, I said today in the in the news podcast there is a Lumberjanes L, uh, OGN coming out, and I said I don't hear a lot of people talking about Lumberjanes anymore, but that's a gym book as well. It, it's all these like little kids books. I just sit here and think to myself what OGN was. It's so funny, yeah, really. It's so funny because uh, I get on the podcast, I curse like a sailor, but at the heart of a twelve year old girl, Eric, when I go with my books, that's how I like my books, all ages and that sort of thing. So there you Gross. go. But curse like a sailor eric but that's it for mail number one and um, we're gonna go back to some books i was around but now it's hated because i replaced it grayson the upper battle i'm facing they even had a pole to kill me Got thrown off to Africa And Joker beat me up with a crowbar He went a little bit too far Killed my mother and me Bruce said he kill him, but he never does I'm Red Hood and I'm not well And since I died My life is hell Got his invitation and I'm still waiting i never get on that painting You could probably get on before me 
team with Artemis and Smarty Pants Bizarro. They'll probably change it tomorrow. They put me back with Arsenal and Joker's daughter. Damn you! And I hope that, Eric, I hope you don't have any missteps in this section because oh, this, God is a, pressure. this is a heavy Eric Shea section here, starting with what? Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 21, written by Scott Liddell with art by Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini, and Taylor Esposito. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. I, I have my breath. finger on the trigger. Oh, God. Uh. Artemis <laughs> has discovered Bizarro's secret kryptonite cache, and, and then... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even last a sentence. Artemis has discovered Bizarro's secret kryptonite cache, and we spend this issue with her telling Bizarro that she'll be there for him, and that they'll always be friends when she totally shuts him down from kissing her. On the Red Hood front, we see Jason stealing more of Penguin's money and just straight up pissing him off. The issue comes to an end when we discover that Bizarro has no interest in giving up his special K. There you go, Eric. There you go. Congratulations, my friend. I don't like to be put on the spot. As, as Post Malone says, congratulations, Eric. Yeah, here we Does go. He? We have, we have, yes, he does. He sings it as well, if you can call oh. his singing, singing. What he needs to do is sometimes take a shower. He looks a little smart. Gross. But, uh, yeah, we have here Red Hood and the Outlaws, Eric. I gotta get back in the mode of not talking about Post Malone. Uh, and we have had the issue with this whole series where I even gave it to you because we just don't get a lot of forward momentum. Uh, you don't really get it that much I, I here really as well. I really feel like we used to get a lot of forward momentum compared to when we hit the Smarty Pants Bizarro arc, which just keeps know. going on it is and on. Odd, we though. move an inch in the story. It, it's so odd, though, is that's why I gave it to you because I kept saying that we're not getting because we kept – remember, we kept kind of – we we did do the MC Scat Cat a lot in this, two yeah. steps forward, one step back, where we'd have a couple issues and then we'd go in a flashback to Artemis. Then yeah. we have a couple issues. Oh, we're going ahead again, and then you have the issue where Jason almost put a, a cap in the back of Bizarro's I'm sorry, that, that little one-shot, I am just begging for the days that we had Black Mask yeah. and the fucking Bow of Ra. Yeah, yeah, and it's – but it's just, if you remember, now we're with the Bora, we have to go back in time. Yep. Then we have this, then we have that. And, and we kept doing this. So I actually said to you, you're enjoying this more than me. You you can take this. You can review it. You love Jason Todd. And uh, yeah. And it's a funny deal. It's kind of a, a weird way that these things have worked out where, you know, Jason Todd is one of your favorite characters, you know, one of your favorite Bat characters, especially. Yeah. I'm a Nightwing fan. I'm a, a Dick Grayson. We wanted to mix this up when Rebirth started, and we ended up – I took – basically, this was the back and forth. I took Red Hood. You took Nightwing to mix it up a little. 
in we're all back. the deal. Yeah, we're back. We ended up back anyway in different ways and whatever that we, we know it works for us. Why do we all, even try? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it did lead back, but I don't know who got you. Definitely got the better end of that little deal. Not oh, that I'm that just was looking the at this trade. first page and the art alone. I'm yeah. like, I got the better deal. And I'm saying that's not exactly what like all the trades were or whatever. But in these two deals, you definitely got the better deal, though. With this, I still would have been angry about this progression. I probably would have been a lot more negative in the reviews because of that, especially if I'd been reading and reviewing it on the site. It would have drove me nuts. Now, the problem I'm saying here is – and it's not a problem really. I realize that as long as I have some fun, I don't mind because you don't get a lot of progression here. But boy, the Jason Todd stuff in this issue made me laugh so much. Texting Jason Todd is hilarious. He's there. I'm telling you, him doing the and, and the the best part of it is I can only think like I'm not gonna say that Jason's dumb. I'm not gonna say he's even the smartest Robin, right? Yeah. Why doesn't he have a, a cowboy hat on? Why doesn't he is not play? He looks like a hipster, but he talks like Yosemite Sam, and it makes me laugh. Even thinking to the point where he didn't go with enough of a disguise. I, I have a bolo tie as um, well. It makes me laugh so much where he is just screaming and yelling, "Hooey!" And these the phrases, yeah, drop my drawers and call me Spanky, woo-wee, I love this place. <laughs> and he's just yelling and he's winning all this money. And in the wraparound, basically he's just there to launder his money that he stole from the penguin in the penguin's At casino. The casino, yeah. And yeah. That that's not a very smart plan, and it makes me laugh that he's not only there with a crazy plan. Even says to himself as it's going so on, bold. "Am I am I going so am I am I going a little too heavy?" Yeah, well, yeah, he is making a spectacle of himself in <laughs> something that he's doing to try to keep low key, and he can't help it, and he's full in. And the thing is, I uh, it's it's one of those things where you do he does want to like you know launder the money and be low key to a degree. Yeah. I think he also just wants to shove this in Penguin's face. Yeah, I think I, that he too. does want to be caught. But I also think that he – I mean even at the one point though, it's funny because then he even kind of pulls it back a little with the dealer and the guy cashing out like, hey, man, it's not your money. Woo-wee! And he, he's so he's so happy about it. And it makes me laugh then when he does get caught because – and even then, he still – I'll give him. He, he he still goes with it because what – and we'll go back to the beginning even starts with Artemis and Bizarro. But it's this whole deal of him gambling and having so much fun. And he's there with this lady who ends up being you know on the take from uh, from Penguin, Penguin and her dad. It's the wraparound as her dad is being held or he could be killed because of debts and you know she's doing the favor to save her dad and leads you know Red Hood right to the Penguin. But when they open the door, he's like – Oh my goodness, as I live and breathe, ain't you the penguin? And he's, he's still going with it, like, oh God, while you live and breathe, I know you're Red Hood, shut your mouth. Shut and up. It, it made me laugh so much. I really, I wish that he would have just one more page, just for some reason I wanted him to go even further. What'd you tell him, Red Hood? I tell you, the thing is, too, with this whole idea, like I've done it, there is hardly any forward momentum going on here. No. Even the stuff where half the issue is like, you know, filled with yeah. Red Hood's nonsense with the oh. penguin. I love Red Hood. I love the Penguin as a villain. Yeah. We don't get enough of Penguin going no. on, especially like normal Penguin, not Harley Penguin and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, oh no, this but is this, real Penguin. 
I just love Red Hood just going out of his way to fuck with Penguin because I get two of my favorites right here, and it is so oh, satisfying. It makes me laugh so much, and, and I, I'm telling you, it makes me so happy. These, this, uh, you know, Yosemite Sam, uh, Jason Todd, and because I, I also think in my mind that he really, really thinks that this is like his version of Matches Malone. Oh like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's my greatest disguise ever. They'll oh never my god, know it's me. I, I'm sitting there. All I can imagine is putting this on. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on this one. Woo wee! All right, we're having some fun. Slap my ass and call me Nancy. And he's doing all these things. He's like, Bruce would really be proud of me right now. And he thinks that I, I wish that at one point that the best would have been. And if they're not going to do it, it's too jokey. But if they had somehow the feed from the Iceberg Lounge, there's Bruce looking at the back. He's at the back computer and he has this feed uh. just shaking his head like, didn't I teach him? And he's like, Jesus Christ. It made me laugh so much. But at the beginning, it starts out. And this is good enough. Uh, but I want more. If you're going to not go uh, forward in the story that much, give me more of a, you know, rootin' tootin' fucking Jason Todd. Cause that, cause the other <laughs> bit is that we left with, uh, Bizarro kind of finding Artemis. You thought maybe he might kill her in after this. She, after she had found his kryptonite stash underneath his bedroom. And, you know, they don't call him Smarty Pants Bizarro for, uh, you know, no reason, Eric. He really plays the sympathy card right away. Oh, yeah. I have a, I have a problem. I need your help. Uh, you, you don't understand. I need to do this because once it, it's one of those, like, once you fly first class, Eric, how are you ever going to fly coach again? I mean, you are a man who eats steak for lunch, for Christ's huh. sake. How are you going to eat grilled cheese now? Eat There's no dead. way. You can't go back to that. Eureka! There's no way you're going back to that. Your, your monocle's going to pop out, and you're going to see you have grilled cheese. And you're like, oh, I, I guess it's grilled cheese. It's like uh, Logan down there. I guess we're a fork family again. Uh, <laughs> but with that, you know, he doesn't want to go back, so it makes sense. And Artemis, you know, she wants to help. They really like him. And that's the whole deal. But really, all this is going to be is he's saying this. He's saying he's going to get rid of all this, but he is acting like an ass. He's manipulating artists for the entire time where he's trying to talk about, I can't go back to being the dumbass bizarre because when I was that, it was okay because I didn't know any better. Yeah, I didn't know. Now I do. How the hell am I supposed to go back? Yes, I am going over the line by, you know, submerging myself in the synthetic kryptonite. I need this, though, because how can I go back to that? How can you let me? Go back to how, I can't go back friends. to grilled cheese for for lunch. Exactly, I've had steak. and I'm telling you, it, it takes it too far. Where Artemis even calls him on it, yeah. she's like, "Enough, I, I'm tired of your speeches and stuff like that and your manipulations." Because yeah. he is manipulating her this entire yeah. time with all the sympathy and <laughs> even the wraparound where he's like, "I'm telling you, I think even the kiss, which was the oddest thing, That's where he so leans weird. in to go kiss he her, he leans in and to I, kiss her." And it, she shuts him down, but even that, I think, was like, all right, he just made things really awkward. It's time to wrap up this whole friendship. We don't, I'll be there for you a bit because you've gone too far. All yeah. right, I promise to change, Artemis. Thanks for being there. Going to go back to my crypt tonight. Yeah, it's even, it's so funny because even with that, like, you never really get the idea that, like, oh, I, I wanted him to say, like, yeah, that's a crypt night. Yeah, I'll get rid of that next week. And it really, but instead he has inhalers. He has, you know, yeah. the crypt night inhalers. Because I'm saying, even Artemis, like, you like, look, we're, we're going to end this whole thing. We're going to go back down there and you're going to smash it. And the whole thing, too, he is just smashing these giant goddamn canisters of yeah. the stuff. And I can just only think, it's running out into his bathtub. Yeah, it's running, or he's gonna do what he did before and lick it off the floor. We've seen that on it, you know. So with that, you get the idea, like, he has, you know, he kind of manipulated, you know, Artemis, and I think that he's also, He's genuine in a point when he says that, you know, look, I was this dumbass. I didn't know better, but now I actually, 
I can go anywhere I want, and it, you know, mentally as well. You yeah, know, yeah. there are the mysteries of the the there's omniverse. Nothing that's unlike, yeah, you know, there's I know everything I can't now. And and the weird thing about this is, we actually thought that the big thing was going to be like earlier when we talked about the brain and Mala. Uh, I thought that it was going to go too far. Like he was going to get almost like Mala, where he was going to get too smart. But in this, it really, yeah, and really in this, it's spelled out where they're even talking. And Artemis like, oh, well, when did this start? When did you start devolving like this? Immediately. Like he says, immediately, this is what happened. So I have to keep doing this or uh, it'll end. I, I have to. So I, I, it's more of a maintaining now, it seems, than trying to get smarter, which I thought they were going with. And it's a weird progression to me because before – we thought that with the smart Bizarro, he was losing like – he was losing the humanity even though he's Bizarro. But right. he was always that – you know, he's he's like a, you know, a dumb, stupid guy. And with the, with a being smart – yeah, He's knows? a dumb, stupid guy. But when he was gaining this intelligence, he was starting to be a little more evil. He's starting to be ruthless where I thought at the end it was going to be like, you know what? I'd rather be stupid and, and nice than to yeah, be mean and smart. Like the smart turn. Getting, like I said, it'd be more disconnected from humanity. Yeah. But it which doesn't isn't the seem... outlaws kind of thing at that yeah. point. Like, well, with the things he was doing, even the things he is still doing to maintain he is, this like yeah. secret, he is being very disconnected from humanity to the point where he's doing all these underhand shit to maintain his yeah, fucking. Yeah, uh, that's his the problem. Pants. Is to me, he's actually acting like, and they even say like, "Oh, look at these people here. They don't know this." And Jason really loves these people here. To me, he's actually they're they're playing the card of he's actually not disconnecting from humanity. He's acting just like them because now he's manipulating. Now he's lying just like normal people. Uh, and it's weird because when they say that whole thing, like, oh, I noticed right away that I was starting to you know not be as smart, so I had to do that. I thought that was a weird deal because we thought that it was going to keep going and going. Like I said, like the brain where he'd get to a point where he would completely lose humanity. This issue just kind of gets away from that a little, I think. But we'll see how it, it works out. Yeah. Uh, in this, you then have the little bit of progression with Jason. It's a weird deal, but I like him uh, having uh, a little deal, a little talk with Alfred. Uh, they're having sitting a sitting in you a know, diner late at night or early yep, in the morning, having a diner, wherever it is. Alfred's having his coffee or tea, and uh, you have Jason there. He's he's uh, drinking his choke and, and eating a burger and fries, which he likes. And yeah, they're like, and, and even with the whole I deal, know, it's a can of cola sitting on the table like that. Where do you choke, get that? Choke. And uh, you have Alfred's like, oh well, I see you at you know, will we see you this weekend? <laughs> you know, no, he's not going to be there. I'll brunch, see you yeah. Sunday for brunch. I can't yeah. imagine you will. Yeah, yeah. So he's not going to go. So maybe really he's not on the like, painting for a reason, Eric. He's I'm a dick. He's, no, no, he's not a dick. He's a dick because he's not on the painting, so he's <laughs> not going to go to fucking brunch. Chicken and the egg, my friend. Who knows but, what was I first? Just, he is still sitting here at a diner with Alfred, which I'm sure he initiated. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, and and it's cool. I like seeing that because he's really actually like going to Alpha Prevs. Like, look, I mean, am I really making a difference out there? Am I just trying to march the penguin off a cliff? Because I can. Sometimes I wonder if I'm just part of the problem. If we all are, it's like. You think? Well, if you come up with the answer, Master Jason, you can make sure to tell the rest of yeah. us. And in the meantime, like, what happened was – Yeah, and what happened was Penguin was going to kill him, and then Jason's like, you don't think I have nine plants? Like, I have nine plants to get the out of here. Goes off. What's and this? Number seven. That's number seven. And then the just puts his red – Yeah, he puts the red hood mask on and just jumps, jumps out, the out the window. That's all he does. So then he's there with Alfred, and I'll yeah, he's you, talking it's about – not much with it. I it's like fun. him fucking with the Penguin, though. Yeah, like so, you said – 
He's marching the penguin off a cliff yeah. because he can. He's yeah. got nothing better to do. Yeah, he's just bored, it seems. And Zara's kind of, taking care of the rest of the time. That's what I was going to say. This do? is the problem in the book. He kind of is bored because of all the progression you're wanting is from Bizarro. But in this, Bizarro is brushing his teeth then. Yeah, Pup-Pup's there. You know, all right, we did it. I'm proud of you, big guy. For the first time, I think we really got a handle on this. And then you see in his little, you know, medicine, medicine chest cabinet. there, he has inhalers of the synthetic kryptonite. And uh, you you have basically pup pup go oh no not again and oh, for the love of Ralph, done it again yeah and then uh it ends then with what appears to be artemis going in oh, to get a you, talk to lex there you did What's miss a, a big thing because the, the one inch of things going ahead because you know we have this whole thing where we want to get uh, uh, uh bizarro off the kryptonite and that goes nowhere because yeah. he has a secret stash like any junkie would. Yeah. But after Alfred leaves the diner, we have Faye Gunshot, oh, yeah, yeah. the, the granddaughter of Ma Gun, who said, like, my grandmother, she said if anything happened or if she ever went missing, to give you these. And it's the yeah. secret, like, it's the hidden, like, uh, letters from Jason's father, which Bizarro's been trying to keep from Jason this whole time yeah. for some reason, even to the point where he has shrunk down Ma Gun and put her in a goddamn yeah, glass it's true. bottle. The thing is, what's weird about this, it's not even, like, like I don't... This part of it never really intrigued me at all because it's not just Bizarro that held those. Those letters are from way, way before. Oh, like, yeah, they were when kept he was from him before. So yeah. all I can think of, yeah, he'll be mad at Bizarro, but really to me... It would just be, um, why did my gun not show me? Uh, what a piece of shit. And then, and then, Bizarro, I'm saying, there's like, got to be something in these letters. No, though, it it only can mean to me Jason. that it's going to be that he's alive somewhere and wants to say, or it's a, a something like, what would it be? Because these letters should be 10 years know, old. And they are. And I'm yeah, very that's curious what I'm saying. to find what out would what Bizarro, like, I think that it's basically, it's all going to lead to something as little as, Bizarro thinks that if he reads these letters and maybe finds out Jason's dad here or there or another place that he's going to break up the outlaws and now he doesn't have his friend. I just think it's going to be a friend thing and I think it's going to end up with Jason Todd just saying to Bizarro, oh, come on, man. I'll always be with you. You know, come and help me. And I, I don't think there could be anything from his childhood when he was in before even Bruce Wayne deal yeah. that could be something that would be against Bizarro. It's just that, you know, he's not letting it be seen, but it'd be odd that it would be something other than just, I was afraid that you'd go looking for him and leave me behind, it seems. But we'll see. Maybe it'll go with the whole deal where Bizarro has already found something out and he doesn't want Jason to look into it because it, it ends up bad. I don't know. But don't know uh, it just, the whole whole idea of it being those old how old they were and they were in the the uh what were they in the, the wall. wall when they yeah. found him it just seems like that's a weird thing for anybody to get mad about bizarro but we'll see we'll see how that goes what'd you give it well i'm saying i just want to reiterate that at the end we do have Artemis yeah. show up at lex corp a corp because she does want to talk to lex about what's going yeah. on with bizarro yeah. it seems yeah. Yeah. but yeah. i so gave this issue a up. six out of ten and while you know i really do enjoy the jason fucking with the penguin bit the whole Bizarro thing has gone on way too long. And like I said the last issue, it's outstated. It's welcome because we're not really getting anywhere with it. It's just the same thing over and over again. But I love the art so much. I'm telling you, this is the best art I think we have at DC Comics right now. And every time I open this book, it brings a smile to my face. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really like it. I'm going to go uh, uh, more puzzle. I'm going 7 out of 10. Uh, I'm also going to kind of go with the idea that yeah, I'm kind of you know reserved or resigned to this is what we get. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is how it is. So if there's something that I like about it, and boy, I love that Jason Todd stuff. Oh, it's so I fun. I really like it. And even the idea of the manipulation with Bizarro, with Artemis, I know that it's nothing that we haven't seen. Yeah. But it was that when he went in for the kiss. and then creepy. When he went in for the kiss and she stopped it, I could just imagine after that he went off and he was on a, a you know instant messenger. Actually, he's back on AOL, Eric, and he's right. talking in a chat room about how people don't see him for the beauty. From within, he's one of those sad sacks. Why, why can't, girls ever go why the, can't the girls love me? Uh, but yeah, I, I felt that that was good. So I'm going seven out of ten. Uh, it the was pressure, so awkward. The pressure's back on you, Eric, because you have another deal. So are, am I going to flush you? Am I going to, Eric, keep you? I, I don't know. I was going to say I was going to go to the pub. After this, will I keep you? <laughs> or crap you? <laughs> Back on the Birds of Prey, number 21, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson with art by Raj Antonio, Marcelo Maialo, and Seda Timofante. In this penultimate issue, the birds go after Calculator and his crew once they discover that Peniche may have given up Huntress's identity to the villain. And for some reason, we're also dealing with Black Canary being scared of her power, which is out of control now, too, but at least she destroyed Burn Rate. Yeah. Oh, Eric, I'm going to keep you. Very good. There you go, Eric. There you, you go. Thank you. Uh, this issue has some major problems. Monkey. Some major problems here, and I heard word of them before reading it. I read it tonight for this, and actually I'm going along, and I actually kind of forgot, and then we get to this part where, yeah, there's there's word bubbles within like a two-page span that they're in the wrong place. You have people saying like, hey, Huntress, and it's Huntress saying it, like, yeah, don't worry about it, Babs. It's Babs saying it. I mean, it's really off, and the problem it with really it is... It really just throws you off right away. I, I'm t- I couldn't I couldn't pull myself back in that well. well I I'm really sorry, the, the worst part about all of this, I have no idea whose fault this is. If it's Seda Temafantes or not, because she is the letter. But this has happened a lot in the series. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, and it does, and it's really odd uh, with that. And but after that happened, I just I couldn't get back in, and it wasn't like I couldn't figure it out. Uh, but. I just kind of I, – I thought basically if you're not going to you know, do the deal, then I'm not going to. And that was – you know, I have to admit that it really it, – it ruined it for me. But even that, the story didn't seem that interesting. It seems like they're tying this up uh, just to get out. And then they're going into Green Arrow, so Green Arrow shows up so they can I, have I, I just, him in I'm there. I'm just looking at this one panel in the beginning when they're trying to figure out what they should do because you know, Hunters could be a target – by the calculator because he has Finiche who's probably given up her identity. But like we have in this panel, Black Canary and Barbara Gordon. Like you said, you're a target, so you can't leave this clock tower. We'll be back. But they're not talking to Huntress. This, this is. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, yeah. you know, Barbara Gordon says to Black Canary, no, same goes for you, Babs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what yeah. I know. yeah. That's what I'm saying. You have these deals where unfortunately it, it's you have people saying things that are against the other person and the, and it just it really but the overall even then even with the art which i'd like the art enough but even at that point where it was really odd where the, the things go wonky everybody looked like they were zombies out of nowhere and then started talking I'm like was this gonna be something different because everybody was just like staring with these wide well, eyes okay and- look at black canary's face what is wrong with her eyes so it looks like she saying. just did a line of cocaine yeah that's what i'm saying it's almost as if i could tell you and make up a deal that some shit really went wrong that like somebody was mind 
controlling him and they or, thought they were somebody oh, else. The thing is, even Barbara Gordon, she's talking about where Blackbird hypnotized me and she gave up here the hell in his, uh, like involuntarily. I'm like, you all look hypnotized yeah. at the same goddamn yeah, point. Did somebody do. like not read the fucking, uh, the, uh, the, the script right? Yes. They started drawing hypnotized I, I just, people? Yeah, I just think that when they got the lettering and all this, that people just, I, I, things went wrong. I, I don't know where this is. I don't know how this can happen and get through this many people. I mean, the Bensons themselves should get the copy where they kind of go over it and see what things are okay. Fuck. Then you have the editors. Then you have this. And it all just happened through. And like I said, it's almost like I got to that point and I wasn't really enjoying. I have enjoyed this run more than more most, than me, I yeah. think, and more than you. Uh, when I got to that, I was just like, well, you know what? <laughs> I can't deal with this. It really, and it got me so upset that that sort of thing would happen that I really kind of checked out a bit, but the the whole deal of this though it's like I said it's not that interesting it's more of a setup deal uh where you have you know the whole deal is is Huntress's mom gonna sell her out and sell out everyone else and we see well, we see immediately though that Blackbird has mind control of Kaniche and she has given up Helena's identity yeah yeah and, and she, yeah she has and with that does that lead then by the end of a mind control of Huntress to let up who and and really who the Oracle other really is. and that's the other thing that. I I think that if this was done a little different, it would have been better if maybe Barbara on the sly had started being Oracle, quote unquote Oracle again, was keeping. But the whole idea of this is basically like, well, there really isn't an Oracle now anyway. Yeah, Barbara Gordon is the deal, but y- you could have this whole story. It doesn't even have to be about Oracle. It could just be who's Batgirl. And then the the whole thing is it's all resolved by them just showing up. With a picture and going, uh, you already killed Oracle. Smell you later. No, Gus, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't believe you. We're not done here. <laughs> like, well, on really? top of that, I'm telling you, we have this fuck. We start out with, you know, we've realized that Fenice has been mind controlled yeah. to give up Huntress's identity to Calculator and the rest of his crew. And then we have the whole idea that we are all right, Black Canary. She's going to go out. She's going to go after Blackbird by going to the old dojo because they have, you know, uh, history now because she was part of this uh, uh, an arc earlier in the series. And when we get the Green Arrow to show up because she needs help, so he immediately flies from Seattle, I guess, yeah. across the country to come help because that's a quick thing you can just do. But we go in, and it becomes a Black Canary story out of nowhere where she is all upset because you know Black uh, Blackbird was able to help her use her powers to bring them to the fullest potential they could be. And now she's afraid to use them even though we have used them all this time in between the Blackbird and this arc. And even like when she goes to Blackbird's dojo, she looks at a broken mirror and is like, Mom – are you there? No, of course not. You're not there. And then she yeah. cuts her finger. I'm like, what happened to this yeah. goddamn story? Like, yeah, why I, I, are we I, dealing with this shit? And the whole thing is, this should be a hunter story through and through. We're not like, I, I guess you could say, well, we need something for Black Canary to do yeah. because we have the whole idea. Calculator is looking for Oracle, who is Barbara Gordon. Fenice's yes. there, so you have the connection with the mother with Huntress there. So we need something for uh, Black Canary to do. So now since Blackbird's involved, oh man. I'm afraid of what my powers can yeah. do now, but it just feels so forced and out of nowhere. And then eventually we just get to the point where, all right, I've got an idea. You know what we're going to do? Uh, sit, like, uh, burn rate was sent to Huntress's apartment. So obviously the calculator knows who Huntress is. Huntress blows up the apartment. Burn rate gets away. I'm like, we're going to contact calculator and just tell him we're going to give over Oracle's identity. Yeah. All right. And then we show up at TerraCare. Because it seems like this is the greatest hits of everything we've oh, dealt with yeah, in Birds well, of Prey so it's, far. We're, we're getting, we're ending the victory it. Victory lap, but I know. the problem, the victory lap is really odd here. 
Uh, and and I'll just stop you for a second. You can go on because I'm telling you, at one point I, I checked out. So I'm sure. glad that you're going. You're taking the, the helm here. Uh, the the problem I have also, yeah, Blackbird, right? Yeah, there's the greatest hits. I don't know that everybody's been reading this whole deal, and nobody's going to know her power. And, and with that. In this, there's parts where she's doing that deal where she's canary and she's doing – and I, I, I guarantee you some people got confused because they wouldn't know because they just kind of jumped in recently yeah, yeah. or whatever. And there's never an explanation of the powers. Yeah, we know because we've been there and we know she is. It's not like she's the biggest villain that's ever lived. I mean there are times when you have the scarecrow show up in a book and they give you a little bit of a heads up. I know. Like, oh, watch out. You know, his fear toxin. Like you get a little with – but she just shows up and then out of nowhere because of – of the crazy dialogue that was mixed up before, there's the part where basically you have two canaries, you know, looking at each other, and uh, you, I should have told you better. I shouldn't have wasted my time with you and all that. I think that it would have confused people, but with that, it confused me at first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, did something happen? Especially in uh, shame, I let it go to waste. No, and I'm like. What's going on? Did they mess up again? And it's not. It's because it's Blackbird. But I, I, I really did think that at first yeah. they did mess up yeah. again. But like I'm telling you, because of how we left it? things and the, the thing that we dealt with was, you know, oh, Blackbird, she can mind control people. I had actually forgotten that she had taken a lot of powers from a lot of different people and that she could shape shift like that. So when she became Black Canary out of nowhere in between paddle, but what the fuck just happened? Oh, okay. That is something that did happen. But yeah, we're not going to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, that, that whole deal of this, then I can only think it's such a weird thing because if you end this series, the series is ending. The Benses are ending it. They're going to go off to Green Arrow. I can only assume that we're going to get a little more Canary. At least yeah. at first, we're going to get a heavy Canary. It seems like some Something in this is going to lead to Canary not having her hyper scream. Uh, it's just weird that it's spelled out. And like they think that they have to put that away in the toy box because they can't have that going on over in Green Arrow. And there's, because I can no only wonder reason for her to you don't I mean, have to do not, that. Not uh, if you that, went like, to, you can you can have Black Canary do a bunch of cool things with her goddamn scream. You don't have to have it to be this out of control thing out oh, of yeah. nowhere to suit your story. And that's what I'm saying. We've been dealing with yes. the sign. Yeah, she's been fine. And that's uh, the other point of it is they don't explain uh, what's her name, Blackbird, which I thought was weird, but it's fine with the canary cry because that's been so long ago. I forgot. I forgot that she – so if, if you're going to do this and go off to the Green Arrow book with Canary, nobody's going to call you out and say, oh, Benson's, you forgot about that extra scream because when you see the scream, the scream's the scream. All they'd yeah. have to say is, oh, no, that's what she does now. It's a little stronger, you know, and, well, and saying, she well, can she control can it. it. How she wants it. Yeah, exactly. so you have a deal where, like – Give it, give it to her, pretty bird. And the next thing you know, she blows a goddamn fucking boat out of the water. And well, they're like, oh my god! But it's it just why, why do this out of nowhere? Like you said, just to suit your story at one point, and then turn it back around so that you can give the super cry to kind of save the day, but almost kill every. It just, I don't know why that became part of the story. Is I don't what know I'm why saying. either. Just and not so only weird. that, but the whole idea where a calculator break. Like we're talking about four things here. The whole idea that Calculator broke Blackbird out and Fenice. Blackbird, yeah. obviously, she can mind control people. Yeah, that's something you can yeah. do and has a bunch of other powers. Fenice, it was just for her mob ties. The whole Huntress yeah. thing, that was an added bonus. So yeah. when we actually do get a whole thing where we have to get the idea that we're, we're, we're going after Oracle. This is our whole point. This is why I brought all you people. I'm going after Oracle. We have the GCPD outside of freaking, you know, Gotham City Hall because of this 
this crime family has taken a bunch of hostages out of nowhere, and it's all because Calculator got Fenice to get a hold of this crime family so Blackbird could mind control them into taking hostages so they could find out who Oracle is. Yeah, It is yeah. such a convoluted wraparound. You, you don't need it. Why yeah. do you need to have a That's crime family yeah. to you fucking don't need be it. doing this? This it, you have a mind controller. That, that's all you need. Like it's yeah. weird. Yeah, that's all you need. You do not have to go through eight other steps. I mean, cut the middle woman out of it and just have you, you know. You don't have to break somebody out of it. Like, and it. also, that's we have to explain why we broke Fenice up because we need to have this whole huntress wraparound. But the calculator doesn't know this breaking around. So, oh, she's involved with them crime families. You don't need that aspect. Yeah, yeah, no. And really, all of a sudden she gets broken out and then all the crime families just bow to her to go? No. no. It's so cut and well, dry. That's why I imagine like, oh, you, you got the phone numbers of all these crime families. You got to get us a meeting so Black and Bird can fucking hypnotize them. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to me. It really is like the, the focus and on getting this. But this kind of mob heat. All, Come on. Uh, yeah, and all it is is to get her mother involved. Uh, there's no other reason – uh, with that, and then at the end, you have it where, you, like you said, the calculator is just there, and it becomes so silly of the "here's your oracle," and no well, way. The, the it's like it is, doesn't right, even look, matter, right? Calculator's the, up. Calculator's up the game. So what are we gonna do, Batgirl? We're gonna give or we're gonna give calculator what he wants. So they set up a meeting at TerraCare, which we had before, is run by Poison Ivy. It is run by like owned by uh, Gotham Queen Energy, owned by yeah. Batgirl. So. We meet up here. All right, who's Oracle? You killed him. And this throws a picture of Gussie No, that's not right. And then we just have a big ass fight where Poison Ivy and Catwoman show up to join the fight as well because yeah, we're all friends. Yeah. And they just because it's a greatest hits. That's the yeah. only reason. And then, uh, then go, this fight takes place before Batman number forty one and yeah. Damage number four. Yeah, and all it's right. so funny that the funny thing about that is is that I actually thought that. What they were doing, like what I actually thought is the opposite because having this happen before actually just goes right along the lines of our – yeah, it goes right along the lines of our argument that Ivy is helping and now all of a sudden she goes to Batman. If this actually – what I thought was happening before I read it was this happens after and basically just wiping everything out. Nah, you know, you're nonsense and that wouldn't make sense either. But it would have been – Benson's, you've been trying to be a, like a team player and going with what Tom King's doing in Batman. He's not going to give you the same respect. So to say fuck it and do your own goddamn thing, don't worry about what Tom King's doing. Poison Ivy's a hero here. Have her be a goddamn hero. Don't reference her, her becoming yeah. a villain again. And that's what, what, like I said, I thought that Tom King was doing that and basically all the work that the Benson's did now is thrown under the bus because it's now that Tom King made her a yeah. hero and she went off from a hero to be a hero in this book. But it basically goes right back to what we thought and were arguing before. Uh, you know, that, that's what gets me upset that, okay, we're just, you just told us this. It doesn't matter anyway. We assumed that all this happened before, even the end. You know, the story yeah. was going on. I don't think in my mind. Now, yeah, yeah Ivy could have went off. And then, you know, did this, whatever. But I wouldn't have assumed anything. It's like oh. saying in the Justice League, this happened before Batman did this and that and the other thing. We've already realized that Tom King, he, he does his thing the way he does and it doesn't matter. You know, so why even have that? It seems yeah. very odd. And it seems like it's trying to make people happy, but it's not because it's the wrong route not of going. anybody happy. No. So, and in the end, I like the art. Uh, but... It just – the story – just having the messed up word balloons right there 
is, uh, you know, the issue. It's the biggest yeah. issue. And even when uh, we come down deal. to it, we have, we have all these characters. We have Green Arrow, Catwoman, Poison Ivy joining the Birds of Prey for their big fight against what I'm calling the Birds of Prey Revenge Squad. And it all boils down to Canary being afraid this whole time until she unleashes this hyper Canary cry, which destroys burn rate, but also tears apart the goddamn building and seems to hurt all of her friends as well. Besides her Huntress, who's already been taken by the Birds of Prey Revenge Squad. And for the, uh, Blackbird is mind controlling her to let her, so she'll tell her who Oracle really is. And that's yeah. where we end our issue. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And that's like, I, I don't know. I want it more fun burn rate so we can laugh at that. But really, uh, there's just, it's a shame. It basically, this is what happens when books are going to end. You, you have a lot of this nonsense where things are kind of tied up quickly in weird ways. You get a lot of these victory laps, as we yeah. talked about. And just Let's having... grab all the characters we've used yeah, in the series yeah, so far. just having, like, even having that Ivy and, and Catwoman, Catwoman show up to save the day just is odd. Just have your team. I mean, I'm telling you, I wouldn't even mind if we go and we end with... You know, we end the issue where you had an issue where they're just sitting talking about what they're going to do and kind of, you know, we're friends and have the, if you're going to have a victory lap, then just do it. Don't sit there with who's, like I said, my whole idea of this is who's Oracle? Who cares? It doesn't even seem like in the book they really care. It seems like such a side issue. It because, and really the Bensons to me, Tell us that that is a side issue because really the main issue is the secret identities of everybody, not just who Oracle is. And it just seems like they're they're not interested and they're ready to go over to Green Arrow. So, yeah, that kind of upsets me because I have tried to say how much I like the book and I think they're getting better as writers. Uh, this issue just takes a weird step back. and It's just the whole arc in general it. because I'm the first oh, like, issue of this arc, I think it's the best thing they had ever written in this series. It's just now we have to freaking, you know, get everything that condensed down so we can tell this, like, final story. And it's just going to be rushed at the end, like, every other time. And we have to have all these characters thrown in where nothing really just feels right. Because I'm telling you, we need this to be a Batgirl story who's, you know, also Oracle. We need this to be a Hunter story and a Black Canary story. And the Black Canary story is so out there and out of place, it just makes the whole issue feel weird. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so that's the craziness. What would you give it? I gave this issue a 5.2 out of 10. Mostly that is art because yeah. I'm telling you, this story I just think is nonsense. And I really like Raja Antonio's art or Roja. But like the, the whole word balloon things being off in the beginning. I like the idea of the, you know, bop revenge squad is now yeah, called yeah. the bop. The bird of revenge the bop. squad. I like it. It's just, it's just not being as big as it could be. Yeah. And it's a yeah. little bit disappointing. And I like yeah, that. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. 5.2 5. out of 10. I'm going to go. I, I don't want to give it a fuck you five, but I I have to. I really I do. almost went there I have because to. of the goddamn because of the that, lettering. Yeah, the lettering. I have to. Somebody has to step in and stop this. We saw it. Oh, oh, I know you can't do it. Once the review copies went out, it, it's done and done. You know what yeah. I mean? But I was hoping somehow it was just like the, yes. the review copy sometimes, it was. Yeah, sometimes, though, we do get a review copy that is actually from a month before, yeah. which was like the you know the editor's copy and things like that. And yeah. It, it, but it wasn't because you even said, you know, I have some problems. Maybe it's a review copy. It was not. And then and I actually just, checked the preview pages where these are right there on the preview page. Like, nope, yeah. it's going to be in the uh, actual Legi- issue. Legitimately, I'm not saying somebody should have gotten fired for this, but somebody really should have been yelled at. I hope Seriously. that somebody got really yelled at. And then I went to the Bensons, both their Twitter pages, thinking that at some point they'd be like, hey – you know, we're, we're aware there was a little snafu with the dialogue in this issue. We're really sorry. It's something that slipped past us, whatever. 
No word at all. I, I, no. I really thought so. And then I look at, at reviews and they're not saying anything either. I'm like, what happened? Like, where are you reading this and not realizing that at one point Babs is like, yeah, you know, Babs is right. She better go there and, and go there. I'm like, no, no, they, that doesn't make sense. So it was upsetting and it just leads to where we say we, we think that most people at the moment are asleep at the wheel and let's no. just point it right out to it. And it does happen occasionally. This was multiple things though that oh, really threw that, me it, off. It has happened throughout this series and it's yeah. bothered me. Like, wh- why is it like this has been happening over yeah. and over again here? Yeah, and and the weird deal is it's not. This isn't like I'm telling you. This is not. Uh, you know what was uh the immortal men where all of a sudden you have timber say something and unfortunately when they were doing it somebody got something mixed up but didn't know. Hey, I don't really know who Timber is. I'm just letter. These are really big characters, and they're yeah. saying their names, and they're saying things, and, and say, somebody should see it, but they don't. But they don't, Eric. So there you go. Uh, we're gonna move on to the last book of the section. I, I'm going back to where this was because I want to find out who the editor is. Uh, oh, I Katie love. Kubert. All yeah, right. no, there. I think there's actually oh, there's three two. editors. Rob yeah. Levin, associate editor. I think there's editor. three. Because I saw. Uh, I thought I and saw. And Jamie S. Rich, yeah, group yeah, editor. Yeah. How many editors do you need to fuck up? I mean, really, how many how many editors does it take to screw in a light bulb? For crying out loud, uh, this is nonsense. But we're gonna go to I'm the like next issue. An angry tweet later yeah. on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want. Don't uh, know. Uh, it it gets me. But we're gonna go on to the next book, which is Sideways Number Three. We're gonna continue that New Age of Heroes tip. Uh, with this, and it's written by Dan DiDio and Justin Jordan, art by Kenneth Roqueford, Daniel Brown, and Carlos M. Manguel. Sideways continues by focusing a lot of time on kill speed, which is fine, except someone needs to lend her a hand. And ah. an arm. And an arm, Eric. I will admit, ah, she better put some elbow grease into that one. You better keep her at arm's length, Eric. Ooh-wee. I will admit, I'm starting to like Derek. It's getting worse and worse. <laughs> But this, hey, why don't you? I, I don't know. Uh, I will admit it. I'm starting to like Derek, but the story seems to be going against its own rules already. And how in the hell are the writers already having trouble filling out an entire issue? You have Dan DiDio oh, and God. Justin Jordan on this. Justin Jordan pretty much seems like he has the story from Dan DiDio. He's writing this. But where in this point where we're the third issue of a new series – and you end up at a point where you've run out of story that you have to have, you know, yeah, what, what is it called? What is it? What is it called? We'll get to it. It even has it. It is basically to me a refresher a, course and a redo of the new 52 news that we used yeah. to have, because basically it we're going to I guess we're going to get this occasionally because really what it is, is his kind of. You know, Instagram page thing that it kind of plays, but it's not because he's letting a lot of secrets out. Yeah. So all it is is him breaking the third. He's breaking all the, the walls. Wall. The fourth wall. I said the third wall. He's I breaking heard. the fourth wall. But why? Like, why is Step this book becoming this? It's a refresher course of what you've read so far in the first three issues of Sideways. Yeah, and it, even in that, it starts out with them like, "Whoa, wait, we got some time here. Whoa, yeah. it's been a crazy ride so we far. We've had some fun, boys and girls, yeah. but let's talk serious yeah, for a we're minute. We're at issue three. How the hell are you getting to a point where your script, like, y- y- you can't even get the pacing right and the deal where you well, don't want to start the next deal to, you know, you know give us a cliffhanger. Is, right? I'm telling you, the weird part is. There's a lot wrong with this this issue yeah, in general there because is. not only do we not have enough like page like story for a complete issue for an issue no. three, 
But we have a lot of stuff going against continuity in other yeah, books. Yeah, that's what I have, said. It's already going against its own rules. It, but really the whole is. thing is, I, I just want to point this out. Yeah. We didn't even talk about this beforehand. But when, uh, you know, when Sideways is done fighting Kill Speed and we get back to the hospital and, like, you know, his, her, his mom, mom's being discharged yeah. after she was injured in the whole hospital thing, he's with Where the fuck is his father? I don't know. That father has disappeared. disappeared. Since the first issue. He's getting a pack of smokes, Eric. That's, that you don't realize that he went to Central City to get the pack of smokes. He went, he went to Coast City. He ain't coming back. I don't know. It's weird. Like they have really, there's a weird, this is what I'm saying. The rules in this book have changed in a weird way because we'll, we'll say at the end of, the end of the first issue and going into the second, the big thing was, Tempest was Tempest Fuginot who had showed up and said, who are you? You're using your abilities in a way that can't space be. Space and time. Space I, I, and time is being destroyed. Bullshit. And we thought that what this was going with in, in a weird way, that Tempest was going to end up being this really odd, possibly a mentor even. Like, oh, well, you're Something. saying that. Like, you're just a child. I don't understand. Maybe I'll teach you. But he was there to pretty much kill him. He was going to yeah. kill Sideways because he was fucking too much with these powers, which with time-space continuum was being completely out of, uh, you know, out of whack. He got put in the hospital because he did escape from it. He ended up jumping and falling off that deal. And, and as himself. he was falling, he went through the rift. And then we really were told, like, when you hit water at this speed, it's like hitting concrete. And he really fucked himself up. So he yeah. ended up in the hospital. Uh, and they, you know, from there is where, unfortunately for him, up. Kill Speed showed up because they were taking her in the hospital. She kind of broke free, was fighting people. And then he, that's why he's in the gown. That's why this is going on in the meantime during that. Everybody got knocked out conveniently, uh, and he went off to fight, you know, kill speed here. But the problem is, number one, we're going to spend a lot of time on kill speed's background, why she became what she did, and why she is more of a sympathetic character than we would think. Also, and through in that the process, fuck up the Flash's goddamn yeah, continuity. Fuck up the Flash's continuity. Fuck up the Flash's timeline. Really, the the spacing yeah, oh and time God. of it. Also, but in the in the positive actually really shows you that Derek is a good dude. And yeah. you're getting this idea where I all of a sideways. sudden – Yeah, I – and that's where I thought you were going when you were talking earlier that all these problems – there's a lot of problems that we're going to talk about And still my favorite second. issue, I think. I, I, it may not be my favorite issue, but I like Derek. I, I still am kind of off on this book in general, but they've done a good job of the first step. I like Derek. And so from here – you got me liking that. I'm not saying I like Sideways because I think he's a little willy-nilly still, but I like Derek. So you've done that. You can get me now. That is going to be the you know what you grab into, and I can right. go from there. Because what happens in this when he's fighting Kill Speed, he opens up more rifts than we have seen in the first two issues. He's he opened up more rifts than he's ever opened before. Yeah, at the he's same ever time. opened. Where's Tempest Fuginot? We, he's no. already been there. It's not like he defeated him. He no, escaped even him. Even in the first issue, we see that Tempest Fuginot doesn't even have to be there. He talks no. to freaking sideways through whatever yeah. means he can. Where he follows is he? Him throughout. There's no fucking talk from Tempest. There's no showing no. up from Tempest. He's just not there. Fucking sideways got away. Oh, uh, better yeah. luck next time, I guess. Back looking, to the Tempest yeah. Fuginot homeworld. At one, at one point, you can almost guess 
that there might be if it goes in a full circle around eight, nine riffs because he's using them in a cool way where he's opening them up as almost like each of them are screens from a different deal. He's going to open up riffs all over the place till he sees her run by and then go yeah. through that one and get him. Cool, cool idea. idea. It's really yeah. cool idea. Uh, but you've set up the last issue to really have pretty much the biggest stakes that you can have in a comic book that if he opens one more riff in my mind, he's dead. Well, not only that, but I'm sorry, we ran out of story this issue, even though we had a cliffhanger before where, like, that rift stayed open and that black ooze came out. Why can't we fucking deal with that? that? Yeah, is that what Tempest Fugitives? I don't know. Like, why are we doing this? And in my mind now, because by the end of this, you got, you have that, uh, can we say kill speed? She went on a diet. She lost some weight, an arm. Because what are we going to do from here? Do you think she's going to be the, the one arm bandit throughout this? I think she's done. So why spend this much time? I know it gives you a little sympathetic deal of her, but also of Derek. Shows like, oh, Derek he's a good guy. He's a good guy, yeah. But it's not that much. You can do it different ways. Shows you some and, cool stuff he can do with his powers. Yeah. Actually defines a little thing how the edges of the wrists he opens are Can indestructible and fucking and, hard as steel. Yeah, they're hard as steel. Like, so I, I, that's a cool aspect. It's cool. I don't aspect. Know how it works, but whatever. And I thought kill speed would just uh, ankle broken or severed fucking foot. Now, I mean, it's just going to be that story <laughs> that you said of the severed hands coming up on the shore, uh, because it's just odd where you go, and and basically we'll go right into it where they they it starts out and they're fighting. They are fighting. She's like, you know, leave me alone. I'm going to get the fuck out. I smell you later. I'm I'm out. And that's where he looks and he's going to try to see where she is. Uh, he tricks her too. At one point she's going to run into him he sets up a rift she runs into a car stuff like that it's cool you, you get yeah. an idea uh but then she gets away and he's going to use you know the deal with when he gets her and knocks her down all of a sudden and, and really she's this villain you're setting her up as a villain i i couldn't even say that half of this isn't a lie you know what i mean you don't yeah. know this but you're assuming it's true she's doing this because she's going to die she has cancer and then you go back a couple years ago during the Speed Force storm, and now we uh, have yeah, – we have, and this is the problem is, yes, Justin Jordan's writing it, but Dan DiDio has his hands in this. He should know better. You know that, comic book time, yes, Dan. Because Come on. Ti- the, the timing is pretty much exact. Two years since Rebirth started, that does, Boy, not, mean, that does not mean two years from the Speed Force storm because no. that was the first arc of rebirth for the flash don't go that just say you, did you hear about that that storm that speed of course storm? you did when the speed yeah. force storm hit central city bam you're good bam yeah, you're good that's all you have to say oh back then when you don't have to tie down the time it is a nitpick of ours but it just it, it does bother me now that you pointed it out uh and with this she's like oh well the speed force storm you know sometimes you're gonna avoid lightning but sometimes you know it doesn't avoid you or whatever and she gets hit now now we're saying She's a speedster. Uh, And you see this. And yes, there was a point where they did have a lot going around. And even in the Flash book during that, there was that concept of, hey, not everybody's good. Not everybody has shown up uh, to the speed. The the, the Flash Academy. Yeah, the Flash Academy and things like that. But when that was resolved, when that whole deal was going off, it pretty much was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge that Avery was pretty much the only one who left. Yeah. Without it, you would have thought that by this time you would have had Joshua Williamson dealing with the you know Flash Revenge Squad. Oh, we didn't ask for these people. No, it's pretty much. Plus, you get an idea that Mina 
is a speedster who can track them. Why wouldn't she have done that? Uh, why? And also the others, Wally, they can sense the speed force deal and they don't. So it's just weird. And even right away when she gets the speed force powers, she immediately starts robbing ATMs and shit like that to try to get enough money for like, you know, to go back into treatment for her cancer. And it is for treatment. Exactly. I'm telling you, she, she's doing it because, you know, for, I can't say good means because it's kind of selfish. It, it, you know, no, she wants to a, live. I, it's I a guy it's coming from. Yeah, it's a guy stealing bread for his starving family. Exactly, he's still breaking, still breaking law, the law, but he's going to do it for that. You would think the flashes would get involved. Is all. Yeah, yeah, you would think, and you would think that something would. Have, so just willy nilly throwing speed would freaking single yeah, her out to steal yeah, her power to steal her powers, and so willy nilly, you're just throwing a speedster in here without really saying she's a speedster. I even said to you, I thought maybe they said something that kind. No, no, no. She pretty yeah, much is. Speaker. And then you know, and and so basically, he feels bad and you know knows what's going on and like, hey, I can help you. We can do this. Uh, and that's when the police show up and just like you know, freeze. Uh, you're done. He's like, oh, you know what? She's down. It's okay. No, no, you too. Uh, oh oh my goodness. So he ends up opening a riff and goes through while he had. You know, the uh, kill speed with it. And when he went through, the rift closed and severed off her arm. And, oh, God. It, and he's laying there in this park. He's so happy and looks over and sees the severed arm. But yeah, then go on because I get a call there. All right. So, so right there, kill speed seems to be done because even though, you know, she, she may be arrested by the police, she might be bleeding out because she has a severed arm sideways got away. Yeah. And at this moment in time, even though this is his first superhero exp- experience, He's gotten away, and that's good enough for yeah. him. Yeah. So then we move on back to the hospital days later, where his mother's now being discharged for her injuries that Kill Speed caused. And it's pretty much just, hey, uh, she gets a call up, and her company, like, hey, is your son still interested in that internship over here? Because, you know, Dark Star Research Internship, we've got a yeah. lot of interest, and we see that, like, whatever this company is, the Dark Star Research, somehow they have a camera on on, on uh, freaking Derek yeah. and he rifted in with Kill Speed's yep. arm and in the knows park that he is and, and things yeah, like and that. And knows yeah. that he has power. So we're really interested in having him in here. So as soon as you can bring him in, that'd be great. Yeah, and, and in this you have a couple deals too where you have like with great responsibility comes a lot of baggage. And you have yeah. these – because this was the, oh, I see. you. This Spider-Man was the Spider-Man. Bug, yeah. So they're kind of poking fun. I told you there's an editor's note that drove me nuts because it, it really pushes it towards like a Keith Giffen S thing where two buses are going to hit. He uses a riff. They kind of go and it's like, huh, hi, it's the editor again. We had a little disagreement of what the sound effect was best for a bus hitting a riff. So instead we decided to let the art speak for itself. You can Use come up your with your own noise. I'm like, ah, screw you. I don't care what that is. So you're going, but the problem also is where we say the rules and yeah, the whole Tempest Fugionaut thing not being a problem. Very odd. The other thing that I have is that you had – they were in the hospital because he was hurt. Yep. Derek was hurt. Then all of a sudden, you have a huge battle where you know, you're getting – buses are hitting. You're, you're getting thrown and whatever. And then the wraparound is just that the mom was hurt now because – I get that. But why isn't he even hurt at all anymore or anybody wants to look at him? Uh, be, and then goes back and why it's it just to me is so odd. Like that's just left aside because yep. you have to get the mother out. And now out of nowhere, oh, I guess he wasn't hurt. Or the he, father's but, MIA. Yeah. And then there you have that as well. And yeah, you have all this. So 
I like Derek. I said it. I, you know, I'd keep saying it. I like well, him. You, I like Derek. But I don't even the whole like like, book irrelevance of the superhero thing, where he is the superhero, and all at the end, he like, yeah, oh my god, I, there's a separate arm, but like, I'm just happy I got away. Yeah. So, like he is not the classic. Like, no. oh man, I got powers. I'm gonna be like a, a do-gooder now. Because the whole thing is, with great power comes great baggage. Like, he's not all about this. He will do it, it seems like. And, like, he's just not the the average kind of superhero where he just gets powers and he's going to be a good guy. He is a good guy. He is a good guy. Like, he's not going to go out and try to be, like, a superhero right away like that and and go after evil. And I like that idea as well. It's different. I think that that's why that kill speed is thrown in as well because she got it and then just started stealing, though it was for a good deal. And you see, basically, I think you're just supposed to go, like, well, there's Derek. He just wants to make YouTube videos, so I guess yeah. he's good. The issue that I have, too, that I'm looking at it with uh, old kill speed. You have him there, and it's like, ha, I don't care about that kill speed. Just happen to be free of her grip, and there's the hand. <laughs> but yet when they go back to the hospital two days later and things like that, there is no kill speed even mentioned. She's not well, anywhere, so I can only think that she's gone. I, I don't yeah, know but why. The thing is, too, I don't think we talked about it, too. For some reason, I did like this aspect as well, where the Speed Force Storm did give a lot of people speedster powers at the beginning of the Flash. I like the idea that she was going through leukemia or some kind of cancer, I can't remember, yeah, and going through treatments. And when she was hit by the Speed Force Storm, it actually made her metabolism go to the point where every time she accessed the Speed Force and used her speed power, it actually made the cancer grow more in yeah. her body. So the more she uses her power, the more it's killing her. So she has nothing really left to lose at this point, well, but she is going to die. Well, the and funniest like thing is you like the aspect. It's fine, but really let's put it under a microscope. She got hit by the Speed Force. Uh, which when she uses Speed Force powers, it metabolizes too much, and then the cancer gets worse. She only used them to get money to get the treatment, so basically it didn't mean anything, and the, those powers were nonsense because she went to get the money for the treatment, then went in and found out, and basically they told her it's inoperable now. You, you're done, and yeah. that's where she's going now. So basically there's no, the no, monkey that's, paw. That's, the thing, but, that's the thing is, no, I just like the aspect that like – not all of these gifts that were bestowed to people, you know, shit like that, who became speedsters, not all of it was good. Yeah, I, I would have rather if she, I mean, in a weird way, if they could have had it, something happened where that speed force storm gave her the cancer, then I'd say that's fine. It didn't do anything worse. She was going to die. She didn't have money for treatment. She was going to die. Now she has money. But and yet, can't do the treatment, so she's going to die. Nothing changed. And yet, Gorilla Grodd gets a speed force. And that's and he's the thing. That's what gets cured. me. Uh, Gorilla Grodd has Gorilla AIDS or whatever the hell he has, ape yeah. AIDS, and he needs the speed force to cure himself because that seemed to be like almost like a purge where you get a the cure-all. speed force and that rips through you and gets rid of all that. But here it doesn't. So I don't know what it does or doesn't do, and it just kind of suits the story as it is. And yeah, this sideways story doesn't need to jive up no. with with the whole It'd deal. It'd be nice if it did, but they, Grodd, as but much yeah. as they're throwing out there, it would be nice. So then we have stepping out with sideways at the end. We'll just go through real quick because basically it's just a recap and a fill in the blanks. These. Well, it's like a fill in the blanks. All of a sudden now you're there and, oh, there's the Dark Knights. Oh, great. And the only other thing is out of nowhere – yeah, I got some crazy powers, huh? And also, I forgot to tell you, I got super strength, too. <laughs> really? Okay, there you go. You got super strength. What else do you have? And yeah, he's just there. But where's temp- where is the – you have this stepping out with Sagas. Where is the thing where you have three pages that shows where Tempest Fuginot went, where he went back where's to his planet Black or whatever? And he, and he went back and said, you know what? 
this sideways guy, I don't know how he'd, he'd pronounce this, this dude, no do-gooder or whatever, the guy who's abusing this, that's the least of our problems. We got other problems there with this black ooze, something with like that, and like, oh, well, that'll take care of itself this anyway. dumb piece of shit left a rift open. We all know what happens when you leave a rift open. Yeah. Black ooze city, baby. And, and and really, you could even go, again, script doctor, you could even go where Tempest Fugenot goes back to wherever, I don't know where he hangs, and goes back and goes, you know, I, I done fucked up here uh that and he ends up being like the angel now who has to guide the the person that he was supposed to save or whatever yeah. and things went wrong so now there's a tie-in where he goes back oh he opened up a rift there's nonsense well you know what you're gonna have to clean up this mess tempest mr fugionaut the, the, the rest of the fugionauts kick him out of yeah. fugionaut fucking yeah. city because they, he's not doing he's, his job listen, you're now not allowed to, to fugionaut anymore i'm <laughs> stripping you of the fugionaut the, uh, name now you're just tempest but oh, no no all I am, I went to five years of Fugitot school for this. Oh, no. How dare you? And then he goes back, but really, maybe we'll see something. But yeah. I was the worst Fugitot of them all. Yeah, oh, my God. I am the black sheep of the Fugitots. Who would have thought? I was first in my I class. I didn't want to be a Fugitot anymore. My parents pushed me into it. I wanted to work yeah, on but, bicuspids. Yeah, I actually, I wanted to be a song and dance man. And now you made, wants to be a dentist. You made me... <laughs> Tempest wants to be a dentist, does he? <laughs> nothing. There you go. You have all of that in there. But yeah, you're gonna maintain the bleed or nothing, boy. Get, gonna get out of my head. There's. You know what? You know what? Tempest. They wanted to eat you. They never had Fugitot. <laughs> yeah, but with this, though, you have a lot of opportunity after these couple issues to fill us in a little better than a recap. Stepping out with. St- are you stepping out? I'm telling you, I saw this. Hussein messaged me, and he's like, you're not going to believe this. They actually end with, like, a three-page recap because they don't have enough story. I'm like, ah, maybe he's a little exaggerating. He's he's on the front lines, Eric. He's really deep into it. And I'm like, no, no, Hussein 100% knows what's going on. I'm like, oh, really? What happened to the Fugitots, Eric? Oh, my goodness. You're not not allowed to ride the Fugitot bus anymore. Get out of here. You're no longer allowed to the picnics. And then he just walks away but have something that connects them in uh, if do you is there a possibility we'll never see them again that they thought that that might have been a misstep oh my <laughs> and, god I'm telling and you, that's at just this taken point, away for what this story is doing i'm telling you like i said favorite issue my score will not reflect this i'll have a lower score than i have on other issues the characteristics but, yeah. of derek that they put in here made I this like my derek favorite issue but um i i don't know what the we're gonna Fugitives. do with the series from what yeah. we've gotten so far because it seems like every issue is thrown together willy nilly. That, that's point. where that's the problem that I have. Where people are like, "Oh, I really like this. I really my my issue." Where some of these, like uh, this week, we talked about the Immortal Men on right. the Patreon spotlight. My issue with that was I didn't really know the characters or the concept of the book when that was done. This. My issue with Sideways right now after three issues that it does seem like each issue is kind of like this. things are reset and things are changing and things mean to – and now they don't, whatever. And it's after this little bit you need at least the, the three issue. this is your three-issue deal. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. When I go to the Eric Shea three-issue rule kind of thing, if I would have bought this issue – Gotten to the end and had a recap of what I have just read for the past three years. Yeah. I would have thrown this fucking away and never looked back yeah. and sideways. Yeah, but, that's the problem. But I oh like Derek. So kick in I'm, the face. Yeah, I'll give my. I'm giving it a. And I here's the other thing that all I can think of is you do not like Kenneth Rockefeller's art I in general. Not. So I I can only wonder where you've already set it up. I like that you set up the whole deal. Like, listen, I do like this more than the others, but my score won't reflect it. Don't well, go by just, that. I'm telling you the characteristics of Derek and how his powers work. Yeah, I would. 
the best described it's been in the entire series so far. Everything else they've thrown in that doesn't make any goddamn like of sense yeah. really hurts this. And plus, I don't like Kenny's art. Yeah, I, I'm gonna think right now because okay, I'm trying Rock. to think. I'm, I'm delaying because I'm trying to think of my uh, deal, and I like K Rock. Uh, if this was, if I was given a score of Derek uh, in Jet, I'd probably go like an eight because I really like him. But the, I can't go any. I gotta give it like a four point five. I maybe I'll go five point one. I'll go right above the fuck you five because I do like the art, but boy. I just don't know where we're headed and things just are kind of thrown out there for no reason and it just doesn't make sense, but I like Derek. So what would you give it? 4.8 out of 10 and that's okay. all for Derek. And actually the fact is I don't like K-Rock's art. I actually didn't mind it as much yeah, this I, issue. I, I thought Kill Speed looked good. I think yeah. Derek looked good and I love the sideways costume, but this it's just full of nonsense. We have recap agents. It it's ridiculous, this issue. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and it's a shame because I, I think that as a character, Derek, the, the non-side, and when I say it again, I'm not saying sideways, I'm saying Derek, I actually like him probably the most of the, you know, the non-superhero part of these, you know, characters in right. the whole deal. Even like the next one might be uh, Silencer, possibly, mm-hmm. I don't know. But a lot of these, as these are going on, I even, again, I mentioned on the Patreon with the Immortal Men, as we're getting these new ones that hit, and now we're getting to issue three and fours whatever i'm actually kind of losing my zeal for these books the new age of heroes which i kind of was excited about and because we had the you know we were having some issues with the main books in dc but now these are kind of like new problems are just arising from these as well so new age of heroes same old problems yeah it's it's crazy but we'll see how it goes and we'll see and i think that pretty much with this whole line of these new age of heroes I think that what you got to go with, and even DC would probably, they wouldn't want to admit it, but they'd have to, is you just need to get one person involved with one of these books. Like, okay, there's Eric. He likes the Terrifics. There's Jim. He likes Silencer. There's Brandon. He likes Damage. Whatever it may be, if you at least get that and get some people into these, then I think that it is like a mission accomplished because I do not see many people already saying, like, I love everyone. So it seems like you're just going to have to grab onto the one or two that you like and go with it and just kind of leave the rest behind. Uh, I probably would have left most of these behind by yeah. now when we get to these. But we're going to move now uh, to some other mail. Yo, it's Mail Call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mail with Jim Now Mail with Jim And I've got a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mail with Jim Now Mail with Jim Ah, yes, and this is mail section number two, and we're going to start with Joey. And Joey says, hello, my name is Joey Galvez. I am a first-time mailer, long-time listener. I'm about five foot nine. He says about five foot nine. I know how I work. He's five eight and a half, if not five eight. (laughs) I'm about six foot, Eric. I have hazel green eyes and a dad bod that just won't quit. 
Sounds like me. Exactly. Sounds like me and Joey are one and the same. I'm sorry this got real awkward really fast. Ulysses That's ain't you. got nothing on me, Eric. Anyway, Ooh. let's talk Detective Comics 978. This issue, mm-hmm. at least for me, was a better read than the last few issues. There were some great parts, which excited me and kept me interested in reading. Between Cassandra being emo, hemo, and looking like Rose Tico. And <laughs> is that a new thing, a Timo? And Ulysses going all Britney Spears on us. I enjoyed the book. And leave your lessons yeah, alone. And the funny thing is, I mentioned Chris Crocker in my review this week, uh, because I agree, Ulysses went all Britney. And I forgot to mention him in the podcast and I threw it in my oh. review. And I thought I was going to stump you because I, I'm telling you, a lot of things you don't know, you know your internet stars, Eric, because I sure said, does. hey, I mentioned Chris Crocker in my review. Uh, you, you know that who that is, right? And you're like, yo, leave Britney alone. I'm like, yeah, and we forgot to talk about it. The R was yeah. pretty good in some areas <laughs> that goes. and very often other parts i i don't like javi much uh these days and i know that you don't nope. like him as much either i liked how the artist portrayed well, the nanotechnology uh the last panel in particular uh probably my favorite panel of the entire issue i was intrigued and kept reading and didn't want to put it down i'm interested if they can take the momentum in this issue and bang out another one with similar feels i am going to give this issue a 6.5 maybe a 7 if anything i enjoyed the momentum in the issue he's a little less positive than i am uh because i think i just Same gave it a 7.5 but i had to reread the last issue too many times before I retain anything. This one was kind of fun to read. I laughed at the crappy, obsessed ex-girlfriend vibe Ulysses is giving off and cried when Tim dissed Cassandra when she showed her emotions, Eric. And I, I like that too. I actually just like, he's in the middle of pretending that he cares about her. On crutches. I'm telling you, it's like, you could, hey, you know what? I really had a a, a bad day today. Uh, my, my dad, something like that. I'm like, you know what? I feel bad. Oh, that's what I want for lunch and go running off. Actually, I got a transformer in the mouth. Actually, that's what uh, uh, the one guy we work with does, where he says, oh, I heard that you had a problem with, with your family. Oh, how is everything? And well, then my problem yeah, with the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah well, that, yeah, up. you'll go, well, I, what, did you see that Spam's on sale at Redner's? Oh, well, I, I guess my, my problems are gone. I'm telling you, you've gone actually too far because what it'll initially do, I heard you had a problem with that. You want to talk about a kid or something like that? That's even taking it too far. But yeah. like, you start talking, and then he immediately starts telling you about his problems. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to hear about yeah. yours. Oh, yeah. And his problems, he's one, he's like the one up guy, but he's also the not listen guy as well. So he's like, he's piece of shit times 80. Uh, yeah. But his one ups never quite equal out. Like, you know, usually somebody was one up like, hey, uh, I heard your dog died. And you're like, yeah, well, seven dogs of mine died last week. And, you know, there you go. He's like, hey, I heard your dog died. Yeah, yeah, I stubbed my toe today. It really hurts. And that's what he thinks we're even now. Even up. Even Steven. Probably wouldn't recommend purchasing the issue, though, he says. I definitely recommend uh, pirating pirating eric or better yet steal it from a friend that you dupe into purchasing with their hard-earned allowance from their wife but tell them you're borrowing yes or is my wife the only one who gives me a comic book allowance uh (laughs) maybe anyway beep boop see you in the sevens whatever that is and that is love (laughs) joey and he said he what was that Eric? see you in the sevens see you on the sevens oh thank you wrong term robot robot. uh yeah i I think that this issue was pretty good, actually, though the crutches okay. crutches came and went and stuff. You, you heard us just talk about it. But I kind of like that there's pretty big stakes heading into the next yeah. deal and ending up the thing. We'll I see how it – I was way yeah, better. Yeah, I do too. 
And it's weird. A book that has had pretty consistent good art – uh, then Javi Fernandez. Now I'm not talking Riley Rossimo, Night of the Monster Man, garbage. But usually you have had some pretty decent art on that book throughout. And then when he shows up, the shit. What show happened again. to Eddie Barrow? Yeah, I don't know. Damien's next, Eric. And Damien says, "Hey, Eric, Jim, and possibly Reggie. I think. And then what is he doing? What's up, Damien? What's he doing? Putting you first. I'm very tired. The factory life is just amazing. Literally, sometimes like the dumbasses and people I got to deal with. Uh, today was a bitch. Just remembered, yeah. I'm allowed to." Swear so I think I wanted to talk about must be Superman reborn and he says he can't get enough of wrong turn Eric you know what that's the problem is is he's kind of gone we have a robot now for that must be Superman reborn you know what Eric sometimes you don't mess with the classics you you don't do that he says some point after I am Gotham it affected Batman and now we got a super silly Batman it's frustrating because I'm like a regular old continuity kid and I've arranged my comics and Batman is fucking with my OCD order where I put some after Reborn uh, then was like guess this Ivy shit and gentlemen hordes of everlasting sin (laughs) bullshit fits after metal because what is Tom King doing I was rereading comics today and had to put down the I am suicide arc after Batman was all like I'm gonna break your back Bane, the whole comic. Yeah, that was the thing Break that just, we never back. we never even found out what that was. So all that was was him just repeating himself. And yeah. we had so many theories on just that. Then again, because we still had faith in Tom King at that we point. We had so many theories about what hand Punch was using to do everything. I mean, if Punch went and picked his nose, we had a theory on it at one point well, because we because really it thought, turns out we had a lot of theories because we still had faith, not knowing that Tom King just writes nonsense and throws it out yeah, there. Yeah, and that that's actually uh, kind of a turnaround. If you weren't listening to us way back then, and you listen to us recently and think, "Oh, these guys are shitting on Tom King all the time," that is a part of it. That we really did have a lot of faith and really laid. A a lot, you know, thinking that he was going to kind of turn and, and show us things. Gotta tie everything up. Yeah, you know. Everything was well thought out. Yeah, no. And got his back broke, but was all like part of the plan, bitches, which was what? And that he's talking about when Batman got his back broken and went into that hole, punched the wall I twice. Don't know how that works. That's Double Aaron's favorite. That, that seems to be his, his favorite part of the whole run. I think he wakes up in the middle of the night screaming about that sometimes. Like, why? That doesn't make sense. Much sure, make sure Catwoman knows he needs some of that, that fine, uh, P, Eric, I'd say. Uh, I'm going to keep it mm. on. I'm going to find P. The regular, and he probably would be the worst husband anyway. I need to calm down. So, you guys, I was wondering, did metal live up to your hype? Like your hype? No. It didn't either with me. And I was positive. You know, coming out of that last issue, I thought I was more positive than some people, but it didn't live up to my hype at all. And our comics not supposed to be a little cheesy and lead to more good stuff? And that I do think, and that I did like. I, I don't mind a comic that gets a little cheesy at the end, but the hype, no. And there was a lot of things that weren't resolved, but must be Superman Reborn, Eric. Batman's all like, I have a plan. I'll build a hall, a hall of justice. But I want to rage yell at Snyder because I was kind of interested in what was going on in Dark Knight's Rising till none of it was explained. We read Metal last week. Turns out it takes a week to apparently try to kill a multiverse and a week to read all 26 comics. The cyborg stuff was segregation Reggie. 
Uh, where, where is the robot there? Now I can tell that is my big deal. Segregation Rishi. Yeah. He had the fucking World Forge medal in him already. Batman Cyborg should have fucking helped more, and something has to come from metal, and he better have some kick-ass powers. Not Cyborg just League one book. million, He'll baby. He'll be in. Superman has been my go-to book, and if you take it in knots in the you? newest issue, Bizarro Talk, it was kind of easier to translate in the old noggin. Oh, yeah. I think Manhattan might be Superman and Doomsday Clock, and I hope they clear everything up in the timeline eventually and my girlfriend can get the Rorschach comic she really wants more of. I thought the prequel we read together was terrible, but I'm kind of down with a new Rorschach. Just out there, I almost called him Horseshack. Just out there doing some Mr. Carter. Uh, he doesn't love Horseshack. <laughs> when he laughed like that and that really hurt, <laughs> that really, really hurt my throat. Action Comics has been pretty dope too. Loving that. Not really much complaints besides Tom King's upcoming story in the next book, The Big 1000 LOL. Oh yeah, how are you guys doing eric this is a stream of conscious email going on here and i find it hilarious how you guys love to hate how you guys have to read so many comics even though you love reading comics plus screw those who don't like the nonsense i'm good and he says oh yeah beep bop it's 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 fast and furious here uh and with that it's weird i don't hate reading the comics I love reading the comics. I hate the idea that after I read them, then the work starts. And it's, yeah. it's one of those, it's, it's one of those things that uh, it's hard to explain. And I would tell it to Tanya all the time. One of the things I love, uh, ever loved doing was playing hockey in my life. Though when I was playing hockey, I hated it. I'm talking the actual game. I love yeah. the concept of it because I'm not a guy who has fun doing anything. So when I went to play a hockey game, and then it was war. And war is hell, they say, Eric. And I kind of look at the reviews as that as well. When I go to review it, now it's, you know, I'm doing this and I'm trying to, you know, lay some shade on other people. Shit like that, Eric. It's war. It's always war. Uh, but when we're, re- when you're reviewing them, it's not as fun as when you're just reading them and you can get done. And, and- also, you know, you, you have the hobby of and passion for collecting comic books and reading comic books. And then you turn it into work because everything you do now has a deadline. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And we don't like to miss deadlines. Shout out to the Get yep. Fresh. Coop, beep, boop. My boop, phone boop. is going to die and I'll probably be too busy to write again for a bit. That was my tired, hungry rantings. Don't worry. Be happy, guys. Cheers. Oh, I'm Damien and it's been a shitty day. Can't wait for new comic book day tomorrow. Sideways and the Immortal Men are on all I'm getting. And I hope this wasn't too long and maybe funny. And there you go. And I think he said later... <laughs> He he might have been uh, under some influence when he did this as well. <laughs> I think he told me that That'll at happen. one point. Yeah. So there you go. And thank you. And that was good. Adderall is Thank you, else. David. <laughs> I don't think it was that. Chisanga's oh. next. And I have a prescription, Eric. So I'm allowed to take like seven a day if I want to. You, you don't understand yeah. that. That's what a prescription yeah. means, right? You, you get it. And then you, it's all bets are off once it's in your house. Because that is the rule that you, if anybody enters your house, you're allowed to kill them, right? And I'm not saying breaks in. I just mean enter. So they enter the house. You can kill them. And also when pills enter the house, you can take them. That that's the rules I live by uh, throughout my whole life. Chisanga's the rules of a junkie. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, say no to drugs, kids. Chisanga's next, and he says, "Hey, Jim and Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh Coop." And boop. After oh, reading boop, Supergirl and JLA, I think Orlando needs to be taken to court because his poor storytelling is criminal in nature. That is true. Right. My God, I wish. Why are you still reading it? Chisanga? My God, no. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's the car wreck. 
It really is. You're watching an accident just happen in front of you. My God, I wish they would let Red Hood and the Outlaws become twice monthly because the plot has been meandering on the smart bizarro for the last eight months, and I feel like three-quarter of it could have been cut, especially inclusion of the Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. Uh, And you say that, and I was thinking of this the other day, about books that are twice monthly and books that are monthly and all that. It never seems to matter, right? We're not getting more story from the twice monthly. Then you get this weird other it's like half the freaking monthly writers like, look, they get to freaking pad everything out with this twice mo- twice monthly shit. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing with my monthly shit. It doesn't make sense that a monthly book no. has as much padding. That maybe they didn't tell Scott Liddell that he isn't right. He still thinks it's twice monthly, which it never was. But he's just no. in his mind, he thinks all of them are, and he's writing it as if it is. Because if it was mo- if it was twice monthly, that may- you know you still get the same issues, but at least you would get more story a month and we're just not and that is the thing though you know i actually like this week's issue because if i have fun then i could overlook a lot yeah! of things. <laughs> oh my god is i met the penguin it's so funny jason cut the crap i know <laughs> i know it's you red hood i mean you don't have to go, what red hood he gets all excited ah uh, yes thank you shasanga and hello? the last mail hello i'm here the next one is Brandon, and Brandon says, Sup, fellas, it's April, and Avengers Sup, Infinity right. War is almost here. Yet I'm left to wonder if Infinity War will leave theaters before Buffalo stops getting winter weather. He told me the one time, the one year, they had a snow pile in town that lasted till July. And that's crazy. And that's every year. Yes. Yes, it is. My guess is obviously yes, because as a t- as I type this, we are under a winter storm warning watch on April 14th. Really, the only benefit of living here is you get to drink until 4 a.m., the closing time for bars. And forget you actually live here during those drinking hours every night. Other than that, I'm working like Howdy, man It's ship. April 14th when we're recording this. I'm like, it's 80 degrees. I had my air conditioning no, running all fucking my day. Ass off. Double A runs in the middle of a goddamn blizzard in Minnesota. Other than that, that's what you get for, again, living in Canada, Eric. Other than yeah. that, I'm working like mad ship the last few weeks, meaning I work, only work, and I almost have no no time for anything else. And Manship... awesome buying a house and getting married, brother? Yeah, it's, oh, it's awesome. Uh, Manship got a hold of me. He was on a no-tech off-the-grid vacation a uh, couple weeks ago where oh, him and his wife, him and his wife went out and they had no – they went off the grid. And I, I don't know if maybe he killed somebody and they were, or they are planning on it and they're testing the waters there Eric, to yeah. see if they can go off that grid. Uh, but he said the first night was awful that he really uh-huh. – and then, but then after that, he had a lot of fun. He actually enjoyed himself, and they went hiking a lot is what they did. Sounds there you awful. go. Maybe played Parcheesi. In other news, my Fortnite awful. addiction is calming down because of work and because I suck so awfully bad. When I do well, it's because I, I hide in a bush most of the game and just spring attack anyone dumb enough to walk by me. So not only does getting old suck because my knees are in constant state of pain from years of playing Catholic school basketball on, t- on tile cafeteria floors, but the only other thing I used to be in good in life is video games I'm also horrible at now. And my kids play uh, for night and i don't even i don't even attempt to and i i I don't even know what that is eh, it's it's just a shooter deal it's all the rage eric with all the kids at down at the five every time everybody says Fortnite to me for some reason all i can think of is castle crashes they're down at the which i don't even know what they're down at the five and dime talking about your Fortnites and your your egg creams 
I don't know what they, their Sundays at the Sunday shop, uh, going to the sock hops, Eric, after the Fortnite. My kids play, and I actually think it's funny just to listen to the awful people that play with Logan, especially just the, the crazy cursing. And now, stuff. are they awful people because Logan can't stop cursing at them? No, no, they're just awful. The, the, uh, the obscenities, the, uh, racial, you know, things that they, they're just bad. And Logan just, he doesn't even talk. He's like me. He doesn't even have a mic now, but I do want to get a hold of Brandon. He has to get on with Brandon or with uh, Logan and play. Though I said, you got to play with my buddy Brandon. And right away, Logan, is he good? Uh, well, I guess Brandon's not. Oh, there goes I guess Brandon's not playing with them. Uh, no, my roommate's parents are visiting this weekend. Kill me now. So I have a request: if you could make the podcast twenty four hours long, so I can just keep my headphones in the entirety of the trip, I will bow down to the Warner and Shea Halter podcasting for the rest of my ever shortening lifespan. Yeah, whatever. Just keep listening to the an hour-long one. Just, you know, keep going. Moving on to the books. Detective, I swear to God, somebody in the real world named Tim Drake slept with a bunch of DC higher-up wives based on the treatment the character gets in Rebirth. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Tim Drake fan at all, so it's not like I have a dog in the fight. But has there been two consecutive issues of Detective where Tim isn't either acting crazy or being taken and or turned into something or someone else by outside influences? He, not only that, but shit talk on it. Yeah, Rumor really. has it you are a detective. <laughs> Rumor has it that you are a detective. Oh, that was the best. Flash. Luck. I didn't care for this issue wrapped up in the Grodd storyline. I looked very forward to after buying the first five issues of it. This book has been so atrocious. Josh Williamson inspired me to do the unthinkable, drop a book altogether forever. Now, even reading about how the story arc concludes, I will also now pass on Flash Wars because I have no faith he can competently write a story of Flash, regardless how interesting it may appear in solicits. If anyone wants my almost complete rebirth run of Flash, hit me up on Slack. For the low cost of solely shipping, they can be yours with bags and boards. Josh Williamson, for my money is up there with Steve Orlando as far as awful DC writers go. Only Steve Orlando gets a leg up on this one because I actually enjoy listening to you guys talk about his books, which I can't say about Joshua Williamson. What he's saying there, Eric, he does not like hearing us. That is not, not. he wasn't saying anything bad about Joshua Williamson. It was all about, we we can't even make that entertaining. Then we're only informers, Eric, not entertainers. Please, please go exclusively to Dark Horse or something, Josh, where I don't bother with those books and get the fuck away from the mainstream superheroes. New Age of Superhero Books. Well, Immortal Man was nothing. I actually had a hard time writing the review. There was so much nothing going on. I learned a bunch of awful names and a serviceable story with some mild intrigue. But Jim Lee's art is not a draw for me anymore. And when I see 12 other names also doing art in the book, it's clear he's done here after one issue. I was going to mention that, that I bet he's on three and then he bails. But we still have idiot reviewers out there in the review putting, I can't wait to see more of Jim Lee's art. He probably did one fucking Flash page in this book. If I had to guess the <laughs> hunt licking his knife is what he says. I think he also did the timber, though I'd like to call her Tinder or possibly Grinder. And he's not coming you back. You're that idiot. because you were saying that to me off air all goddamn week. Yes. You have to stop saying Tinder because you're going to get it stuck in your head. Tinder. Are these people really so disconnected from the comic book world? They think they're getting two consecutive issues of art by Jim Lee. I think, and plus, <laughs> throw in that he has a piece of art deal in the Action Comics 1000, and now we're, all bets are, are certainly off. I think that tells us all we need to know about the other people out there reviewing comic books. Sideways 
place is still a thing I'm buying, but I'm beginning to wonder why. The most interesting character to me was the giant gold dude who has a complex name. I forgot. Tempest Fugitot. I forgot, but he was only in two pages. Give me a reason to hang around to issue five. Sideways, I'm begging you. Red Hood, I actually really like this issue. It kind of follows the same trend of moving a tad slow. Uh, but Dexter Soy and Liddell give me just enough each month that I think Red Hood is more enjoyable ongoing DC series I purchased. The little bit with Alfred was nice. I like the Penguin being actually the Penguin, which is something Eric talked yeah. about at work and not in a Batgirl story. And find the thread is addressing here very intriguing. I would be over the moon if this book suddenly put the pedal in the metal, uh, though, and moved just a touch faster. So we weren't getting uh, well. six-issue arcs, though. Eric, as the continuity kid, I figure I would rat you out to your uh, rat out your pal, the cellar dweller, because he is being very choosy with his Friday the Thirteenth continuity, ignoring giant parts what? of the movies in favor of scenes cut from the series to fit his own theories. I figure we need to rescale or schedule a fight between the two of you to determine the proper way continuity should be handled and broadcast this on Rabbit for the GFC beep boop to enjoy and watch the next movie night. Also, get that pal of yours to review the Conjuring movie. He says that every time every time there's there's a cellar dweller on patreon oh i just wait for the hey is next the conjuring one of the few scary movies that legit <laughs> kind of scared the shit out of me all right gents that's brandon it's the marvel minute coming up now then number ones are for jim you, i heard that and they're going to be talking about the book that i did pick and also read already eric i did read this one and it is domino number one and at the end after we got done uh doing our things last night i sat and talked to you a little about domino so I, i'm looking forward to hear what they say because i don't know what i'm talking about when i talk to you about things and i think i made half of it up but we'll see we'll see what they have to say and we'll listen to that now All right, welcome everybody. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by my man Trevit. Trevit, what is up? Nothing much. What's up with you? Yeah, nothing. I got a uh, foot that I it started cramping yesterday. You know when you get those cramps in your foot? Yeah. And now it like I don't know if it's uh either I broke it across the middle trying to stretch it out or it, it's like ah. a cramp that won't go away. Cause I can barely walk on my foot. So is it like, like sometimes like I'll get a cramp in my foot and it feels like one of my toes pop out of place. Is it like one of those? Yeah, but it's the middle of my foot. It's not like one of my toes. It's fucking ah. weird. So it's driving me crazy. Uh, but we are not talking feet. We're talking domino <laughs> number one this week. Uh, it, it was the winner of the poll. Uh, I actually wrote the books down in my little blurb this week, so we'll get to what it means hey. in a second. Uh, but yeah, this is written by Gail Simone back at Marvel for the first time in a while. Uh, on a character she's she's got some famili- familiarity with. I can't say that word ever. Uh, and she's joined by art team of David Baldian and Jesus uh, Bertoff uh, with Greg Land on cover duties and... Uh, I forget the VC somebody on letters, but that's all the way at the back of the book right now. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you when we're done talking of it. Um, oh, but yeah, this was back. the rare three ninety nine Marvel number one issue. So that's, that's already a step in the right direction. Um, so yeah, we're about to discuss this book and let you know what we think here. Uh, well, it was number ones are for Jim's week on the Marvel minute poll and Domino came out on top. Edging out the Exiles and Thanos, uh, which loosely fit into the number ones are for Jim. It was 18, so there was a number one in there somewhere. 
um, wrapping up that storyline. But Domino came out on top. So here we are to discuss Domino number one in character. I know very little about. Uh, let's see what the creative team of, again, Gail Simone, David Baldian, and Jesus Abertoff have in Clayton store for us. Clayton Cowles and VCs, Clayton Cowles, of course. Uh, so, yeah, we, we get a cold opening at the beginning of this issue um, with Domino debating basically to herself whether or not she's going to keep this new birthday present she just received, which is a white bulldog puppy dog uh, with a black Domino spot over its its right eye there, <laughs> or left eye, depending on, on which way the dog you're looking at the dog here. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's about the cutest dog in a comic book I've ever freaking seen. So I don't know how you can say no to that. Uh, not even a huge dog fan. I think I'd have a hard time saying, nah, take this thing back. But uh, we then flash forward, or not really forward, backwards uh, to 15 hours prior where our story truly begins in the Pacific Northwest on the border between Oregon and Washington uh, with Domino and her pal, Enes Temple, a.k.a. Outlaw. Do you know anything about this Outlaw character? I am completely unfamiliar with her. Yeah, I, I meant to actually do a quick Google search on her before we uh, discuss things, and I did not. Um, so I don't know if this is just you know a made-up character. She's basically like a cowboy girl in like a bikini type get up with a with a hat and a real redneck accent uh always saying y'all and reckon and shit like that uh so that's the character domino's Actually, partnered up with i got her right here uh her first appearance was in punisher 68 in 1992 created by dan abnett oh wow okay uh so yeah she she's a character that's existed i've never really seen her in any book i've ever read prior to this one but uh she's been out there uh, the two quickly approach this gang of men in, in you know, this wooded area. Uh, and they all have guns. They're seemingly holding this dude hostage. They've put a pillowcase over his head. And then, you know, Outlaw's like, oh, let's come up with a plan to confront these assholes in their camp. And uh, Domino just walks on over there. You know, she, she's got her luck abilities, doesn't really think much of it, and confronts everybody, kind of to her partner's dismay here. Um we kind of, you know, obviously get a pretty cool fight scene that comes up next, and it reveals uh, kind of a bunch of, uh, in the way of setup uh, for Domino's powers and, and how they work. And, and you know, she, she describes really kind of the feelings she gets as as they're occurring and how kind of her powers sometimes hate her, but, but allow her to come up out on top like she might avoid death but get a skull fracture or, or something along those lines. She kind of she brings up how they work. Uh, so if you're really in the dark about Domino's luck powers and think that's like a generic description for him, she gets into like nitty gritty details here, like mentioning how it feels like a rat crawling along her spine and <laughs> it's fucking gross. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so you know she can, drops down into the middle of this group and gets next to and and this dude with the pillowcase over his head and he's like something is in my pocket for you. And that's where we kind of get the beginning of the setup for the story where Domino pulls out uh, this broken Domino, like split in half. I don't know anything about Domino's or really, uh, you know, craps or gambling at all. Is 10 an unlucky number? Like that's not one you want. Uh, I, yeah, I haven't played Domino since high school, so I don't, I don't remember, but I think just the fact that it's broken. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that that could be it. Or uh, you know, if anybody is a craps player, I don't I don't know if like ten is one of those things you crap out on. Like, it isn't don't you want seven and eleven, or are those the bad ones? Uh, seven and eleven, you want on. I think you can grab them on your first roll, but anytime after that, it's, it's bad. bad. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't know any of these goddamn. I'm a I'm atrocious at gambling. I like to do if any gambling I do, it's sports gambling, and I'm also bad at that. So uh, I've made a lot of money playing craps at the casino, yeah, and I barely know how to play. It. He swears by that and roulette, and, and I just can't get into those games. But um, so we get this big fight when Domino pulls his, uh, you know, this is hard to say, but Domino out of this dude's uh, <laughs> shirt pocket, he basically turns into Man Bat. Um, and, and this giant fight breaks out. Domino realizes she's been set up and, you know, they use her powers and outlaws abilities and a little fastball special to take everybody down. Um, there's a couple of funny lines where Domino's like, oh, I mudded my cleavage. And, uh, <laughs> and then she's like, I hate fastball specials. My suit always rides up on me. Um, I was curious about that mud in the cleavage because she's wearing like, full protected like she's got a collar on and the whole frontal is oh, yeah, covered yeah, yeah. yeah she really does kind of have her boobs out though like that yeah, is a domino yeah, line you know <laughs> maybe gail didn't know what kind of suit they were going to give domino before she yeah. wrote that in the script there uh but yeah anyway uh it, it comes down to domino outlaw and this man bad dude domino basically points the gun at his balls she's like i have 22 bullets and two targets here so chill out or or get shot <laughs> And the dude basically turns back into a guy, uh, and they're like, give me a name. Who who set this all up? And he says, Topaz. Um, so, yeah, we also then meet the last member of the Domino crew, who is the chick Diamondback. Again, another kind of girl character I don't really know very well. Um, not the Diamondback from the Defender story, though. Like, get that out of your mind. It's, it's not the guy from uh, Luke Cage or anything like that. It's different character altogether she's got like a purple motif brew in here and i guess she was a former villain at one point now kind of either anti-hero or hero straight up um so she's like yeah i'm here i'm your uber guys i'm here to give you a ride home uh and that ride home is back to san francisco i guess um you know we found out in the beginning it was domino's birthday uh, so this is really kind of the wraparound to that cold opening where she walks into this surprise party her her buddies have put on for her uh, while also tagging along this dude that's like a man bat with them. Um, she's, she just kind of feels bad for the dude. Like, you know, he, he basically did it for money and, and not really knowing what he was doing. So she's going to keep an eye on him for a little bit. I don't know if this is going to run through the story or if this is just kind of a throwaway thing for issue one. But uh uh, kind of feels like she's going to be collecting some like you know downtrodden mutants, and that's kind of a little what she's doing now too with uh, Outlaw and Diamondback. Um, but anyway, uh, she walks into this surprise party. You know, it's the who's who of X Men guests, uh, along with Dazzler, who's providing the entertainment. Um, things seem to be kind of really going fine for everybody there. Domino's having a good time, having drinks, and then like she gets this killer headache out of nowhere. Um, did, uh, do you have any more detail on that other than this, like springing up for no reason or well, about which part? Cause I was just noticing that taskmaster is at this party. 
Yeah, and, and Taskmaster's like a, he's kind of just. I think this is like a little <laughs> bit of a merc in X Men Gathering because he's yeah. he's basically just a merc who'll do scummy things for money. You know, he's that's true. Um, but yeah, like she's fine, and Dazzler starts singing, and then she gets emotional, and then she gets all pissed. Uh, like gets this headache out of nowhere, and uh, you know, her that, friends kind of know this seems to be like a reoccurring thing she's been going through. I think uh, what triggered it was the song, like, because the song's talking about how she won't, you know, walk alone and pe- and she'll always be with her. And then yeah. she starts thinking back to her childhood when she's locked in her room and they're forcing, like, putting that tattoo on her. Yeah, on her face. And it just brings back the painful memories of her life. Yeah, it looks like talking to Wolverine after being stabbed by Wolverine, maybe. She's got, like, claw marks <laughs> yeah. in her back. Um, it holds, like- yeah. Uh, so she, she's just, like steps up the drinking and kind of starts saying some crazy shit to people like uh Colossus and calls the person serving the drinks, Alfred. I thought that was a funny, <laughs> that, was, that was funny. <laughs> that one. Uh, so yeah, we, she ends up just kind of secluding herself in her room. Eventually. Uh, that's when um, Diamondback, the, the other girl in her group kind of presents her with this uh, bulldog puppy. So we, we connect to the cold opening in the beginning um, and then it's like Domino just kind of chilling on her own for a little bit, uh, hanging out in her undies with the dog and this creepy old dude just kind of comes walking out of, I think her bathroom. Is that where they were? <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of does look like her bathroom. <laughs> like they were hiding in there the whole time. Yeah, for the they were in happen. the bathroom or just standing in the <laughs> corner and nobody noticed them. One of the two. Uh, but he comes strolling out with his Amazon looking nurse, like just this tall, huge chick. Um, he's like, here, Domino, I got you this present. He hands her this gift box and she opens it to find a, another broken Domino. Um, and this dude's basically like, Domino, your luck has run out. And he's like, this is Topaz and she's going to whoop your ass. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of what starts happening. You know, Domino's <laughs> like, come on, luck powers kick in. She tries to reach for this gun, kind of gets her arm broken or stepped on. Um, and then Topaz, basically like tosses her just out of the window and Domino's like, uh, I think I'm out of luck. Um, and that's kind of how the issue concludes there. Any, anything to add? Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of a quick ending. Like you're just enjoying this party. Then this creepy dude comes out of the bathroom and chucks her out the, gives yeah, her that she gets, broken Domino. And, and, and she said like when she's falling that she can't feel that, that creepy. Yeah. Like, the rat going up her spine. Feeling. Yeah. And she knows she's fucked, which is like, um, her probability powers what they really are is like involuntary telekinesis so she that's like her power is telekinesis that she can't control but makes situations work out for her like yeah, bad situations yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's uh it's it's a hard power to describe so she, she does a good job like gail simone in the issue though of giving you like examples of how it works yes. really and very well in the beginning um she's like you know i'm i might be falling and and this mat i might end up hitting a mattress but i've hit a mattress and i still crack my skull so <laughs> that's kind of how they work um it, it was it was well set up. Uh, I really like the art and the issue. Um, I, again, I didn't know a lot about Domino, but this issue gives you a good grasp of the character. You know, you know she has a history with the X Men, um, and you know she's talking to the the various characters uh, throughout the issue in, in the party and stuff. So you see those connections in action. And Deadpool's another character who makes a, an appearance here, and, and she's got a history with him and stuff. 
Uh, so, so it's good, solid, like, you know, callbacks to old continuity and people she'd hang out with and things like that. I, I really kind of had a good time reading this. Um, you know, I, I checked back for issue two. I was, I was torn between buy and borrow before we started, but I think, you know, discussing it and everything that connects and, and is pretty solid and you get a good grasp of the character along with, you know, the fact they didn't jack it up to four ninety nine for being a number one, uh, yeah. kind of seals it as a buy for me. Um, I would come back and see what's happening next issue. I don't think she's dying. Uh, you know, like I said, I think this mattress will come out of nowhere and then <laughs> crack her skull and be hurt a little bit. But, uh, um, you know, I, I want to see where this goes. I, I, I like the pace really more than anything of, of the book. Like you just jump to different spots and different things happen and, and you're not lingering in any one situation or, or, um, you know, idea for too long and, and you get a good grasp of everything that's going on. So, uh, yeah, keep it first, interesting. Yeah. I, I had a good time. I don't know if, you know, me and you were debating with this one person on the internet the one day, if this is part of fresh start or not, I don't know. It's part of the, all the new number ones. This is really the first one that kicks it off, uh, with new creative teams and stuff. So I count it, but I don't know. Other people can say yeah. what they want. Uh, I mean, two weeks from now, all the 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 real fresh start books like Iron Man and Avengers, like it's two weeks away, they're gonna start. So yeah, this, I mean, this to me is more of like a classic Domino story, anyway. So that's a little bit of why it falls under with a classic creator, this new banner. So I don't know. You can classify it how you want. I had a good time with it. Um, what do you think overall? I really, really liked it. It's one of the better solo X titles that we've had since we've had all these x titles that have been yeah. coming out um i like that it's an ongoing i did i loved the pacing too i liked all the hopping around i liked how throughout the whole entire thing she peppered information about domino about her powers uh there was a page that gave you a little taste of her origin like when they were tattooing her eye on yeah. like they show her as a little girl they show her that part they show her in X-Force with Wolverine kind of reminds the suit reminds me of the Craig Kyle, Christopher Yost run. Um, I really liked everything about it. I love the art. It was done by the guy who did spirits of vengeance, David Baldion. Um, it was great. It was, it was a buy for me. The first time I read it, I was kind of unsure, but I was kind of in like an antsy mood. But the second time I read it, I really, really enjoyed it and loved everything about it. They just set up a, a world that I really want to dive back into. So I'll definitely be coming around for number two. Yeah. The the only thing, you know, I don't have a huge connection to her side characters and they didn't get a no. whole lot of like development in the issue, but uh, you know, I'm fine with that. If the, if the story goes on, I'm sure they'll focus on them for an issue or two down the line. Uh, we'll get a little more about them, but I, I will say outlaws, Reckon and y'all and and reminds me <laughs> of my time below the Mason Dixon line and it drives me crazy a little bit. I can't I can't read that stuff. It just, I'm just like oh, like she refers to Domino in the first uh, first person as y'all at one point. I'm like oh my god, yeah, I don't miss they, those days. <laughs> does it that, like for some reason? And it's gonna sound so mean, but like when people talk and it, it could even be a, like a, a super intelligent person, but when they talk in a Southern accent, it, they just automatically kind of sound stupid to me. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the Southern listeners. We love you guys. Uh, yes. yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, Outlaw, could I could use a little like uh, less of that y'all and reckon in her speech bubbles. But uh, other than that, that's my only complaint, really, of the, of the book. If I had to dig one out. Um, but yeah, I'm back for some more Gail Simone on Domino. I'd suggest checking it out. Trevor as well. 
Uh, we'll be back next week for you guys. Look for the poll tomorrow, Monday. Uh, we'll throw three more books up there for you to vote on. Let us know what you want to hear. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Beamer3660. Trevor, where are you at? You can find me at Trevor Trev. Sweet. Peace out. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and Listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. All right, we are back, and we got Reginald. Reginald Drinkwater here. All right, and uh, Reginald's going to have a two-section deal here because uh, Eric always loves the idea of a super section. Ooh, do I ever? And because of the way <laughs> things kind of, you know, jive up here, we do, though, I think it upsets him. There's only going to be two books. It's about three books, super section to him. That's not poor as good. Poor Superwoman. Yeah, poor Superwoman is no longer around. Oh, uh, but eventually, maybe after all the Brian Michael Bendis stuff going on, uh, we'll get back to maybe. Maybe we'll having, get action comics down at the bottom in the super section. Maybe we'll have, or, or I'm saying maybe we'll get a revamp of a Supergirl book, maybe even a Superboy book, Eric. Maybe we can Ooh. have a lot of super God, deals going on. Uh, if you can bring back that. Super Team Family, That's even right. stories yes. of a whole every Jimmy I'm Olsen in. gets a book. Jimmy Olsen Superman's gets a book. pal, Jimmy Olsen. We were actually talking for. today about Jimmy Olsen when he was a billionaire. Where he had all I his love parents' talking money. About him when he's oh, a billionaire. We, we were laughing in the new 52. It up in the new they 52. did a lot with that. Oh, we were laughing so much about how that kind of was there. Then it disappeared for a little, and then they acknowledged it again. And then his then his parents came back and he was, uh, wanted his he was money a back. And, and then he was a millionaire. Every uh, time we yeah. saw him, he had less and it, less it money. Changed, and yeah, we said that he was just buying things. So I don't mind that. You know, maybe we'll even with people saying like. Oh my God, this sucks. Bendis is going to come and he's going to kill off John. Uh, maybe we'll get a Superboy book with just John. It would feel weird. He's a little young for just that. Where's Connor Kenneth? Or a Lois Lane book. Who knows? Or maybe this weird book that would be Superwoman with Lana Lang. I, I might think that that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That'd be the best ever. If it were good, it could be good. Why not? You know, if it How wasn't about, a piece of shit. Yeah, they're not doing that. How about Crypto? Is he going to get a book of Crypto? Uh, I'd be okay with that. I'd prefer Streaky the Super Cat. You'd have Streaky. You would. Do but that. I think the Super Pets also is fine. Yeah, Super whole, Pets. Whole How about Tales from the Fortress? And it's about all those people that Superman has locked up in there. And or it's just Kalex going around the fort- Fortress all the time. Yeah. The I daily know. life of Kalex. See the Interstellar Zoo with the Metal Eater? That'd be great. I'm in. See, this is it. We may end up having a full-out podcast with just Superbooks now with all of these great ideas we're coming up with. I mean, another, another one, thing in the Silver Age, another thing the Fortress of Solitude had that I always thought was hilarious, that also the Batcave had, were rooms in which the secret identities of various heroes and people were revealed. Yeah, no, that's just that's Just always, have a room for that. That's just, always just, there. You know, so why you not? forget. Yeah. That, you know, Lois Lane is is the love of your life, and that they Perry Mason is, you know, Clark Kent is your old alter ego. Make sure all that is represented in mannequin form. Yes. And well, you need that. Clear. 
right there for you know, you know sometimes you do get mind control and you have to remember sure. who you are you know some of these guys have a lot on their plate they don't remember they have to go back and like oh yeah i am bruce wayne oh, thank you right. thank you i i wondered what this mansion was above my cave here it really was, I was confusing too, to the bat i was just you know too heavy i was at the bat for too long now yes. i need to come back yeah well that's what happens that's almost like when they go you know you have the cop that goes undercover now he can't pull himself back yeah, that's what Batman is, uh, and that's yeah. We need that. I, I don't think we're gonna get it, but we'll see. I don't know. Next week we have pretty much the first deal of Brian Michael Bendis in that Action Comics, uh, you know, right. story. So I'm looking forward to see how that is. I think that's what I think most people probably would be wanting to read mostly in that. The other things are gonna be like, oh, you know, everybody's doing their victory lap with Superman. But I would think that a lot of people want to see what, what sort of thing I'd Brian say Michael Bendis people that the comic, that's what they want to read, but that's yeah. going to be a big collector's item, boy. Yeah, you, people are going to come, come out of the woodwork to get this well, one. Well, it's already Not at me. one point a couple of weeks ago or maybe yeah, last week. never come out of the woodwork. No, he is the woodwork. That's <laughs> yeah, the right. problem. Uh, last week, I guess, at the one point, Dan deal at C2E2 announced. I think it was that or it was one of those you know shareholder meetings that it was already above half a million uh, pre-order yeah. copy, so it'll it'll keep it's, just it's going gonna up. go. It's gonna be huge. Yeah, it's and gonna uh, be in that though, I told Eric that I ta- talked in the news. I think it was uh, where that DC uh, Nation number zero or whatever that twenty five. That's over a million already. So people are excited yeah. about that. As I don't well. understand what happened there. Although I did see that some stores are actually giving it away. Yeah. I mean, I assume that their cost was almost nothing on it, yeah, you know, probably yeah. a, a nickel or something. And they'll go with, you know, right. go with it. And I'm sure that a lot of them will have extras as well. See what it should be. It should be free. I can't well, believe yeah. that they want to charge well, for it. Doesn't game. it come out a week before free yeah. comic and that, Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Before, so. A lot of people have... A lot of shops will have extras, and they will just give it out during free comic yeah, book day. Yeah. Nonsense, well. DC. Yeah, they they have some weird ideas. They in their pulled head. A, they pulled some kind of. Well, here's the thing I was talking about. Not that this is what we're here to do, but I think that that whole deal came up after they had to submit their their comics for the free comic book day. So that was no, already like, done because uh, we hear, we hear about that like 12 <laughs> months ahead of time, and it's it's bullshit. It's always a reprint of something, yeah. and then they decide out of nowhere, oh, we'll do this. That would have been. That there you have your free comic book day comic instead it comes out the week before. For they they just did your thing. They didn't have it together in time. Yeah, I don't to, think they had it to, together. To make inside. this. Th- okay, yes. okay. Because they true. do have to awesome. submit that to that committee yeah. and the committee right. has to, uh, you know, approve it and all that shit. So I don't even think that was a thing when that had to be submitted. So that kind of explains that. But it's still weird. Why not come out now, not a week before? But we're not here to talk about that anyway, because we're here to talk about your books. And you had three books this week. Like I said, me, you, and Eric are going to be talking about two here. And then you'll be talking to Chris, and then we'll be coming back with you as well. But we're going to start with what? Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 42, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Ethan Van Skyver and Jason Wright. Tomar 2 can make the world seem bleak. Tomar 2 makes you feel sad when he speaks. Tomar 2 and 2 alone can make murder true and fill my dark star with the blood of Tomar 2. Yes, Tomar 2. 
Tomar yeah. too. Uh, I, I like this issue enough. Uh, it's actually something going on, which I think that that's the biggest problem with this book. Uh, mm. though I thought that the Tomar Tusa, it really escalated very quickly and to the point where it just seemed odd. Like it, it just, it went from point A to point H very quickly with the whole idea of, you know, I'm going to kill and if I get, I don't know what happened here. I, I thought, just... uh, I mean, maybe, maybe his little, but I thought that his soliloquy, his like explanation of how he'd become hardened and darkened by the, you know, the, his it, doing isolation. his murder is, and then being isolated in the science cell. Uh, and also what he isolated himself before that. Don't forget, cause his, his ring was flipping out. We, uh, it, I thought that was the most interesting part of the book. Other yeah. than that, I, I did like the dark sense. star stuff, but it was like, <laughs> Uh, you know, they basically kind of dispense with the controllers real quick just to get them out of the way so yeah. that the Dark Stars... Yeah, saying, immediately these Dark Star freaking Exo Mantle kind of things, these new and improved Dark Stars became Manhunters immediately yeah. where yeah. they just went against their creators. Well, yeah. here's, here's what I'm saying. Right. When, when we do the Tomar, the thing that I get, though, is that you have that weird deal where it since he's been arrested, I don't know, how long would you think that is? Uh, you know, is A couple it months, weeks, seems months? Like a uh, couple of months. He yeah. says that Somar Lee has visited him every morning. Every mm-hmm. morning they've had a talk, and then out of nowhere, this is where it seems like he's deciding to say, you know what, heroes are bullshit, and I'll do what I want to do, and I'd kill again, where it just seems odd. And to me, because we've had so much not going on leading to this, this is where all of a sudden Venditti's like, oh, shit. I could have really set this up, but I didn't, so I have to get to the point because by the end, the Dark Stars are going to come and take them, so we have to set it up. Uh, to me, it was nonsense. We should have had this, you know, a couple times already leading into this, just a little on the side that where you yeah. have these talk because he says, you came, you have been coming here every single morning. Well, out of nowhere, it seems that, you know, things are changing. So Lee, oh my God, why would you say that? Why is it today? Why is this the day that this happens? And then Hal shows up to say, you don't mean that, you know, and now we get injustice is all it is of the, Are you, you know what? Are you saying that it was just awfully convenient that this was done for narrative convenience? It was convenience. way more convenient <laughs> than convenient. Well, well, here's the right. problem it's, is, it's is, like ridiculous. well, here's the ridiculous thing is it doesn't matter if it's that, that it makes sense in this issue. Well, why didn't we get this the last eight issues? Because sure. the last eight issues – we have been talking and the scores have been going down and down and down because nothing is happening. They have issues where they're fighting uh, Zod where they just had, let's fly through space and punch Zod. Then the next yeah. issue, let's get yeah. more people to fly through space and punch Zod. Why wasn't you this You could have had a page, a page of something or even like You could have even had the cliffhanger thing, of like, last issue. He, he makes a, he makes like a sly look sometimes. Yeah. Like he's not, you know, you can tell he's turning or whatever. Sit there. At, uh, this, at this point, we call he, that foreshadowing. Well, at that and also in this, it seems that they're going to go with the idea that he is like isolation has fuck with him yet. Does seem like he's kind of involved, or at least is talking to some of the prisoners. Like he seems to be involved in the Gen Pop a little. I know that he isn't, but he does say he knows about these other guys. But it just seems to come out now, and I just it just seemed way too, like you said, convenient, way too forced. By the end, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I get it. You just have to make sure we realize that not only. Because because going into this, we think he's still a good guy, right? You, yeah. You, yeah. So you have to make it so he he isn't that great a guy. 
that would accept the idea <laughs> of the Dark Stars. And well, the whole thing too. Dark it's like stars. you know, he is still a hero to a degree. Yeah. Where you know, he's he's more of an anti-hero because he knows, like you know, I killed Romat Rue. And I thought that was a bad thing. And I've been stuck in, like, you know, my science self thinking about it, pondering what I've done for so long now. I've come to the conclusion, given the chance, I would do it again. And honestly, if you let me out of the cell, I would go and kill yeah. more killers and, because and, it's the only way it's going to uh, yeah. make sure that we save everybody else. Because what we're doing right now, we could have put him in here. He could have escaped, killed more yeah, people. Says, what we do is not a I mean, it's just that, This is that old question, you know, why doesn't the Batman kill Joker? You yeah. Know? That's it's injustice. Thing. It's just yeah. the thing from injustice. Exactly, yeah, Superman yeah. says, fuck it. I'm going to kill the Joker and go fuck yourself. This, he, I'm sick of it. These people keep dying. He, it's basically, that's one of the things. It's, it's just ripped right from there, but it's a, it's a cliched story even for injustice. This is something that's been going on with the whole idea of a superhero that will not kill or whatever. I just, it really threw me off just that you got that to have three panels later. It come to roost. You know, you have right. it where, and even at the point where Hal goes and they're friends, you know, that he's talking and you have to get that little bit of evil into that so that you know that he will go the little step further than we would have thought because now he said it and I thought that it wasn't set up well just look, to have his, it. But his, his face all goes like that newscasting eagle on the Muppets yeah, too. He's oh, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah really. Know. But Sam with that, though, with that, though uh, if we go from here, the Dark Stars are here, he's there, they go off, and each – we have balls to the wall, fun, and all this going on, then it's not. But if we go back to from here having two issues of your no-going-on nonsense again, then I'll be like, well, why did we force it to do that? I don't know what's coming, obviously. But Venditti's pacing in this whole series it is – it's awful. It really is. It goes from, oh, man, this is cool – for half of an issue, and then all of a sudden you do nothing. Then you have two issues, you do nothing. Then, I mean, even at the beginning, I thought we were getting more of the same where we have to have everybody say a line, including, you know, there's guy, huh? You know, this is cool, right, Rainer? You really liking this, you, you artist? And I'm like, really? Like, what is going on in this, like, deal? But, yeah, you know, go on. Tell us about it because there really isn't, if you really think, there's not much happening in this. Yeah, pretty much, you pretty much told the crux of it. On the, on the other side of it, you know, the controllers have gone back to their home planet, whose name I do not remember, or even if they tell us, Space, space Sector 0001, yeah. where they are making Dark Stars. Or, yeah. Even going so far as to pour the metal and everything like that, and they got the robots, and these are the new improved dark stars that have yeah. uh, blue, you know, uh, uh, Bluetooth and uh, yeah, all do. kinds of apps on them. Whatever the they're going to be they the have best. All the but, apps. It, but what they basically have turned into is essentially like evil ring yeah. lanterns. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, 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 they're manhunters. They're yeah. manhunters that are actually though they're that seeking are just gonna people kill to, to power them. Yeah, you know what I mean? Gonna, to yeah. lock them. To, you you have you have shown to you know show great being of an asshole yeah. you know and that kind of a thing so uh, they become like their own core I think is the, yeah it's like a killer is. core yeah, oh, it's, like, it's the, like the original core where you know I mean the original Dark Stars where the controller sent these Dark Stars out after the collapse of the Green Lantern Corps to like maintain order in the universe and shit like that it's just now it's way it's gotten to the point where all right we we're gonna re we're gonna reinitiate the Dark Star yeah. initiative. And we're going to have this whole thing where it seems to be this new and improved Exo Mantle where it is going to become more powerful than the Green Lantern Corps' rings. But, like, you know, it's weird because these actual Exo Mantles go out and they recruit people. And But it seems that this Dark Star 1, this first Exo suit that goes online, yeah. actually just has this whole AI of its own that actually 
you know, it goes against the, the controller. Yeah, it's immediately. going against the deal, and it's like it's, almost like they, I thought they were going to yell that they're using tools now. And that's and basically I, what I it is. I don't know where they're going, though, because I really got invested in the idea that we're going to have, like, the Dark Star, like, the entire core of the Dark Star. Yeah. It really seems right now, from what we get, unless it goes back and, like, you know, initiates the rest of the Exo Mantles, that we only have Dark Star 1 with Romot Ru being the host. Uh, are we ever going to go back and get the rest of them? Or are the controllers going to be like, well, we fucked up. Uh, yeah. Let's get rid of all these other goddamn suits we just built because this shit is not working. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. I assume they'll all they'll kick into action and pick up other murderous uh, well, I hope one so. will go get Frank yes. Lemensky, and then we'll go and get, you know, just keep going down the line of all the people who are, you know, who are pissed off uh, throughout the deal. And, yeah, it's just – but really, uh, it's cool enough. I, I like seeing the Dark Stars. The art's great. But really, not yeah, much he, really he, did happen. Skyber, he was on an issue, God, this is going back six or more issues, where I said he had kind of, uh, it didn't look that great. Yeah. I still said it was it was pretty damn good, but it didn't look that solid. This, uh, he pulled out all the stops on this issue, yeah. and, and there are some awesome, like, alienscapes and, you know, scenes of machinery. The dark stars look great. Everything looks terrific in this issue. Yeah. And just the evil looks of Romont Rue this entire it, time. I really it, appreciated all of those, those, like, the really... Thin slitted eyes as he's talking to Hal and it's talking yeah. about how I will go out and I will kill more killers because this is the only way to do it. I thought I actually laughed out loud though when the Dark Star One suit came to Oa, I mean Mogo, and it recruited Romot Ro because I'm thinking to myself, all right, like you know, time to initiate thing. I'm like, there is no way this suit is fitting on that fucking beak. How's this gonna look? And then like it actually modifies itself to the host. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But at the end, like. It is a very convenient issue to get what we need for the like, you know, the reveal of Romont Rude having no and it's sympathy Tomar for the too, like the, right. It's, oh, it's I'm uh, sorry, yeah. I, I'm saying oh. Romont Rude. That is the killer. Actually, kill. yeah, yeah. Uh, Tomar too, yes. But I'm even sorry, so, but, it, it just and like I said, it, it's Tomar two yelling at, at Hal about how he'd kill, and then you have and and that's the problem is I think that where you get this whole deal is is this Dark Star one comes and does give Tomar two the the option. It seems so like, do you accept this? Do you wish to do this? We've already seen they would. So, yeah, he's going to do it. And it, it kind of upsets Hal. Uh, but, yeah, after that, it's just going to go off. But and I like this idea. I like the idea that Hal is going to be conflicted even as it goes, because this is somebody that he likes and, and thinks that shouldn't be that bad. The problem is I don't know where he goes back from this. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't seem like he was controlled or, you know, he pretty oh, no, much no. said this it. Really just so seems like I think this might just be the end. I think that it, it, what are they going to do, though? Because from here, he can never be let out of a science cell after this is done, a- especially if we go and you see that he starts killing people. And I think that oh, we will. They'll, so. they'll, they can just explain away his bad feelings well, with like bad feelings. I actually don't know. Something. Did they ever say how long he was going to be in the science cells as it is? Because he might have already been in there for life. They I don't leave know. It, they leave it kind of open. That's yeah. the problem. They, yeah, they I don't, don't know. Really yeah. d- depending on what we do with the Dark Stars in this arc, I, right now, as far as I know, we might only get Dark Star 1, Tomar 2. He might just get all uh, get away again and becomes yeah, a recurring villain where he actually just goes and tries sure. to be this one man fucking yeah. you know might, like you know Dark Star Corps and that'd be okay. Yeah. I do like It'd also that Dark Star, yeah. out of nowhere we get a lost uh, army reference in here as well, which made me laugh. Well, that's where... the thing is they they said the, the like the like the lost lantern, but they could also be referring to the time where after the collapse of the Green Lantern Corps and like how Jordan thought he killed a bunch of the lanterns becoming parallax. We did find out that a lot of the lanterns were actually captured by the Manhunters, and they were considered the Lost Lanterns for a while, yeah, so I don't know I, what they're I playing at. I actually think that they're going with the Lost Army, just the way it's just thrown out there, and it's that, you know, it's just pretty much happened 
So I, I guess that, and also that is a Venditti story. So it is, but the thing is, the one thing too is that Tomar too was really involved in that because he escaped yeah. and actually went after Hal Jordan came back and went after him and tried to kill Hal Jordan because of what he did to him. Yeah, and then well, that led him back to the man the world. Anyway. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that it was thrown in there. But yeah, uh, what'd you give it, Reggie? Well, I I did like a lot of the art and I liked the story kind of overall. I liked a lot of aspects of it, but. Like you, I felt there wasn't a lot to jump onto, and the fact that, you know, these stories are getting picked up from previous issues, but there are so many other loose threads still hanging out there from oh, like yeah. the over a year ago. The Sinestro, yeah, of course. Sinestro's alive somewhere. You know, there's so many different things. Uh, it just kind of highlighted that for me still. And okay, uh, solid issue, so I gave it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, there was, uh, like I said, I, I think it was very forced, but at least there was something going on. Uh, I yeah. just was upset that it, it just shows you that where we had a lot of other times where they were treading water, you could have actually had some other things going on that would have made this make more sense. You could have even had a point where it's how going to talk to Tomar too, and they would have these philosophical ideas like, well, you can't kill and whatever. Have it more of a setup, just not all of a sudden this one day. Tomar yeah. is like, you know mm-hmm. what? I just decided. Now, I decided wait, everybody should die. Off panel, they didn't they didn't mention this, but he had been uh, sodomized by the Aryan Nation every day to that point. Does that change your that, that might? Opinion? I actually think that what he's been doing since he went in the site, he has the uh, podcast that he's been yelling about how <laughs> he they should be following the way that he goes. It's Tomar Two and the Truth Podcast is what he says, and he lets everybody know. Uh, that killing is what it is, and he had wrong turn on. I, I don't know if you know this, but he did have a wrong turn on last week, and wrong turn did tell him this. I like the killing. He likes the killing. Oh, That's what he told him. So that was all he said, and then he left. But uh, Eric, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give it a seven, though, as well, because it is something going on. So, And I did like the art. The art was really good. So I'll go with that. Eric, what would you give it? I really love the art in this issue. I'm happy that we're doing stuff with Tomar, too, and bringing that back around the idea that, like, it is a very forced and convenient way to have this whole decision made but talking to Hal and the Dark Star thing going on at the same time. Which would have been cool to have is actually a progression like day so-and-so of, you know, Tomar 2 in a cell where he has this progression to yeah. where oh, finally yeah. we get the Dark Stars initiated and it comes for him because of the decision he's made over this period of time, which we would get to see if that was the case. It's a very convenient issue in that case, but I like the direction we're going. Yeah. I like the Dark Stars. I like that we're doing stuff with Tomar too, and that there's actually a character arc going on with him where there's something different happening. He's like, you know, this kind of vigilante kind of thing going on now, which I really like. So I would give it a 7 out of 10 as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, we all – that's one of the things. We rarely do agree like that, but uh, oh, yeah, true. we'll go on to the next one, and I think that we'll at least agree – it wasn't so great, but let's see. I think we agree on that. It's Suicide Squad number 39, written by Rob Williams. Art by Neil Edwards and Ulysses Ariola. We don't need no actual story. We don't need no plots at all. No cool developments in the narrative. Writers leave the characters alone. Hey, Williams. Leave those folks alone. All in all, it's just a, another issue of the wall. All in all, you paid three bucks for some more of the wall. The wall. That's it. The I wall. sped it up a little because otherwise the it's a long song. The wall. <laughs> Holy moly. The wall. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of issues. And I, I'm telling you, I, I got a mad 
uh, last week when there was something, I think Rob Williams has a book coming out. It's, it's not a DC book. It's something, uh, I think it's a dynamite book that he's bringing back or something. And they said, you know, the, in the news press release, the, uh, critically acclaimed, author of the critically acclaimed Suicide Squad book. And I just, it got me so angry. And, and then I'm thinking like, well, what do you call critically acclaimed? Like, yeah, I'll get angry. Critics are claiming it. Yeah, Critics yeah, claiming yeah, they're it, claiming it. They're, I think they're claiming it. I don't know what they're doing. Like, I'm telling you, I get mad at Mr. Miracle and all that deal, but I, I can't deny it's critically acclaimed. I, I can't. This book sure. though, it's, yeah, you're criti- it might be critically acclaimed, but really, you gotta start, you know, weeding out some of this, this acclaim. Because yeah. this this whole series has done nothing. This whole series is based on the idea that if the Suicide Squad doesn't do it, they're told they're going to get a headache. That, that right there <laughs> is, is complete and utter nonsense. It's also based on a team where nobody will die. And if they do, like a boom, boomerang, you know they're coming back. Or uh, an enchantress. So, yeah, or an enchantress. And even that is like, yeah, okay, we're, we get rid of her. I hope she's gone. Like I, I was happy. Who knows? But with that, I thought Boomerang was gone. Yeah, after and the, then he, the yeah. Issue, two issues ago, he just showed up again. Yeah, I was like, and, oh, and I guess. With that, so. though, there is nothing in this. You finally do get a death that that seems, but what what does it mean? You, you have this deal in this book that the story stink, and, and then by the end of this, it's basically Waller. That the big, you know, craziness of this is that Waller's in the field with them for them to walk around to get back to the same goddamn story about somebody fucking with her family. That's yeah. all this ends up being. And we've it's seen Rustum this. Rustum again. Yeah, we've seen this with Rustum. And it wasn't yeah. good then. You, you had Rustum. The wall, you think he's better? No, but her you know daughter what? just had a baby. Yeah, so now you got to so. fuck with him again? And with the wall could be interesting. Really I, could be. You, I don't know what's going on with the wall right now because no. I'm playing really quick. I'm like, is this hack inside of him? Is that what we're yeah, doing? I, do, I really don't understand what the fuck is happening. Well, there and at all. here's the problem is. Why, if you're going to do this and you're going to, because basically they even said at the one point, uh, Flag's like, you know what, that's his voice, but it's not his cadence. The problem is, we don't know a cadence of anybody. If this was no, where something, if something mm-hmm. was set up at some point and, you know, you had Hack who actually, once she became digitized deal and the full out Hack talk like, hello, I have to go, like actually oh, talk like a robot. She's well, small wonder. Oh, wait, wait. At least yeah, we'd have well, I mean, something I, to base it on. But, at first, as I understand it, the wall used to talk kind of like, you know, reporting for duty, the wall, yeah. sir. And then now he sounds like, Rasta Blood Gladman. Yeah, I'm reported for Dante. He said, it's all of a sudden, Please. it's Miss Chloe. With that, when they say, Cleo, when they say this whole deal, that's not his cadence. Like, you need to know the cadence of something that he's doing then for it to make sense because all that is is saying it's not him. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, make the the lettering different. Make it like in a uh, electronic looking if it's hack or if you don't want to reveal it, do something. Yeah, well, nothing. The, the idea, though, we had the idea we have just dealt with Hack, who was digitized. You don't know what the hell her her powers are, how how far she can go. But we also have the idea of this AI system that's inside the wall that might have gone haywire. Yeah. We don't know. All of a sudden, the wall is just bad. Yeah, and that's it. Just and we bad. And he's just bad. After two issues where we barely had him, don't know anything about him. Yep. And with that, you want to, I guess, that you know, Rob Williams here does want us to say or think like, okay – He's going against his will, 
uh, because of what Rick Flagg says of the cadence, but nothing in this ever spells out what that means or what they're doing. Uh, you know, it might be fucking that hammer guy from before. That, who it's knows? Rustam inside and of him. Who knows who it, it is? Now but, he's exerting his will, and before he sounded different because he was holding back. You know, yeah. like we, and, and, we really have no idea who the fuck this guy is. And with that, is, is you have a continuation of whatever they're going to go with whatever issue what happened to croc and it did didn't you know oh, I, mean, I, gonna... I hate that whole storyline now yeah. I, I used to like the idea of croc and enchantress i hate every aspect of it yeah. i hate uh the fact that they seem to have forgotten everything with croc i don't understand yeah. how deadshot has become like a background character yeah in this he's comic. a background character harley's like just there to say there one word all. Harley, and, Harley, Harley, and Boomerang are the comic relief, and there's no actual story. No, to be relieved none. from. There's no tension here. And I, I love uh, here. The only thing that happens is the thing on the last page. Is the is he's just the wall has discovered where uh, Waller's daughter is, and I yeah. guess where her family is. That's it. That's this whole issue. Yeah, that's it. Everything and Enchantress is, dies. It seems. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, Enchantress is utterly useless in this issue, and the reason because hey. This is an exact 3D digital recreation of a key to an interdimensional portal. It's the door to where you came yeah. from. Yep. No. Yeah. It looks like they made a key and a 3D printer and yep. then threw and I'm it like, down. How the fuck and does she, that work? They're grabbing me. And then before though, before that, what did you do to those people? I sent them the hell. Oh, great. Really? Oh. That's what you did? And then Croc, oh, no, I'm burning again. He don't like to burn since he got burned before in the space burn. Even though he's fine Even now, though which he's may or may fine, not be due to but digital recreation by yeah. hack, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? no idea why. And then like th- <laughs> through all of this, the big thing at the end, where you re- now we're going to start getting deep is when the people come out of their their uh, trance and how they were ch- are they they just acting like zombies still because th- that's how Americans are oh, whatever whatever it's just it's not even it's just like that's what you do like tell us goddamn again I'm not gonna get that angry because this book is nonsense it's complete yeah. utter nonsense finally DC realized that we have to make it a monthly it's coming up it's turned to monthly. Uh, not that that's going to change anything because there's nothing going on. What needs to happen is at the last page, instead of the wall downloading everything in the Pentagon for everything in the world just to get to where Amanda Waller's daughter and the baby are, instead of that, what he needs to do is press a button and there's a goddamn explosion that kills everybody in this book and wipes it all clean and then we can start new with a new creative Boom. team and a new team and something fun. Brain bombs fun. all around. Yeah, something everybody. fun. Brain and bombs. All, all I'm saying, too, is if this turns out to be Hack, I'm going to be very upset because we had already established previously in the last arc where Hack was the villain that Hack had actually gone and found out about all the things that Amanda Waller wanted to be kept hidden and shit right. like that. Yeah. So she had already achieved this if this is indeed Hack yeah. inside of and the, the wall. And the only thing like you that. can think, though, is at the end you see, you know, the electric. But, again, I don't know all of the wall's powers the either. The so. that the wall has to download the entire fucking yeah, just for that. Dark he can't search. To find Amanda Waller's address. <laughs> he just needs to search. He's at the Pentagon. If they have that file... Nobody knows how to use a phone book anymore. He, he, no. All he needs is to learn the uh, Dewey Decimal System and cross-reference. He, and it's on the microfiche. You, you, it's Ridiculous. just – it's nonsense. Then out of nowhere, the best is I'm reading this. And out of nowhere, there is a reference to the band Elastica, who I was a big fan of back in the day. Of course you were. And I'm there and I'm like, huh. 
Like I'll actually when we when I do go on Mixler and have like a show a lot of times I will play there's like two Elastica songs. Now I don't want to ever hear of them again because I'm there like oh, oh man so you, you met, and I don't even get like why bring that up and then and the whole deal was huh I thought that was a secret as what happened to Elastica's second album what you mean the album that came out then I, I don't know what he's talking about because I, the legitimately a second album came out I don't know why I'm getting that angry about that he but it just he to me where have, do you get off talking I'm about Elastica how dare you how dare you I am the only one who can like Elastica you <laughs> son of a bitch but just that that's his little you know throw in there how about this Gag. make the yeah make the brain bombs not just give them headaches do something here uh, please make it I, a chance and, fucking and are you with me that they have to get another team and I, i'm telling you the, the way the, these characters go anyway half of them die all the time and they come back anyway so whatever sure. i need the next team to have like they announce it the next team Bronze Tiger, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking of uh, the crazy snake bite. You have them. They, they bring them out, brain bomb the, all the motherfuckers to, uh, immediately. They die, oh. then bring in the other team. And then say, that's what happens, bitches. There's tension and there are stakes here. Oh, my God. You just killed Bronze Tiger. Bronze Tiger's done. He's and Kite oh. Man. Out. And just do that. And then I'd be like, holy shit, now this means something. Like, and Emma Manuel, like, I don't know what I was thinking, changing that thing where I can up the ante with it. And it's just, <laughs> it's all nonsense. And then in this, like, there's never a time where it seems like, where is this where they're walking through and somebody's like, Waller, we don't want to do what the fuck you want us to do. Like, everybody is you know, chummy chummy anymore. And it just doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. And then you even have that part where they're walking together. I'm like, are you trying to, like, simulate the movie? Because that is so long ago now. That, that, hey, please. man, you can't break the team up, apparently, please. by order of you brain mindings. You have to. It, something has to change. Of course, we, we've been saying this for the longest time. I know. Even if, even if they left in... Although at this point, I don't even know if I would say they're the top three characters. Yeah. No, we have, we've I, always said Harley, Deadshot, and Katana, yeah. and then you know, put in four new Johnny, people. We have Boomerang cool. as the leader. And again, if you go back to the New Fifty Two, at that one point, uh, I was really starting like New Suicide Squad, where I think it was Sean Ryan. Is I what remember I that? Think. Yeah, it was. And basically, he came into the book and said, "All right, you know what's going to happen here." I'm actually going to delve into these characters and I'm going to tell stories based on the characters and what they would want and how they can kind of go. And it was really good. And you had the whole yeah. reverse Flash Daniel West deal. You had all these things going on. You Harley. had Harley who decided that she didn't want to be crazy anymore and it really upset her. You had Boomerang who showed up, which was one of the funniest things ever when he showed up and at one point ends up going against everything he's supposed to do just to save a bunch of kids. Not even save them. He wanted them to play soccer because kids should have fun. And all the, you're like, I love this. I love every bit of this. And I did. And people were so like, they, I remember. Oh, this well, is wasn't bullshit. there an annual that had like a crazy uh, yeah, boomerang they, yeah, story or they something? Had a I remember this now. Yeah, and it was so good, and a lot of people did not like it. Boy, I would love to get that back now because you actually got an issue at, at the end of an issue. You actually advanced not just a story, but the characters. These weren't just a joke. Like this is a book now that Harley's in it because she's Harley. Deadshot's in it because he was in the movie and he's one of the guys who's in it. There's never a reason where you're like, I need – like, where is the idea of, boy, I can only get one book and this is your version of a 
Justice League of, of villains where you're going to get this because you get the most bang for your buck, you get nothing. It is nonsense. And it's just, you know, you so are right on the money. I definitely gave this, I gave this the score. I give all books when I think that they are actual monetary ripoffs yeah, because there's nothing to this book. We, what we've told you that the wall finds Amanda Waller's daughter just as she's given birth is the only thing of substance that I yeah. guarantee that will be evident in the next issue, which means you can just skip this fucking issue. Yeah, it looks, you know it looks that, okay, yeah. but nothing really right home art, about. But, it. but yeah, uh, I gave it for me. Yeah. I gave it the uh, classic fuck you five. Out yeah, of I'm 10. giving it a four point five. I uh, just and you, just again, you have and then even at the one point where the wall goes and flies away with a jetpack, they talk for three panels for actually one, two, three, four, five panels, and then Waller's like, "If you have the shot, take it." Like he is long gone by then. Like why? Why are you? There's no stakes this whole time. They're chasing him around and chit chatting like it's fucking. uh, And then when you find out at the end, all he's trying to find is uh, dirt on Amanda Waller's family. This is all we've really dealt with. Anytime that you know shit happens, it's always Amanda Waller and her hidden family. Well, you ever hear about Facebook, buddy? You know what I mean? Yeah, and and her family hates her anyway. So, but what would you give it there? I give it a 4.5 out of 10. The art was a mixed bag for me where I thought some characters looked really off and other times like the wall I thought at times looked really yeah. cool. But yeah. it's just I don't know what they're playing with this because it seems to be going back and forth about what like, you know, we should yeah. know based on this character they just just introduced. And I just don't understand the motivation that we get another kind of Rustin story. I'm going to fucking strangle. And somebody. that's what it seems. And that's like really of all of this. The, the big one of the biggest problems is we had the wall for a half an issue before he kind of went crazy. We didn't even know him. Yeah. So you don't know what you're basing this whole thing on. Is he bad, good, or indifferent? You don't really care. Be- all you're showing is he's bad, whatever. If we find out it's Rustam in there, if we find out that it's goddamn St. Walker, it doesn't make any difference <laughs> today. That would be definitely uh, it, a it, big question. If we find <laughs> out that it's small wonder in there, possibly, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of all the great robots. Rosie. I don't care. I, I just, it's, it's just the evil kit, you know, car in there. Yeah, it is. It's the evil, we it's the truck kill, that chased them around. kill her family, Michael. That's right. <laughs> Rosie would be, we have to kill the family, Mr. Yeah, actually, Mr. Yeah. You know? I, I think actually T-Pain is in there. That's why he sounds different cadence. T-Pain we does have a do. different cadence. I'm going to go on. Yeah, so that, that's, I've really had enough of this. But, uh, I mean, the book itself. I could sing yeah. T-Pain all night. But we're going to go I up now. So. And you and Chris are going to be talking about what, Reggie? Eternity Goyle number two. Eternity Goyle number two. And then after that, we're going to have some rant raves. And then we'll be back with more books, including one with Reggie. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. You need me. Welcome back to the Young Animals segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have one that is one Young Animal book for you, for us to read to you, 
And that is Eternity Girl number two, written by Magdalene Visaggio, art by Sonny Liu and Chris Chukri. So we open this book up, and uh, Caroline, as she's trying to call Director Sloan of Alpha 13, that's the program that disfigured her in the beginning and gave her those powers, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his voice mailbox is full, even after several tries. I mean, you know, if you call a number and the mailbox is full, it's probably not going to be emptied five minutes later, right? You probably know? not. I'd give, no. it a, I'd give it at least an hour, i got to tell you. Uh, <laughs> Caroline, then she's sitting on the toilet. She meditates and dissipates like she did last issue, though. I'm still not clear what's happening when she does that, but... Uh, <laughs> In that time, she seems to dream that she has to get through to Sloan, that, that she gets through to Sloan on the phone, and he's immediately and utterly apologetic to her, and then even welcomes her emerging through his phone for revenge. He's like, oh, this is what I deserve. That's great. Uh, but it was all just a dream. So in frustration, Caroline cracks the screen of, of her phone with one hand. Yeah, so it looks like the bottom corner of her face. Um, Now, later, in her more human-looking guise, Caroline prepares for a night out. She's heading out with her friend Danny, who's got tickets to a New York comedy club, and tonight's headliner is Sam Nara. Sam Nara, we come to find out, is a short, rotund woman who has glasses and a pageboy haircut. Uh, her bit uh, seems to be about uh, you know body positivity, accepting her fatness, I yep. guess, uh, being proud of, what was it, eating an entire bag of Doritos or something. Something like this. Something uh, so. But I mean, think about it, is this a comedy club? I, I didn't know. <laughs> I, where were the jokes? I didn't really get it, but okay. <laughs> comedy is subjective, right? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Caroline, much like us, is bored by this routine, and uh, we don't blame her. No. Uh, she shifts reality and makes everything look all sorts of wacky. Which actually, I don't blame her for that either. I probably would do the same thing I'd be, if I just could. To you pass know. the time, just, right? let, me get, yeah. let me just move things along here. Spoken word. <laughs> At that moment in space, Caroline's hanging out with Madam Adam on this spaceship filled with some very Kirby-looking machinery. Not as Kirby'd out as Kirby, but definitely an homage to his it's style. Vain, yeah. uh, Madam Adam still insists on calling Caroline by her superhero name, Chrysalis. She says Chrysalis is the only version of Caroline in the multiverse that can control it. Or something like that, right? I, I think that's what yeah. she's getting at. Uh, they gaze through a window at some Kirby space also. Some nice dots and miasma, whatever. You know the deal. If you've seen it, you know it. Madam Adam says that on a nameless planet at the center of existence is a big pillar. And upon this pillar rests the multiverse and all reality. And they're going to they're gonna destroy it. And in doing so will finally extinguish Caroline's life. And not just this Caroline, but every Caroline throughout the multiverse. And uh, we see one that's a cyborg, one that's an astronaut, one in an evening gown. It's got all the many flavors of uh, Chrysalis Caroline going on. Oh, and also everyone else's existence will cease when they break the pillar, too. Well, there is that. Yeah, there is Uh, Now we, we zip back to the New York Comedy Club, and Caroline is, get this, unhappy. Uh, she didn't have a good time, and uh, frankly, neither did we. Uh, Danny thought it would be uh, good for Caroline to hear other people vent about their problems. But Caroline points out that Sam Nara's problems are not quite as dire as hers. Uh, Sam Nara has a uh, sitcom, actually, apparently. Um now, as Danny and Caroline argue, Caroline reveals more of her deformity, and flecks of some green goo are suspended in the air around them. Danny tells Caroline that she gets off on being miserable, that maybe she doesn't want to be happy. And so Caroline leaves in a huff and go grabs, goes to grab a cab. She asks the cabbie to take her to Great Neck, which would be about a half hour from Manhattan. 
Yeah, forty or fifty bucks easily. I don't know. Mm. I don't know about today's money. Frankly, it could be sixty, seventy dollars. Sure. Uh, now back in space, Caroline and Madam Adam reach Atralus, the guardian of the nameless planet. He's definitely Kirby inspired, sort of like. Oh yeah. If Galactus got a facelift, to have here, and it's pretty much like, yeah, Galactus body. If Galactus and joined like, the new gods. It's it's like, it, it almost looks yeah. like that, or like a Galactus had a Micronauts face and got some new yeah. god stuff. Uh, <laughs> So uh, Caroline zooms out to Ashless in a jetpack and then takes him apart with her like uh, uh, like her eternity power, I guess. I'm not sure, really sure what the hell it sure. is, but okay. <laughs> Over in Great Neck, Long Island, Caroline arrives as de- de- at Director Stephen Sloan's private residence. Despite the lateness of the hour, she pounds on his front door and he and his wife show up, clearly roused out of bed. He's in his underwear and a t-shirt. She's in a robe. Uh, Director Sloan tells his wife to go back upstairs. It's just a friend from work. But Caroline's a pissed, not feeling very friendly, and before Sloane's wife can leave, wraps him in a red tentacle. Uh, she feels he is responsible for turning her into a freak and leaving her with nothing. This whole scene is intermingled with Caroline destroying Ast- Astralis, so there's sort of a collusion between the two. Uh, getting more frenetic and crazy, Caroline gets really wild-eyed and angry in this uh, and in the end, Caroline has destroyed the Sloan's home and walks away with the multiversal pillar looming over the horizon behind her. Hmm, so, hmm. did the realities blend? Perhaps. Uh, do we care? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe not, maybe. <laughs> I have, I have uh, pangs of caring. Does that make Perhaps. sense? You know what I mean? Like, sure, I, there's sure. something. There's, there's something there. There's almost like a, 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 a muscle memory of caring of, of a story. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but this one is, you know, I'm still. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I like a lot about this book, Chris. Mm-hmm. No backup. That is true. That's because yeah, nice. she was usually the backup lately. So she was the <laughs> backup. Uh, but this is this is something. At, at least it was written cover to cover, folks. So uh, we true. we like that. And uh, was Bug also? Did Bug have backups? Bug did not have. Oh, yes. that was another mini. Did it? I'm trying to I don't remember. I don't, I don't think it did. I okay. or, or if it did, you know, sometimes we don't get the backups. They're that fucking. It's true late. in the, in the... <laughs> uh, or whatever the fuck happened. But I don't think I don't think they had backups. The Bug, mm-hmm. but uh, this doesn't have backups, and doesn't look like it, it it will have backups. It seems like there is a story unfolding here. You know, sure. a plan. Which mm-hmm. I, I like to see, uh, but it's it's really seems it's it's really being parceled out in uh, dull ways. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I put sure. this. You know, if, if the stuff going on in space was so enthralling that the juxtaposition of what was happening on Earth or whatever the hell the other dimension, you know, you know what we're trying yeah. to say here. It's hard to say exactly what's even happening here. But the stuff with Madam Adam was so interesting that the other stuff could kind of like exist as a counterpart. That would be one thing, but it's sort of like boredom in space, boredom it's on Earth. Both, yeah. <laughs> you know? Different it's levels like, of dullness. Yeah. Where 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 do you want to be bored now? You know, I, the ending was the was the best part. Uh, that was the part where I was like, sure. okay, something just happened here. I'm not sure what it was. I don't know if the pillar being on this at the same plane as the. Director Sloan was alleg- uh, an allegory, or whether or if it was literal, yeah, literal. Uh, but what do you think, Chris? I, I've done enough yapping about it. <laughs> um, you know, like we said, there's something here. Uh, I'm, I when I read this, I'm I really think about Mother Panic early on, where there's a story here and there's an audience for this. I just don't think I'm that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I want to say a lot of bad things about it, but I can't because it's, this isn't being written for, uh, you know, a 37 year old dude. It's, it's, this is, a. <laughs> This is uh, it takes me back to when you know when I was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old, reading self indulgent shit from sure. Orny Press. You know, yeah, where it's oh, like, yeah. oh, this is just mundane daily crap where people hate their lives, and you know that that whole mythical quarter life crisis thing that <laughs> people try to press. In a lot of ways, when... this is very much like early Vertigo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sand oh, and all that early indulgent stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell was that thing we talked about? The Piranha Press thing, ugly stories yeah. for ugly stories, for, you know, beautiful stories, stories for ugly, ugly children. children. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was another like pet project that we you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you might have hit the nail on the head that like mm. maybe that's my muscle memory I'm talking about. I remember and like I, I totally this, get this. you know what I yeah. mean. I remember being a person that could have really enjoyed the heck out of this. I really sink your teeth into just it. Not really that person anymore, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I really feel like I have to take it on the merits of the uh, comic. The nuts and bolts. The nuts and yeah. bolts, yeah, the storytelling and everything. And in that, in that way, it's okay. It's not great. It's, it's, it's still boring, It has it, it, the pieces are there. It has, you know what I mean, it, it has a uh, chronology, and even though we're, we're going kind of like back and forth between dimensions or realities or whatever, I hopefully we'll learn more the real nature of what that is. It's It's <laughs> not difficult to follow, which would be... The first to knock, you know, if you can't follow a comic, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, but it definitely, it definitely is, you know, kind of indulgent, kind of is about, you know, uh, it, it reminds me of like being a teenager, you know, fuck, fuck the world, blow up the world, yeah. you know, that kind of attitude is being evinced here. And uh, if you feel that way, if you are an, an adult or a teen or anywhere in between, and you Pretty feel tough. that way. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, who knows? I think you just said something there where, you know, we have this character who's literally going to destroy the world where, yeah. you know, kids, kids who think the world's out to get them, just say F the world and hate the world, wish everyone was dead. And here we have a character who's actually going to go about that. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's 35 years old. And, and um, in a dispassionate, you know, kind of cool way. In a, I mean, yeah, like, that's the kind of way. Yeah, I'll do it. It's <laughs> cool. It's like, uh, I mean, whatever, her being 35. I mean, remember when we were kids, Superman was 35. Remember back then? So uh, he was somewhere Imagine. in there. I always, I, thought I always put him, him and uh, most heroes were in their early, mid-30s in my mind, so. Yeah, they were whatever age my father was when I was a kid. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's about right. But uh, yeah. this, uh, you know, it took me about three or four tries to get through this because it it is indulgent. It is dull. Um, when I got to that stand up comedy act, it was just like, what am I reading? Um, it feels like. You know the very worst of Tumblr, given you know four color flesh. It's well, uh, you know, and I just can't, I can't wrap my head around that. I like I'm saying there is an audience for it, and I'm sure they really dig it. And I really can't hold what I don't like against it because this isn't for me. I mean, what Sab Nara was saying was supposed to be self indulgent crap, but the, my problem was it was why are we reading it? <laughs> it wasn't funny. I was just like you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, any spoken word you go to was going to be un- uncomfortable and shitty. It's always about. My mom took my puppy or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? First period. Yeah, all, all types of stuff like this. But uh, I was like, why is she at a comedy club? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a way. There's a way to this self-deprecating humor. So, you know what I mean? You could use that. It wasn't funny. And, this, and then to hear she had a sitcom, I was like, God, that must be a sh- shitty sitcom. Who'd watch that. this. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, anyway, maybe that could be the backups coming up. Oh yeah, I got can't wait. Well, you know this the is Sam this, this is a six issue mini, I, and I really do think that it has a 
end. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that this it's got to, uh, yeah. and, and so far two issues in, I get the impression that, that it is paced it's on out. A, it's on a map. Yeah. Yeah. But believe me, it can go off the fucking rails very quickly uh, by the next issue. So we'll <laughs> have to find out. I mean, I mean, some of these minis I've been so burned on these, Chris, where it's like, Oh, this Absolutely. is pretty good. And the fourth issue, it's two people sitting around stalk, talking in a diner the whole time. I'm like, what the talking hell happened? Talking about the last three issues. Yeah. yeah. Oh, remember those issues you bought? We'll just recap them right here for you. <laughs> remember that 20 bucks you just spent? Yeah, that was useless. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I ended up giving this, and I feel good about this, a 7 out of 10. I feel like it's a pretty, uh, you know, if, if subject matter appeals to you, you would go higher. If sure. If it infuriates you. You would go lower, but I feel like this is a comic that is it works. It tells a story. It's not hard to figure out the pieces of it, and uh, you can enjoy it on those merits. What about you, Chris? Well, as you know, I started a seven and work up or down, and uh, at, when I finished, it was a net negative, so oh. I will drop it to a 6.5. All right, fair enough. It's my scientific method. That is <laughs> my scientific <laughs> method is hmm. I wonder. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's basically how I do it. Uh, <laughs> next week, though, we have another book, don't we, Chris? We do. We've got Cave Casson with the Interstellar Eye number two. Yeah, and, and that uh, we've one, got it in our grubby hands. We know it exists. We are holding it, so we don't have to wonder. And uh, so we'll be back next week to do that. Why don't we love? We well. We liked the last issue a lot. That was probably our yeah. favorite of the, uh, of the season of the two launch. of the yeah. month. So uh, we'll see how that goes when we come back to it. As for the other book, we will not speak of it until it exists. We don't have an update, do we? We don't have an update, and we will, That's you know. That's a good sign, right? <laughs> technically speaking, the 19th or 18th, whatever day, whatever Wednesday that is, we should have it, but... Well, the 18th is next week. It's the, it was pushed back another. Oh, so. whatever. So whatever the following whatever Wednesday is. is yeah, 24th. <laughs> 25th? Yeah, yeah, something like this. Uh, we'll see, though. We should not even Fingers speak crossed. its name. We will just see what happens. So with, with that being said, Chris, I think that's all we got from the Gunning House Forum. Yeah, that'll do it. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. My makeup is dry and it cracks from my chin. I'm drowning my sorrows in whiskey and
Boom, Eric. This is obviously the Rant and Raves. And Thank we you. do have a Rant and Rave line that you can call and it's 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy, folks. And I will say, it may be just that easy, folks, but uh, somebody did actually call into the legitimate Rant and Rave line and the call got jumbled and screwed up. So I don't oh, know, and I can't even tell what was going. Easy, no, folks. it's not because I went I to am do. A liar. And it's funny, I I forgot all about this. But when I went, I was going to mention in the Slack chat to see who it might have been. I can't tell who it was. It's like, and maybe that was their call, but it, it didn't work out. So if you did call in this week on the Rent Rave line, I apologize uh, because it's just something, that easy unless you it's call just in that in a easy. Yeah, unless it's not that easy. But we're going to start off with the other calls here. And the first one is one of our favorite fellas and one of the reasons the Rent Rave line even exists, and it is Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello to everyone in the Get Fresh crew. Oh, my goodness. You changed up the game, Eric. Now, this is my first Rent and Rave of the night. Yes. And I wanted to leave this one as a standalone because I wanted to let you know that everything is going to be positive, so positive. It has nothing to do with you, Jim, nothing to do with you, Eric. It, it wouldn't be because you said it's going to be positive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, when I get involved, me and Mike, we get together like milk and ice cream, Eric. Delicious. Uh, yes. <laughs> nothing to do with comics at all. Oh. What wow. it has to do with. The Predators, maybe? Is that what it's going to be here? It's something I heard Monday night and we'll hear again, which was wonderful, awesome, great, (laughs) incredible. The Cellar Dweller was back. Yes, he was. It's funny that Mike was going to say that. Of course, this is why it doesn't involve me, you bastard. But I was sitting there, I'm thinking, Monday night, oh, yeah, (laughs) we're still playing that game. (laughs) I sat here, and I'm like, Monday night? What the fuck is Monday night? I'm like, oh. I, maybe you like the pop culture podcast. No, no. I forgot that the Cellar Dweller showed Cellar up. Cellar Dweller was talking about Friday the 13th. It was everything I wanted and more. I was blown away, impressed, loving it, great. I, Like I said, I had a feeling if the Cellar Dweller talked about Friday the, the 13th, I would love it. But I had no idea how good it would be, how wonderful it would be. This is, like I said, everything I wanted and more, more than I could have expected. Poop. And Poop. I, I, I know there are other franchises out there, and the Cellar Dweller does a great job with those, too. And we Not all want country. more Cellar Dweller. But when you put it together with Friday the 13th, oh, my goodness. It was superb, spectacular, fabulous, wonderful, just great all the way around. Um I just want more, more cellar dwellers. So, yeah, everyone, um, if you're not signed up to patreon.com slash weird science, I just have two words for you, cellar dweller. There you go. Anyway, I'm looking forward to more from the cellar dweller. Um, more, more Friday the 13th, more, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, all the big franchises and the obscure ones too. Even like I said, I would, I would, the conjuring. I'd like to hear a review of Winchester, Oculus, things like that. Yeah. The conjuring. But Cellar Dweller is great. He, he's, that, he likes, he likes the conjuring too, Eric. I think, yeah. I think Brandon's on to something. That episode, you know, finally going to Friday the 13th. The conjuring. Oh, so good. So anyway, Jeez. um, yeah, I just wanted to leave that and <laughs> let you know that, uh, I know that, 
Cellar Door is not on this podcast, but I think Eric has a connection to him. <laughs> He's playing the game, too. <laughs> you got him all playing this I, I, do, I, I do talk to the Cellar Door. I do help produce the show. The, the weirdest thing, though, is I, I have to admit that if I would see you now, I, you're such a nice guy that yeah. your heart's a flutter now hearing all the praise for your friend, the Cellar Dweller. I, I can That's tell, actually yeah. – thing is you know what the weird part is if it was me he was talking about i am actually like a paranoid fellow where all this praise would make me think that he's actually being sarcastic sarcastic uh, all i can think of is this is only to piss me off that's all <laughs> this is I'll, I'll find out later you don't even listen to that show it's just to drive me nuts i'm telling i'm muting the mic because i don't want to grind my teeth so much and ruin the sound quality of this fine podcast <laughs> the message to him that we loved it. We loved it. We want some more. This is where I end the Cellar Dweller podcast. <laughs> and I make up. I'm like, you know what? It really doesn't fit the scheme of things. I'm, I'm sorry to say. Uh, and also, or that you, you're, you're playing the game right as well. Because at this point, I tell you, yeah, I wouldn't even go to that Patreon, Eric. Boy, they're throwing some shade at that Cellar Dweller. Or of it. So good. Anyway. Um, until next time, I will leave another rant and rave, but to th- this week, but, um, just wanted to leave that one and let you Ding say sound. I enjoyed the solar dweller so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Hey, it's as if there's no other podcast that came out this week, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> just like there's no, no, not any of these others. Uh, two, 200 plus shows, Eric, and that's the one. That's the one that hit hard. Well, here we go. We're going to have the next rant and rave, which is weird because it's also Dancing Mike. And I, I didn't know, Dancing Mike did say that he sent in a couple this week, mm-hmm. being because this is a second of three, Eric. Oh, three, shit. three rant and raves this week. Uh, and here's this one. Hello, Jim. Hello, Eric. And- Hello, mother. <laughs> I'm tired not to walk my way. It's Mike. Huh. I just wanted to call in. I just got back from Golden Age, 1942, and... He talks the talk, Eric. Oh, he talks <laughs> like Tony he, Clifton, too. He's talking the talk, though. I don't know what's going on. Uh, no comics, because... Ding it's sound. all Scott Snyder, and it's all Tom King, and they're doing Scott Snydery and Tom King things, but I decided to go drink a bunch of beers and go watch an Ice Bears game, and... I'm telling you, it all matches up. I have a checklist, and he's hitting all the points. And I'm so fucked up right now. I'm seeing 19 Tom Kings and 43 (laughs) Scott Snyder. Now, the thing is, though, there wasn't a complaint about the the, uh, music at the Ice Bears game or the refs. So So I'm seeing some, uh, you know, things in the arm. And goodbye, Dancing Mike here, signing off. Dancing Mike, just one of Reggie's many characters on the show. There you go. You never know what you're going to get when those pop culture, culturists pop in and pop up your ass and give Ding you some sound. culture and some top fives and yes. in the spotlight of the Patreon yes. is signing off and turning it off and popping it off and good night. Hello, mother. Goodbye. <laughs> He's losing his mind. Signing off. Mrs. He's Dancing losing Mike his mind. Bids her dues. There, there you go. There, <laughs> there is Dancing. Now I'm telling you, we're gonna play this game with this old cellar dweller. To me, that is Dancing Mike now. What, what so are you there you about go. Game. Oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. I'm a grown man. I'm playing fucking make believe. <laughs> I'm playing, playing goddamn make believe with you all the time. 
Uh, you will. You can tell everybody though that we're at work, and I, I you always have to correct me in your little charade <laughs> because I won't go for it. Or, and then it's even funnier when I, I when I about. when I do go with it, and then I'm just so angry with myself. No, I get so angry with myself. What am I doing? I, I sit there. I'm like, oh, you got to tell the seller driver what what is going on here? What are you doing to me? Uh, yes, thank you, Dancing Mike. Uh, and it's funny, we're, oh, we're gonna hear later from Dancing Mike again, and possibly that Dancing Mike again, but we'll see. Uh, this one though, the next mail, or Rent Rave, is from Mad Marty, and Mad Marty had been a little hard on himself about the sound quality of his Rent Raves. So uh-huh. this time, he is doing it with his phone, and it is funny sometimes that you, you think you're gonna go fancy on the computer and do all these other things, and yet, you go a little less tech with the phone, and I think it did turn out better. So here we go, Mad Marty. G'day, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Boop, boop. How's it going, Marty. guys? Just got my Australian passport, so good news for me. Get to go on my holiday with my girlfriend to oh. Singapore and Thailand in a few weeks. Why are you going with your girlfriend to Thailand? For the things I've, the tales I've heard of that place, yeah, that's that's the last place you want He's to take his girlfriend, girlfriend to keep him in check. Come yeah, on. I guess. He, he, is he he doesn't want to wreck himself? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Hooray. Um, yeah, first time out of the country since I went to New Zealand when I was 14, which was uh, about 14 nice. years ago now. So good to go on Thailand. a holiday and experience another country. Um, I, I heard in Thailand. They have ladies and boys, Eric, but, you know, that's what I heard. I, that's yeah. just something I heard along the way. I actually want to talk about a few of the books that I'm looking forward to um, that are coming out in the next few months because right. it's been a while since I've looked forward to any books. Um, first will be uh, Batgirls getting a new creative team. Uh, writing. When you were a kid and you heard the name Bangkok, did did you giggle the first time? Of course, I, I didn't want it to be adult. <laughs> When you said it, I had to keep myself from giggling. <laughs> it makes me laugh. I'm like, and it makes sense. That's the best thing. It's all. It works on so many levels. That that name. Thing will be um Sean Aldridge, of course. Um. Some reason I want to laugh at Sean Aldridge too. I, I'm just a goofy guy. So I'm excited to be reading Batgirl again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot all about that actually. I forgot that there was a team change coming up with that, and I am excited as well. It, I'm it's kinda... you, until I see that there's going to be definite change in the book, I'm not going to get excited about anything called Batgirl. You know what? You are very correct there, because we thought that Rebirth was going to change things, and it, it did not. So I'll go with you, but we'll see. Where's my I, Rebirth? I, I don't know, Eric. I'm not even going to hit the thing about Eric Shea Reborn right here that I'm trying to I find say Reborn, right I said now. Rebirth. Well, Lebron James. Lebron James is what Lebron I hear. Lebron, ah, you wrong turn robot, you stupid idiot. I dropped uh, Pope Larson's run after issue five because Makes I sense. think that was the issue where um, Batgirl turned over the teacher to the Chinese triads and then walked out of the room and I yeah, lost my shit. Yeah, the next. How dare you remind me of Fruit Bat, you son of a bitch. This page was, um, you know, her calling in the cops, but yeah, uh, lost my shit for a good few minutes there, or a good second. 
it sounds like he might either be trying to not have somebody hear him talk or may possibly be captured by ISIS right now. Which which of the two? Which of the, where's Dan Stransky when we need him? Is he hiding in a hotel room? Uh, because he seems really on the down low with this. Maybe he thinks if he talks too loud, it's going to fuck up the deal uh, with his phone. I think and, he's trying to hide us from his girlfriend. And, and also I want to I want to know, is he walking around talking in the phone as if he's having a conversation or is he holding it like a uh, transponder type deal you know like a tr- what do they call them the tricorders or whatever in, in star trek is he holding it like that and talking because then he'd look pretty funny uh or is he talking like he's talking on the phone to somebody what do you think i don't even know what you're going with the star trek tricorder you know when they, they have that boop and they have their little walkie talkies that you talk into that's not a thing. tricorder I don't god know what the fuck it's called what is it called then the communicator. Oh, there you go. It really, that that's as, as uh, <laughs> fancy as they can get. That's uh, hey, uh, I'm on the communicator. What do we have to do? Oh, we're we're going in the starship. Oh, there it's we a, go. It's a future uh, ship. It's not Fantasyland. Uh, well, I'm still, actually I mean, you would have thought by then somebody would have called something a communicator before then. That's all they call it, huh? It's been a long time since I watched any of those Star Treks. To um Brian Michael Bendis coming onto Superman, um mostly because I've not read his stuff before, I don't think, and um yeah, I want to jump on with a Superman. Um, story that will be going Superman and Action Comics together, as well as that Man of Steel mini to start things off. I'm um, really looking forward to Justice League Dark by Tinyan coming out. Um, I love the team. I've always thought that Wonder Woman should in a wraparound, Eric, I just looked up tricorder, and tricorders are used to record data, which would be what he's doing now because the data would be his voice. He's not Don't really talking. He's You're not wrong. really. He's not really talking to somebody. So I think that I was saying it right as the tricorder. It's I a am medical per- device. I am no. It just says it's a device used for multifunctional handheld device used for sensor scanning, data analysis, yeah, it does, it does and have a lot of recording data. That's why which, it's a tricorder, which possibly would be recorded. Recording your voice for later. You know, I'm sure that it has an app on there for a little recorder. I am right. So there. Well, here's the deal. At least you could have given me like, well, there is a – you made me think that there wasn't even a tricorder, that I was so insane that I had that in my mind. At least I got that right. We're bad, Marty. Yeah. Be on a Justice League dark kind of team. Um, I think she'd be a good leader for it. I think that would be cool. forward to that. Um, Justice League Odyssey because of the art from – uh, Stefan Sejic and um, what well, we got Catwoman um, by yep. Joelle Jones um, I'm going to be on that it's making me think that I should probably go back and read uh, no. Bat- Tom King's Batman only no. because I can get a basis of what kind of Catwoman uh, we'll be getting so eh, I'll debate that why not <laughs> why not uh, this week He's I'll be getting Eternity mind. Girl number two and that's it um, I enjoy the First issue enough. Um, no new age of heroes a, a for you, very boy. similar feel to Shade the Changing Woman. Um, but hopefully with this progressing story and um, obviously a different direction, uh, it would be different and enjoyable. 
sure, changing woman is God, this great phone enough. call feels like a chore for him. He's not having any fun. Yeah, he is. He's, he's on the download. Well, that's Ice. it for me this week, guys. Um, everyone, make sure you go. He's, now he's picked up. Now no, he's saying goodbye. No, it's, no it's, he's very concerned about the quality <laughs> of the call. He kept telling me. He was very concerned. I oh, think I that he's trying to keep to that in. Reward. Don't you throw shade at him. Well, How dare him. Is this the next game you're going to play? It's some other goddamn persona that throws shade. <laughs> you're sh- Eric the Shade Throwing Man is what that is. That wasn't Eric, though. Sorry. www.weirdsciencedccomics.com Ding sound. And uh, yes. subscribe to the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash weirdscience. All right, guys. I'll catch you on Ding the flip sound. side. Yeah, I'll catch you on the flip side. Ah, there's that shade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. I Maybe he'll be able to get a hold of us from Thailand as well. Uh, yeah. Bangkok! <laughs> Don't say it. It makes me laugh every time. You know what else used to make me laugh? Well, I threw it out there out of nowhere yeah, to throw you, you know, off guard You know there. what else used to make me laugh? It's so funny. It's so stupid, too. The first time I heard platypus, it made me laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. I, I'm telling you, throughout all of school, I was always the one that they'd have to, like, stop and, like, tell me to stop laughing. And I and I was I would never talk any other way. But the minute I'd hear something even close to that, let alone if somebody farted in class, oh, my God, I, I could not keep it in. And I'd be one, like, I'd be, I'm trying to keep I, it yes, in. A, because you were the one who farted. No, yeah, you well, couldn't no. keep it in. No, that's when you go, oh, you know, Eric, you start yelling. Yeah, then you get them. You that get was my them. father's game. He fought yeah. it everywhere. And when you're like, oh, Eric Lee, what are you doing? You know, it's funny, too, because we always say that in school, one of our things that both of us did, like, you you would have there. And what, what would happen is they would say, oh, yeah, your mom's a whore. You know, and I'd think, how does this shit get around so quick? Seriously. But then I'd also be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, you, you fucked her eight times last night. And then they'd stop, you know, because you, you, you got, got the it. I gave, them the, I gave them the zingers before they could. Or like, oh, yeah, you're so short. And then I'd say, all right, I'm going to slice your throat. Stuff like that. It, it, fun fun oh, stuff. Right that doesn't work with farting. Like if you're in class and you really rip one, you go like, oh, my God, I ate this and I farted so bad. Now you're just known as like fart face or something. And then Though, everybody looks at you, you're gross. Later on, it's such a weird thing with that and, you know, showering with other men, possibly going oh, to – I just going, thought you meant showering. <laughs> possibly going to Bangkok or something like that. Stuff that you didn't – or uh, really, if you know, if we're going to really talk real to the kids now. Oh, shit. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest things in my life that switches around was when actually – you didn't have to hide the fact that you masturbated. It became now the big joke. Of I mean, it goes, there is like there is like a summer that all of a sudden you go from trying to hide that from every single person you know to it being the lead-in for almost every conversation that you have for the rest of your life. It's crazy. It really is. I, I just don't understand. Also, now at work, instead of somebody farting and you pretend it's somebody else, I'm yelling for you to come over and you know join in on the fun. No, though, though, uh, when we're working, believe me, you, you want to stay away from Eric slash. Cellar dweller, whichever person is trying to be that point, you, you got to stay away. The worst. That one time I wow, I, I don't, I don't even want to get into the one time I, I almost vomited at work. And I, I, I as well, God, if, if shit's gonna fly like that. I try to do you a favor by walking away, but you no, have to get you really walk close away. to talk for some Yeah, reason. but that's the problem is I'm talking to you, so I think you're walking away. I get angry, and I follow you, and then I hit no. the, the one point I said legitimately, 
I do think that there was something that was transferred in the air to my system, <laughs> and it really it upset thick. me. Oh my! It was so thick. Oh my god! It's that that speedway nonsense that you eat in the morning. It's just horrible. But <laughs> there we go. We had a nice podcast at one point. I don't know when it went wrong. Maybe the second episode. episode but here two, we go. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, at least we had a good run of one episode. <laughs> uh, I think we recorded too much this week. The next rant and rave is from Chris, and that is the Rimmer. Hey guys, it's Chris, and I just, you know, another one of Dancing Mike's many characters <laughs> on the show. He just, he played the hand, Eric. He didn't have to play his hand. Uh, I'll tell you, Chris has a voice that every time I hear it, it does make me smile. Uh, but I'm going to keep going with it because it's fun. What the fuck? See, there you go. I just wanted to call in and talk about the latest DC book that I'm super excited about. What do you think it is, Eric? What do you think it is? Micronauts. Micro? <laughs> are, you, are you even playing along here? <laughs> are, you, are you actually going to get involved? <laughs> Micronauts. Oh, goodness. It's, I think it's the book Tricorder. <laughs> so, okay. I think, yeah, there, there's the, jo- the jokes on us. There is no book. be funny if he said Conjuring. Okay, so Marvel put out Captain America yep. number... 700, 700 by Mark Wade and Chris uh, Samney. Uh, just, uh, I thought he was going to say Chris Likey when he said that. Samney? <laughs> Whatever. And, uh, man, you know what? Since the legacy thing, uh, I've really liked this issue, this, this, this arc that they've I'm been with, doing. I'm with it. Back I'm, too, I really I'm sure like people it. are hating it, but... I'm now, I'm now serious, Jim. Back to oh. serious, Jim. I, I don't know what happened recently here on this podcast. I'm back Bangkok. to being serious. <laughs> Platypus. <laughs> Whatever. It's just I, I haven't been reading Captain America. I kind of dropped yeah, off after the, you know, Heil Hitler or Hail Hydra thing. Hail Hydra. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't because of that. It's just I didn't like the way the story went. Showing your head um, on too much, Chris. <laughs> as far as the writing goes, I thought it was actually a cool twist that he would be a, a, an agent. I like that um, story. I actually do. But, I like the whole concept. Uh, you know, there's only so this is the thing. Like, like the truth story with Superman of getting rid of his powers right. and, uh, you know, the identity. You have to do some new things with these characters. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't play out as well as a. I, I actually really like that idea. I thought that that was pretty cool, and it, it's something different. It's like the the minute that you heard that the Superior Spider-Man it was going to be Doc Ock, you flipped out. But then when you kept reading it, it was good. So yeah. you know you you have this opportunity to do something crazy. You just you know you do have to make it work. But I like these kind of ideas. The problem, like we said with DC, is they seem to never go with it and then go with every book at once, and and it throws everything off. But I just. I, I just didn't think the writing was good. It's like the next issue had Red Skull and like a fucking turtleneck talking Damn to some right. little girl who is actually just a projection and reading her night bedtime stories. And I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck is this shit? Anyway, but now uh, that the legacy thing happened, I think the art is really cool. I like the idea yeah, of him I lo- going I love the forward art. in time, but it's not that far in time, and it's just kind of cool. And I dig it, and I'm curious to see where it goes once they reboot it. I'm excited to get into some Marvel stuff, and man, that's really exciting. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to, to chime in a little bit about that, and also, you heard all my rantings and ravings just moments ago about 
DC's current books. Yeah. So yeah. I don't need to dig back into that. Nope. So, uh, yeah, you know, I well. just, uh, guys, thank you for what you do. Uh, if you guys don't know about the Patreon, which you should by now because you're at the Rent and Rave, so we're probably at the end of the episode at this point. And I thought he <laughs> was last time that you would have to deal with. Um, <laughs> Man, the Patreon is awesome. I yeah. thought he was playing that game too. <laughs> Eric has no idea what goes on over there. He never goes. A lot of extra shows. It really is just extra shows. It's like new podcasts and spotlights and talking about different books and different types of things. Boom, it's sound. really cool. It is worth the money. Even Thank if they you. didn't put out the new shows, it would be worth the money to me to be supporting the 45-hour podcast that they put out every Sunday. Yes. And I I just want to say I, the Patreon and all the extra shows, it really is awesome. And I'm looking forward Thanks. to this sales podcast, which at this point, when this airs, it might actually already be out. And it I might have already be. listened to it and yes. loved it. But anyway, go support them on That's Patreon. The, the yeah. Boys Toys podcast is great. And also the Cellar Dweller recently – Poked his little head out of the cellar oh, and he made a little he. appearance and it was beautiful because I love the Friday the Thirteenth series. So Eric, I really, I really considered Rimmer Team Jim, and now I'm starting to think <laughs> this. I'm starting to look at this a little differently. And Cellar Dweller, if you could relay this message to Cellar Dweller, um, it'd be great. Let him know. And Eric, I just want to let you know uh-huh. the podcasts are awesome. Jim, everything you're doing on there is awesome. Um, late, I'm digging Rimmer. it, and I'm going to make this short and sweet. Goodbye, dancing my. Uh, I mean, Chris signing, <laughs> signing off. off. Thank you, Rimmer. Thank you, Rimmer. Uh, I do want to say, like, I, I did say this. I am not going to be doing the sales podcast. That's actually Salesman Rodney who does that. Eric, it's this guy. He he is a he's from Kansas. He's a oh. guy, a door to door salesman. Uh-huh. Uh, he does the podcast. And now that is I say that, like that Lifetime movie, door to door. Yes, it's like that. And as I say this, I may actually do that just to fuck with you. I may have a, a different <laughs> voice and things, and go with. A lot of like late 1950s salesman techniques and things. I will go with that. So I, I, I can play playing games. I can play the game too. That's if you're going to play the games and everybody else is going to go with it. I mean, really, <laughs> you are like that kid. I don't want to say retarded, but you know, oh. I, I, I'm a spaceman, and the, you certainly are, little Eric. You are a spaceman. That's all it is. They're, they're sitting there like, oh, yeah, you are the seller. All right. And then they leave like, please, don't let them get it near any of my kids. I, I don't need that, that nonsense. Uh, here we go with another rant and rave. <laughs> uh, rant and rave that – and then they pat you on the head and send you the, the BARC to make some wallets. <laughs> they're making wallets for everyone, and so you are doing something for, for the community. This next deal, though – is the rent rave if you're on the slack chat the rent rave that i was talking about that actually really made my day uh and then made me cry a little and i'll admit it i did i actually after listening to this a couple of times like everybody else i actually started crying i started crying and because it is i'll even say right now it's andrew uh from belfast and it's his kids and his kids and i sat there and i 
I actually am in, in, I'm going to get serious now, Eric. I'm no oh, longer salesman zero. Rodney. I'm turning this, I'm not even going to do it. I have the mic actually working right now and I would end up fucking it up. But, uh, at this point, my kids are getting to this weird age where none of the kids really want to hang out with me anymore. And it really is upsetting to me. And cause like we were, we got the movie pass and everything yeah. was fine. We we're going to go to these movies. Now they don't want to go with me. I'm actually going to cancel, I think, my movie pass because they want to go with their friends. I keep saying like, hey, we're going to do every time I ask them to do something for some reason, cats in the cradle comes on in the background. I start okay. So it's really hearing little kids having so much fun with their dad really got to me. But it really is. It's so funny. And Andrew, you have to just pay attention. I, I listen to so many times. There are some things that Andrew's kids say out of nowhere that <laughs> actually made me laugh so much. So here we go. This is it. Tell me what your favorite comic book character is. Oh, Supergirl and Batgirl and Wonder Woman. He's yours. He's yours. Yeah, that's pretty cool right away. Yep. Uh, really good pick. I'm, I'm speaking on TV. He's yours. I'm speaking on TV. <laughs> do you, do you, yeah, I'm speaking on TV. Hey. Yeah, hold on a minute. What's yours, your favorite? I like you. I'm King Louie. I'm, I'm King Louie from the Jungle Book. What comic is he in? I'm the princesses because there's a comic book that I got that has princesses. The Disney princess comic book. The Disney princess comic book. Oh, and what's your favorite? Like <laughs> David, what's your favorite? King Louie and Alan. Uh, King Louie. <laughs> what, what is your favorite comic book character? Is it Batman or Superman? Or Flash? Flash. The Flash. <laughs> Do you even know what the Flash does? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one of my favorites right there. Is I love when kids no idea what's going on. Like, Flash, you know what Flash? Yeah. It just <laughs> made me laugh so much. But now things, Andrew starts losing control here. And it makes me laugh so much of the stuff that they start saying. Hey, hey, okay. Hey, I'm hey, Shout out for your first group. Shout out for the Go Go Show! And what do you say? Whoop whoop! What the <coughs> pee? Poop poop! <laughs> you say what? Poop poop! He's lost control. And now he's like, okay, this is done. Uh, say bye, 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 Jim okay. Eric. Bye, bye, Jim Eric. Say bye, 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 bye. Here's the best. Now they're about to end. Wait, just listen to the final thing that's said, and it may uh, the things get a little darker by the end. Uh, bye, <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> what, what, why are you doing this for? 
<laughs> Why are you doing this? I don't know where after all that. Why are you doing this for? Uh, you're silly, Daddy. Well, when this happened, like I said, I, I was I was having so much fun with it. I had such a smile on my face that I figured that I was going to recapture the magic, Eric. So I, I went. I only had two kids at in my house at that moment, and it was Ethan and uh, Logan. So I figured I'm going to kind of do the same thing. It seemed like something that a father would get going. You ask your kids what their favorite superheroes are you have a lot of fun and laughing uh this is how it turned out eric what's your favorite superhero i don't have fucking time for this shit logan what's your favorite superhero really there you go eric that's all i got that's all i get at my house they hate my guts but yeah well jim Uh, i want you to like i don't want you feeling sad so i want you to know even though your kids don't want to hang out with you and stuff like that you do have a big kid because at least once a month I do call around work and start saying to myself, hello to talk like you. Talk yeah, like yeah, you. Yeah. Doobie dooby doo. Yeah. I and, actually and, do and this. So my as I say this, almost every – I think we have almost the whole entire family, including Alex downstairs watching the Sixers right now. And, of course, uh, I missed it all. And by yeah. the time I get done, they'll all be gone and they'll be in bed or whatever. And then there's daddy there. Just sitting there watching TV shows by himself now. Though Logan does hang out a little with me, he's starting to kind of Not stray as well. I don't even yeah, really. Uh, and also, I go downstairs. I have Unruh a blue shirt. Like I have a blue shirt and blue pants on, and everybody's there calling me the Quaker Town Blue Boy and pointing and laughing at me as well. Ah. So I came back up. But uh, the last rant and rave of the night is the wraparound deal, and we're back to Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And- Hello, Mother. First of all, I need to give a big shout-out to everyone in the Get First crew. And a very special shout-out to the king of the Get Fresh crew, universally beloved, Richard Richardson. Richard Richardson here. Anyway, um, it's been a busy weekend for me. Tomorrow I've got a family thing to do with uh, some people from the mother's side of my family, kind of a cookout, family get-together kind of thingy. Yeah. Um, last night I went to the, the season opener. Well, they had a couple of day games for the kids, but last night was officially opening night of the Tennessee Smokies. That means there was no beer And it there. went uh, 11 there. innings. Not on his one. <laughs> minor league baseball rules in effect in extra innings, which are ridiculous. Uh, in case you don't know. So when you, to speed the game up in minor league, apparently, when you go into extra innings, you start with the previous batter from the last innings. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. He's he's starting this. I already am calling it a complete and utter nonsense. Uh, anything that – here, I know that you kind of have to change. Baseball is one of those games that you kind of have to go with the old deal of you don't really change much. You know what I mean? This this is a classic deal. And to change the stuff like, time? That's right. Yeah. That's, that's, it's hardly that anymore, but still. Uh, you're not going to change. People are not going to go to a game because they speed up an extra innings deal. In fact, that's free baseball, Eric. And you want to just sit there. And then at the end, you're going to be pissed off because somebody's going to win in a weird way that you're going to say shouldn't have done. And now you're pissed. Now the whole game See, says you. If I'm there, I've already drank so much. I don't yeah, care about the game anymore. I already drank so much. You would have been gone by the sixth inning. You would have been, you would have been gone. Hey, or if not, passed out. So there you yeah, go. At gone. second. Yes, you have a runner yeah. starting at second. To try to speed the game up, it still went eleven oh, innings, and bullshit. the bad thing is, the last few innings took about as long as the rest of the game. Yeah, because this is what I'm saying. This okay, is you're what trying happens. to speed up the game, so you put the runner on second. 
but they take away the pitch clock. So there was one guy from... Which is another rule that's odd to me, but that's, that's the, fine. Um, the other team, the Jackson Generals, he apparently decided that he was going to throw to first plate approximately 783 times on one pitch. Hey, he's going to pick him off there. And I think he balked a few times. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, the Smokies did get a... That's, I'm telling you, a balk to me is almost getting towards that, uh, you know, goalie interference. Everybody yep. has their own idea of what it is. It drives me nuts. Win in um, 11 innings, which they have not been doing well, too well this year so far. So that was exciting. No. And I got to eat at the Smoky Mountain um, Brewery Bullpen Lounge this year. Apparently they had Push. to add lounge to it because I guess otherwise people didn't think it was a restaurant, thought it was an actual bullpen and they were going to be warming up. But anyway... Nevertheless, hey, uh, the, the best they show up. Hey, Skipper, I'm ready. Food is good. Apparently, Thunder Road beer is going to be kind oh. of a getting priority from the family. Is that a Garth Brooks thing? And that will be there all year. So just another reason to go to more Smokies games this year. So had a wonderful meal with Thunder Road uh, beer. And uh, let's see, I had the the burger with the Calhoun's barbecue sauce, which is always good. And um, my wife. The lovely Mrs. Dancing Mike had the barbecue pulled pork nachos and all oh, so good. Mm. Anyway, and then later, now as uh, I made sure to tag Swanee because they do have new mason jars this year. They're a bit fatter and, uh, but you know, they're they're a bit fatter and shorter, but My uh, new mason jars, but they still serve <laughs> land shark draft. So when we got into the park and sit behind the dugout or... We put our land shark draft mason jars on the dugout while we watch the game. Anyway, and let's see. Tonight, it is game two between the Knoxville Ice Bears and the Pensacola Ice Flyers. Remember, you can't spell Pensacola Ice Flyers without P-E-N-I-S. Yes. And... uh, and is is this true, Eric? We've been talking about Is everybody in the league start with ice? It seems like it. The ice bats, the ice lightning. Uh, they won Thursday night, and then tonight it's a three-game series. I hate three-game series are so short, but anyway, yeah. the Ice Bears might be able to close out the first round if they can defeat those Pensacola Ice Flyers tonight at Le Colisee in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, as soon as I get done with this call, I'm going to go watch the Predators until it's time yeah. to go. They're taking on the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche. Anyway, so that's all <laughs> to do without nothing to do with comics there. So yeah. let's talk about comics. Uh, I got two DC comics this week. Now, I know you guys talked about Wonder Woman on the spotlight. Sure did. Yes, and sir. I agree. There's not much more to be said. Beautiful, beautiful art. Story is nonsense. Going nowhere. What are the rules yes, about getting onto Themyscira? What continuity we're going with? What stories are we going with? I don't know. I don't know why. So Wonder Woman continues to disappoint because, like I said, I was so looking forward to uh, James Robinson's run, but Me it's too. fizzled and it 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 yep. was yeah it's kind of DOA there. So yeah. anyway, it's not getting much better. Beautiful art, and the fight scene was okay. I mean, it was it was not as bad as it has been, but still, yeah. I, there's a bunch of stuff that, yeah, it's Wonder Woman. So anyway, um, Detective Comics number 978. Now, I think that um, I saw Jim's review on the award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. I'm glad that he's not the only one who was wondering what the hell was up with the crutches. So Robin... Crutches? Uh, Red Robin. Tim has these crutches. And he's walking around on them, so I'm like, oh, we're going to... By the way, Mike didn't call my uh, review adequate, so that's a win for me. 
right. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it, but yeah, crutches out of nowhere. I, I just... seeing this flashback. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> that flashback. Tim looks like, like we said earlier, wrecking in the house. most control wrecking house. Oh, no. Like he, did he wreck house too much? Oh, oh God, I threw my back out. So right across I'm assuming Bruce. maybe it's like the NHL and he has a hurt leg and the NHL would call that upper a body lower, injury. That's yeah, a lower upper like body that. injury. But no, um, yeah. no, no. Then he doesn't have the crutches and he's going. You know why you do that, Eric? Because you say your knees hurt, then they are going to target that knee every time you hit that ice. Going crazy and yeah. so and and them, I mean me. That's what yeah. would happen. I agree that we yes, I'm liking. Yes. There's first of all, where the fuck is the first victim? Not yet. Where the fuck? We I mean, he's out there. It. He was doing first victim stuff. He was attacking the city. Was turned against Keep Batman him because away from of this it. Book, as far as I'm concerned, no, that's just. He's at first victim anonymous now. He's got his first victim chip. My oh, name's wait, first victim. I haven't first victim in two I weeks. I want to see the first victim, but I want some damn resolution to it. That- I think earlier, I can't remember after we record, but I think earlier that my theory was the last panel, Batman's just going to it's just gonna pop up on Eureka. his screen. Eureka! It's him! It's, you know. And it'll just be a name, and we'll go, we yeah. don't know who that is. Anyway... Johnny Johnson. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I like that. This is the thing. I like, I was, I actually read this issue and I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah. They're progressing the story. They're fine. It's like, wow, if they had done this, you know, from the first, it would be a really great run. But it's like they're progressing the storyline. I don't mind the Brother Eye stuff as no, much. I, don't I think either. it makes Brother Eye seem a bit small, but, you know, I can it go does. with it because, hey, it's Brother Eye and, and it's taking over it and it's, you know, and it's, um, I don't know much about Ulysses the general other than they draw him like a damn cartoon character. And yeah, I he's think crazy. some of the, Comic narration thing was a bit, it was a bit goofy and over the top, goofy in a bad way, trying to be fun and just, yeah. But, and then, like I said, I read it and then I was like, oh crap, with Tim, and then I thought for a minute, you know what? Tynion's leaving soon. Yep, yep. So all this stuff within what, this is a Batman Eternal part, um, let's see. That's all it is. Part three. So by oh, I thought he was saying it's just like Batman. The end of the next third issue, as you know, part six, because we're all writing for the trades, of course. Yeah, it will be gone. I mean, it will everything will be set back to normal. Yep, and uh, everything will be reset. That's why I said earlier, you can't have Kate leave as the public enemy number one or Bat family enemy number one. You had to have it. This is why I said you could see the writing on the wall that Ulysses is the going to be the enemy of my enemy at that point so that they can join in together and realize that, you know, they do get along. They just have different ways of doing it, and then you're just going to end. Pieces all set back right there on the playing field. They'll reset, reset, boom, boom, boom. Everyone's back to normal, and it didn't really matter at all. That's what there's no lasting effects anymore nope. because it's like trade, 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 contain story, trade, contain story, trade, no overarching continuity because of that story over continuity, I guess. And somehow it just doesn't seem to have any impact. So like I said, I was enjoying it until I got to the end and I was like, eh, I don't really enjoy that anymore because I mean, it, I, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. It was like, it was really cool. It's like, Oh crap, what's happening to Tim? But then, yeah. And then it, like it hit me. It's like, it's, but within the next three issues, it's got to be better because you got to wrap it up for the trade. Yep. There you go. Everything's happens. got the 
limits on it. And with that, when when Mike says that, the other thing with these runs, they do seem to be based on their uh, wow moments and things like yeah. that. So two years from now, three years from now, whenever, when people are like, oh, I heard that Tynan Detective Comics, that there's going to be one thing and one thing only. Oh, that's the when they had Clayface on the team. That's all people will say. There'll, there'll be nothing else. So what? Do, that, that's the thing. They don't treat it like it's going to matter, so it doesn't. And then down the line, you'll have these little bits and pieces things of, oh, that was that. And then people are – nothing sticks. There's nothing, it seems, and what you're saying, Mike, is right. And what I'll say, like, we have some stories that people talk about in the Slack chat all the time. Like, oh, remember this when it really screwed that up or they did that and that was really meaningful and whatever. We really don't get anything meaningful anymore. Though you can say that Batman marrying Catwoman is meaningful, but that's about as meaningful as you're going to get anymore. Uh, because even when Tim died, that's the weird thing. This detective run should be the one where, oh, that's when Tim Drake died. But we know he didn't, number one, and it didn't even and last a whole issue before we knew it so it never hit so it's just clayface and then oh and then oh what happened to clayface i forget is what i'll say because i and wanna... who knows if he has enough story to go for three more issues of this or if it's just going to be like uh we're gonna we're gonna stretch this issue out for a couple maybe have one more issue worth maybe two more issues worth of story but maybe half an issue's worth of story but it's gonna go three issues i can guarantee fucking damn to you that Oh yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, Batman Detective Comics. Like I said, I like the story, but I just this nagging thing in the back of my mind is like trade writing for the trade. Right. And that last trade. issue actually might actually be that victory and lap we talked about. Speaking of final issue, not making impact. So Impact Wrestling comes on every Thursday. Yeah, that'll it'll be the victory lap of Batman deciding that he works better alone, but also saying that he respects everyone and Tim is smart. I I have a feeling because I don't – I'm thinking any of these books that we're talking about going on have Tim in them so far because we said they would. I don't think they do really. I don't think, I think so, no. I think Tim leaves for Ivy University. The minute that this book ends, that's going to be one of the last pages of him with his bags packed going to Ivy University to become the person that he wants to be and not be that future Batman. And then later he'll just show up in some other book, maybe the Teen Titans again or something like that eventually or or the Titans. But yeah, I, I think that he goes off to Ivy University like, spoiler, and really I don't care, but she seems to just be gone. Maybe she'll drive with them there, like she'll show up. the. La- It'll just be a greatest hits again with a victory lap. That's what all of these are. It always ends that way, so why would we think it won't? And it just sucks. See on Pop TV, you don't know if you guys have that, and if we not, you can stick. find it maybe online. Yeah. But um, I, I was watching and I was surprised there was an appearance from the Ultimate Warrior. Now, Jim, this is for you only. Chief Strongbow. It was an appearance from your favorite hardcore wrestler, Tommy and Dreamer. I will let you say that. Go ahead and tell me who your favorite hardcore wrestler is right Harry now. Harry Funk. <laughs> That's right. It was Tommy Dreamer. Yep. Uh, I knew. I knew it was. That's why I, I didn't repeat it. That's my. He favorite. was there. With the kendo stick, or yes. as I like to call it, going old school, the Singapore cane. But yes, apparently Tommy Dreamer will be appearing at Singapore their next pay per view, and he was on awesome. Impact the other night. So that was a nice little, uh, nice little throwback. Tommy Dreamer's a bit Sabu, a bit older, a bit thicker, as we yeah, all think. are. Terry, Terry Funk. When I watched the uh, ECW and Terry Funk was uh, came out. 
I felt so bad for him. <laughs> really? You still have to wrestle, do you, Terry? Oh, my goodness. You are a wreck. And then he went out. You have invested wiser, man. It, it went, he went out and pretty much just bled on everyone. That was his. That's his super ability is to bleed on everyone because, boy, he took a beating. Anyway, um, so that's about all I've got now. Every- Rob Van Dam. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the guys that I used to like. I joke about. I didn't like Rob Van Dam at all. I, I thought he was a little. Sleazy. He looked like my high school math teacher. Yeah, I didn't like that. a lot of things. And I, 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 I like to joke. Sandman. And, uh, yeah, you know, be funny. And some people don't get that because they get too upset about things that are obviously jokes and can't see the humor in it. But I do want to get real for a minute because. Uh oh. Uh oh. Here we go. Uh, here we go. I was looking. I don't know if you know this or not, but Bendis is coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was looking. His eyes are getting glassy. At the back of the comics this week, where they had a thing about. Bro- looks a lot like Lex Luthor. By Michael Bendis. Did you see those things? He looks very I did. Much. He looks so much. He looks like a Lex Luthor drawn by Riley Rossimo, is what yeah. I was thinking the other day. That's just not a good look. Not a good look at all. Coming to DC. And I know that Brandon hates Brian Michael Bendis. Yes, he does. And I was trying to figure this out. And, uh, you know, I hate to, I hate to bring everyone down and be real here, but, uh, I saw this. <sighs> Benda says, it turns out I was a little Jewish boy from Cleveland and my connection to Superman is very, very deep. And that hit me. I was a little Jewish boy from Cleveland. Now, Brandon really hates Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Why did I think he was going to say he hated Cleveland in this? Uh, maybe it wraps around to that. I was a little Jewish boy from Cleveland. He keeps saying Cleveland. I think dancing mics up the Brandon hates Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis is a little Jewish boy from Cleveland. And it finally, I hate to cast aspersions at people. I hate to say things about people. But all I can assume from this is, and like I said, if this is true, you can confront me on it. You can, you know, if, if someone wants to defend themselves, I really think that Brandon might be prejudiced toward people from Cleveland. I knew it. <laughs> and that's horrible. But anyway, it is um, horrible. that's about all I've got for this week. I went to Cleveland once, Eric, and it, it really much for most of the time I was there, uh, it did smell a lot like urine, though. I was on the train for most of the time. The L, as, as us Cleveland goers say. Oh. Uh, and yeah, it, it was not a, a pleasant, but I, I did go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was okay. And then we went to, uh, the Sea World that was outside of Cleveland at that point, which was crazy, but we really had a great time at that. Um, yeah, the comics, my comics weren't that You're great, but I've been having a lot of fun doing other stuff, so. I'm going to go off and watch the Preds. So make, go Smokies, go Ice Bears, um, go Preds. And, um, yeah, I guess uh, that's about all I've Preds got. So until next week, today. we're going to turn that spotlight off. We're going to power off that Patreon spotlight. If you go to patreon.com slash weird science, you will get a lot of shows, including Jim's excellent, wonderful comic news show. Too late, Mike. And Look lots of other shows, too. You know, it's, uh, it's a very confusing name. Uh, there <laughs> is, uh, it's actually a song about uh, Broadway plays, Eric, as the show, actually. And I oh. do a lot of song and dance stuff. The Patreon Spotlight, etc., etc. And you will also get the Cellar Dweller podcast. 
And yes. I don't know if you. I, I, is there any way? Can I? Can I get? Should I wire you money, Mike, to get a room for you in this goddamn cellar dweller <laughs> at some point? You want to kiss him on the lips? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> because boy, you are loving that guy. Yes or not? But I really enjoy the cellar dweller <laughs> podcast. Oh my goodness! But anyway, uh, it's over, Eric. I cancel it now. Let's see, so uh, Patreon, power off that Patreon over. spotlight. Patreon.com/slash/weirdscience. Watch out because you never know when they're going to pop up and culture that ass. Keep it weird. And see- I like it when he says that, especially since it's a scheduled show once every two weeks. It makes see me you in seven. See you in seven. See you on the sevens. Yes, yeah, see you on the sevens. Thank you, male robot. Or wrong term, wrong robot. term robot. Thank you, Dancing Mike. Thank you, Rimmer. Thank you, Man Marty, Andrew. Thank you, everyone. Everybody, and except Ethan and Logan. But yeah, we're going to go off now Jerks. and go back to some books. Hello once again to all you sexy, sexy, weird science listeners out there. Welcome back. Two Vermillion's Visions. Josh Vermillion here. Going to be bringing you guys a little review of a trade uh, from not one of the big two. Staying away from DC and Marvel. Still keeping at that pretty well here. And once again, as it it happens to be a lot of the time, I got one coming from Image Comics for you guys this week. Uh, And it's going to be Pretty Deadly, Volume 1, like I said, from Image Written by uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, and you got Emma Rios on the art, and it's the first first five issues of the Pretty Deadly series here. So the story, it opens on page one with a butterfly and a bunny talking to each other about when they first met, and the butterfly is asking the rabbit, you know, do you remember it? The bunny does remember it and tells Butterfly how he was afraid of the girl for a moment. Now turn to page two, and there is this girl. She is blasting a hole right through the rabbit's head. The girl is covered in blood herself and looks kind of afraid herself, honestly. Uh, Then the butterfly asks the bunny to tell him the girl's story, uh, but not from the beginning, from the part where the other girl comes in. So the bunny starts this story off with a girl in the vulture cloak. So we do see this girl, like the rabbit said, wearing a vulture cloak, running through an old school, you know, western looking town. She jumps down onto the the gallows stage and lands beside an older man. He's got scars making an X, you know, across his face and a bandana covering his eyes. So this girl in the cloak and this blind guy start telling a story Uh, She's singing this story, um, and they set up a canvas with 12 pictures on it uh, to kind of give a visual to this this sung story that the crowd is listening to. Um, They basically tell the story of a woman named Beauty. A man had loved Beauty for a long, long time, but once they were finally together and married, he only used her as as a prize to show off to, to other men. He he was afraid of losing her, though, um, because she was so beautiful. So he, he built her a tower and locked her away inside the tower. So while she's locked away, she prays from the tower to either be free of it or to die, which 
in a way would be her being free of it. Uh, she spills her blood on the ground to summon a god. She begs for death to come to her, but instead of death, you know, just sending one of his reapers to take her life, he goes himself. Uh, death actually falls in love with beauty while in the tower, and he stays with her. You know, he stays in the tower with beauty. Eventually, he does give in to her, her earlier prayer and her wishes and allows her to die. But the two of them, before she died, actually had a child together. So Death, you know, he allowed Beauty to die, but instead of killing the child as well, and this child's name is Ginny, he raises her to be a reaper of vengeance. If you say her name and sing a song, she'll come and she'll take care of the problem for you. As as the girl says, Ginny rides on the wind for you, Death rides on the wind. Uh, so after they're done, this girl and the blind man walk through the town accepting tips for their performance and just, you know, kind of milling about talking to people. A redheaded guy actually grabs the girl in the vulture cloak by the arm and pulls her in to talk to her close. He points out that one of her eyes is a normal blue and the other one is full-on black. Uh, she tries to kind of blow him off and walk away, but he pulls on her sleeve uh, and then he drops two coins in her hand. So later on, the old man whose name is Foxy, and the girl, who he calls Sissy, are walking away from the town when she notices that someone has been following them. Her cloak has been, you know, leaving a trail of feathers for people to follow, and when she bends down to pick one up, a bullet goes whizzing by right behind her. Foxy yells for whoever's shooting to show themselves. Even though he's blind, uh, he still wants them to show themselves, but they just fire off two more shots that, that don't hit anybody. And apparently this gives Foxy a pretty good idea of their location, though, because he turns and he fires right back and actually hits one of these guys hiding behind rocks. So they walk away, and Sissy asks if those guys are all right. Foxy, you know, gives her just a little who cares, and which she says, she just gives a simple little I do. Uh, so you kind of get to see the idea that she really doesn't want to hurt people. She doesn't want to see people, creatures, anybody get hurt. Um, she doesn't like seeing that. Uh, so now back in the town, the local bar is, is pretty lively tonight. Um, until uh, this really, really tall lady walks in and everybody just stops talking. Her name is Big Alice and apparently she's a big deal. She wants to know where some guy named Johnny is, so the barkeep, you know, points her upstairs. Big Alice walks in on the redhead from earlier that, that grabbed a hold of Sissy. So Big Alice walks in, and he is waiting in bed ready to have sex with a prostitute. She shoots him in the leg from point blank, and he, you know, just starts screaming in pain. She basically tells him, you know, you'll live, the doc will patch you up, but if I give you another shot, you're laying in a whore's bed right now. You're going to catch an infection or die from the wound itself. But she wants to know where the binder is. And at first, you know, he doesn't tell her, but he's screaming in pain. So he, of course, he does give in and he tells her that the binder is in his vest pocket. Uh, but then he tells her that it, it doesn't matter because it's already too late. Doesn't go any further than that. So it's pretty vague thus far on what exactly is going on. Now we're going to move back to Sissy and Foxy, who are sitting around a fire talking. 
he tells her that, you know, he doesn't sleep ever, to which she says is the same as when he claims he can't see, he's lying. Uh, Foxy asks Sissy where she got this piece of paper that she's holding, um, and she just tells him, you know, she lifted it off uh, off of Johnny back in town when when he pulled her in close. So just as we see Big Alice mounting up on her horse, Foxy is up and moving. He is yelling at everyone to get up, get their asses in gear, and, and you know, they've got to get out of here because Big Alice is coming for him. He doesn't say to them that Big Alice is coming for him, but, you know, he knows. So Foxy and Sissy, they ride through the night, and they eventually come up on a house. A lady standing outside fires a warning shot at them, but Foxy says, you know, it, it, it's me, it, it's Fox. And the lady, who, whose name is Sarah, she stops shooting, and Foxy and Sissy go inside, and they chat for a little bit. Um, it's not really big, mind-bending chat, it's just general conversation that they're having. After a while, uh, it's time to move again. Sissy teaches one of Sarah's kids the song to summon Jenny, and they leave. Uh, the issue ends actually with Sissy saying the song over and over over again. She's just repeating the song as Big Alice is riding and she just keeps getting closer and closer almost. She's going to catch up to them. And that's, like I said, that's where the first issue ends. Um, and it pretty much follows the hunt, Big Alice hunting down Foxy and Sissy and how they're trying to escape. Um, different parts of the story start you know, coming unraveled, you learn more about, you know, Death's daughter, Jenny. You learn more about Sissy and Foxy and where, you know, kind of how they came to be together and how they met. Um, and this book, it's it's odd for me. Um, I didn't love the art by any means. Um, there were some kind of weird art progressions, especially in, like, the fight scenes where, you know... Uh, where people show up and they're shooting at each other or not shooting at each other and they're attacking each other with swords. Some of the art, the progressions are, are a little off and I think part of that is because the art looks a little muddied to me. I don't know if it's from the colors or just not very clean line work. Uh, I don't know if the, the inking isn't very clean, but some of the art just looks muddied and it's kind of kind of hard to tell what's going on sometimes in the smaller panels. Um, it's, it's okay art, um, for most of the, most of the book, it doesn't really bother me, it's just kind of there, but it's when it gets into the fight scenes where you got the, where you gotta have dynamic art, and it's smaller panels, um, that's where it kind of gets a little muddied to me, and then the, the story, it was okay, but it, it was very vague, on giving you answers, or even the questions that it's asking were very vague, especially at the beginning, um, and then by the end, there's some payoff, but not enough payoff to those questions uh, that I prefer. It's, you know, it just wasn't enough for me. And this was just a book that I, I couldn't get into it. It's not a bad comic by any means, just not, like I said, not something that I personally could get into and really enjoy. Um, I had an okay time with it. It's not like I hated my life reading it and couldn't stand to get through each and every issue. It was okay, but it was kind of just there. Um, I would say, you know, if you like kind of that Western setting, that Old West setting in a book, or if you like, you know, kind of the concept of 
of death incarnate having having a child with a human woman and kind of want to see this take on that kind of classic story you know read read and heard stories like that in the past but this is kind of a different take on it uh so if those are things that kind of interest you and if you're interested in this first issue that i've been talking about here i'd say i'd say check out the book um like i said it's not a bad comic by any means not for me but i but i think there are a lot of people out there that would enjoy this one uh when it comes down to it for my score i probably have to go with just you know good old classic seven out of ten it's not offensive in any way. It doesn't, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's just a comic and it's well written enough. But like I said, just not for me. So I guess objectively I'd have to go with like a 7 out of 10 on this one. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up here. I want to remind everybody to go check out the Weird Science Patreon page. If you can, support Jim and Eric and Reggie for all the time they put into not just the main podcast, but the written reviews and all the extra shows that come out on the Patreon every single week. So go support them if you can. Uh, otherwise, send me some suggestions. Um, kind of running low on trades at the moment. Um, you know, I'll be getting some more here soon. But if there are any suggestions that you guys would like to hear me talk about, uh, let me know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. Uh, but like I said, that pretty much wraps things up. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys. That was good. Gets me every time, that. Um, that was, of course, uh, Lolita Ritmanis's wonderful uh, opening uh, theme for the Justice League animated series, which remains one of the best iterations of the Justice League in print, film, or cartoon you are ever likely to see. A bit of a different thing this week. I don't have any reviews to go through with you on the site, uh, so um, I thought I would take the opportunity to uh, to discuss something that I actually quite enjoy, rather than the usual stuff <laughs> that, I, that I talk about, uh, particularly the Hanna-Barbera stuff. I think actually we were due to have a wild storm at some point, uh, either this week or next week. Uh, but sadly, uh, they tend to take a month off after each uh, each six-issue arc is finished. And, of course, we just had issue 12 last month. So, yeah, I, I, I thought that I would just do something a little bit different. Uh, and so what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to talk to you about some of my favourite uh, Justice League issues, starting with uh, JLA issue one from 1997, uh, written by Grant Morrison, uh, with art by Howard Porter on pencils and John Dell on inks. Uh, letters are by Ken Lopez, uh, colours are by The Heroic Age, and the cover price back in 1997 was $1.95. My, how times have changed. Um, currently, uh, you can get a near-mint uh, copy of this on, on eBay for around about 10 bucks. I, I'm not sure what you can. <laughs> I'm not sure what the price would be in America, in, in the UK. Um, if you want 
a, uh, a sort of a top-notch, uh, officially graded one, uh, it'll cost you a lot more than that. Uh, th- there is a 9.8 uh, CGC uh, graded edition on eBay at the moment for around about 70 bucks, which is which is a lot, actually. Uh, that, that seems a bit excessive to me. But I guess you get the, the peace of mind, I suppose, of knowing that you... Uh, that you have actually got a an independently kind of verified and graded uh, comic book. Um, this was this was a book that I was genuinely excited about. Um, I, I'm I'm going to give you just a little bit of of my sort of personal background uh, in relation to this book. My, my comic buying, uh, my comic collecting, has gone through several sort of distinct phases. There was a phase in sort of uh, the the early to mid eighties, um, there was a phase. Why did I stop? Uh, because I went to America. Ironically enough, <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah, I went to America and stopped buying American comics. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't. Um, when I got back from the states, I, I picked up uh, buying comics again, and uh, that so that was from sort of about. I don't know, sort of 90 to just after I got married. Um, and that carried on a little bit after I got married. There was about a two or three year pause. Uh, and then when I went to, I went to university late. I went to university as a 25 year old, already had a kid at that point. Well, I, for a variety of reasons, really, I, um, I ended up picking up comics again after a couple of years hiatus. And uh, it, this is round about that time. So in 1997, uh, I'd be in my second year at university and um, I would also have a second baby on the way. Uh, so that, that was that was kind of where I was at personally. And, and as far as JLA was concerned, this is a really big deal. Um, Morrison uh, on JLA at the... Uh, putting back together of the original team uh, of uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, and The Martian Manhunter. And that, of course, was the original team right from from the early days in the 60s. Um, it was a huge thing, because at that time, I mean, the heavy hitters were pre-crisis. I mean, we're talking, going back, this is Crisis on Infinite Earths, by the way, not any other crisis. Pre-crisis, the, the the JLA was was technically the heavy hitters were still on the JLA. Uh, Batman left uh, to form Batman and the Outsiders, uh, but Superman and Wonder Woman and the Flash and Green Lantern uh, they were they were all sort of on the JLA nominally, but more often than not they weren't there, and they weren't there for for usually because stuff was going on in their in their books. So you know, there's a there's a point at which sort of Green Lantern, uh, Hal Jordan, isn't Green Lantern anymore, and John Stewart takes over. Well, that's it as far as Green as Green Lantern is concerned. He does not appear in in the JLA uh, at that at that point. Um, and, and stuff was going on with the Flash. Uh, Barry Allen was on trial at one point pre uh, uh, crisis. Uh, so he didn't turn up in in uh, the the JLA very very often. Uh, you had the big issue with Superman being too powerful to be in the JLA because w- w- one of the issues there is is that if you've got Superman, 
then uh, why do you need anybody else? <laughs> why do you need elongated man if you've got Superman? You know what I'm saying? Um, so so all, all that kind of stuff sort of played a part. When I started getting into the comics uh, the first time around, uh, Jerry Conway was writing uh, Justice League of America uh, as it was then, and it went through some pretty serious changes uh, pre-crisis. It, we had the Detroit League, um, we had the Martian, Martian Manhunter came back after uh, quite a prolonged sort of time away, and it, it was it was all kind of up in the air. Uh, and that that sort of the issue of the Justice League and what the Justice League was meant to be for DC was never really satisfactorily resolved, e- even after um, even after Crisis on Infinite Earths, because after Crisis, um, fairly obviously, you'd want a pretty strong Justice League, and what you got was a, was a bunch of creators. Uh, who had just been put on books featuring the, the 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 iconic characters. I'm thinking particularly of sort of John Byrne on Superman, uh, George Perez on Wonder Woman, um, and, and they're they're kind of saying, well, no, you can't have these characters uh, for the Justice League because because I'm doing something like really interesting and kind of cool with them over here, um, and so you, you had this kind of weird weird attitude towards Justice League and it was supposed to be a kind of the best of the best of the DC universe but all the big sort of major players just weren't there for for, for a variety of reasons I mean that first uh, Justice League you had Guy Gardner obviously Batman was there Um, Wonder Woman was briefly there um, in the Justice League that Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis uh, wrote with Kevin Maguire on art. Um, but they, they, they weren't, they were very much peripheral figures. Even Batman, actually, which, I mean, Batman was pretty cool in the Justice League. And there was, of course, that famous, uh, the famous bat punch that, that took out Guy Gardner. Um, but, but he didn't stick around for very long either. And, and, um, I think, you know, the Justice League, by the time we got to 1997, um, the Justice League had gone through so many changes. Uh, Wonder Woman was there. So was Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. Uh, but most of the rest of the Justice League was second stringers. So you had the likes of, uh, I mean, I'm going to probably offend Eric here uh, as to whether we view Hawkman as a second stringer or not. But he's not, he's not up in the sort of the pantheon of, uh, of Justice League characters, um, uh, you know, the, the, the core, if you like, of Justice League characters. So the, we had Hawkman, but we also had people like Blue Devil. And I'm a big Blue Devil fan, but he's not he's not who you immediately think of when you, uh, when you think of the Justice League. You had Ice Maiden. Does anybody know who Ice Maiden is? I had to look her up. <laughs> I had to look her up. Uh, she is the original ice-powered... Uh, superhero in the Global Guardians and um, she eventually took sort of, she became a bit of a second stringer herself in the Global Guardians this is it, she's a second stringer from the Global Guardians, that's who she is is when Ice came along Ice kind of, because she she was the, Ice was the daughter of of some, she was a goddess of some kind um, and her ice powers were were way cooler than Ice Maiden's, so so Ice Maiden took a back seat. Now Ice at this point is dead in Justice League continuity, so Ice Maiden is kind of her replacement on the team. So she's there. If you've got Fire, uh, is there? You've also got um, <coughs> Metamorpho. You've got uh, Nuclon. 
and you've got Obsidian. And both of those two, of course, uh, were in Infinity Inc. back in the day. So, yeah, it, it's not exactly what you would call a kind of an A-list team. And the D- the higher-ups at DC decided that they, they wanted to uh, to relaunch the title, make it a, a big event, and give it to somebody with a bit of uh, sort of creative clout. And they gave it to Grant Morrison. And Morrison at the time, I mean, obviously now we're, we're kind of talking about things like his final crisis and uh, his run on Batman, uh, all the sort of multiversity stuff. His run on the Justice League of America, uh, JLA, uh, is one of my favorite runs of comics of all time. It's just bonkers, but at the same time, hugely entertaining and hugely exciting. At the time that Grant Morrison was put on this book, he was mostly renowned for um, sort of Vertigo-type stuff. I mean, he'd done a quite well-received Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, which is gothic, which is all worth checking out, by the way. Um, And he'd also uh, done uh, runs on Animal Man and the Doom Patrol. You know, they they were quite quirky, uh, but this this was... the big time this was the mainstream and it was was there was a genuine kind of air of excitement about this when it was released and i and i was excited uh to see all the characters all the major kind of characters put back together and to see what morrison was going to do with it so what i'm going to do is i'm going to read the comic to you i hope that's okay um, I'm going to do my best with uh, voices and what have you. I'll do a little bit of description of what's going on in the in the artwork as well. And every so often I will pause and make some kind of comment about it. So this is a little bit of a uh, of a story time stroke uh, stroke review with uh, with me. So I hope you're up you're you're up for that. But anyway, here we go. All right. So this first issue is called Them. Uh, We start with uh, a page of panels um, focusing on the White House. We get a nice external shot and we get some some internal panels of the president, who rather coyly spends most of his time kind of with his face uh, shrouded in shadow, uh, speaking with uh, presumably his chief of staff. So here we go. That's what he said. He just came right out with it. General Macaulay, his Scotch whiskey and three little words that almost ended my career. So now I have to apologize to El Presidente or whatever it is this jumped up bandit calls himself. Uh, which reminds me, what happened to my superhuman escort? We want to show this guy that we have super people coming out of our ears. Uh, Firehawk, he uh, pulled out, Mr. President, sir. He, she... I don't have a clue who Firehawk is. Anyway, he got sick, lost his powers. I I, I don't know. This is terrific. And now the sun? What happened to the sun? Why is it dark in here? Must be a cloud, sir. That's one heck of a cloud. Get rid of it. You know what I need today? A miracle. That's all I'm asking. Send me a miracle, Lord. Uh, sir, there's something here you should see. And uh, right over the White House, a huge flying saucer has just suddenly magically appeared. And Porter's art looks phenomenal. Those sort of birds uh, flying around and uh, uh, the sun sort of gleaming off this, uh, this alien ship. And it's got a beam of yellow light coming down onto the White House lawn. Ah, will somebody call the Justice League? 
and then we we move to the Justice League, who are in their satellite orbiting the Earth. On duty are Metamorpho, Nuclon, and Ice Maiden. How did we miss it? Freaking thing came out of nowhere. We're talking major camouflage here. We got anyone on file with that kind of tech? Ice Maiden says. I'll check. This is Metamorpho. You know, I don't know why I'm doing this, Al. I thought we only came up here to start clearing out our stuff so the A-team can move in. And this is Nuclon. It's big. Must be a mile across, Rex. Yeah, just about the size of some of the egos soon to be clashing in a Justice League refuge near you. Eight smaller objects detaching from the mother ship. Alarms are on. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Fire called in sick. She lost her powers or something, I think. Hey, no sweat, kids. The crisis is over. The big guy's on the case. And, of course, it's Superman, and he turns up uh, to confront whatever this object is on the White House lawn. Now, what's what's kind of cool about this is that Superman turns up, There is, and behind him there are people in checkmate armor, which is a nice little kind of touch. I, I like that. Uh, he's talking to uh, a security man. So uh, these uh, these eggs, I guess you'd call them, uh, landed just before you did, Superman. Uh, frankly, we just don't know whether to get the president out of here or dust down his Sunday suit. Mm, the eggs are x-ray opaque. What's that noise? What's happening there, Superman? My God, there's something in there. Is that something coming out of there? Superman, you have to keep them away from the president. Please stand back, gentlemen, and may I suggest that you put your weapons away for the time being. And uh, out of these pods, these creatures are emerging. Until we're sure what we're up against. People of Earth, greetings. Allow us to introduce ourselves. And then we get a lovely splash page of the Hyper Clan, who are these, uh, these strange alien superheroes. I am Protex. We are the Hyper Clan. We've come to save the world. And then we get uh, some uh, some talking heads on TV. Uh, and Morrison does this very well, actually. He uses um, uh, he uses sort of like uh, the kind of per, per, all, all sort of pervading twenty four hour news cycle, uh, which was kind of just becoming a thing, I think, in the, in the nineties. Uh, might have been more established in in the US than it is in Britain. Uh, and so you get these kind of comments and commentating uh, from uh, various sort of TV personalities and, and what have you. Protex, the leader of the alien hyper clan, went on to explain how his own planet had been destroyed by its inhabitants, leaving the superhuman survivors to wander the universe in search of new worlds. The HyperClan members have been travelling for what scientists estimate may be anything up to several million years of our time, and they bring a powerful message for our planet. Our homeworld was destroyed by negligence and greed and profiteering. Our forests were pulped, our lakes and oceans choked and died, our plague weapons ran riot. Keystone City, The Flash Wally, I know this is important, but you did say you'd pick up my jacket from the dry cleaners downtown, and they'll be closing in. We vowed that it would never happen again, and for a thousand Gaias we have journeyed through space. There you go, Linda. Sorry, did I miss anything? And that's Wally getting uh, uh, getting Linda's dry cleaning for her while he's watching the TV. 
for a world like this one. Now, what's interesting here, uh, there's a couple of things I just want to point out here. Um, firstly, uh, Morrison is showing off his literary credentials here by using the word Gaia, G-Y-R-E, uh, which is a word that, uh, that occurs in uh, the work of W.B. Yeats. It's a word, actually, that Yeats uh, made up uh, to describe a passage of time. And um, he's using it here, Morrison, um, to sort of kind of the alienness of the word, I suppose. But also, I think, because um, it's most famously associated with W.B. Yeats' probably most famous poem, which is called The Second Coming, which has this kind of apocalyptic sort of feel to it. So a nice bit of uh, nice bit of dialogue there. Gateway City, Wonder Woman. A world on which we could succeed where we failed before. He looks like Jim Morrison, Diana. He's gorgeous. New York, Green Lantern. We are here to house your homeless. We are here to feed your starving and to repair the damage you have done to your biosphere. Denver, the Martian Manhunter. We are at your disposal. Bring us your problems and we will give you solutions in return. And if any of your native superhuman community wish to help us, we welcome them. We would like to show you what can be done when will is strong, the heart is pure and the mind is clear. Thank you for your attention. So in this page, we've got um, Diana, we've got Kyle, we've got John John, uh, John John sitting at home. Uh, doing various things and obviously the tv's on in the background because the tv's always on whenever you're doing anything and uh and they're they're watching and listening to what protex has to say uh, the next page is kind of an introduction really to the hyper clan and, and to their power set if you like and to what they're doing and it's quite impressive and and you've got to bear in mind we're only about seven or eight pages in here uh, and already the the plot is moving on pretty quickly Within only a day of their bombshell arrival, the HyperClan heroes have already produced their first bona fide miracle. It began in the skies over the Sahara Desert, where Protex, Primade, and Armek created their own cloud factory using chilled air and pulsed electrical discharges. Then, as the eyes of the world watched, Zenturian and Amortal ferried in thousands of tons of fertile topsoil gathered from the ocean bed and from under the south polar ice fields while Superfast Zoom, together with Tronix and the shape-changing Fluxus, set to work seeding what was, until today, the world's most famous wasteland. In a single day, the alien Samaritans have succeeded in turning hell into heaven, creating lush gardens where, not so long ago, nothing could hope to grow. A rainstorm, loaded with honey and wine, provided a celebratory climax to the day's events, and one look at the faces of these local children summed up the feeling. Others were not quite so enthusiastic. Superman, who watched the whole operation without participating, had this to say. This certainly looks impressive, I'll admit, but I'm a little concerned that these may be no more than cosmetic changes. Deserts can't just be fixed. There are causes and consequences, social and environmental factors. The Sahara is green today, but can it be sustained, or are people being given false hopes in the name of spectacle? Is humankind really willing to become the pampered lapdog of superhuman beings and squander its own potential? What would happen to art? What would... Smells like sour grapes to me, Superman. Yeah, maybe all we want are some super people who don't just spend their days pounding the stuffing out of one another. 
You're being unfair to Superman, gentlemen. Uh, Protex is uh, intervening here. I understand his reservations, and I'd be glad to discuss them. If he wants to know where to find me, I'll be out, fixing the world. And so, at the end of one of the most momentous days in history, it's looking more and more like the old versus the new, the reactive versus the proactive, and already people are beginning to wonder just what might be next for these seemingly selfless heroes from beyond the stars. And we find out exactly what's next as we turn the page, and we see the Hyperclan engaged in an impromptu series of executions. There are a number of supervillains who are tied to stakes and they are being killed by something that looks very much like some kind of heat vision. It's quite disturbing. Okay. The thing is, we don't really know any of these, any of these villains. And I think this is arguably one of the weaker points of the, of the, the, um, of the book. However, I will give, uh, Howard Porter and John Dell props, uh, for making sure that, uh, at least a couple of the smoking bodies uh, still tied to their respective stakes uh, look suspiciously like Marvel characters. There's definitely a Wolverine there, and Doctor Doom's about to get burnt next. Anyway, this is what happens. In the name of God! No! You can't do this to me! This is against the law! This is inhuman! How dare you speak of the law now? When did you ever do anything but mock the law? I'm sorry it has to be this way, but you have injured and killed without conscience, and now it ends. Here, your judgment. And there's this uh, horrible hissing sound, and then the, the guy dies with a... Nyah! Following the dramatic executions, the Joker, Dr. Polaris, and a number of other prominent underworld figures are reputedly in hiding. Already, supercrime figures are showing a significant decrease, and the latest reports from Gotham suggest that so-called metacrimes have dropped a massive 60%. On hearing of the executions, Superman commented, it won't happen again, but it seems that his is the minority view. One survey suggested that at least 35% of the population would be happy to see mandatory executions for all types of supercrime. It may be Millennium Fever, but the members of the Hyperclan have whipped up winds of change, which look set to sweep across the entire world. And then we're back on the satellite. Back on the JLA satellite, we've got Wonder Woman, Metamorpho, Kyle Rayner. They're all on board the satellite. They're watching what's going on. And Metamorpho says, Armek, Zenturian. They sound like lines of cheap toys. Why don't they get themselves regular names like every other Joe in Spandex? And Kyle Rayner says, What? Like Metamorpho, the Element Man? Yeah, right. Shouldn't you be building sandcastles with a Teen Titans kid? Sorry, I spoke. Yeah, me too. I... Traces! I'm picking up lifeform traces. How can the be... They're coming out of nowhere. Four, five, six of them. And we see outside the satellite space-suited figures moving menacingly towards it. What was that? Electromagnetic pulse, kid. Took out the power. Give me a second. If I change into phosphor, I can use that radiation they hit us with. Ah, there you go. Phosphor after electromagnetic bombardment. Fourth of July, huh? Life support's down. You got any great ideas, kid? Yeah. How about for a start, you stop calling me Boom? And I guess that takes care of backup systems. This is out of control. Who are these guys? It's them. It has to be. The Hyper Clan. Or is Nuclon. But we're on the same side. And there's this clanging on the hull. 
as uh, as these unknown outsiders try to get in. They're on the hull, whoever they are. They're right on the hull. And there's a really nice panel here, actually, of um, the spacesuits. And uh, reflected in the spacesuit uh, visor, uh, there's an image of one of the other uh, spacesuited figures kind of ripping out important systems from the hull of the watchtower, uh, not the watchtower, sorry, the hull of the satellite. They break through. Hull breach! Everybody out! Seal off the monitor room! Listen, I think I can get everyone back home safely. The satellite's finished. I'm, I'm sure I can get us back. That's Kyle. Metamorpho says, Forget it. You think these characters are just going to let you waltz out of here with us in a big green bubble? Leave the escape plan to me, kid. You hold off the bad guys. And Kyle says, I don't do bubbles. That was the old guy. Are you sure about this? Are you the man with the ring? Go get him, Green Lantern. And Kyle is working with Wonder Woman now. Uh, Wonder Woman, I, uh, I'm probably going to need some backup out there. It's Diana. Don't stand on ceremony, GL. We're in the same league. <laughs> Says you. I can't handle this. It's like playing with the Beatles. And this is something that Morrison uh, sets up really well here, is that Kyle is having real issues with, uh, with kind of being with his heroes and, and, and sort of being with the more established Justice League members. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, the other thing about this, uh, we haven't had much of this so far, but we do get a little bit of third-person narration here. I do rather like a little bit of third-person narration. It's all good. A brief hiss of air as the green plasma seals around him and begins to photosynthesize oxygen, and then the dead silence of space. And we see Wonder Woman engaging the enemy. She goes out with a uh, with a, an oxygen mask on. Not a spacesuit, just an oxygen mask. So she, presumably she still needs to breathe, but her body is actually impervious to, to being in a vacuum, it would seem. And she starts beating up the uh, these invading people in spacesuits. A silence as big as everything. While that's happening, the other League uh, members head to the escape pods on one of the lower decks and they find that there's a problem. Obsidian uh, is at the control bank and he says this, Nothing's working. Everything's dead, including the escape shuttles. Ice Maiden. We can't die like this with, with a Justice League. Metamorpho. We won't die. We don't need a shuttle. Get in a group like I'm taking your picture. Say cheese. Rex? Hold on a second here. What are you doing? I should be able to generate enough oxygen to keep you alive, but this is going to be one hell of a bumpy ride, folks. You can't do this, Rex. What happens when you hit the atmosphere? What happens when you hit the ground? A cheerleader you ain't, Al. Now shut up and hold tight, will you? Let's go. So basically what's happening is Metamorpho is forming his own escape pod. Okay, so he's he's formed around the other three uh, League members. And he's um, formed some kind of pod that is going to get them through the atmosphere. And he escapes out the out of one of the escape pod chutes. While that's happening, uh, Kyle and Diana are fighting outside the watchtower. And this is pretty impressive stuff. Uh, I'm going to talk about how a port is art a little bit more in a moment. But uh, this really is pretty, pretty impressive. It's kind of very action-packed. You've got... Uh, laser blasts flying around the place. Kyle, one of his constructs is like a is like a sci-fi fighter, you know, and it's it's firing 
uh, shards of green energy at them. It's, it's really pretty cool. Anyway, here we go. Cool green plasma flows over his skin, maintaining his temperature, siphoning off sweat, monitoring muscle tone, repelling micrometeorites. He thinks green thoughts, and his thoughts become things. Working the ring is like giving up cigarettes. He feels like a sixty-a-day man. And then suddenly, it's all over. Green silence. The plasma sends tiny alarm shocks through his nervous system. He turns, sees her, mouthing the words, Great hearer. Great hearer, she says. I can't hold it. Now, what Wonder Woman is trying to do is to keep the satellite together and she is failing he lip reads her screams it's falling apart it's falling apart fantastic debris spills into the darkness spirit jars a giant hourglass deadly playing cards all the trophies of countless forgotten adventures emptied into a well of endless ink kanjar rose gamma gong slices overhead and is gone you see, here's the thing I like about this. It would have been very easy for Morrison to just kind of show up and go, right, okay, the old league was kind of crap, so let's we're doing things my way now, blah, blah, blah. He chooses not to do that. He chooses to make the old league a part of the story, and he gives them a, a pretty decent send-off. Metamorpho's uh, escape attempt is a genuinely kind of heroic act. And, and and there's something really nice about it. And and also there's this lovely kind of idea of sort of saying farewell to the, to the JLA satellite um, and the history that it represents. And and I have no idea what the hell Kanjaro's Gamma Gong is, but I am kind of sad that it's gone. And 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 he does a great job of, of sort of making this, you know, this this breaking up of the uh, of the Justice League satellite a, a genuinely kind of moving thing. Anyway, we're back in the impromptu escape pod uh, with Metamorpho, Obsidian, Eucron, and Ice Maiden. Obsidian. Rex! Metamorpho! Ice Maiden. I'm trying to help cool him down, but I don't think he can hear me anymore. He can't do this! Teflon. How do you make Teflon shielding? Carbon? Fluorine? Come on, I, I can't afford to. Polymer chains? Can't. Can't. Sapphire! Which is obviously a reference to Sapphire Stag, his uh, sometime girlfriend. We shift to the Antarctic, the Hyper Clan. How long has it been? How long since we stood here the first time? What was the human species then? No more than dormant potential in the genetic material of a jellyfish. How little they have changed. But remember the barges heaped with spices and precious metals? Remember the music of the brass gongs and the toiling of the war mills? Life was good then. Life will be better. Join with me. Tear open the ice with your gaze. Unearth the ancient of days. Behold the glory of Zonzor. Now there's a big clue there. <laughs> there's a big clue as to what the uh, these hyperclan... Uh, members really are what you see is you see Protex and the other uh, Hyperclan members uh, using their heat vision uh, to reveal something that has been buried in the Antarctic and it's some kind of alien structure and it's obviously been there for a long time and it's obvious that they know about it 
uh, and it's obvious that these people are aliens who have had contact with Earth already. So we know already that they're, if we didn't suspect it already, <clears throat> we know now that their, their story about being aliens from outer space making a journey of millions of years uh, is not the whole story, okay? Uh, it might be part of it, but it's not the whole story, okay? We're back in, and, and you know, this is pretty tense stuff, okay? So we're, we're intercutting from uh, sort of metamorpho trying to save the rest of the League as they, as they re-enter the Earth's atmosphere uh, with what the bad guys are doing. Ice Maiden. Rex! Splaff! What is this stuff? I think it's some kind of shock-absorbing fluid. This is Nuquan. He's trying to protect us from the... Oh, my! And then there's an almighty uh, crash as Metamorpho hits the ground with the rest of the Justice League still inside him. And you just see them... They've survived, but you see them um, in the middle of this kind of broken... Uh, metamorpho who's kind of in the middle of screaming and his hands are kind of emerging out of this uh, out of this fluid that he's generated in order to to kind of help absorb the impact and his hands are kind of are kind of they've sort of been been stuck as claws it's very dramatic and it's it, it's pretty impressive stuff then we move to superman and the flash uh, who are speeding towards a secret rendezvous. It happened last night. I went with them to the hospital, then I activated the priority alarm, and then I met you. This is the Flash. Wait a minute. You're telling me that Metamorpho is... what, exactly? Nuclon, Ice Maiden, and Obsidian are badly injured. Metamorpho is... well, we're not quite sure what he is. The doctors use the word inert. Inert? And they... moving across the water... Counting on you to keep everyone together, Wally. You've worn a costume longer than most of us, and your speed allows you the time to check in with everyone. Well, I'll, I'll do what I can, but I'd better warn you right now that I have a serious problem with this guy who's Green Lantern all of a sudden. Um, is this a race, Superman? Public opinion swings once more against the Justice League, in spite of the destruction of its satellite headquarters in what was described as a mystery explosion. John, Wonder Woman, and Carl Rayner are all watching the TV screen. John. Flash. Hi, John. Did you hear this about Metamorpho? It seems as though the man in the street is more incensed by the implication that the Hyper-Clan may have been involved in the disaster. Protex, named the sexiest man in the universe by readers of the Sunday Planet magazine, spoke exclusively to WGBS. The Justice League seems hell-bent on manufacturing a confrontation. I pray it needn't come to that. Superman arrives, and so does the Flash. In fact, actually, the Flash just beats Superman. I think he lets him win. Morning, everyone. I spoke to Protex last night. He denied any hyperclan involvement in what happened. He was lying. I would rather we were allies in the service of this world and its people. He's lying now. I can't help thinking. This is Kyle. I can't help thinking, what if they're right... What if we haven't done enough? John Johns. They've taken lives. They've created superficial displays of power. The Flash. Uh, is everybody in? The Martian Manhunter. Aquaman hasn't responded. We're still waiting for Batman. No surprises there. I'm here. I've been here for an hour. 
Didn't think I'd make it, but Gotham's been... quiet. Superman turns to him as Batman. Batman's been been doing what Batman does, which is uh, which is waiting in the shadows until he can say something dramatic and surprise people. Honestly, the guy's such a drama queen. For somebody who likes to wear dark clothing and hang around in the shadows and stuff, he, he doesn't like to make an entrance. Superman says, Strange, I didn't hear your heartbeat. Huh, gadget worked. Are you able to detect microwaves, Superman? No problem. Increased activity on the 7 hertz wavelength, transmitting from a number of concealed orbital sources. The human brain operates on the 7 hertz frequency. Mind control. This is a planned invasion. We're facing an unknown, immensely powerful enemy. We don't know how many there are, and we don't know what they want. First blood goes to them, but now it's our turn. My suggestion is this. We make plans, we move fast, and we hit hard. This is war. And that's the end of JLA issue one. Now, there's a lot going on in that issue, as you probably noticed. What I like about it uh, is a number of things, really. I like the fact that Morrison is is moving the plot along very, very quickly. And it is a very, uh, it is a very big plot. It's a very bold plot. We're talking about... Uh, and also, it's it's a story that examines the whole role of the Justice League. It allows the reader to kind of reacquaint themselves with uh, what's important about the Justice League. Why, why, if we lived in a world of superheroes, we would need a Justice League? Why, why, why is it important that there is a Justice League? And uh, one of the key, one of the key sort of uh, passages in in this uh, is that moment where Superman is talking about what Protex is doing. And he's saying, essentially, and this is an argument that, that I've heard many times before, that, that the essence of humanity, the essence of what makes human beings great, what makes human beings noble, is the, is the struggle and the, the ability to overcome obstacles and overcome uh, things and, and not just have things handed to you on a plate. And I think um, that, that's kind of sort of the philosophical heart, if you like, uh, of Morrison's JLA run, uh, in as much as it has a philosophical heart, I think I think one of the things that uh, Morrison's JLA run is about mostly is about Morrison having a lot of fun with the weirder elements of the DC universe. We might talk about that a little bit more some other time. One of the things I really do like about this is the art, and I've got to be honest with you, uh, because uh, you know art, art tastes change, don't they? And I, I must admit, at, at the time. I wasn't a big fan of Howard Porter's art. And of course, it's very different art now. Howard Porter's art is 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 quite different now. Um, because if memory serves me correctly, he had some horrible accident uh, that affected his uh, his hand. Uh, and he was out of commission for a long time. Uh, his art um, in the 90s is is definitely very Kirby-esque. And um, the, the, there's big, bold characters, uh, lots of action. Uh, you know, the, the, his characters... Even when they're standing still, uh, they they look like they're about to leap into action. Um, there's a lot of um, lot of really interesting kind of perspective um, in Porter's work that really really sort of um, accentuates that, that 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 his characters are doers. They they they're, they're really sort of active, um, and so yeah, it's 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 great artwork really his facial expressions are sometimes a bit um <laughs> a bit manic uh but no I, I i there's a lot to like in this issue 
and um, it's one of my favourite uh, JLA issues of all time. I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic opening and introduction uh, to a new league, a league that we haven't really uh, seen. We haven't seen these these characters together before for such a long time at this point. And now, of course, we're we're kind of used to it because this is you know Jeff Johns is JL the Justice League that we've got at the moment, uh, that's been a fairly stable core of characters for, for, for years now. Back at the time that, that Morrison was writing, that just simply wasn't the case. It, it was very, it was, it was all over the place, really. Justice League membership is constantly changing. And, you know, the notion of having the heavy hitters, the iconic characters of the DC universe all together, we hadn't seen that for such a long time. And here they are, and uh, and it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's it's such a good issue. And uh, if you haven't checked out Morrison's run on JLA, I strongly recommend that you do. Uh, particularly if you are one of these people who have not been particularly impressed with uh, Brian Hitch's run or even the current Christopher Priest run. It is worth checking out Morrison's stuff to remind you. Uh, just the potential that we have in these these characters coming together. And, of course, if you are a Kyle Rayner fan, there's lots to like here as well. <laughs> That's for those of you who are called Luke and who are from League Slip. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this slightly different uh, sort of uh, segment on the, on the podcast uh, this week. Uh, there'll be a, a similar one next week. Uh, might not be a Morrison one next week. We might might do something different. Uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, but thank you very much for, for taking the time to listen. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, you take care. And I'll hand you back to the guys in the studio. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Yo, it's Mail Call. Boom, and we're back here with our Boom. last mail section of the night, mail section number three, Eric, which if you don't know, is the third of the mail sections. I don't right, know right. if you're aware of how this works, but that Numbers is are hard sometimes, man. kind of the rules of the game. And speaking of games, here's a player himself, Luke Hollywood. Yeah, was that a good segue? Uh, <laughs> a player, Eric. I didn't say player. I said player because I, I talk like I, the kids. I got you. He gets around. I talk like the kids, Eric. The players. You uh, like they say, Eric, don't hate the game, hate the meal. And this is Luke Hollywood. It says, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. And he wants a sound, Eric. Which, <laughs> yeah! Flows so smoothly, this podcast. So it was a big week for books this week, but quantity does not always mean quality. Am I right, fellas? Supergirl number 20, yuck. 
He says, are you? Uh, they, they weren't all bad, though. I enjoyed the offering from the New Age DC Heroes lineup this week. I still like Sideways, even though I think I'm the only one left in the Get Fresh Coop people who does LOL. And I thought the Immortal Men was a very promising first issue, says you and Eric. That's right. I really felt like we were getting introduced to a whole world in this book, kind of like how the Wildstorm felt when it started as well. That's kind of what Eric said. I argued with him at work about it, and I think that I won that argument. He kind of... At the end, we came together, but it was like 60% I was right to his 40, I think is what he – yeah, actually, not even joking aside, I did tell you why I didn't like it, and we both kind of agreed that we wanted something different for the yeah. start. But And then I script-doctored and told you how I would have did it, and you kind of – you know, had your idea as well of how you would have done it. So there was, uh, there's something there, but I just didn't like the way it came about. But there's plenty of intrigue for the characters. Like I'm saying, I won the argument. There's plenty of intrigue for the characters we see, especially Timber, or as I like to call her, Tinder, or possibly Grinder, and Reload, and all those guys. But I agree with Brandon. That's the main No, the Wolfman. As <laughs> I kept saying, like, who's this Wolfman? And then you said, I'm not even sure if it's a Wolfman or a Spider. <laughs> you told me. I said, there's a problem there with old Stray. But I, I got done that book, and I'm telling you, you put a gun to my head and say, listen, if you don't know the names of these characters, I will shoot each of your kids. Then I, I did know them. I pretend I didn't. This is more of an idea about how I want to get rid of my kids, oh, gotcha. not the, about Makes the book. Makes sense to me. Now, at the end, I was... I didn't, I didn't know the characters and I was confused of what was going on, but, but I agree with Brandon. The main protagonist, protagonist, Caden, was a little lackluster, though I liked Caden. <laughs> though, then again, I also had a theory with him at work about how he was a, uh, a kid who had everything handed to him and yet had to believe, I have to be special. Look at me. I'm Caden. I'm, I'm supposed to be a superhero. And it kind of got me upset. Where I said, I always liked the idea of a story where there's a kid who then goes like a Harry Potter, a Narnia, yeah. anything like that, Last Starfighter even, where they're kind of down and out. They have kind of boring lives, you know, or even, you know, really awful lives. And then they realize they are something special and go to this other world. Well, Caden... Kind of sounds weird, like a cliche right there, Jim. Well, it does. But Caden, they did the same thing. But instead of having you be like, oh, man, he's like me or, oh, I feel bad for him. He, he's getting picked up in a limo. After his therapy that he goes to where his parents are there, his dad looks like he's just a living suit with no man <laughs> underneath. And we said he either was the shadow or possibly three midgets on each other's shoulders with pretending a trench coat around stranger. him. Pretending to be the Phantom Stranger. It was so weird that I really got – because you're sitting there thinking, okay, this has to be some guy. He He's dressed really you know, fancy in this and did look a bit like the Phantom Stranger. And each time I saw him, I think he became less and less human. And more and more a suit. Huh, it annoyed me. But yeah, that Caden, corporate life will do that to you. It will. It will. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Caden by the end. Uh, and I was saying, I actually got it mixed up because this week, sideways, I actually am liking Derek uh, a lot more than yeah. uh, I did before, though I'm not liking him as sideways. I do like him as Derek. Caden, though, seems like a, a little spoiled brat. 
who just thinks he's supposed to be something because, you know, he gets on Twitter and he can go anonymous and say things to people. That's what happens. I don't know he, what you're reading into this book. I'm just saying, I think he's a millennial and it's annoying me that he thinks that he should get things handed to him. Why does he think, oh, you always knew that you were... Sp- dreams for years. Yeah, dreams. Yes. You know who else has had them? Me. I have dreams too, Eric. Here I am. Am I supposed to be something better? That nonsense dreams. And really... After I got back from college, I knew those dreams. I had no dreams then. I gave up, like most people do. It's just that's what you're telling me—that he's so great and should be special because he has dreams. I know that Superman has only ever had one nightmare, Eric. But people do dream. <sighs> it annoys me. And what's up with that facial hair of that driver? I, I don't understand. Him. Pretty awesome, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I want to have that face on. He was the most boring part of the book for me, so I really hope he kicks it up in gear, uh, in gear, up a gear, I'm sorry, and gets himself a personality. Gear, couple of issues. Um, I'm looking forward to those crazy word gear to seeing where this goes and finding out more about the immortal men in this whole campus thing. A school for superheroes sounds like a great idea. It does. It seems like it's destroyed, and it yeah. seems like that what they're going to be doing is. Almost like a, I would say a Terminator 2 kind of thing, learning on the flyer. You're going to teach Caden some curse words so while it's be driving. Awesome tell me. Yeah, and then thumbs up at the end. But yeah, you're going to, I think they're going to have to teach him, you know, on the job, on the job training. So book this works. This is how you have to immortal. Yeah. All yeah. right, thanks. Book works fine, Eric, but I like the hands on training, is what I used to say when I would watch those commercials about truck repair. I'd always like that too. They'd have the guy and he's like, book works fine. And then nobody thought book work was fine. They're oh. just pointing out to you, there will be hands-on book work. There will be book repair. work here. Yeah, there it was. The what books, was that called? Chud? <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. I remember I'd see all those. I'm like, I, I don't want to be involved in either the book work or the hands-on. Yeah, I don't want to be that. The books I really want to give a special mention to this week are the old reliables for the Get Fresh Coop, Boop, New oh. Superman and Red Hood and the Outlaws. I think out of all the DC books on the shelves, these two books are the only ones that everybody in the Get Fresh Crew beep, boop, likes universally, but I may be wrong on that. Now, there's some, there's got to be some people don't like uh, uh, New Superman. Eric, the week that uh. these come out every month, I always know yeah, you're not that, you're not as hyped as as all the rest. Uh, I, you can tell when you talk Did about I have it. A higher you score like this it. week than you? Yeah, that doesn't mean that's little dips, valleys, you know, things like that, mountains, valleys. Uh, I just – you're a little less enthusiastic is all I'm saying. You always yeah, – but that's everything in life, right? You're dead in the side. The week these come out every month, I always know I can expect great art, consistent and satisfying storytelling, compelling quality character work. It's weird that I find myself caring a lot more about characters from smaller books like Bizarro or Keenan uh, than the characters you can you can relate and empathize with as an important part of the fiction. All right, he says uh, – other than there's a weird sentence there. Uh, the, uh, the, he, I'm going to paraphrase, like Batman or Nightwing. So he doesn't care oh, as much about Batman or Nightwing. There's a weird deal. I think it's how I cut and pasted this. Writing characters you can relate to and emphasize with is an important part of the fiction. And these books always deliver on that front. It also helps that they're consistently funny too, something that a lot of DC books have neglected in favor of taking itself too seriously. That's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to the new Plastic Man series. Basically, I'm really happy these books continue to crank out great stories month after month and i hope they can continue up for many months to come me though too. i heard the new superman yeah new superman is going to be canceled yeah. in june june is the final issue i think they have said in the previews catalog any books that can unite the gfc boop, boop, together in a positive way i know we all hate mr miracle and batman and that's not true 
Mr. Miracle is very popular uh, in the Slack chat, and that's fine. And I, I, I'm glad people like it. I'm not that down with it, but it could all change by the end. But yeah, I downright uh, hate it. There's a lot of people who don't like it uh, or love it, and a lot of people don't like it. So, P.S. My Hero Academia is still great, and you should totally watch the show, Jim. LOL. Uh, your boy in leak slip, the Hollywood kid, XOXO, XO. And I will tell you that I have an update on My Hero Academia, Eric. Oh. I still haven't watched it. I did load huh. it up on the stick. I loaded it up on the stick. And I read the deal. I, I read how everybody in the land, the, the land has magic except the, the lead character or superpowers or something. And I was going to uh, watch it because Logan was not downstairs. And Logan has pretty much told me the, the first anime he watches would be the first ever uh, and would be the last because he won't watch it. He has this weird saying. It makes more sense when he said it. But I tried to make this our new show. He Logan didn't, is way more articulate yeah, than me. Yeah, he is. He wouldn't even watch the trailer for it. I thought that maybe that would get him. Uh, father, father, please, not on my watch. And and listen, as you heard earlier, I have to really – I have to go with the flow here if I want any of my kids to pay attention to me. I start throwing that my hair academia. They're going to move out. I'm going to be here by myself, which does sound pretty cool. But uh, I would be very – Oh, self- you old softy. Go uh, listen yes. to Edge from Belfast, right and Rave again. That's right. <laughs> Crying. Oh, I remember those days when my kids liked me. Uh, yes, Hussein is next, and thank you there, Luke, thank the you. Hollywood kid. I'm gonna try to watch that, but we'll see. Uh, we're we're actually we're actually trying to pick a new show because we did catch up on Brooklyn Nine Nine that we were watching, and we're trying to pick a new show. And we do kind of we do go about it in a way that it's, it's almost like an American Idol. Where we ha- we start things up or watch the trailer and it really – it's what are you going to give us for you to be the show because that's a very big honor to be Logan and Jim's show and we haven't found any yet though. I did not try sliders. Uh did try Supernatural though and Logan gave the thumbs down. And, and in this it. whole deal, it's one of those things that we're never going to watch a show because we both have to agree – and I think that any show that we were both going to agree are, are long gone. We've watched them. We're, we're really at a uh, dead end. What about right finishing now. off Parks and Rec? Maybe. Well, oh no, I actually asked that the other day, and he says no. He no. didn't want to do that. And then I, I mean, this is the whole process. Then you start going back and like, well, you want to rewatch Community? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, no. He decided. Have you had him watch Firefly yet? Yeah. Oh no, no, they won't watch that. They no. won't even give that a try. This is the problem. They, they're they not very open-minded with this, and it's really killing me. So we're trying to figure out what the show's going to be. Tanya says Blackish. Uh, I did watch one episode a little uh, during lunch while she was watching. I did have some chuckles. Uh, so who knows? We'll see. But Hussein is next. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, and a big hello to the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. I'm trying to find my things now. I, this male the wrong-term robot is really throwing a wrench in my face. Hold on, poop. Hussein. Poop, poop. Hey, Hussein. I didn't buy any DC books this week. All I had on my pull list was Oblivion Song number 2 from Image Comics by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo Di Felici. I, I would say cool. that, and he says, I have faith you can pronounce that, Jim. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that this Robert Kirkman, uh, that's a guy who has a future, I think. And also Captain oh. America number 700 by Mark White, Cripps, Sam Nee, and Eric's favorite artist, Jack Kirby. If you're oh. wondering, they used some old unpublished Jack Kirby art and added some dialogue. It's actually pretty cool. 
I know you don't like Jack Kirby. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Uh, it's weird that I not only have a, and also it's, it's issue 700. That's a big deal. That's a milestone. It's weird that I not only have such a light pull, but that I also don't have any DC books, and I think it's going to get worse as the months go on. Eh, it sucks. What, are you going to have negative DC <laughs> books? Really How's it going to yeah. get worse? Yeah, who knows what he's up to. He, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to buy, if he buys one and then returns it, and they give him extra money, like it's a two ninety nine oh book, God. and he takes it back and they give him three ninety nine. Uh, because he's taking advantage that the guy at his comic book shop is a little uh, has a little vision problem there. Uh, there you go. There, yeah. There's where you go. Yeah, it does. By July, you were walking around the other day. There's so much glue on those glasses of yours, and I, I was even involved. I, I was allowed to come, and I was allowed to join in on the process. It was almost like, you know, we we bonded then as we bonded your glasses, where I got to blow the air on the hot glue. I, I didn't have so, enough hands. I felt so special. By July, I'll only have Action Comics, Justice League, and Superman as my ongoing DC books. I'll have Doomsday Clock and Batman Creature of the Night, but they came out so irregularly that I just can't count on them. But lo and Ooh. behold... It's coming out next week. Batman Creature of the Night. Well, we'll hear, you'll hear later. I was as shocked as everyone else. That's actually coming out. I would add another ongoing or two, but I don't have much choice since most books are in the toilet and Justice League is shipping twice a month for $3.99 an issue. And I do think with this, all this talk and people talking, I think that we're going to have to have the do or die $25 pull list. But now the thing is trying to get to $25. I mean, you're, you're really, there's a lot of people who are going to have to really struggle to get there, which we did a little the last time we did this, but I think some people would have a lot of problems. I had a feeling that DC would do the same thing they did for Metal. They decreased the price from $4.99 to $3.99 for the issues between 1 and 6 because of the high demand. I hope they also decrease the price of Justice League, but I honestly think they won't this time. My Marvel and Image pull is getting bigger and bigger by the minute. Yeah, that's what they say, Eric. Fresh start. Is that a fresh start indeed? Is that what you told me? Because of some technical problems, I didn't even review anything. I'm saying for us on my site, but I found the time to write my review for Sideways number three. What a shitty comic. This review marks the first time I generated pretty heavy discussion in the comments on the website. I was surprised to find eight or so comments. I don't get how people can like this. I'm sure you'll get uh, into it when you guys talk about it, but this is such a ripoff. It's not even funny. Yeah, I, I like Derek, but I don't like the book. And all of a sudden, rules are changed, and the spoiler that he's trying to avoid is that there's not even enough pages for nope. the or story for the pages. You end up having a recap deal, uh, stepping out with Sideways. Were you stepping out there? I saw Ready Player One over the weekend. I won't spoil anything for anyone who wants to see it, but I checked out at, after a certain point in the movie. Now, did he check out, Eric, or did he check out? Because I checked out, I left. There's a scene where they heavily uh, reference a famous 1980 horror film. Uh, horror film. Guys, when I was watching the scene, I turned to my brother and told him that I was seriously considering walking out on this one. I haven't walked out of a film since Avatar. So how so much of the praise I've seen for this movie is that it was neat to see these 80 references. There simply isn't any substance to this trash fire. Eric liked it. He's being very quiet right now. He did like it. it. I said to you – I didn't pay any money for it. It was all right. No, I know. You're a pirate. But uh, I said to uh, Eric exactly kind of I think what you're saying was saying when I told you, and you know, I'm not faking the funk. I said there's references, but they they weren't very fun to me, and they weren't really anything that meant anything. It just kind of was like, oh, there's Harley Quinn. Oh, there she goes. Oh, there's you know the Galactica. Oh, it's a toy that they made and they show. 
And that, that didn't get me. It really didn't. And the story was very basic. It was a basic bitch story, Eric, is what they say. Anyway, this was a relatively short email, so I'll end it at that. Have a good week. See you on the 7, and I hope you had a fun Friday the 13th, Eric. There I you recorded go. all night. Yes, you did. Yes, oh, or did you? Oh, yeah, that yes. was your night. That was not the seller dweller or uh, salesman Johnny or whatever I called him earlier. Rodney. Salesman Rodney. J-Man's next and Thank the you, last male of the night. J-Man says, what's up? Or, hey, Jim, what's up, Bear? What's up, J-Man? What happened to the quality of stories in Rebirth? Green Arrow's first couple of issues were promising. I oh, agree. Yeah. But these burned victims with piles of money don't make for good recurring victims. I agree as well. Where is a burned victim going to get all this money, per se, and why don't they Not use for it me. for skin grafts? After Scott Snyder created the Court of Owls in the New 52, why aren't they prominent in Rebirth? The problem is, uh, J-Man, I would say that I think they're a little too prominent. Especially and they kind of shut them down for the yeah, most they, part. That, that's the thing. They were shut across down. Across the world. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're all over there, even as a group of villains who have defeated but are still manipulating things behind the scenes. And that's the way where you had, and the Burned and the, the Ninth Circle. I'm saying, that, go read the first arc of Nightwing, Nightwing and Rebirth. Yeah. You'll get them there. Uh, the Parliament of Owls. But it, it was obvious Ben Percy was trying to make that same kind of deal with the, you know, the oh, yeah. burn and them. And then they even kind of joined in at nice that hard traveling hill, uh, heroes deal. And, uh, with that, they didn't really do anything for me. And that sort of organization, how Court of Owls and, uh, the Ninth Circle, I like that sort of organization to remain behind the scenes, even at the end. Like, uh, there's no time. Like the Immortal Men. Yeah. Well, no, just, there's no time because the Immortal Men will be different. I like the organizations that these guys are never going to, you know, unchange she the sword and fight these guys are the behind the scenes guys that kind of disappear at the end and then you don't know if they're out and about that's kind of what i like i don't like it's like all of a sudden they're like kick-ass heroes and villains and i I don't need that though ben percy seemed to try to get around that with that burned but that didn't seem to work but then he brought back dante that was nonsense but yet i see now people writing that that was a Run of the ages. I don't know what's going on. Now that now that we know the true identity of Mr. Oz, what have they really done with the character? Why he killed a bunch of people and then skedaddled? Why is yeah. the focus for the Superman stories on Zod instead of Mr. Oz? How did Dark Knight's Metal change the DC Universe? It opened up to Sourcewall. That's really the main thing. Yeah, right we now. haven't really gotten to the idea yeah. of how it, it's going to change. We'll explore that moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you could say it allowed DC to introduce a new age of Marvel heroes, Marvel heroes. But what, <laughs> he has that in, in uh, parentheses. But was the hell uh, every combination of alternate evil Batmans? Where are they? Uh, only to return to status quo, almost destroying the world. Really worth it to introduce Mexican teleporting Spider-Man, a near invincible female Punisher with cone of silence powers, the curse of Ghost Rider without a motorcycle, Brimstone, Our Man Hulk makes lots of damage happen. The not really Related to each other, terrific, fantastic four, and the inhuman immortal men. These characters could have been introduced any number of ways. Does that get you to not like the immortal men that he has said that's the immortals or the, the inhumans? Is, I, the thing is, I have seen it both ways where people go the inhumans or the X-Men, but I always say that the, the inhumans are a second-rate X-Men, so I'm just going to go up on the uh, higher shelf there and say X-Men Yeah, but and, the thing and, is, uh, immortals. the immortal men don't remind me of the X-Men. They do remind me of the inhumans more they than the X-Men. They don't remind me of the inhumans just because I don't hate them yet. Yeah, well, give it time. Did yeah. Greg Rucka add anything significant to the mythos of Wonder Woman with his rebirth run? Eric, did he Took add Took the mascara anything? off the table. Yes. 
Was Ferdinand returning for a little to make a, a couple vegan meals? Was that good for you? Not really, says. Is Batman better or worse since Tom King completed his I Am Gotham story? It's not worse. like he is going to have Bruce tie the knot with a well-known Batman character to bring in new readers. And people care more about superficial spectacles than uh, reading a good comic book story. It's funny where you have these runs. And we were just talking earlier in the Rant and Raves about the Detective Comics deal. Now, besides... Catwoman marrying Batman. That is a big thing. Uh, what would he have to reset to, for somebody to continue on? Nothing. Get Nothing's Jason happened. on that painting. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that's not even his deal. I'm saying anything from his run, what would he have to get back in the status quo to for a new writer to come in? And all I can say or see is Catwoman. Is yeah. him marrying Catwoman. We've had a lot of issues, and that's really the only thing that he's done that seems to be, you know, anything of substance. And Bat-Burger. a lot of people don't like it. Yeah, Bat Actually Batburger was a Mark Wade thing. Uh, oh, I think it? I saw that was just kind of mentioned once. Or oh, that was Big was Belly Burger. Now I think he was uh, Batburger as well because I, I do think at one point Tom King thanked Mark Wade. And, I think it was Mark Wade and said like, hey, thanks for letting me use it or something. And then I wanted to write Mark Wade, how dare you? Please stop. Is Batman better? Well, uh, uh, at least Just League is in good hands with the great writer Christopher Priest creating a masterpiece that will stand up to some of the best jail runs. What? I think Priest is saving all of his best stuff for Deathstroke. Now he's, he's being he's being sarcastic and oh, oh, upcoming cool Batman versus Deathstroke miniseries. Maybe he's not. The pessimist yeah. in me says the miniseries will just end up being DC's latest cash grab, and that's the thing. It's not a miniseries. That Batman we thought it was too. Uh, the Batman versus Deathstroke deal. It's actually just in the run. It's going on now. All our yeah. hope for a good series or stories rest in the hands of Brian Michael Bendis because nothing says good stories like super wordy dialogue covering all the comic book panels with busy dialogue boxes. At least I can read my high quality with respect to story art and character building five to seven ongoing valiant comic issues every month. What's that you say? The evil China funded corporation DMG bought valiant and is slowly forcing creators and behind the scenes collaborators out of the company. Oh, well, maybe I should go read. That's what happened. Valiant got bought up. Uh, Repairman Jack was telling me all about this and basically this uh i guess a kind of chinese based or funded corporation bought it and they're just getting it people are either bailing because of it or they're they're these guys are kicking everyone out so it's a shame because a lot of people uh in the get fresh crew book do mm-hmm. like valiant books and there's a lot of you know things up in the air and people are a little worried about it but keep up the good work and i'll see you in seven eric and that is j moon from half moon bay thank, thank you, you j man thanks everybody for mailing in this week and we're going to go to finish up the podcast. So close, no matter how far. Gems reviews come straight from the heart. Forever trust in Warner's words. Cause Gems reviews matter. Never opens himself this way to his wife or his family. Let's not forget Eric Shane, cause his reviews matter. Trust I seek and I find in him. A week we get jammed. Open mind for a fuck you find. 
calls, Jim's reviews matter. How drunk is Eric Shea? Segregation Reggie. Segregation Reggie. Hands have Ah, yes. Pants half off. As Eric Very always nice. finds himself on a Saturday or Friday night. Right, Eric? You little yeah. Friday night. You home alone tonight? You, you a little home alone? Or is that tomorrow where Jess is, is going to leave you? Lady Jessica. She had. She has just gotten back. Oh, so now you have to be on your best behavior is what you're talking about. As always. Right? As <laughs> always, indeed. Uh, were you hoping at all, to be honest, were you hoping that we were going to get done tonight before she came home so you could get to your hangy pank? Yes. You, yes, you, you were well, hoping that. See, at least you're honest. You're, you're honest about the hanky and the panky, is what they say. Honest about everything. You are, uh, unfortunately. You hear me, Jim? Oh, my goodness, I do hear you, Lady Jessica. I do hear you. But, yeah, uh, so are you going to wait now? Till she goes to sleep for the hanky panky, or have you pretty much written the hanky panky off for the night? Oh, it's done now, but she goes to work tomorrow, so I have plenty That's of time. Th- oh, so she's gonna work all day tomorrow? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. So you just, really, really work yourself into a ladder for this when she gets home. S- yeah, stay away from the apartment. No, stay away from the apartment. <laughs> is what no, I said. It'll be, she'll be, they'll be screwing right in the fucking oh, door. Yeah, the door yeah, won't even be closed. The, just banging. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Logan had to go to the doctor today. And mm-hmm. when he went to the doctor, we go to this urgent care they have. It's like set up with the hospital. I don't know if they have these all over the place. That instead of like going to your family doctor, instead of going to the emergency sure, room, yeah, they have, they have these set up. Yeah, so they go there. Way better basically. than my fucking doctor. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. And basically with that – it's it's covered in the insurance number one and number two we need to get a um a note for school because he was not there and of course all my kids have way too many uh, absences so they have to right, get these right. so logan tells me and logan the problem is he's he's a small kid uh he reminds me a lot of myself when i was a kid that i was scared of things and as a man uh, yes and he says and as a man uh he says to me that the doctor who was an older guy first off he says hey dad the uh, doctor had a Rolex on. I'm like, well, that's that's good. He's a doctor. I said, well, that, maybe that inspires you to be a doctor. I mean, you, you love sure. the Rolex. You think you're a fancy guy over there, legging them Rolexes? The Rolex? Somehow I doctor, got mad. Buddy. I'll show you a Rolex. But then he said that the doctor said, okay, take your shirt off. I guess he was going to listen to his heart or whatever. And then the doctor says to him, Tanya's in the room, says, don't worry, because I'm telling you, Logan probably like me was like, like what like he didn't expect that and he goes don't worry i won't do anything bad or maybe i will oh so, god and what? tanya tanya almost grabbed logan and got the hell out of Holy there shit. it's so odd and logan is so disturbed by it and it's funny too because he's telling me this and he knows that by it now he knows that it's pretty hilarious but you can tell he's still very upset about it and then tanya said she was sitting there and tanya actually got up and stood between them, the doctor and Logan. And then the doctor explained that he's an old guy and he likes to make the jokes. And he knows that he he knows that he knows that they may not be, you know, looked upon fondly now. Uh, but the problem is in my day, every boy got a touch it. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, (laughs) Zach had to have a physical 
And when he went to the doctor for his physical, they did you. not they did not check his uh, hernia. They just asked him, "Is there anything wrong with your balls?" And then I, I don't know if Zach like made the joke, like except the fact that you know everybody wants a piece. I he didn't say no. Hey. He just said there's nothing wrong with my balls. And then the, our family doctor are they supposed one. to be the biggest in three yeah. counties? I'm uh, just curious. Have you, have you ever heard of elephantitis? Yeah, but he said to the doctor then, no, and must have looked confused. And then the doctor said, listen, we're not allowed to touch them or anything anymore because some boys uh, got a little nervous and jerky about it. They actually, some boys were uncomfortable about it. And I said, as there, I was concerned, all boys were. Yeah, and I was yelling at Zach. I'm like, that's kind of the point. And really yeah. to me, because of this, it's such a weird deal. But to me, that kind of is like a kind of not a rite of passage, but it is part of growing up as a boy when you yeah. do get a physical and they check that. And it is something that later on in life, everybody gets a kick of talking about it. And I, I told oh, yeah. Eric, me and Eric started talking about it. I used to have a problem where we had our baseball. I think it was baseball that year that I needed to get a physical. Each year you had to get at least one physical, and then it would work out for all the different sports. Well, I guess Ooh. mine was due up. I had to get the physical for baseball, and they had them at the school. You could just get the school nurse or doctor to do it. or they. I Actually, I think they bring a doctor in, and yeah. you'd Ooh. get into the gym. You'd get on the stage and go down the line. The problem is once I heard that this was in line, and then the next guy goes, the next guy – Fuck that. And also I heard that you had to that. be there with your shirt off and just your skivvies. Now, number Yo. one, not a big skivvies fan. Number two, I do not, even at the point where I was, you know, thin as a rail, don't like to go around without my shirt. So I actually skipped that day and then had to go to the doctor. And so my dad you know, was costing kind of your parents money. Yeah, I said, I didn't know that that was a concept then. I was really, this is like seventh grade. So I go to the doctor and I usually go to this, I go to this older fella. He was not there. He had another guy. Dr. Shoemaker? Was, do, yeah, Dr. Shoemaker was not there. So he had a, his other guy who was the other guy in the practice, a younger guy. And I go in and basically he's like, hey, uh, do you smoke? I'm like, I'm in seventh grade. I'm not Eric Shea. You're damn right I, I smoke. I'm not Eric yeah, Shea. I'm did. like, no. And then, yeah, proud. But I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. He checked my balls, you know, turn your head and cough, boom. Yeah. Then he had me go around. He put on a rubber glove and he gave me a rectal exam. This was in um, seventh grade for baseball. But I didn't know anything different. I you, went in. You were molested by yes, a man. Yes, and yeah. I yeah. went into school then and said to my buddy Pete, like, oh, man. Crazy exam yet. And he's like, what do you mean? Like we, the one in school, you didn't even have to do anything. Basically, you nope. walked up to this guy and they said, do you think that you're okay to, to play baseball? Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're good. And I'm like, this guy gave me a rectal exam. And, the, and I'm <laughs> like, I'm not joking. This guy, and he went up deep. This guy was digging for yeah. gold. He thought that it was the gold rush this guy going was on. Your fucking pain threshold yeah, for I later mean, on. I'm telling yeah. you. He hit things that made you all, my. You almost got sold into child slavery. I'm he telling probably, you, he at probably one thought point, you were too loose is the problem. Uh, yeah, really. And, and the like, he went in so deep it seemed that all of a sudden, like parts of my my body were working like I was a goddamn puppet. And though <laughs> I was so upset about this afterwards, and then later on found out this guy kind of did have some issues. So uh, uh, I, yeah, there, there's my. Yeah, story. you were molested. Basically, you got, what, you got what we call the Catholic experience. Well, that's basically, what I'm here to do is I just want to get this off my chest and move on. That's what I'm using yeah. this podcast for. Good uh, idea. But 
It, it reminded, and basically, the here's what to do if you want to move on from something is to record it for posterity and send yes. it out to thousands to everybody. Of yeah, just do that. That's the uh, thing to but do. what I wanted to do is say to Lo, like Logan, poor Logan's there and has this thing where he's disturbed, and I turn it into my story. <laughs> you think you had a bad buddy? Yeah, Listen, I had a to this. In my butt. and I'm telling him finger. I, I, he's going three knuckle deep. He, oh. he had there were some issues. I'm you telling you, the, the only free. other time this happened was I told Eric, too, that I went to the doctor when when I hit 40, and I told them, hey, I heard that we're supposed to get a prostate exam. And you know what? I'm having this issue where I'm getting up, and I think I have to pee, and it's not okay. You know, I feel like I'm not emptying that whole nonsense that everybody's yeah, going to yeah. deal with. So believe me, it's coming, all you people out there, especially oh, yeah. <laughs> So I go there, and I go in, and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm 40. You know, I just turned 40. I guess I have to do that rectal exam, you know, the the prostate exam and he the guy pretty much made fun of me my my and it was it's a doctor i no longer go to so it makes sense the story though but i said you know and he's like what ah, what are you an idiot that's 50 i'm like really i really heard that it was 40 and he's like well if you want it so bad and he oh, ended up <laughs> i'm telling you just imagine he's facing i'm facing him we're there he put both hands on my shoulders boom spun me around Grab me. I thought I was being arrested. He Holy threw me shit. down, pushed me down on the table, and boom, he went in and then was going to town and then came out and like, yeah, you know what? It is a little enlarged, but what we look for is, you know, it, it being a different shape or whatever. So you're right, fine. Right. Let me take your blood pressure right now. And he took my blood pressure. This is where I think one of the reasons why my blood pressure is so high. I think that the guy pretty much had his way with me at this point. And yeah. he's like, boy, your blood pressure is really high. I said, yeah. You had you know, some action, though. That's nice. I, I you know told I mean? him. I said, at least you could have taken me for dinner or something. You know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a classy girl here. But, yeah, it just I, – I don't know why I want to talk about rectal exams here. But right. it really it really threw me off two times. I don't, I don't think I was going to say that the exam you got when you were 12 was so deep that it was good for the next 30, 40 no, years. Well, it was, like, was weird. Worry, okay. that, was a, well, that was a lifelong exam right it there. It was. But a, the a thing is fingers. that doctor I found out went to Harvard. I found that out because my next doctor found his class ring. Boom. boom. There you go. Hey. There you go. Man, the last yeah. time I was at a doctor to get a physical, I was actually mad because I didn't get touched enough in my mind. Yeah, really. Yeah. You're oh. not a pretty boy like me, Eric. Apparently. I, I must and, be desirable to the doctor. When you were there, probably. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. Now that was last week, Eric. Yeah. Went, like Eric had the problem where the guy was given a rectal exam, but somehow he had both hands on his shoulders at the time. Eric hey. was <laughs> Eric was very confused. He didn't know what was going on. He told me. But oh, we're not well, I'm here not a to... doctor. I don't know how things work. Speaking sure. of buts, but we're here to talk about one last book with Reggie before we move on to the final book of the podcast. This is the super section, which usually you can tell because that's where we talk about rectal exams. They, you know, right. that's usually that how sense. that works. Uh, but with that, what are we talking about, Reggie? New Superman and the Justice League of China, number 22, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Brent Peoples. Mart's Matt Santarelli and Hi-Fi. How high is the water, Keenan? Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, Dylan? Said it's two feet high and rising. Uh, we thought at first it was just a little spill, but Dragon Sun's finger can a bucket fill, and it's all to the chagrin of one Kim Jong-il. Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, Dylan? Three feet high and rising. How high is the water, Baishi? Said it's three feet high and rising. 
I said, a Quangjo's all scaly and he hears a voice, but he's also brainwashed by the NK boys. My knees are wet and so he made his choice. Three feet high and rising. How high is the water, Keenan? Four feet high and rising. How high is the water, Avery? Said it's four feet high and rising. And now the roads are muddy and the horses stink and the backed up sewer is starting to sink. Start, but at least now we all have something to drink. Four feet high and rising. Boom. Yeah. And, uh, are we confirmed that this book is ending? Uh, I see uh, these it seems talk. that way. And it seemed like it was 25, the issue 25. Yeah, or something and like I, I, what, it's a weird what issue, I, I thought. Yeah, and what yeah. I saw was that it's more of not the solicits, but the preview catalog came out, right? And with that, it listed right, that. June, yeah. yeah, and it listed in the preview catalog of June came out, and it did list as the final issue. It was issue 25. And, yeah, that is a little odd. Uh it's a shame. It's just a strange number to end it on. That's and all. It, but. And it's also a, yeah, and it's also a strange deal of just how it was. It got the reprieve just to kind of go a couple like to have it, two more arcs. It was definitely yeah. That's what I'm saying. It definitely was one of those where it was not saved to continue. There's no way that at this point they would have had the idea like okay, we wanted this, this, or this. It was saved for some reason other than sales, not sales. Uh, and now it's just going away. I guess that they just wanted to have something in my mind to list that Justice League of China to have that on a cover. Possibly. Of a solicit. It seems yeah. because why bring it back just for that to only give you a couple issues, five issues or so, or, you know, six issues. It did start. Did it start at the 19? Was it this uh, deal? One shot, I believe. So, yeah, and, and depending yeah. on how they're going to kind of put it together, who knows. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's just really odd. And it's really odd to have this idea where you have the book, it goes away, it, it gets the save deal for it to come back. And, unfortunately, I will have to say in my mind, though, it's still one of the better books that we deal with. Uh, since it came back as the Just League of China, it's more – neat to me than actually great like at points right. this book was really really good i mean it was really right. good it, it hasn't come back really really good it's come back good and okay you know i want to see this oh i want to see the lenders i want to see the aquaman but the story itself especially this issue to me feels very jumbled it feels a lot of stuff just kind of thrown in uh, you know, and like this book is another one where it's really based on characters and the progression and things like that. And the problem is the newest character, this Aquaman, uh, all of a sudden shit just happens in my mind. This whole issue is all uh, again. I mean, you know, you could say that almost of any issue, but really the, the big important thing is that Dragon Sun winds up unleashing the ancient waters of uh, yeah. North Korea onto North Korea from the mountain of something Pateku or something like this. Yeah. I did forget all that, but uh, that's his thing. That's his, his, uh, you know, fate, his destiny, right? Whatever you would call he's it. Going, yeah. He's going to flood North Korea. Plus there's the, and there's, there is more to it. There's the thing about an international incident. Yeah. There's there the is. tantalizing ass green, green lantern core that I'm yeah. afraid we're not going to really find much, much more about, but uh, I do. I just love the very idea of them. And like, where did you get that power? What's yeah, the story? Yeah. There. And, and with that, up? too, like you're saying, that's very interesting. It's also interesting there you have this division on the team that Eric told me he really liked as well, where Beishi 
He wants to follow the rules. He's a yeah, he's follower. the voice of reason. He's the voice he of is reason. This and guy who is always following everything to the like you know to the letter. And this whole idea where we have the Aquaman of North Korea here. Look, this is an international incident. Yeah, like we're the Justice League of China. We can't escalate the situation yeah. into a goddamn war. And so I like it a lot. Right I like the idea of thinking with this beige Batman, where he really is also like he, he's he's the voice of reason. Listen. There's this one guy. Yes, it's a shame. It's all that, but we have to give him back because if we don't, it, nations could die. We, yeah. we have to do this. Now, what, what I'm saying that one of the things that is weird, this book would, when we really liked it, when it was really hitting, you did at one point, it was pretty much, you know, Beishi, Daylin, and Keenan. So you'd have that interaction with this. It's like it's getting to the point where this issue is so crowded. With things going on that Avery's there to say, Andy's hot. And, and that's all yeah, you get yeah. with her. And then you have Ming Ming who's in the limo to just be there. And then yeah, you yeah. have, you have the whole deal with, with, uh, Bei Shi and Dae Lin where I want to see, like, I like this idea of like, Hey, we got to save my boyfriend. I mean, Batman, but you don't get too much. You don't get enough of it because you have to go off then to show. You know, Aquaman, and then you have to show the Green Lantern Corps. Then you have to go and talk, uh, you know, politics. Then you have the I Ching thing. And I think that it's so. The crab and, show of Bay is, yeah. is freaking the, like, you know, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Anathema and the yeah, Anathema and Alpaca. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah like it's, it's like, so okay. crowded. And the problem with it yeah. is, is that why did you let it come back to seem like it came back? And then Just after it, it was a great to fast. say to, 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 yeah, Gene Luan Yang say, Oh, by the way, that story that you told us that we really liked that we wanted you to continue with, it now has to be this amount of issues. It really, this is not the Gene Luan Yang writing that we've been used to, but kind of we have because this is very similar how that first bit ended before it was supposed to end. Well, and it's I, a shame. I I don't know if it's something that I had to come back to have that Just League of China name or anything like that, but he, maybe he had to come back to introduce the characters that I might want to do something later on, like the idea of like, all right, we have the Aquaman in North Korea, freaking Dragon Sun, uh, yeah. the Green Lantern Academy. We have to have these characters out and about so they just don't show yeah. up and feel what's weird. Everyone, what's, everyone getting a final bow yeah. so that they kind of get like listed, you know, that you just yeah, look at one Yeah, what's weird arc. with that is just think, just say – that you're going to do this and then they want I, – I know. Maybe I'm I'm off here, but these almost seem like characters that if it's a book that isn't Gene Luan Yang on it, people are the, – the few people who did read it are not going to like it. They're going to think like there's, – there's a couple characters like this in a lot of other books where you have shit happen. And I know that everybody uses characters eventually and yeah. all that. But if this was something that it ended and then Keenan – like we would say maybe we'd like them on, say – Teen Titans or whatever. It's weird that I think that this will be one of those, well, why isn't Gene Luan Yang in there? And it just seems like these are his characters. And unless he wants to do something with them, that they're, they're not going to happen. I don't know. I, I don't know that. Well, again, I don't know why at any point you'd have like a Beishi Batman, except to show up somewhere just to show up. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I could see one off reasons, but I definitely don't see yeah, them not, joining yeah, that's a, what I'm an saying. American like, team. But, but I, I think know, we'll Keenan see. is good enough to do that. 
And yeah. but it's just he's like, where is he down in the pecking order of you having a book? I mean, he wouldn't be before a Superboy. You know what I mean? You have to get him way down the line before you get him. The only character that really seems like it will do anything is Avery, which isn't even Jean Lloyd Yang's character. She just showed it's up true. in this book. It's just it's very odd. But I just I wonder what the you know semantics were of bringing it back to only rush it and maybe i'm just saying this because he wants to get all this and then the next bunch of issues will be decent that he knows at least one issue has to be rushed and it's this one it, uh, it could it could it could be just as simple as the contract they signed with him dictate a certain number of issues and they'd yeah. rather have him write to the end of it than to just pay him for yeah. a bunch of issues that yeah. never happened. I, yeah, I just, I don't know, but it just, this isn't the book that I was, you know, enamored with before. It hasn't yeah. been that for a while, though it's still good. Like I said, people yeah. still, in the Slack chat, people still really like it. I am really, I love the characters. I really like the designs of them. It's just, this isn't the Gene Luen Yang at, at his best here. And I can only think that it's because things are condensed and thrown in here. And it's yeah. just weird, but I came do- I came down kind of hard on this as I'll reveal later on, but uh, I, I you know I agree with what you're saying. I think it's still solid, and I still get excited yeah. to read about what's going on in it. And I definitely am real excited about this new Aquaman. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's an awesome character. I like the idea that he's kind of conflicted between his uh, you know living in North Korea and his loyalties there as well, but also realizing that they treat their dogs better outside of, you know, in yeah, South yeah, Korea. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's a lot of aspects to this issue that I like. I want to say that the Dragon Son Aquaman, it's kind of the worst because we have this character who shows up and all of a sudden he just has water powers. He's the son of a goddamn dr- bunch of bones of a dragon who has his god of North Korea and I don't understand how any of this works. How is he the son of this goddamn dragon god or whatever it is? And I like, was Dylana's snake goddess. I don't know. He you know? Is. Uh, well, I'm saying she, she like that's been explained. It's just he shows up and all of a sudden we have all this information thrown at him. It doesn't seem like he's questioning any of it for even the sake of the reader. It just is, and we have to go along with it. Where it just comes out of nowhere, though. Well, where I thought was rushed a little is where you did have Keenan and, you know, taking him down. You have the Aquaman, he's going, and then Keenan uses his freeze breath and freezes him. And Beishi's like, no, no, not cold breath. You know, he has water power. So I like, I don't know why, how do they know so much about his power set and things? I know we've seen some things, but this seemed You're like right. really yeah. odd. And then it, it, it continued. It weird, but, but it does show us that he still has power. Well, and we know it. We, we find out. That's fine. But it's weird that then when they leave the scene, when, when he gets taken by the Green Lanterns, you have Avery who's going to run off and doubles back to grab that bone. And I'm like, huh, And now the source on? of his power just seems to be this bone, even though, it, like, it started out earlier where he just kept sweating all this water. And then, like, you know, like, mo- like uh, alien fish or whatever would jump out of his sweat puddles. But it seems that his entire power is now quenched on this bone that will become his sword, which will activate the rest of his But it powers. was weird that Avery, out of nowhere, kind yeah. of, like, doubles back to get it, and the I bone just... Is, the bone is what makes the uh, the funky plate armor up yes, here, right? Yeah, and you it's know, just, there you go, it. though. You have the bone, but just that Avery would go back to... It seemed weird. Uh, they, gotta, and, they gotta have her do something, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm telling you, at one point, all she said was... Man, he's kind of hot. I know. Yeah, I'm they, like, they, I don't know they, who you're looking at. They really, he's you know, a monstrosity. Uh, it, it, really. Or but, she or she's breaking Keenan's balls. That's all yeah, she ever does. I don't know. She yeah, really. Uh you know, they they she's fast and I mean she's a speedster. But you have this with the deal and they go off 
and now we're going to get these kind of political stuff going on. And then you see Althema, I get our Anathema, who's, you know, Bane. Uh, the Bane get, of China. Yeah, the Bane of yeah. China. So that's cool. But it's it's also a weird deal by now because then Alpaca shows up. Hey, brother. Wait, wait, wait. Like, wait, wait. You, missed, you missed the big thing that when, when – uh, uh, new Superman, he gets rid of the, the Lantern's core yeah. or whatever by doing a big clap and turning all white yeah, all and basically doing some kind of a minimized solar flare or some kind of a sun thunderclap. And clearly, to me, he gets subsumed, taken over by the All yeah, Yang. Oh, yeah, he the becomes one. All Yang Superman at this yeah, point. I really yeah. like they, this they aspect. Also wanting to kill the yeah. uh, Dragon Sun. It plays really well, I think, because, you know, he is still keen and he just thinks, oh, my God, I have finally done it. I have finally balanced that. That's why I have all this power all of a sudden. But the thing is, I've realized the way we solve our solution is killing the dragons and the Aquaman. And I like it that he doesn't even realize the whole idea is that he has done exactly what all Yang wanted the whole time by that. The idea that like this power is mine. You can't take it away from me and became this whole like this all destructive force like the Emperor Superman. And he thinks he's fine. though. I'm like. This is the most interesting part of the comic, and I dig it. Yeah, I, I like I that. Well, I the only too, reason yeah. I went ahead to the Bane is I was just going to make a point where it, it's a weird deal where the – like, there you go. You have Keenan, who really – the book has really been about how he isn't like Superman. But yet right. every – but why did each issue by now at this point – I don't need the Bane of China now. Like we're kind of we past that in my these, mind. These characters for a long, long yeah, time. and, and why bring this up? And, and you know, Alpaca's cool enough, but yeah. I, I'm sick of the of China. Even the I know it's the Just League of China, but we don't need that at this point. We don't need now to see the Riddler of China or the Two Face of China. I, we're kind oh, of past that. Are you the Riddler? Yes, just anybody. I just want to go forward where you have Aquaman, which we like enough. We're kind of confused of all this deal, but again, that's a little different. You know what I mean? Like all it's of a sudden, little, no, I mean, Alpaca is different. Bane isn't that. That's different, what I'm saying. Alpaca. That's what I like. But, but I would uh, like you know, that. At, at the end of the day, it is basically like and, yeah, the Joker of China. And yeah, I think that China. I think that the problem is is what really gets me, and it, it does point the whole thing I said earlier, and where this book is heading. You realize that now we're not going to have the time to develop a new villain. We're not going to have a time to do no. something like that. We're just going to get a greatest hit. And really, you have it set up anyway that the ministry, uh, even the Korean government, like that, that can be the bad guys anyway. So it's going to be a shame that we're not going to develop more of Alpaca or we're not going to develop some new villains that are unique to this and not just the blank of China. Uh, right. And that's a shame because that seemed to me, Jean Luan Yang, that the best thing about this book was to give you something that you thought was kind of, oh, this is going to be generic, right? Uh, and especially Keenan and turning him into so much more because he would be able to have time to develop the character and make you like him. Uh, but we're not going to get that. But yeah, all Yang, he, he wants to kill Aquaman. He's going to kill Aquaman in the deal. You get a little deal where he kind of comes face to face with his mother, kind of yells at him and things like that. So that's all set up. But really, we end with, you know, Korea's all happy because Korea has their own superhero now. And they're oh, like, oh my God. We have a metal human now. All this right. This is the best. We're going to go and you're going to talk to our young leader and he's going to be so happy. He said this would happen. Uh, and you have Keenan attack, but through this whole deal, you had 
the uh, you know Aquaman saying that he had to get to the Pakchu Mountains, and then he just goes. He gets free. He yeah, goes his, away. His dragon father is talking yeah. to him in his head the whole time. Yeah, now he's to there. go like fulfill prophecy, open up the uh, ancient heavenly floodgates, heavenly waters, and he it's cool. You know, he like slices at the uh, yeah. air with his sword, and then the water comes. Yeah, and he's gonna flood every place, it including it looks like he's gonna flood a village it's right there. Drown them all. It's all to drown North Korea. Yeah, I mean, North I get the Korea. impression this is not a small amount of water, so no. uh, and, and it's going to be big. Again, for my last bit of, uh, you know, uh, complaining, uh, we do have a big issue where we're learning about Aquaman, right? That's the whole yeah. deal. But in the meantime, we pretty much get the biggest thing that's ever happened in this whole series where all Yang Keenan. This is what, like yeah. Eric said, this has been all Yang's plan all along. So it's almost to me when I read this, both of them kind of were diminished a little because you just went from one to the other. So well, not only that, a... but we had the continuation of Beijing's story with the freaking Batman Academy, yeah, the people yeah. and his sister know, and his freaking yeah. rival. We yeah, have so you, you have it some huge all this separated thing. shit. Yeah. yeah, and but it's too much to me in one issue to, to kind of process the whole deal and actually care Diminishes. a lot about it. These yeah. are things that each of these things that happen in this could have even had its own three issue arc just right. based on that, and I it agree. didn't. And it just really came off very rushed and whatnot. And I still love the book. And actually, one of the things I saw this week on Twitter actually made me really happy for some reason. Uh, well, I know the reason, but somebody tweeted out to say like something. It was either a preview of ours or something else. But somebody had, had was talking about Sideways. I think it was. I think it was Sideways. And basically said, oh, I hate the series. The, the main character is a jerk. And I don't want to deal, oh, this Instagram, oh, what a jerk. And the person mm. tweeted back to him and said, basically, listen, I thought the same thing about the new Superman, but listening to Weird Science, they actually convinced me to keep giving it a try, and I ended up loving the character, so maybe we'll get lucky and this will happen. What's, what's side Look at that. And I was like, Look that's at pretty at cool. That. At least we did something yeah. positive. Seriously, uh, in you the know, world. Everybody says we're so goddamn negative, but sometimes we do like things, so I'm being negative today that, about that, it. That makes up for all the money I yes, did not it give any yes. yes, indeed. But, yeah, it ends with basically – North Korea being flooded by Aquaman. And there we go, and we're going to have to go from there. But what did you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, uh, in the Slack chat the day of, Ruben, you know, he, he said, this was not a bad Ruben. issue. And when I thought about it, Ruben Pagan? Yeah, no, you know what I'm talking about? Ruben! Ruben. <laughs> yes, yes, Ruben. He, uh, he uh, you know, he was, as a singular issue, although what you're saying, it is jam-packed, but imagine if you had, like, just showed up for just this issue. You'd be a little confused, but you yeah, would have your money's worth, I'll tell you yeah. what. I mean, you would not have walked away and been like, I got ripped off. I'm looking at it, though, from, you know, the, the issues preceding it, I felt like we were getting just too much stuff. And, you know, for, as far as advancing me, the story of the North Korean uh, Aquaman or yeah. the Aquaman, whatever, the uh, Dragon Son, we didn't get a lot of that. We no, got, actually, that's the problem with the whole deal. We get uh, tons of stuff, but no advancement of really a story. It's just individual page, things. Like, yeah, just yeah. Me, it was like vignettes of, of, of stuff going yep. on in the world of this comic book. On the site, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. It'd probably still stand there, but uh, I'd call it a hearty one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Eric and give it a 6, but uh, I don't know. I, that's my guess, but I, I'm going to go 6. I did like the art, uh, and again, there's huge things that happen here. I just think that the way they're presented 
they don't have the impact that uh, normally they would. And normally where – I mean some of the things where when he became the all-yank Superman, I kind of almost thought about it after I had already gone a couple of pages like, holy shit, like uh, – Holy shit, that was all Yank's plan all along. And, uh, yeah. Oh, God. It was like when it happened, I was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, whatever. Like, oh, but actually, it was until he said, oh, I'm going to kill every one of them. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, mm. my God, that was huge. Like, he really did do the deal. And this is what he's been trying to do this whole long. So I, it really impressed me then. But again, it, it just kind of. It, no, a lot no, of this didn't add, have the impact. So. Things, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, what would you give it? I give it a 6.5 out of 10. Ooh, I really like the art in this strong. issue, but it, but it was a little too jam-packed because, like you said, there's a lot of cool stuff going on that I would care to see. Each have their individual arc. Oh, yeah, Superman, the coolest thing of them all. I want to know more about Aquaman in North Korea, but it's just thrown at us because we're dealing with so much stuff. And even Beiji and Alpaca and friggin', you know, uh, and Athena and the whole idea of these, you know, rivals going there. There's a lot of cool stuff, yeah. but they are diminished because they're all just jam packed in this one issue and it takes away from the issue as a whole, but yeah. 6.5 out of 10. It is funny because when you're saying that, uh, we said that a bunch of times tonight. We had a lot yeah, of issues where, okay, well, and just this week in general, of the greatest hits that we called us like a birds of prey earlier, where when something is ending. So it's one of those things that's funny that maybe if we wouldn't even heard that it was ending, we would have gotten that little hint that, oh, something's going on because yeah. a lot of stuff got thrown in, but still. Like we started I, getting at the end of new, when it was new Superman, when we're getting yeah. towards that issue 18 before he knew he had more issues. Yeah. To yeah. Yeah, and with that, like I, I'm, I went six, but it's still a positive six. I still like the the series overall. So hopefully, when it it ties everything up and goes forward or whatever, it's satisfying and whatnot. But we're gonna move on. We're gonna say goodbye to Reggie. Uh, yeah, Reggie's right, gonna go everybody. off into the sunset, and then we're gonna go off to an issue where it is ending. It is the finale, and it drove me bonkers. So we're gonna go <laughs> off to that now. All right, Eric, one last book. All right. And then there was one. Eric, was that a very fancy way to say it? I think there's a half of one. <laughs> and then there was something. Uh, and that something is Supergirl number 20, written by Steve Orlando and Jody Hauser. Took two people to write this, Eric. Oh. By Rob Simroca, Daniel Enriquez, Michael Atea, and Steve Wands. Steve Orlando, I'm not, I'm not going to – I like Jody Hauser. I, I don't know about you. You're probably going to say I don't really know either way, right? I, but, I, I uh, don't know Jody Hauser uh, personally. I don't well, know what she's like. I've never had, uh, you know, I've never broken bread with her. But uh, before this issue, most of the issues, the, the couple that she showed up, I actually thought that the book picked up and was going in a direction that I actually was liking. And she does the uh, Mother Panic stuff and things. So there's a lot of things that she does. I haven't that read it. Are, uh, at least I hear people like. So I'm oh, not okay. going to even – what I'm saying is I'm going to keep her free and clear from this blurb because if I was her, I'd want to be free and clear of it as well. Steve Jody, Orlando, you're exonerated from this yeah, nonsense. Steve Orlando ends his run of Supergirl with a backdoor pilot to his New Age of Heroes book, The Unexpected. Oh, anybody, I can't wait, Jim. Anybody going to read that book? Uh, seriously. Now. now I'm already mad because – and really, I already said in my review on the site – that I see the deal is sealed, Eric. The deal is a sealed that I'm not going to deal with it. I refuse. Uh, we'll have to talk about it. 
uh, because I don't so want to talk about it, it on the podcast. I don't want to review it on the site because I think what happened here is a travesty. And that is a whole bunch of bullshit. I'm going to continue. You don't care about I, Neon and Turd Golden Axe? No, no. Yeah, you almost said what I think it is. Turd, Turd Golden, Golden Axe. Axe. I have not been a fan of this run. And then that's very clear. So people listening, you might just be thinking, oh, here they go again. They hate on this book. And boy, they don't like Steve Orlando. And I like them, whatever. No, I'm talking to you right now. Everyone who's thinking that in their mind, just think of me hovering over you menacingly at five foot do. two. Eric, and yelling. Uh, but there are those who have been a fan of this book. And to me, Steve Orlando just took a massive shit on every one of you guys. Every one of you. He just took a dump, a Cleveland steamer right Not on me. you. Everyone in that, yeah, because you don't like this book. Everyone that allowed this to happen, I mean, in DC, should be utterly ashamed of themselves. And oh, yeah, he ends the book with Supergirl once again declaring why she's a hero and people seem to eat it up anyway. And I have in my blurb That's here. That's all you got to do. I've officially given up, Eric. I don't know why I or you. I don't know why we care so much about these books. I don't know why I care about trying to review a book to let people know if, you know, hey, you can buy whatever you want. But I'm yeah. trying to give you a little roadmap of what I think is going on and maybe help you steer clear of some things or maybe even make you, when you have fun, you can also think a little, learn a little lesson, Eric. And the lesson here is this is the biggest bunch of bullshit that I have ever read since we started this site and this podcast. I've never in my I don't in know. My I've career, read Dead Man number one. No, that doesn't matter because you know what? Dead Man number one is bad. That's not bullshit. You have Neil Adams is writing a book that he thinks is good and he's trying to give you what he thinks the book is. This was a finale issue of Supergirl where Steve Orlando just said, oh, you know what? Everybody who loved this run and tweet me or whatever, fuck them. I don't care. I'm going to give them the backdoor pilot it's to unexpected the unexpected. Time. Yeah, who yeah, expected I, I that? No one. It was so unexpected. Did. Ooh, unexpected. That's what he's yelling. They're like, oh, my God, I thought that we we're going to learn all about Supergirl and tie up this series. Unexpected. That's Boom. what he says. And you know what's unexpected? That we got none of that. And he did try to tie some things up, but that's the problem. There's a lot of things hanging that maybe you could have used the eight to ten pages of the unexpected nonsense that you gave us here to tie up. Plus, I, and I also see people – this is where I don't understand nowadays. Are, are people – afraid to get angry are people so that like before when me and you grow up especially in the 90s the cynical decade i'd like to call it where you would well, have people where you hated something until it was proven to be good or right. well that's the thing is i i really think it's like you know the 90s where everybody was so cynical People after that had to learn to be different because, as we were all told, we had to check ourselves before yeah, we wrecked and, ourselves. Well, I guess now – People took with, that to heart. They didn't wreck themselves because they certainly checked themselves. And remember when you'd have like bands where they were like, you know what? We don't want to sell out. We're actually embarrassed about celebrity and we don't want to push it and stuff like that. And that that's all gone. Now, what we have now is whatever somebody does, there's always an apologist waiting in the wings to tell you why – it's okay You've to do it. You've got to understand. I, I, I think that from uh, you know starting maybe 10 years from now, murder is going to be allowed as long as there's somebody there, your hype man, to say right, why it world. is. Hey, you know what? If that's the worst thing he does today, we're all better off. There you go. Not guilty. 
because we have had this in books where it seemed like things were plagiarized, where the excuse then was, well, you know, there's so many stories in comics. How could you not plagiarize? Okay, we'll go with that. Then you have this where, oh, look, he has a backdoor pilot to his unexpected. I see two things that went on. Oh, you know what? Thanks, Steve Orlando. Now I know that I should buy the unexpected. Like you needed him to hold your hand to go to the comic store to get it. and Or the other one. I'd be mad, too, that the book was canceled, so way to stick it to the man. You know who the man is? The man and women who buy this book that are fans. This is nonsense. It is complete and utter not. I'm going to say it a hundred times because it just starts right away. You have Bones and Macari. They're, they're skedaddling, Eric. Kind of, I guess. I don't know. They're driving around. Why? I don't know why they're driving around because at this moment they have Shea Veritas in the blade, uh, and trying to mind control her and try to wipe her mind up, but they decided to go out for a stroll. And they're and there. The thing is they're going over the, it looks like they're going over what, you know, Shea Veritas has leaked out about the DEO's been hiding and it seems in here. It's damage. Yeah. And yeah. from what, everything we've seen so far in damage, unless things get retconned later on, the DEO had nothing to do with that. That seemed to be just the U.S. military and Colonel Jonas. Like, you know, like, was the, um, the Dark Knights tie in the metal, the, the merciless, where we saw yeah. all these heads of these organizations together to talk about what they're going to do. Mr. Bones was there and Colonel Jonas was there and they were arguing back and forth. They were not a part of the same thing. So I don't yeah. know why we're seeing damage. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's just thrown in the kind of time. And that's the first bit. Like, here we go. Because then out of nowhere, what the? And you just see in the panel a golden axe come through their car. Great game. Their car is destroyed. Uh, Macari and Bones kind of fall out of the car, I guess. You have Filth of apocalypse. <laughs> Your time has come. Yeah, yeah. So that points out right there. Well, I guess we're after Macari then. Yeah, they must be after Macari. That kind of changes a little. Mm. But so then we go to Supergirl, who was there. Ben Rubel ended up last issue where he was on the phone with his mom. And we never even found out anything about his mom. That was something we never did. And again, some of these things are not Steve Orlando's fault because he would have gotten to him maybe later. But if you have this issue and you have the opportunity, use it to kind of tie some things up. Have him do something here with his mom and resolve that or, you know, whatever. But instead, where he seemed to be there and was like, oh, I need some help, Supergirl showed up. You thought that maybe Supergirl was going to help him out with some of his problems because yeah, some friend. of her she problems. Yeah. yeah. And also, remember, this led from an issue which we both really liked where Good. she was a – you know, an ear to somebody who needed, it, uh, you know, a helping hand and a shoulder to whatever. And she just goes, that's all shoved aside. Yeah. Hey, Ben, I don't care what you're doing. We need you to be Time on to the nut up. Ben. Yeah, we need you, your help. <laughs> we need you to wait because we're going to send you some info uh, from, you know, uh, Cameron Chase, Laurent, you know, all this stuff. Insight, we're going to get you some if info. You remember insight. Yeah, insight. And what we want you to do is when you get this. Uh, put it up on the Cat Co app. Now, the best thing is, is at the end, when they do that, it's not even looks like they really put five. It's just shade throwing. I, I, what He's waiting there to say, Bones is bad. You know, I guess that if you would click on the story, maybe you'd go to these files or whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Because all we see is that you can't click on the side of a goddamn building when it happens. But it just seems weird. Boy, and, and I was, uh, yeah, really. I was telling you that, that the issue with that is they seem to have to have Ben do something. 
the, the Catco app was Twitter. It was spelled out by Cat Grant, who I'll mention, not even in this issue. Everybody uh, reports the news on the Catco yeah, app. It, it's Twitter. She said, that's the news is in your hands. That Oh, it's going to be so great. But you don't need Ben Rubel to do it. You can just have well, a phone. Ben Rubel, Ben Rubel, look, we're going to need you to do something. Anybody can report to the Catco app. So Kara Danvers, even because she is a reporter for Catco, she could do this as well. We also need you to email this to the Gotham Gazette, the Daily Star, the yeah, Daily Planet, which they because never these say are the only that. newspapers, apparently. Never say that. Well, she he just says put it on the Keckle app. He does that. The other yeah. thing is, I don't know why doesn't Insight use his Wi-Fi blood to do it, Eric? I, I mean, it seems like he could upload it with his blood. It's so ridiculous. Who knew so, we'd be learning more about Insight on the final insane. issue? Because, you know, when he was captured, Bones EMP'd, wiped his data suit, and active tech – but the nanotech and insights blood activated after the EMP. It's been data streaming for DEO secrets from the whole time. Yeah, his blood. Yeah. <laughs> so as this is going on, Ben's there and, and Supergirl's like, oh, my God, I there's trouble. I smell cyanide and I hear that heartbeat of old good old Mr. Bones and flies off to save him because we see who had attacked her, them. And it is Torrid Golden Axe. Uh, the you know, Viking Judge, you know, Axe, the Viking Golden Judge. Axe, the Viking Judge, who has my world was law for or word was law for centuries, and uh, you know that, and it looks uh, yeah. like the bastard child of Magog and Emerald yeah, it looks Empress. like Magog and Emerald Empress, what? And they start running. Yeah, Makari and Bones start running. Uh, and then she's gonna just throw shade at them. But as that goes and on, while then this we is get, going on, yes. we figure out what they are doing to punish Shea Veritas for leaking this important, in- like yes. you know, uh, data out to the world or whatever. They're gonna have her sit there, and they're gonna activate what they call activate what they call a psycho redactor, redactor, which is gonna burn images of terrible things into her mind, which is on a countdown. Yeah, because we can't just do it. We have to have yeah. stakes like 24 yeah. and shit. So we're going to have a countdown where they're not involved at all, but somehow still shit-talking on a goddamn yeah. intercom. And that's the thing. They're talking on an intercom at that point to Shea Veritas. They're like, After watch the countdown, Shea Veritas. Watch Golden it very Ash closely. has done fucked yeah. them up from their goddamn How are they, how are they talking? We, two pages before, we saw that they're on the run with their car destroyed and toward Golden Axe chasing them. They're, they're not, and yet they're, they're, they're multitasking. They're running. Ha, oh, watch out the countdown. Shea Veritas, like you said, there didn't need to be a countdown. That's just no. only there so that you have the time for Cameron Chase and Laurent to get her. And the best part is they do it in what would be, you know, it's panel space, but the panel space of actual progression of their part of the story might be two panels because you do go back. You have the fight with Gold, uh, Tor and Golden Axe. But when you go back to them, they free uh, freaking what's his name? The uh, uh, strange visitor and then go <laughs> and insight and then go and run and immediately find uh, Shea Veritas. It, it's just ridiculous. There's everything is just nonsense. Now, we say on this, this toward Golden Axe who showed up, I, we didn't really even say uh, this character has never shown up in this book. This is the first nope. time the character has ever shown up. This is the character that is going to be one of the unexpected. So out of nowhere, and this boy was she just, ever unexpected yeah, here. It just happens to show, and with this, we're going to get page after page of her. Not, you know, the anything else that's going to tie up this book. 
but her and how her ancestors, they didn't want to do this and she did. And my axe has the reflection and shows all of your wrongdoings. And you're going to look at that. It's almost a, it, it, it's just, it's terrible. It's so terrible. And she's yelling at suddenly at mostly bones at this yeah. point. Like, look at this bones. You can't run from this bright marshal. My unflinching axe oh, shows me your misdeeds. And just go, you manipulate, rationalize, you destroy everything you touch. And then she's just throwing things, and Supergirl goes and stops the axe. She stops it before it kills Bones. And then it but cuts Jim, her a bit. But Jim, the axe is magical, yeah, and it, it ends up cutting her, her, which she's not used to. Oh, my yeah, God, I'm bleeding. Yeah, this never yeah. happens. No, no. She's like, my hand's bleeding. This never happens. Her axe must be magic. Later goes, oh, wait, better watch out for those horns she has on that helmet. They must be magic I guess they're as well. magical, too. And then there's a fight, and you get the ins and outs where you have towards say, I know you, Supergirl. My vessel, my descendant praises you, which is Agnes, this descendant, this this vessel that she's in. She kind of has a split personality thing, I guess we're going to find. But again, this is just me saying this, but why do I want to know this? I don't want to know this stuff. And she, they just go. And she, yeah, Torrit just going on and on about the acts and the reflection, things like that. Then you have uh, Cameron Chase and Laurent go and they do free uh Shea Veritas which is so funny because it's it's counting down uh, but you don't even have a countdown really. no there's, I mean, there's you no see, real numbers there there's some no. faded out freaking like you know scribbling going on you have no idea no. what it is and the whole thing is when Chase goes to rec- rescue Shay, like oh what about the rest of the DEO troops there's an army down there they may have an army. We have a Lauron, and he has strange friends I'm like yes, when did strange, strange visitor and Lauron become fucking friends I know. There they are. They have friends. And there we go. And she's they're all going to help. You have Cameron and Shay kiss, and then they're going to get out. But I also like the fact that they just got into there. They got into the blade because Cameron is the former head. So she yeah. just, out of nowhere, she former just goes. Former DO director. Yeah, she just goes, I guess Director Bones didn't talk to the blade's past DO director to find out its vulnerable points. Oh, really? Like, really? Why would you allow the vulnerable points if you yeah. were even knew about it when you were no. DEO director? Yeah, it's just nuts. She just let them go. Uh, like that guy that kept that exhaust port fucking open on the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I actually thought of that, too. And uh, then they, they upload the info of Bones being bad. And I'm telling you, all it is is Bones is bad. Yeah. They get that to Ben Robel. He gets it all over the place as this fight between Supergirl and Torrid Goldnax continues while on the side. Now, Bones and Makari are fist fighting because Bones thinks that Makari is selling him out or not doing what he wants. It doesn't make sense. And then out of nowhere, it ends because the neon shows up and if you don't oh, know neon. neon again another character that's never been in this book shows up uh right after the plan works where ben's info goes on the side of buildings and i'm de- dio deceived dio director in league with alien terrorist supergirl targeted and, and this is supposed to be as if like Oh, well, I guess everything's fine now in the DEO national. Illegal experiments yeah. revealed. Director yeah. Bones, deceiver, Supergirl and, framed. And where this this infuriates me, stuff like this, is the fact that – and, like, what about all that stuff before? The Phantom Projector, that Phantom Zone Projector, and that sort of thing. Like, this is just the – pretty much wrapped up as Bones is bad. You know, yeah. Director Bones, Which deceiver. we all knew from the get-go, and if you yeah. were going by any kind of continuity that we had before the New 52 – he was already a bad director yeah, of the DEO and was kicked out. Yeah, look at him. 
I mean, you have a guy, he's a skeleton man. He's not, I wouldn't trust him. But you, the problem That's with this bonism. is, the problem, the problem, no. oh my God, I'm anti-bone right now. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a jellyfish enabler. Yeah, really. She does a lot. <laughs> I gotta do something about that. Maybe, maybe I should start sweating cyanide. Yeah, maybe that'll or fix the problem. Ether. I don't know. Something ether. Maybe a couple of uh, uh, broken promises. I don't know. That's right. Jim Werner deceiver. He said he'd get his wife a car. Oh, but it goes, going back to this, we have these goddamn like headlines going on the buildings, uh. and there's bones looking. No, and everybody just looks, and then there's turned golden axe. Yes, and then she she doesn't care that Bones is now known to be evil because shame is not enough. Why does shame is for children? Yeah, she says shame is for children. Why does she? But this is where I had this issue when I was talking to somebody who's a Supergirl fan today about it, and um, and who's real. He's too classy to listen to this podcast, Eric. But when when I was talking to him, I said that the problem here is is twofold to me. Number one, you've set up a whole run where pretty much. Supergirl is looked at as a piece of shit. What, yep. Why do that? Why, why, if you love Supergirl, do you want to, you know why it worked out for everybody? Because that was why you could get away with every issue. Wait a second. They don't like me, but I'm Supergirl. I came here and thought that I was going to do this and that and the other. Oh man, that, she's doing the thing yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah, that's where you, you have that. But the other thing going is you end a book like this and it's again, it's the, okay, I guess, we solved everything. Oh, uh, when in any of these books, and especially something this crazy, it, when is the DEO going to be held accountable for all of this nonsense? You don't just end up like, oh, well, I guess Bones was a bad guy. He leaves and everything's good again. Like, again, you think that what's going to happen is because they want to have – Cameron Chase will be DEO director again. Yeah. And, and everything will be like it never happened. But that's not how things work. Like, when, where are all the other people that were involved in this? And how did Bones end we up – already did this in the New 52, though, in the Batwoman book. I know. I know. But it's just so ridiculous that words come on the side of a building, and that's pretty much like, yep. Now, at the end, some people – you know, Supergirl says, you don't have to trust me right away. Hmm, whatever. But, yeah. Now, have- I want you to tell me what happens here when, you know, when uh, Turret says that shame is for children. What's that next panel? Wait, I'm like, uh, Dodge. No, for Ch- yeah, Dodge. That Instead of a sound effect, they actually have to show you Dodge, but I don't know what they dodged. I, dodge is the sound effect as far yeah, as I'm concerned, because the next says. panel then, Turd has her axe around, you know, Supergirl's throat. Yeah, but and, it looks you know, like the Dodge was that if something happened and Turd got hit in the face. I, I yeah, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Dodge. I don't know. Yeah, and then she has her in a sleeper hold, and out of nowhere, stop this, Turd. And it's neon. Neon. Tell me you're not on again about primordial law. And and there you go. uh, Yeah. And also, what Steve Orlando got a hard on for primordial anything? I mean, we're in the JLA. We're in primordial times. Well, what is this? I've never heard this being said just normally. And I've had two books in three weeks that keep talking about it. Listen to Agnes. <laughs> this is the best. This who is knows the what they're, made, Who knows Kurt. what they're going on? We find I'm, Quench. We stop yeah. Quench. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quench. Quench. Then you can judge whomever the hell you want. But now is not the time. You know what? I just said the Supergirl shame is for children, but... I did give you my word, Neon, and in, for, and in my for a fee, fervor, I'm forever I'm shamed. shamed. I'm shamed. She just said shames for children. I like it, too. It's like, you know what our deal is. We find clench. Oh, 
I'm sorry. Quench. I was I was going to get a six Quench pack. Is too bad. I was going to, no, I was going to get Gatorade. That's all it is. Quench. Yeah, yeah I'm going to get Gatorade. Quench my thirst. Yeah, that's all he needed. He sent her out to get Gatorade, and she, you know, she can't help herself. I mean, she sees things. She's gonna. And she's in her very, fervor, she thought he wanted her to go out for a pack of smokes and never yeah, came back. Yeah, and that's what happened. And now they're all shamed. I'd like what I need now, please. I need the next Boys Toys podcast. I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be torrid and I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna judge you for playing oh, with toys. This is all she does. She went. Huh. Why does society Child. always have to come at me? Child. And then walks away. Yeah. Look in my axe. And it's you as a little kid playing. Oh, there you go. This is, it's garbage. This is garbage because then it ends. She shamed herself. She goes away. We have no idea what happens to Makari. Bone Macari shuffles away. Bone shuffles away, bleeding and, uh, and yells and then shakes, uh, Supergirl's hand, but seems to think that it might be a trick shake. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, he might as well have a buzzer. Cyanide touch. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Shake on it, Supergirl. Cyanide. And, oh, it doesn't even hurt you. Oh, my you goodness. You were holding back this whole time. Even if I wanted yeah. to, I couldn't have stopped the all-powerful just, Supergirl. Just think of this. Oh, me, oh, my. <laughs> just think of this. You have Supergirl, right? We saw her, and Bones would have seen her do all these things. He just would have thought that whatever. a Supergirl couldn't have been hurt by yeah, cyanide. Yeah. And, and then says that that's – when was she holding back? When, was there ever a time that he shook her hand and he went, she went, ow, uh, cyanide, cyanide. hoo-wee, <laughs> I am hurting here. I best go to the emergency room. And uh, you were holding back? What do you mean? She's flying around punching fucking goddamn, a whole goddamn city that was coming down from the space. Like, did he think that the only reason the Supergirl didn't come from him is because of his cyanide sweat? I guess. I guess and you were holding back. Oh, we could have been more of a threat. That you could have been more of a threat. What is he saying? This book continuously has shit said, like everything that Steve Orlando writes, where people are deaf to any other person. They are so self-centered that they just say what they want to say no, if it makes is, sense or not. The best part of this whole line is that you could have been more of a threat than we ever imagined. I need more time. <laughs> time for what? <laughs> You, you're shamed. You're done. <laughs> There's no time. You, you're done. This is as if at this point Supergirl was leaving to go back to her, her and Poochie's home planet. And then he's <laughs> like, oh, no, yeah, I could have had more time. No, no, he's getting arrested. You're going in and basically you're saying, oh, I'm getting arrested for a piece, being a piece of shit. Boy, I wish I had more time to be a piece of shit. God, I wish I didn't rely on an alien terrorist to yeah. help me out. And then he's like, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have relied on alien terrorists. Wait, who's arresting me? Loran? Uh, uh, the, all these people who were arrested. They, they're also alien terrorists. Laurent well, showed strange up. Strange visitor, insight, Shay Veritas, and Chase yeah. Cameron. Three of those are arrested and uh, arrested aliens. Like Supergirl is doing the same thing. Where is this? Where they're like the news is okay. Bones is bad. Supergirl might have been. We might have been deceived about her. But who's this Wolfman walking around town with with the former director of the Dio? And what's this lady who kind of looks a little like she might have been a. Uh, inspiration for lana lang superwoman flying around and who's this guy with wi-fi blood 
It's Guess just, we're never going to find that cure for Loran. No, we're not. Well, why would he? He's very sexy there. He's a werewolf. He's a wolf man. He's a wolf man detective. You do not need a cure anymore. But yeah, there's another thing that there's so many things that we're not, you know, tied up and things. Then we go. Now it's time for the victory lap, Eric. Get your shoes on. Get your kids on. We're, we're starting our, our victory lap where you go back to the Danvers residence where you see that, you know, Kara might have a little thing for Ben. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll get together later, right? Because anybody oh, who sure. picks up this book is certainly going to have Ben Robo in it. Uh, you see that also if there's anybody in this entire book that has really had a hard time and really seems to age more every time we see her. It's Eliza. Uh, now she looks – she's at least 90 here when she's she's there. Also, I, I mean I know this is kind of being an enabler, but the, her husband could help her a little more with, with that big bowl she has. I, I might be a piece of I shit. I don't want her. that dumb touching my bowl. <laughs> But it's uh, she looks like she's ninety. He's sitting there. It's like, when did I marry my grandmother? And she introduces, and I sit down, and they're gonna have dinner. And oh, you know what? Everybody's proud of everybody. We all love each other. And that's where we get the deal where Supergirl has called Ben. Obviously, Supergirl, wink, wink, has called Ben, and she wants to broadcast a uh, thing. But again, this is. This is something like if you had OJ after the trial and oh my god, people still don't like you, OJ. And then he had a special called If I Did It or Yeah, you don't just announce things and people are good with it. So but it ends that way of you know what? We've all had some hard times lately. You may not trust me. That's okay, but I know how you felt betrayed because of what happened with my father. And then I want somebody to like oh supergirl walk up to her and whisper in her ear, Okay, my dad's dead. I didn't know that because Steve Orlando never addresses Cyborg it. Superman's Dorel just out there in the open. We saw him die in, I think, action comics, but yeah. never addressed here, even nope, though that's the reason that everyone's pissed at Supergirl. Yep, everybody's pissed. And she said she was going to help him. Obviously, she hasn't kept track of him, uh, even where he is. And yeah, he's dead. And you would have thought that when he did die, that would have caused some sort of issues, you know, in this book as well. Uh, and maybe even could have tied in in a weird way that they frame her or something. Because if, if they find him dead, they're going to have to figure out something to blame because it was Mr. Oz and then he skedaddled out. Uh, but you see the people looking and she's like, you know what? I promise I'll be here when you need me, uh, except that I don't, I won't have a book. And I promise you I won't expect you to trust me or thank me. I just hope that someday you'll believe in me as much as I believe in all of you. And I'm like, really, really, after all this, these two pages, three pages, it's nonsense. Don't, don't even do it. Because now you're really, now you've shit on me and you didn't, you're keeping me from wiping it off. You're just making fun of me now. That's what you're doing. Well, why would I wipe it off, Eric? I'm going to keep that for posterity. But then she flies off. I, my name is Kara Zorel, the last daughter of Krypton. My parents sent me to Earth to save my life. But as Supergirl, I choose to do more than so. No, I, I don't even want it. I don't want it. You have <laughs> made it very clear that you didn't care no. about this, that when you do this, and I don't know, I'll even go with the fact that once you hit the Danvers residence, I'm just going to assume that that's when Jody Hauser stepped in, Eric, because that's the only good part of it. So I don't think Steve Orlando could add any part with it. And I think that he is completely just – he just shit on everyone, like I said over and over again. But it's not just that. This this issue itself is horrible. The dialogue is awful. Anytime he has – and you see what he does. His little game, it seems to me, 
grab Silver Age characters so that his dialogue can just be thrown off as, oh, it's Silver Age. With, I'm Jim Werner. You don't know the imperceivable perception of my golden ray. And, and it means nothing. And you, the judgment on you is of the juxtaposition of the and, – and they just yell and scream. And it, it's, it's laughable. It really is. It is terrible. And then I'll say that and then you'll go – where are we headed for lunch? And it won't even make sense. <laughs> I'll just walk away, and then I'll have you in a machine that's going to wipe your mind. There you go. The end. Finn. But yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I like the light. Or the light. I like the uh, art. And that's I it. like the light of the art. I like the light. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to walk to the light if I have to read any more of these. But I, give it, I gave it a 2.5 on the site. I just – and by this point – I've just had it with it. I, I was so angry when I read it on uh, Tuesday to review, and then I, I gave it a 2.5, obviously, I just said, and then I looked as, you know, 10s and 8s and 9s came in yeah. and shit like that, and like I said, why why do we bother? Why do we bother? Because all it does is, uh, oh, somebody goes and looks at it, because not many people are reading this now. You might say the uh, the sales are decent, but the problem is that art germ variants have been shown that that's like half the sales. So this is down just the and same. God as damn, like, do I love those art germ variants? Yeah, yeah. And this is like a Batgirl and the Bop era. That's where the you know that this book kind of falls in. And uh, it's just to me when when people go to the roundup and look at that and they haven't read the book and they're like nine or ten nine five nine 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 two point five they're like oh that guy Who's must this be re- asshole? that guy must be retarded and must think, be clickbait yeah oh look at this what a guy business yeah plan. yeah oh, what, look at their business plan no it's I I don't know I don't know what's going on I just think that what happened even when you you kind of talk to some people with these reviews and I you know I'll never you know tell who it is or whatnot it's nobody that would be in the get fresh crew beep boom but when I do talk to some of these other people they will kind of come out and say to me well we like to push the positivity of dc comics because we love it so yeah we we start our scores at like an eight and go up instead of you know i I, I love dc comics as well but if something's not working i'm not going to tell them oh you're killing it keep doing what you're doing buckos and you know what happens then they do and it's killing us it's killing us so yeah yeah we're not here to shit on everything and to do this but when we get mad we do pick some things apart whatever uh but yeah that's that so what would you give it 3.5 out of 10 because mm, i really did enjoy Mr. the art this issue and i thought the uh i thought that the victory lap at the end was it was a nice little touch but the majority of the issue no. just yeah. garbage and, and here's i actually thought afterwards uh would i have been more or less angry eric if out of nowhere here's the that this issue was only five pages, and those five pages were the victory lap. But obviously, if I got that idea, but if I also was aware of the alternate universe where this issue existed, because I think I would have rather have had that five page. How about this? Don't even have this issue and release a five-page deal as part of something else in the free comic book day coming up. There, end it that way. You can have your victory lap. Everybody can read it and be happy because it's going to be generic as hell like it was and things like that. And and all those books that are ending, Birds of Prey, all that, just do that and and keep us – spare us from this nonsense. But – yeah, so I, I think how I would I ever learn the fate of Dr. Bones then? And how would I ever I'm know who the characters were in the unexpected? Oh, yeah, yeah. If the best is, is now we'll have the unex- 
unexpected, and I can't argue that we don't know enough about the characters, Eric, because I am going to be set up to know all this, but I don't think I'm going to read it. I said I'm done with them, but I know I will. I know we'll be talking about it on the podcast. You're going to be reading it as soon as it comes in and telling me all about it just to fucking torture me. Oh, is that what you think? Yes. No. Every week. I will tell you. That that's not the case, because what the case usually is, the Steve Orlando stuff, there's too much nonsense to read. So what I do then is I review it. Wednesday is when I hit you with it. When we get into work and I'm like, you got to hear this. And then I pull out my phone with the deal. Now, Batman, I may go right in and then come out and yell at you about. And Mr. Miracle. And Mr. Miracle. So, it's just not – there's just so little dialogue going on in those books. You can just go right by – oh, check this out, Eric. I'm going to lay it down on you in that's five minutes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I say. But that's it, Eric. That is it for the podcast. What was your book of the week? My book of the week was The Immortal Men Number 1. Yes, my book of the week was Detective Comics, and I, I forget what number, but it was Detective Comics. This 978. Week, 978. That was my book of the week. Uh, and now we're going to move on to what we're going to talk about next week, Eric. We have a lot of books next week, including oh, really? a couple that you already just mentioned. Now, I would say uh, the big book. Obviously, the big book coming out, everybody's been waiting for it. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye number two. Reggie and Chris will be talking about it. it. He has an interstellar eye. Uh, actually, no, it's a cybernetic eye again. What the fuck that's, happened? That's what it says in the PDF. I'm, I'm right on their deal. I don't know. Maybe they fucked it up. I'm going to have to load this up <laughs> as, we, <laughs> as we talk here and see. Yes, it is an interstellar eye. Somebody at DC messed it up. Eric. They Imagine messed that. it up. Those sons of bitches made me look like a dummy. Uh, it even wrote the one book I had to grab as a joke. I'm going through the. I was I was gonna say deathbed number three, and then I'm like, no, no, I'll I'll tell Dave Carson, and they have it listed as cybernetic items. Nonsense. Uh, Action Comics number one thousand. Eric obviously right. is the the big to do. Uh, I'm I I have not read it yet. I Never. have yeah. So I don't know if it's great, good, bad, whatever. We'll see how that is. I just hate. Uh, talking about a book that's 90 pages. We also have Aquaman number 35, Batman number 45, which starts the Booster Gold uh, arc. And also, if you go over to our Twitter, you can see a little what I think Booster Gold looks like in there and sure you as well. Does. Uh, we have Batman Creature of the Night number three, Eric. It is around About time. And never thought that that was coming out, Eric. I actually thought that we were never going to get another Creature of the Night, but we did. We did. And, and uh, too bad we're out of Creature of the Night mode because of the delays. Yes, we are. But we also have Batwoman Hopefully it'll pull us back in, though. It may. You never know. Sometimes yeah. that is what happens. That That is the case. I'll be excited once I read it. But I have mentioned that I've kind of gotten off the hype of it just because we haven't had it. So hopefully it's good enough that the hype – I'm trusting that it's going to be good. We also have Batwoman number 14. Speaking of the hype, Eric, we have oh, that. Hype. We have what I also talked about earlier, the Cape Carson as a interstellar eye number two. <laughs> Damn you, DC. Damage number four. Uh, Dead Man number six ends that, Eric. Thank, Thank God. God. Uh, we also have Green Lanterns number 45, Harley Quinn number 42, Justice League number 43, the end of Christopher Priest mini run. We have Mr. Miracle number eight, which will be the issue. And then I think we have to wait a couple months for nine or maybe t- I forget which one was delayed or, or pushed, whatever they were talking about. Nightwing number 43, which is another one shot, not by Lanson and Kelly, but I can't remember who this is, but it is another one shot before Ben Percy takes over. Right. We have Super Sons number 15, which, uh, you know, that, that's ending there. Is that we the have, final issue? Yeah. 
I believe it is. We have Superman okay. number 45 and the Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number three. So we have uh, all those books coming out. Uh, that's a lot of books. Double I actually, shot of point, Superman. Actually, yeah. I actually thought that at one point, and that's a weird deal. Why are they doing that? But I, I've been asking you that for a while. But also with I that, can't tell you. I don't know. I know, but I, I keep thinking you do know, so I keep asking you. But I at one point thought that I was only going to have two books. I was counting on that for a while, and I have four. So it's just yeah. like the same. But I'm mentioning that, Eric, because if anybody out there, I'm talking anybody, if you have a cousin that wants to do Mr. Miracle, let me know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, Eric. I'm going to talk turkey with them because I am so done with that book as well. But, but no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be that done. Because I do have a theory, and that puts me back in the game. You know, I want to see. No matter what, we're still going to talk about it on oh, the yeah. podcast, yeah. and and we're still going to try to force it into my theory. So there you yeah. go. That's what I do. But that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Oh, wait. After though, after the party's over, deal that you're going to hear in a minute. Lord Andy will be here for another uh, week in Superman history. So oh, that'll nice. be a cool thing leading up to next week, which is a huge Superman week. So uh, listen for that as well. But Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Keep week, it weird, weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> You didn't see the man come flying out of the sky from the clouds. It was him. His cape was flapping in the wind. He was flying. He was great. Superman. He was great. Superman. And then he put these laser beams out of his eyes. You think he stood around to take balls? Not this man. No, sir. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very, very special uh, episode of This Week in Superman History. I, of course, am your host, Lord Andy. Uh, Lady Abby may be in the booth with me a little bit later. I'm not sure, but we're taking our time on this one because, like I said, this is a very, very special Superman history for me. And I've been waiting a minute for this because it's uh, the, uh, well, I'm just going to say it. This is the first comic book I ever remember owning. This is the first one I remember my little hands paging through, and the art and the words some of them I couldn't even understand yet. Uh, but it's Superman number 30 from April 1989. So 29 years ago, I remember uh, having this book in my hands and going, this is fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, this, and of course, I kind of teared up almost a little bit. Uh, uh, reviewing the, the intro track because, of course, that's a tribute to Superman number three, which will always be my favorite, perhaps not the best Superman movie, but
but both Richard Pryor and Christopher Reeve are were both huge pop culture icons for me and helped shape who I am today, and so did this comic book. Uh, I'm excited to bring it to you now, and, and not only because, you know, it just happens to be my favorite and my first, but because uh, it was also part of the Exile story arc, which uh, was pretty important, and still there's still uh, aftermath we see today in Superman comics that, that originated here in this original story arc. And I'm talking about Exile, which covered Superman 28 through 30, this is, of course, second series, post-crisis, uh, Adventures of Superman 451 through 456, and Action Comics Annual, and the 643. But uh, before I even get started on that, let me just make a quick shout-out, of course, to Jim and Eric of the Weird Science DC Podcast and the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for all your love. Uh, Lady Abby and I are looking forward to sending out our Booster Gold episode probably next week. Um, things got tied up a little bit because the Cleveland Film Festival is in town, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like a once-in-a-year thing, so... We kind of got delayed on finishing that up, but I'm just, I'm happy to be here right now, just getting started talking about this wonderful issue. So first off, this issue was part of my brother's stash. My older brother had a bunch of comics, and he's only four years older than me, but, you know, he had some really good ones, and uh, this was one of them, and I remember also like a Batman and the Outsiders, and like a Spider-Man from that era, but this was the one that stuck out to me, and I had it forever, and then it was lost. And what's funny is it took me years and years to finally track this guy down. And it wasn't until this spring that I actually found it at the Cleveland Comic-Con. And I've been to uh, the Northeast Ohio Comic-Con, which is pretty small. It's like a local thing. But there was like 10 vendors, 12 vendors, I don't know, 20 vendors. But none of them had this. They had Superman 29. They had Superman 31. But no one, including my favorite uh, awesome local comic book shop, uh, Carol and John's, you guys fucking rock. But, uh, yeah, they're... They didn't even have this. And I'm like, does anybody have this issue? What, what is this, like a joke? And I finally tracked it down this year on the Friday night, the first night of the Comic-Con. I'm like, all right, well, I got that done. That's all I really care about. So I tracked down the Superman number 30 and uh, paging through it again, you know, it's just like, oh, my God. It's just, it just, you know, a flood of emotions and nostalgia came over me. Uh, fortunately, though, this issue is part of, like I said, the Exile story arc, which is available in tradeback, and that's how I was able to finally read the entire story through maybe a year or two ago when I got a hold of the book, and I'm like, all right, you know, and now I know what the hell is going on with the whole thing, and I'll fill you in on that. Um, Exile was a pretty cool story arc, and it had to do with Superman and his guilt over executing General Zod. So... All those haters out there who are like, Zack Snyder, man, he screwed it up, and Superman doesn't kill. Fuck you. He executed General Zod. So, fuck you. He got it right, and I hate all the Snyder haters out there because, man, he actually reads the comics. He he, he tributes to it, and, and every shot has a tribute to some classic DC shit. So, you know, I mean, yes, could the movies need some editing and some, you know, yes. Uh, but, you know, give the man some love here. At least he cares. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of tributes that you actually see in the Man of Steel film by uh, Zack Snyder that are here in this story arc, including the original Radicator, which is, it looks exactly like the one that's featured in the movie that's destroying, you know, Metropolis or Gotham or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, so Superman 
uh, executed General Zod. And let me let me get into this really quick. Uh, banished by choice. Fearing he could no longer control his actions, Superman resolved to leave Earth before he hurt someone. Professor Emil Hamilton gave him a breathing mask and an oxygen belt, which is yellow, and I just totally remember, like, leaking gas into his, but the yellow belt always had this glow about it while he's in space, and it was just a really cool art effect that stuck out to me as a seven-year-old or whatever I was at the point. But uh, he has his oxygen mask, and he set out on a search for a world he could live out his life as a hermit. Months before, in an alternative reality, Superman had executed the Kryptonian criminal General Zod, who him and his teammates had murdered five billion people and threatened to destroy the Earth. Superman knew he had done the right thing, but his conscience gave him no rest, leading him to lose control during a fight with Brainiac. Superman later discovered that his subconscious mind had made him moonlight as a new violent gangbuster. And yeah, I don't know if you guys remember this era, but gangbuster was actually one of, I like him a lot. He kind of reminded me of like a, a cheap uh, D-man or whatever from uh, Marvel's Captain America a couple of years earlier. Um, some other noteworthy notes about this story arc is it does feature the first appearance of Mongol in post-crisis, and he's a leader of the uh, war world, and um, he gets really pissed at Superman because Superman later uh, in the story arc gets captured in space, and he's turned into a gladiator, and he has to fight for his freedom, and he liberates the war world, and he starts a rebellion, and he refuses to kill, and yada, 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 and that's where we bring Mongol into modern day, where he's still kind of pissed at Superman because he's got his honor to defend. And, um, you know, I think Mongol and Superman could have probably get along in, in a, if they just sat down and had a cup of tea together, but that's never going to happen, right? You know, I mean, I'm sure Superman would push for that. But uh, also in April of 1989 uh, is the issue number one of The Huntress and issue number one of Justice League Europe. So there is some some big stuff going on uh, 29 years ago in the DCU that we still see a little effect of today. But, um, yeah, moving on. Superman, number 30. We're looking at the cover right now. He's in space. He's smashing the shit out of some asteroids. He's angry. and He looks like he's screaming. But that's what it says. It says, in space, where no one can hear you scream. And he's just beating up some asteroids, which we'll get into here in a second. But uh, page one, uh, Superman is overlooking uh, a bunch of volcanic and just disastrous looking. It looks like he's on the uh, surface of Venus or something because it's just all gases and smoke and, and volcanoes and lava and, and everything's going wrong. And there's a dialogue box saying, there are untold billions of worlds in our galaxy. Few can sustain life as we know it. This is not one of them. Alone. So, written by Roger Stern, penciled by Carrie Gamble, inked by Dennis Janke, Janke, Hanke. Uh, John Costanza did the lettering. Glenn Whitmore is the colorist. Renee Witterstadter is the assistant editor. And Mike Carlin is the editor. Page two, Superman thinks to himself, this entire planet seems to be one monstrous volcanic system. Half the surface is molten. No water, no life, and the atmosphere stinks of sulfur. Maybe a world like this is the hell I deserve for killing those three super criminals. They had exterminated five billion beings. They threatened to do the same on Earth. I had to stop them, but I keep seeing them dying. Maybe I belong here? And then there's like some lava just blows up. He's like, no. I may have earned my guilt, but there's no sense in letting this planet slowly kill me. 
That's the easy way out. And now he flies off. I'll find another world somewhere I won't be in danger to other people. I'd best not activate this teleporter too close to the planet's gravity. Well, it's unpredictable enough as is. Another hundred miles and it should be safe to... Make the jump to hyperspace. So now, imagine a sudden fall from hundreds of feet in the air. Now magnify that gut-wrenching feeling by a thousandfold. Being thrown through atmosphere is worse. So Superman's literally flying at light speed, and he's, there's three little panels, and it's showing him to kind of like slowly dissolve into like lines of light. And now he bursts out of the exit of the hole of... He just he stops. Even for a being as mighty as Superman, it's a humbling experience. Ugh. Well, at least I haven't thrown up the last couple of jumps. Of course, I haven't eaten in nearly a week, I think. It's so easy to lose track of time out here. Wonder where I am now. Ugh. I must be getting a better feel for adjusting the teleporter. I'm far enough to keep from falling toward the planet at breakneck speed, but still not so far it'll take forever for me to fly there. Now he's flying towards a big, blue, pretty planet. He says, oh, even from here, it looks a lot better than the volcano land. More Earth-like atmosphere, too. Enough oxygen. And what do we have here? Grain. Good Lord, yes. It's a prairie. The biggest I've ever seen. It's almost too good to be true. No signs of civilization. Just a big old plain, stretching out as far as the eye can see. This is just what I've been looking for. I almost feel as if I'm come home. If not for those two moons in the sky, this could almost be the fields outside of Smallville back on Earth. And in the next panel, we go to the fields outside of Smallville back on Earth. And there's a woman in a nightgown, and she's standing outside the Kent farmhouse. The night is unseasonably warm, but even if it were freezing, she would scarcely even notice. She was created in a laboratory, made of malleable protomatter from a scientist now as lifeless as his world. She calls herself Matrix. Her only memories are vague, remembrances copied from a woman long dead. Her powers and abilities are far beyond those of human beings, but human is what she yearns to be. But she's trying to learn to be under the guidance of the kindly old couple that live here. Fortunately, they've had the experience in bringing up super beings. So this woman is just kind of floating around the house, and now she's flying by the uh, John and Martha's uh, bedroom window. Jonathan, are you still awake? Afraid so, Martha. I just can't sleep. I haven't slept well lately myself, knowing that our boy is off in space, God knows where. I wish he hadn't left. I wish he'd stay here, and let us help him work out his guilt. I can imagine how he feels. I still remember the war as if it were yesterday. All the enemy dead. I know some of them died at my hands. Maybe if I'd talked to Clark more about the war when he was growing up, maybe uh, he would have been more prepared. You hush now, Jonathan Kent. No one could have been a better father than you. We raised a fine young man, a superman, and we trust in his judgment. I suppose you're right. And Clark, he promised he'd come back to us, and I have faith that he will. He's never let us down yet. Come on now. It's time that all of us in this house are abed and asleep. And speaking of that, now the woman just flies into Clark's open window, and or, you know, Clark's room's open window, and she's kind of settling into his room. They both love the one called Clark so much. This room is where she stays. It was his room. She has held and examined the mementos of his youth, read the books he read as a boy, and still she wonders, what is it like to be Clark Kent? And now we return to the unnamed planet in which Superman is now residing. One week later. 
Not much to do since the fields were sown. The native grains have grown fast. They'll probably be ready to harvest within a month. But then what? Ugh, this porridge I've concocted is filling, but bland. I miss milk and butter. I have to give some thought to finding some substitutes. Maybe tomorrow I'll look for some tubers or some berries. But that night, as Superman lies sleeping, a dark storm cloud starts forming over his adobe. <sighs> Ma, pa, get the storm cellar, a twister's coming. And he snaps awake. A twister? No wonder I dreamt about tornadoes. Where did this blow in from? And now, there's just a big storm crashing around. Got to grab what I can while I can. This place is coming apart at the seams. Unbelievable. I've thrown through monsoons before, and I've never seen rain like this. As if the sky opened up and dumped an ocean on the land. This prairie is nearly the size of Australia, and it's drowning. The water is still rising, and now I know how Noah felt. I won't let it wash me away. I won't. As long as there's one bit of land above water, I'm staying. This land is mine. I'll wait this out, if it's the last thing I do. And he slowly falls asleep as the rain pounds down on him. And now we see the sunlight starting to shine down on him. Ugh. Morning? Already? What? And now a wide-eyed Superman stares over a scorched surface of the planet. No. It can't be. Gone. Water. Prairie, everything, all gone, almost down to the clay. And peering beneath the ground with his x-ray vision, from the look of the substrata, this happened before. The remnants of fertile cycles are interspread with layers of sand and clay. I don't understand this world's ecosystem. I can see that any attempt to farm this land would be futile. It looks so beautiful, so perfect. It was too good to be true. I should have known. And now he flies off into space and he gets hit by a meteorite. Huh? What? A meteor storm? Now I'm getting hit by a meteor storm? No! No more! No more! And he just, he's pounding the shit out of some asteroids and some meteors and whatever you want to call it scientifically, properly, and he's just breaking them all up and he's really pissed off and he's taking it all out. Happy with yourself, big man? You just broke up a bunch of rocks that happened to get your way. I had more to get out of my system than I realized. I don't know if I can trust myself around people anymore, but now I'm not cut out to be a hermit either. My Kryptonian ancestors, they lived in almost total solitude. I can't see for the life of me how they stood it. Guess I'm just too human. If I'm ever to come to terms with what I've done, I have to find some middle ground. And now, in the vacuum of space, as he flies off, he cannot hear what have been the telltale whisper of leaking air. He will not know his fragile life support system has been damaged until it's far too late. And that is how issue number 30 of Superman of April 1989 ends. With one blank white panel going, what's going to happen next? Because the air is leaking out of his life support system. And uh, for the life of me, I can't tell you why this issue of Superman basically farming on a foreign planet won me over and made me a huge comic book fan. But it's probably because of the art, because most of the words I can even read at that point. But this is the issue that brought me into the, the great world of comic books for whatever reason it was. And with that, my total bias score would probably be 11. <laughs> but no, uh, this is a cool issue. And I said it's, it's, it, it, it's part of a, a much bigger storyline of Exile, which I, I recommend every Superman fan to pick up on Tradeback. Uh, it, it's got a lot of great writers, including my, my boy Dan Jurgens and everyone else. Uh, some great art. It just matches the air of the late 80s, early 90s, before it got a little over-muscular and crazy. 
But um, yeah, this is it. That was it. And I, I was happy everyone was uh, able to stay awake for it because it was only 11 pages. Uh, there is a Lex Luthor Brainiac story that follows in the actual comic itself uh, that has nothing really to do with him out in space right now. And next issue, you'll find in Adventures of Superman, he is hallucinating because of his lack of oxygen. And he's on the surface of an asteroid and he's seeing the ghosts of Zod and everyone else coming to haunt him and all that. And that's where it leads into him passing out and he gets captured by a, a traveling space shuttle that takes him to the land of Warworld where he becomes a gladiator, which I talked about. And with that said, let me just highly recommend Exile now available on Tradeback to any big DC fan or any big Superman fan. There's a lot of great stuff that goes down in, the, in these issues. Uh, like I said, you get to see Mongol, but you also get to meet the Cleric of Krypton. who's like this 2,000-year-old monk who's been waiting for Clark, the last son of Krypton, to show up so that he can share with him the Eradicator, which has the heritage and history of Krypton and all that crap as well. Um, there's, there's just really great art. There's some really good writing. It's just, it's a good book all over, all over. And I'd say 9.5 for the actual story arc. This issue that I reviewed today, you know, like a 7.2, right? There's not a lot going on. But that's back when continuity wasn't so desperately had grasp on everything that we, we do now. So I enjoyed it. I'm glad they took their time to tell the story. It was, it was worthwhile. Um, you know, and I love it. But speaking of love, let me make my shout-outs to Jim and Eric of the Weird Science DC Podcast crew, Chris and Reggie of the Cosmic Treadmill, Jeremy's Crossover Corner, I love what you do, Dancing Mike, you're the most beautiful man ever, uh, Brendan and Trevor of the Marvel Minute, I, I just love everything that everyone's doing, uh, I, I hope you enjoy what I'm doing and what Abby and I are doing, and we're looking forward to bringing you uh, a, a nice special episode about probably the greatest hero of all time, Booster Gold. That should hopefully be next week and wrap up on that. Um, but yeah, just thank you everyone for all your love on Slack chat and all the times you guys made me laugh when the time is dark. And uh, I just appreciate it. Smooches! Love you. Bye! Play with this toy